That's episode number 99, bitches. No pressure, no pressure, no pressure. Unlike that next episode, I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Yes, it is. Number 99. We got Gretzky. Gretzky, the great one, Eric. 99. 99. That'd be funny if we just ended it right now at 99. (laughs) We just sat there. No 100 for you. Or for me. That's a lot of pressure. We just want to go out on top. That is a lot of pressure, Eric. That's a lot of pressure to you know, get wacky. Still think we're going to get the purple drank on, which is going to be wacky enough. But oh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what's going on because later on at the end of the podcast, we're all going to find out that a certain book has popped its ugly head up and is now going to be in next week's podcast, which made me laugh. But uh-huh. hello and welcome to the official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of November 26th. 2016, Eric. We are post Thanksgiving. Post Thanksgiving. I'm so tired now. I think the trip to fans still affecting me. It's still affecting me, Eric. I need a fat you don't guy stop now. Right eating. Now. Just keep on and eating. I didn't have much turkey, and I don't really like leftover turkey because I think it tastes gamey. That's we had that talk in the, in the Get yeah. Fresh Crew whoop, whoop, chat line, and I just don't like it. But we are proud members we of the comics. We might have had on the podcast. Yeah, we're on the uh, proud Spot members cast. of the Comics Podcast Network, the Spots Cast. <laughs> we're also part of the We Be Geeks Network and the Batman Podcast Network as well proud. as being proud members of what I like to call the Get Fresh Crew. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Come on, baby. Come on. We're going. And the Get Fresh crew, I have to tell all of them, we love America, but I cannot keep up with their talk. I, I wake not. up, and this is what a lot of people are waking up and saying, like, what the hell? I'm, I'm 600 messages behind. Makes me smile every time, though. But, yeah, I can't keep up. You said that you pop in every time you see your name. You you pop up like a groundhog or something. Oh, my like, God. I, what are they you, saying about Eric Shank? I got the little notifications that pop up on the bottom right side of my screen. I'll be doing stuff, watch TV. I got my peripherals on it. I see something, I jump right in. Yeah, yeah right now, I'll shit. even tell you right now, uh, you actually are involved in chatting right now with the Get Fresh crew I see right now. Also, there was talk of an autistic comic book that was in, you know, only available in New York that Reggie said he's never heard of. And, uh, yeah, we all have. I have an autistic son as well. You have an autistic brother. Have yep. you heard of that comic? I have. I don't remember anything about it, though, except through my mother sent me the link. And then really? since then, I have not heard a peep you about it. I have not heard a peep about it. But yet, we're going to continue on with this podcast, Eric, by telling everyone out there in podcast land how to get a hold of us. And that would be email, weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. And that'll come into play in the four mail sections that you'll hear tonight. If you want to be involved with everyone else, just give us an email. You can even email. I'm getting more and more emails that people are just asking questions and they don't want it to be on the podcast. They might even be bad mouthing other people that email Eric. I'm not, I don't want to speak out of, Weird. you know, out of school or anything. No, nobody does that, but they are asking questions. I don't know why because I am certainly not an authority on anything except being dumb, it seems. But we'll, we'll go with that. But Facebook. Forward slash, backslash. Yeah, Facebook, you can like us. And also names. I'm going to get crap tonight in the rant and raves about my All fucking right. pronunciation of shit. And I really think that a lot of times I didn't get it wrong. Me and you have bounced that back and forth between us. But you can find us on Facebook. You can like us at Weird Science DC Comics. We're also at Podbean where you can follow us there or, you know, give us a little shout-out on the the app. I don't know how it works. Dancing Mike leaves comments, and I get 
all these notes. Oh, you know, this person commented, take that. I have to jump through hoops to find out what they are. Uh, but that's at Weird Science DC Comics at podbean.com. We are on Reddit, the subreddit, Weird Science DC Comics. And we're also on Twitter, Weird Science DC. And that is where you can be involved in the Weird Science Get Fresh crew, Eric. Mm-hmm. Okay. The chat line, which is kind of a life hack. I like to call it, of how we've set up that in the private messages. But it's all of the Get Fresh crew. You want to be on it? Send us a message. Hey, how do I get on this? Bam, you're in it. You're in. That's all you have to do. You have now passed the test. I might even turn the chair around and and talk to you like we're getting down to business. Like, you know, like Reggie talks later. Michelle Pfeiffer, you and you're in. Uh, I know that uh, we had one person, and he knows who I'm talking about, who actually said, why the fuck do I want to be involved in this Get Fresh crew? Thinking, I believe, that the Get Fresh crew chat line was everybody getting together and just talking about me and Eric. That is not what it's about at nope. all. It is everybody on there just talking to each other. They become, and I think, I forget who it was, and I, I always hate to bring things up and not know who said things, but somebody did spell it out, and I really thought that they spelled it out well, is that with the internet being such a hateful place, even Twitter or Reddit, which we mentioned earlier, uh, it is amazing that the chat line there, it, everybody seems to be very friendly. It does yeah. seem to be a, you know, a community. community. It's a crew. It's a crew, Eric, and rarely involves me and you. Reggie has become more involved, but even then, it's not like Reggie walks into this, you know, chat line and like, hey, everybody, Reggie's here. We're going to talk about me. No, Reggie gets involved because people talk about comics in general. It's not even just DC comics. A lot of video game talk, movie talk, all that stuff. It's pretty cool. Anything you can converse about, it's on there. Yeah, it is. It's not about, really about us or the podcast in general it's just people who have come together because of listening right to the podcast now. yeah that's what it oh, is come right now hey yeah it's that eric i'm gonna find my uh david lee roth fucking sound oh, no. i could do that even though that was sammy hagar but you can also subscribe rate and review us wherever you get this fine podcast eric if you want we're not going to force anybody but this week we actually did get a review it was by uh from justin from the so i married a movie geek podcast and he liked us and then he was talking to me because he wanted to know because i i reviewed them as well and i did listen to a couple episodes before even before he did this and i did i don't know if i mentioned them to you i really like the concept of their podcast which is so i married a movie geek podcast um they do like uh reviews of movies they talk about movies but they pair them up even at points three movies but it really goes hand in hand of what me and you do where we we talk about a movie and say like hey uh you know goonies what movie would you put with goonies and monster squad yes that's what i would do as well but you know and they're not exactly with you know in tune with us but they do the same thing which i really like it's not like they talk about you know friday the 13th part 1 and 2 they actually go a little clever with, with what they're talking about <laughs> no i'm saying if they did big what would you go with uh, big uh, vice versa? That's what I thought as well, even though they're a little different. A little but different. I would go that, and that's that's some of the things that they do uh, as well. I think it's pretty cool. Like here, I'm, I just went to there. They actually did a Willow and Masters of the Universe there. Works you, good you, for me. How about Commando and First Blood? Commando and First Blood. I might go bad. Commando and uh, go, I know what I would Red go. Heat. Uh, ooh, I would go Commando and Predator, but that's fine. Uh, yeah. They also did Ghostbusters and Flatliners, which is interesting. That's like actually kind of cool. I said these aren't exactly the stuff that we would go fully with. Uh, how about The Bad Seed 
And The Omen, Eric. I don't pretty good, think I'm right? in the bad seat off the top of my uh, head. I don't either, but that sounds pretty good. How about how about The Omen <laughs> and The Good Son? Oh, well, I think Bad Seed is kind of like that. I sure think I do I remember the Bad Seed. How about this? <laughs> this is weird. Well, this is good, but they add the uh, Monster Squad, but then they add two that I think are funny, Tremors and Critters. But they do have <laughs> a couple ones. Uh, you know, it might be actors or whatever. I really like the concept. I, so I I'd go Critters cool. and Gremlins. See, this is what happens. If you have a podcast and you the rate us and, and, and we like this, we'll just go Critters. You want Critters and Gremlins? Would that be good? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. What did you say? I didn't even hear you. I was critters and munchies. Ooh, munchies, huh? How yeah. about what would you put with the stuff? The stuff. The Omega blob. Man. How about uh, is Omega Man the uh the the Soylent Green? Isn't that the? Isn't no, that no, a, that's the I Am Legend oh, one. That, yeah, I thought that was Omega Man or yeah. Omega Man. Yeah, that's what Omega I said. Man. It's not yeah. the Soylent Green. No, I'm saying, isn't that where, what What was the movie with Soylent Green? Was that actually so- Soylent Green? I thought it was actually another movie. No, <laughs> Is Soylent it Soylent Green? Green? Yeah, I, I'd probably go Soylent Green with the stuff for some reason. But then right. I'd go then. I don't know. You know, know what, enough is never about. enough with the stuff. That is true, Eric. That, what would you go with RoboCop? Terminator. Yeah, you'd have to go Terminator. See, usually with these, we could go through like 50 of these, and usually we're on with each other about 49 of them, right? What or would you Cyborg go with, with Jean Claude Van Damme? Oh, no, 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 Cyborg, absolutely not. What would you go with? Um, well, how about Universal Soldier with Robocop? I, I wouldn't even go that far. Now you're <laughs> off. Now we're, we're out of tune all of a sudden. Let's tune out back in by what would you go with Running Man? Oh, uh, Running Man? Uh, I fucking, uh, I've talked about this too, where there's a movie just like Running Man. Yeah, I, I just, I would go with the more of a, uh, Arnold theme, uh, yeah. that, cause I'd probably go Total Recall with Running Man, just because of Arnold and that, that era. Uh, but yeah, we even, yeah, what would you go with? Yeah, what would you go with? I, uh, I would watch the Running game? Man and then Maybe play Running Smash Man and the game, Eric. Ooh, and play, <laughs> play Smash TV. That would work out, but, uh, you know what? Let's get on with it, Eric. We're, we also have a Weird Science Rant Rave line that you can call 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign, Eric. It's just that easy, folks. It's just that easy, but you can also send in uh, our email address. You can send in your rent raves, which most people do, but we have a lot of rent raves now. We're going to start with... Rob Lewis, and I really do like this one. It's a little shout-out that we'll talk about in a minute. Hey, gang. What's up, Rob? This is Rob Lewis from Albany, and I'm calling today to break protocol and speak directly to Dancing Mike. Uh Uh-oh. I think I can speak for the entire Get Fresh crew when I say, Mike, we're sorry for your loss. Uh Uh-oh. All of our prayers are with you. We love you, big guy. Talk to you soon. Yep, that is for Dancing Mike. That is Mike. very unfortunately, nice. Unfortunately, Dancing Mike's mom passed away on Thanksgiving. Again, I don't know that he would have wanted us to talk about it, but I I would like to because Dancing Mike is pretty awesome. And He's great. really, uh, with this podcast, we really owe him a lot. I, sure when do. you listen to podcasts, kind of the whole theme of the podcast is set with Dancing Mike. And I, I feel really bad. He even came on the chat line. And said when his mom passed away, said, hey, everybody, you know what? Uh, my mom passed away. It's, it's a bad time. And it was on Thanksgiving, unfortunately. And uh, he said in the chat line, like, hey, unlike Jim, who hates his mom, I really love my mom and that. And I said to you guys, even tonight, you and Reggie, when we were recording some segments earlier, uh, that that 
doubly hits me hard when somebody has a good relationship with their parent or, or anybody and that person passes away because it's, I never had that. So I understand. And when my dad died, uh, I really felt nothing. And it, it actually, it's not even a joke. I really didn't. And it, that makes me sad as well. Uh, so, you know, at least Mike, I, the only thing I can say to him, I, I, feel for him. I hope he feels better. I hope he can, you know, try to get over the, you know, you never get over it, but I hope yeah. that he's, you know, trying hard to, to kind of work through that. And I just, I feel for him and I, so I, I really, really do. Uh, now we're on a downer. We're on a downer, Eric, but we're going to pick it up because we have another call from Rob Lewis and, uh, he had mentioned in the chat line that he might have been drunk when he <laughs> called this in. And not only that, drunk at work. Eric, yep. but here he goes. Hey, Jim. Jim. <laughs> hey, Eric. What's hey, up to Reggie and Chris and the members of the Get Fresh crew? Woo, this woo. is your man, Rob Lewis, up here at Albany, attempting to tell a story full of nonsense for the first, for the second time. Yeah, I told him we fucked up the first one. <laughs> but anyway, this story goes back to the year 2003. I used to work a late shift, and I would get home from work at 1 o'clock in the morning. And unable to sleep, I would sit on the Internet and troll various sites looking for information that would make me an Internet comic book star. Well, one night, I came across a story that was written by Mark Millar, a comic book illustrator. And this was the crown jewel, the very story that was going to make me an Internet sensation. According to this article, back in 1946, Orson Welles was so taken with The Batman, he was interested in making a movie starring Gregory Peck as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Oh, he had it all planned out. And in the article, they had black and white pictures of Orson Welles and black and white pictures of Gregory Peck. And allegedly, the villains of the movie was going to be the Joker and the Riddler. Oh, I was hyped. I couldn't wait. I was copying and pasting and copying and pasting. And I was putting this and posting on every comic book website and form that I could find. Oh, I was going to be a star because this is 2 in the morning. No one else had read it. I'm the only idiot up that's going to see something like this. By the time I get up in the morning, I would be the man. Okay. I go through all of that. I go to bed. I get up the next morning, and I go on a website. And the very first member that responded to my article says, So, Rob, according to you, you're a big Batman expert. Of course I am. I'm patting myself on the back. <laughs> he only had one question for me. When did the Riddler debut? And I said to myself, hmm, let me see. If I'm not mistaken, that was December Comics. Yes, December. Detective Comics <laughs> issue 140. Detective Comics one. Yeah, it doesn't match up. Wait a minute. <laughs> that came out. October 1948. So how the hell was he going to make this movie in 1946 with the Ripper? If the Ripper... Oh, shit. I was a jackass. 
because then I remembered, although the article posted at 2 a.m., it was technically April the 1st. Oh, and all I can say is every comic book form that I had posted in was a great big never mind. Never mind. <laughs> it gets funny because when he was saying that, I hadn't listened to that before, but when he was saying that, once he mentioned villains, I was thinking to myself, wait a minute, that was like around the time when he was just gangster, you know, fighting shit like that all the time. Oh, Rob. Yeah, Rob, here's the thing. When you work at nights, because I did work a couple jobs at night, you kind of do lose track of what day it is and, and oh, yeah. shit like that when you come home and stuff. So, uh, though, not being a, uh, a story that I'm going to say would be an April Fool's, but also that reminds me of every time you get into one of these chat lines of the, like your oh, Imaginex the group, or you were involved in like watching these horror movies where people yeah, were having live, uh, live chat, watching horror, live chat. And people, up. you go in there and people are like, and like you, Rob said, you go in like, oh, here I am, Eric Shea. I'm, I'm a fucking <laughs> expert of this movie. Like they'll be like, oh, we're, we're watching Tremors tonight. And they'll be all talking. They're all having fun. They're like, oh, you know what? You know, it's a shame that this and that. And you'll like, oh, actually, because you've not only watched Tremors 800 times, but you've read shit. You watch the director's guy. You, you know all of this stuff. I've and read all fucking articles do, yeah, and shit like all that. All you do is bring the party to a halt. That's all you ever do. And you're like, yeah, and, and I mentioned that, and this person was wrong and i'm here you're no fun thing is i ever do this again you know what's gonna be brought up if i ever do aren't you the motherfucker doesn't even know bad seed yeah really bad (laughs) seed that'd be good but yeah yeah you end up just freaking ruining the party you and and rob lewis trying to trying to make something out of yourself and then it always ends up wrong but yeah i told you like we talked about the uh spotlight before how i was going out wednesday night with my cousin and my friends freaking yeah 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 and it was band night at this bar we're at, and it was a five-dollar cover charge. So I go in and I walk around this whole band area they're setting up, and I see these guitar stands at the one point. And it's like uh, something bad's gonna happen with us later on. And friggin' the night goes on, not a hitch. I'm walking back with a beer this time, back to the pool room where we're you, hanging out. You tripped over them, didn't you? My shoelace got caught, oh, and it was dude, a domino Jesus effect. Christ. Jesus it Christ. You're almost like hitting several yeah, freaking guitars. Yeah, that's like the scene of somebody backing up into the fucking motorcycles, so and oh, they yeah, all go Peter down. Herman. Yeah, it's Pee Wee Herman. You, you're Pee Wee Herman. I remember one of the stories, I believe, probably at that same bar was when you said you were doing karaoke. And of course, you know, Eric Shea cannot oh. wear glasses in public. So you had your glasses in your pocket. They fell out and you actually felt something like you stepped on something and thought that the, the I, carpet they, had they, like I'm something. They put, a, they put this carpet out for the DJ stand and everything like that yeah. to sit on. Yeah. So like where I am performing on this thing, performing, Jim. Performing. Felt, you know, you told me look- at one point you made me laugh so much because you're like, yeah, we had a gig that night. I'm like, who the <laughs> fuck do you think you are? You fucking karaoke. A you gig? should have seen. I was in a cover band and i wouldn't call it a gig because it would be too embarrassing but no fucking Jesus i thought Christ. there was a lump in this carpet like it wasn't set yeah. down properly so as i'm doing my whole dance and my sing song or whatever oh, yeah. i am fucking whole routine stomp, i am trying to stomp this freaking thing down i get done the freaking song i realize i don't even realize the time the dj has to come to me i think these are yours i was stomping on yeah, my glasses you were stomping on your song. goddamn glasses that and oh my yet, god they are still those same glasses right yes they are 
Yeah, yeah, they're fucking destroyed. You with that goddamn the fucking jeweler's glasses trying to put those things together. It's not the six million dollar manner. Hot glue, high glue oh tape. My God. Oh Jesus Christ. Stronger, lady. better, faster. Thank you, Rob. And Thanks, Rob. We're gonna go on to another uh bit of uh rent rave. They're like, there goes my double neck guitar. Now we cannot do. Sorry to tell everyone here, we will not be performing Stairway to Heaven tonight, thanks to this motherfucker. You don't don't realize I couldn't see, obviously, because I didn't bring my glasses from a vain motherfucker. Of course, yeah. I had to stand there because I couldn't see where I was set up. I needed someone to help me. Oh, my goodness. You're like an old man. <laughs> it was the okay. worst. Here is the next rant and rave that, that points out how dumb I am, Eric. It's, you know, this one's uh, called the dumb dummy that is Jim. Here we go. Hey, Jim. Just to let you know, for Deathstroke, it's Etienne, not Etienne. It's Etienne Trench. Etienne. Etienne. Jim is French. Come on, man. Etienne. Thanks. I like the laughing at the end. It's like, hey, you fucking stupid ass. Explanation point, huh, Jim? You know, here's my French. Go fuck yourself. There's my French. Uh, Again, uh, I I can't be the only one. Plus, I think that me and you do ping pong this as we go. At points, I do think I said Etienne, but it, it just. Every time I say the word, I just say something because I'm trying to cover all my bases. Because I have no idea. I don't speak French. Uh, unlike some of our our uh, listeners up north, I'm not anywhere near French Canadian cities. I'm not in Montreal. I'm not in fucking Gay Paris. The hell do I know? I'm, I'm fucking outside of Philadelphia. I'm supposed to know Etienne. What a fucking name is that anyway? Now I'm getting angry. You I'm know, so Eddie. angry at that. You know, here's the thing. I say so many other stupid things during a podcast, and you're going to center on that, my fucking pronunciation. I'm, I, I, you go with, like, you know, what, I don't know if it's Michael Yannon, Mikel Yanin. I, I don't know how to pronounce these guys' names. I'm telling you, though, exactly. We are terrible with names. Would Tom you prefer Kine? Somebody call Isn't it say, Tom Kine who writes Batman? Tom, yeah, Kine? Tom Kine. Would you prefer <laughs> to somebody call it in and be like, Hey, dummy, Sloth doesn't have a butterfinger. Yeah, really, I said that. That's fucking, that embarrassed me. I'm not losing sweet sleep. Sweep. Over Etienne. It's all going to pot. I mean, I could see, you know, the fucking people grinding their fucking teeth because I say a teen. David Atine was that guy who called uh, about uh, the running that whole, uh, what's it called? Yeah, that was the the guy who did that video to try to get in the oh, movie. Oh, yeah, the, that's the, I'm like, this. I know that name. I can't yeah, remember where from. That's why it always reminds me of that, and I think maybe that's why I say Atine. Mr. Kubrick. Yeah, Mr. Kubrick. Good day, Mr. Kubrick. Remember, he went to Juilliard, Eric, the best sure. acting school there is, and that's not a matter of conceit. <laughs> As a matter of fact. That's just true. <laughs> uh, what is it? Pony boy. I'm a scared oh, pony I'm boy. I'm a scared pony boy. I'm scared. We need more David Atene in our lives. Yeah, we do need more David Atene. But uh, you know what else we need? More Toby. Because Toby is next, and I'm sure it's going to sound fucking fantastic. Oh, I bet. Here goes Toby. One love to the Get Fresh crew. This is your boy Toby calling from the UK. Hello, Jim and Eric. I hope you guys are having a good show. It's the the final episode of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. There will ever be double digits because next week we're slipping into triple digits, baby. That's maybe three fingers inside, if you know what I mean. I know. But yeah, that's that's neither here nor there. We're going to save the dirty stuff for the the Love Line segment later. But yeah, I just wanted to let 
you guys know. In fact, no, fuck you guys. Let's talk to the oh. whole Get Fresh crew, oh. right? Um, if you guys, the, from like the, the second room. that you hear this podcast, if you go to my Twitter feed, uh, pinned to the top, is going to be a little s- surprise, a teaser for what is in store for you guys coming on episode 100. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It's going to be a very small part of the show, but um, I hope that you guys are going to be excited by it. Um, I definitely am. Um, you know, I've, I've, I have to admit, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out and say something right quick. I'm, I'm gonna be real for a second. Oh shit. Um, the last few weeks have been like a massive depressive period for me. Like, I had relationships erupting. I've lost my job. Um, you know, Sorry, I've been trying to sort out stuff with with the courts um, over over taxes. Um, which I haven't got money for because I haven't got the job. Um, you know, all kinds of shenanigans and trying to get like shit, like uh, government support money from the, from the state of them or whatever you call it. My life is, is not going as, as wonderful as I would like it to. Let's just say that. Um, so what, what I've been working on these last, um, week or so, or last couple of weeks really is, uh, the, the fruit of my labor is going to be, coming to you guys on episode 100 and i really really can't wait for you guys it's not just from me um it's something from i don't know uh, several of us i'm not going to say who because i don't want to give away the surprise um jim and well i I know for sure that jim knows about it eric i'm not sure because god knows what the hell goes through that kid's mind it's true any given moment but um yeah all, all will be revealed on episode 100 as i've always been saying this is this is a surprise that has been I've been teasing it for two months now. You don't understand like the, 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 the I've been sitting on this for so long and like I really it's driving me up the wall. There's so much like I'm I'm really excited. In case you can't tell, like this oh this my. is uh, something that's been keeping me going like through all this you know rough times and stuff like that. And you know, Jim and Eric, you guys have always been there for me since I started getting into your podcast and um you know this is a small token of appreciation, not just from me, but from pretty much the entire get fresh crew whoop, whoop. um you know it's a it's a real labor of love because that's what you guys give us right your your podcast i know you you, you make we a try, make man. a laugh about it um, you know the, the the poor quality the poor production value the mic with the sock <laughs> over it um that's you know god knows what the hell eric's doing yeah. when you're recording but um yeah it's you guys put so much time and effort and just like the sheer volume of hours you guys put in every week, not just for the podcast, but to the website, writing the reviews, talking about the reviews, editing the podcast, like all of that. Know, right? It's just the job that you guys do is phenomenal. And I hope that uh, this uh, thing that's going to be unveiled um, on episode 100 is going to be a nice little token of appreciation from the Get Fresh crew back to ooh, Jim ooh. and Eric and also Chris and Reggie and Brandon and you know everyone who contributes to the podcast. Yeah, really. Just me and you. But, um, you know, yeah. over its uh, illustrious career so uh, yeah i hope you guys enjoy it um but the 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 teaser for it is going to be pinned to the top of my twitter feed from uh, the second episode 99 of this podcast goes live you'll be able to go on there and you'll be able to see it and uh, hopefully that will uh, get you guys speculating on what's to come so uh, yeah is there, there's a reason why the animations, by the way, that I've uh, I've been providing, uh, they, the, the reason why they've kind of tapered off lately, like those are coming back. Thank you for the you know people awesome. who've messaged me saying like when the hell are the animations yeah. coming back? I we love, love those. those. Like I love them too, but this oh, has like been such a priority because there's a genuine deadline for this. Like even my own podcast, Forty Two Shades of Geek, like we recorded episode ten and I still haven't released it yet because I've been so busy <laughs> like working on it, into this 
thing that's coming for episode 100. Yeah, I, I've been rambling, so I'm not sure if I've actually let anything slip. If it has, um, I'm going to go back through this and beep anything out that might be a bit revelatory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hopefully you haven't heard any in- intrusions on my uh, my voice, though. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I've been going for about five minutes now. This was originally going to be just a quick uh, shout-out to everyone. Excuse me. Oh, that was gross. Um, <laughs> Didn't beat that out. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm really looking Revelatory. forward to episode 100, man. And uh, Jim, Eric, and uh, everybody else uh, with Science DC Comics podcast again. Thank you guys for uh, getting me through um, through through a difficult time. It's, uh, yeah, it's man, been, damn. It's been a big part of uh, my my smiling lately. So yeah, thank that. you. And uh, the rest of the Get Fresh crew, love you guys. Whoop whoop. whoop. Yeah. Don't call me. No, don't call me. That was right. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna edit that out. You hear me, Jim? <laughs> right. I'm going to go. Um, I'm sleep deprived and I've got more work to do with this uh, surprise. So go check out my Twitter feed when you're hearing this. Right. It's going to be up there all week. So I'll see you guys next week on episode 100, baby. Toby awesome. out. <laughs> that, Toby. Was my, that was my sign off last week. right? Toby out. <laughs> see ya. Bye. Toby out. And just so if you aren't a member of the crew. That's how I get away with not having to say whoop whoop, yeah. by the way, Eric. If you're not a member of the crew and in the chat, which you should be, but if you're not, uh, Toby's Twitter feed is at Toby Hagen, and it's T-O-B-Y-H-A-G-E-N. So I was and thinking like the whole he time, said, he's like, did he actually give us No, I don't think he did. Okay. And also, he is his podcast is 42 Shades of Geek, which is pretty cool and awesome itself. And thanks, Toby. And I got a little taste of what he's talking about, Eric. Just the tip. Some, I, I don't often just like the tip. I like the full deal, but just the tip was pretty satisfying, Eric. I'll tell you. Uh, but this is next one is the next rent rape is directed at you, Eric. Oh, right at you, Eric. Oh God, Eric. This is Jess's mother. Oh no. Since you didn't come over for Thanksgiving. Oh no. Jess brought her boyfriend from under the sink. <laughs> He helps stir the mashed potatoes. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, Mama. Fatty. Just Mama. Oh, God. Fatty. Oh, <laughs> Fatty. That was Mama. That was Jess's Mama. Aaron. Sure mama. Was. All right. Aren't all Mamas the same, Jim? Yes, oh, they are. <laughs> and that sounds a bit like my Mama. But, yeah, we're going to move on to uh, JT now. Here's JT. Hey, what's going on, Jim and Eric? This is JT calling in for a rant and rave this week. Um, I did not send an email or I didn't call in last week. There's a lot of things that was going on with me um, with the process of creating this new channel and trying to get it out there. Creating accounts, you guys probably know all that good stuff, um, all that horrible things that come along with it. Should have taken good stuff because it's actually quite a headache. (laughs) But... Um, right now I'm driving home from work. It is 1.26 in the morning. I'll be driving and fucking calling. Illegal. Stick it to myself. You know, when I was doing my live show, I came up, I came across this news. Well, it was more like an article type of thing. And it, it got, you know, I mentioned it in my live show, like I said. And, you know, we had a good discussion with it. So I decided to bring it over to you guys' show. And I'm sharing with everybody in the community that you guys created. So, if you guys are covering this I'm sorry, apologize in advance, but um, this is something we can talk about and give our opinions on, and I'm interested in th- um, to know what you guys feel about this too. So the one thing I've read online was um, the the comics, the top ten comics that are on the bubbles from DC and Marvel. 
We're not going to talk about Marvel Comics. We're going to jump over to DC because, of course, this is a DC podcast. I think you did. um, On my channel, we did mention the Marvel books. And those books were not really a surprise to me. Those books were not the greatest and it's whatever. But the DC books kind of hit me a little harder than the Marvel books did. See, I'm a DC fan and really invested with the DC Rebirth. Um, So, the first book they were talking about the DC Rebirth that was gonna like is on the bubble is the book that you guys talked about on sales and that is um, Gotham Academy second semester and they're saying how this used to be a cult um, following where everyone loved this book and it was pretty doing pretty good in the sales before um, pre Rebirth and now it's not doing so well and I know Jim you mentioned it's because of probably um, the banner didn't give that banner, the Rebirth yeah. banner, on top of that title, and I agreed with you on that. Also, I mentioned that it was um, the hiatus that this book took um, when yep. it was done with I the agree. New 52, it, and it then um, migrating over to Rebirth. It did take a long time for that title to come back out with issue number one, where people probably forgot about it already. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little hurt because I am, I do love Gotham Academy. And I don't want to see it to go. They say it's not doing so bad with the sales. I mean, it's doing bad, but like, for a book to be based around the um, Batman world, it shouldn't be doing that bad. Um, the next issue they talked about was Hellblazer. This is one title that I have considered dropping. Um, I haven't been enjoying it, and it's it's whatever. Yeah, it's going down a lot. Um, I guess yeah. they got um, Philip Tan going over there on art now, yep. which is. A pretty cool um good deal you know he he does some good stuff but um i don't know if that's going to make me want to stay with the title because i just feel like it's not going anywhere you know um yeah the art's not the problem another title they mentioned was the new superman and um and i like this title i do um i i like how we got a different type of character and it was original to me you know we got a cocky kid that we don't really have like that you know, Damien's cocky, but not in that same sense as as um, Keenan Khan. So um, I I do enjoy his character, but we don't, I don't know. Um, they were blaming it on the fact that he's not really involved in the main story of Rebirth. He he has his own thing, his own world over in China. Oh yeah, China's um, a whole different people, place, man. You know, they're discouraged to read his title like that. Where Rebirth right now is so heavily influenced on all these other books. Yeah. So people are basically choosing these bi-weekly books compared to these monthly books um another one they brought up was um shit where was that that was number three number i don't remember three. what number four was <laughs> damn it but i know the one they Birds brought up was, yeah, was, was it aquaman aquaman um it's not selling so well neither um it's drowning they say like it is very um very Critically acclaimed, you know, they say Adam Nez did a good job with it, but um, the sales aren't there because this is the worst-selling bi-weekly book that DC is publishing. Don't worry, Green Arrow. I just think it's time to just drop these bi-weekly books and make it monthly, because you're forcing people to drop books they probably don't want to drop. Because, you know, I'm in the point right now I need to read other books, and I can't do that because I really want to read Deathstroke and I really want to read Batman and Superman. And already, that's what two, four, six titles yep. where I could, if it's monthly, I have three extra um, issues that I can play around with. So um, again, I forgot what number four was. Um, I don't think it was really a big 
title, maybe. I don't remember. Um, if I do, I'll send you an email to tell you guys what the fourth title was. But that's basically me just talking um, about these titles and um, where they're at. So, um, in the article, it said that, that these titles um, are not necessarily going to be a drop. It's just basically just telling people where they're at in sales and would DC drop it or anything. Um, I don't see DC dropping Aquaman, of course. I can Good see it dropping down to monthly or maybe a change of creative teams. But dropping um, Aquaman is probably not going to happen. But um, Gotham Academy, I can see that. And that will That's suck. Oh, yeah, me too. And Hellblazer, I don't think they will drop that neither. I think they would. Just because they need that dark world. You know, there is a, um, a group of people that actually um, enjoy that kind of story. You know, the Constantine story with the Swamp Reggie Thing book. and all the dark magics and stuff. But... Yeah, alright guys, that was just me just talking, um, sorry this took a long time, I, I always ramble a lot, uh, just <laughs> don't know driving. shut up, especially when I'm driving home, there and goes. basically, this is like my company on the way home, Nice. but thank you guys for all the hard work you do, um, I'll try to send an email this, this week sometimes, and until then you guys, take care. Thank you. Thanks, JT. Thanks, JT. And here is I, right, I on, actually. Hold on I don't a sec. Know. Uh, before I, we get on, I just it? want to talk about that new Superman for a second that he brought up. Well, I One actually have is... all of them listed, so I was going to oh, go you? through them all. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, if you're you go, can no, start you go with. Ahead. Yeah. Did, did you hear me typing? I was trying to no, type I didn't quietly. Type, no. Uh, but yeah, we could we could start with new Superman. My whole deal is I do think that will be canceled. Uh, probably if it lasts. I would say that the longest that that would last would be 12 issues. I would think um, so. I think just the problem is it, it is Superman, but it's not Superman. So you right. already have action comics. You already have Superman. It's going to be a tough sell with all these other, like he said, JT said, all these bi-monthly books. You're already, you know, you have to, you have to consider that every book you pick, that's it's actually two books. So it would be tough. Though of all the books that he said, that's the one I like by far. The most out of those. I well. really do like it, but I started. I started off on a slump with that, but yeah, I've really gotten into it over the months. It's really good, but I don't think it is a good uh, kind of entry into like it doesn't have anything to grab you to do it. It is essentially a new character, and when people are like, oh, what's this new Superman? Oh, it's it's the Chinese Superman. I think people are like, no, no, I'll just get the regular Superman, That's and the I'll thing. get it's action comics. Like- you walk into a comic book shop, if you don't know these things, you take a look at this book and you say, oh, new Superman, and you page through, you see all these different ones. I'm like, these are just a bunch of posers with the freaking names that yeah, I yeah. like slapped and, on them. But, but Why really, would I, read this I like, like it. Real thing? I, I do, do too. like it. I like it a lot. And I just, you, you could just see, you knew right away that this thing was not going to last very long. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm actually shocked at how good it is uh, because uh, Jean Luan Yang, we did not enjoy his, his Superman, Superman run. Now. Uh, in the new 52 and he seemed to almost be trying to do that book then and now that he's in his you know his space that he likes to be i love it i really do like it uh also you have to realize too eric me and you are kind of aware of the background of what led to him being the new superman and because of that, that we kind of yeah, and be, well, because of that, we were looking forward to seeing how it was going to play out. People just going into the comic store, they're going to grab the standard books, and the new Superman, it's just a tough thing. And I'm telling you, even with the Dash, the Super Dash Man, and stuff like that, I don't think that it it was going to you know last very long. Now, second semester, Gotham Academy, second semester, JT said exactly what I think the problem was. It's not branded as a uh, rebirth book so people going in for the new 
you know, just new readers are going to go in and they're going to assume, oh, my God, I'm not going to know what's going on. It's not a no. rebirth book. They're not going to tell me what's going on. And really, they're right. It really is. You're having problems and you read a bunch of Gotham Academy, well, but even, you're even, even having problems that, knowing what's going oh, on. Oh, yeah. I, I can't remember half these characters when we get into yeah. it. And uh, But a lot of things, he's talking about that lull in between, like, you know, the it was first huge. semester and the sex master. But we had that Lumber James and Gotham Academy that nobody even knew about. There wasn't a lot no, of press no, talking and, about and that. And again, but even the weird thing about that, it really didn't tie into anything oh, no. Gotham Academy. We thought that this whole thing was a full year of Gotham Academy. Then in the summer, they summer were going to go up yeah. to the Lumber Janes to a summer camp Sweet and then go camp. to the next year. It's not That's not the case either. Turns out that Matt's had a cock the whole time. It was weird. Yeah, well, and yeah, really. And the, the worst part about this is it was a cult, you know, following a niche title oh yeah and when you go away for a while like that people just tend to move on to the next thing and well, it's i like think we talked about with uh you know dr who was this big smash when it came out you know it was really pushed in yeah, america yeah. with, the freaking with matthew doctor. smith when and he's... now uh now that they're having this over a year break in between it's like i don't really care anymore I, no. yeah, i'll get back into it but no, I'm, you'll get eh. back into it i'm done but I uh even then, you have a lot of people that you move on. Well, here, not even Doctor Who, because Doctor Who really is a phenomenon. Uh, look at how we think now of Rick and Morty. We oh, watch yeah, every Rick and Morty a million times, well, and they go away. They they kind of tease that they're coming back, and I'm like, fuck it. You know, when it comes on, I'll watch it. But the, the enthusiasm is gone for me. The hype train is gone, and, baby. Yeah, and it's just the second semester, I think the problem is if people went in, if it wasn't a rebirth book, they were done, and even to the point where I'll, I'll bring up a lot of the other podcasts that started up at Rebirth. A lot of them are only doing Rebirth books, so you even have less hype that way. It's yeah. not a Rebirth book, and really when I talk to the guy uh, higher up at DC about this, it seemed to only be monetary issues that made it not a Rebirth title. Why didn't they do it? It's it's a fun book. It's a It has its own, you know, it's not like any other book, so it, it does have a a uh, way that younger people could get involved and things like that. And, you know, people like cutesy things and, and whatnot, but without it being a rebirth book, I think it was destined to fail. And uh, the next one's Hellblazer. The problem I think Hellblazer has is what Hellblazer, Constantine, all these books even had in the New 52. Uh, it's too sanitized, I think. Now, they are giving a lot of old Hellblazer callbacks. Like, we talk about it later with Reggie. Uh, but nothing's going on in the book. No, and it's, it's not like I'm telling you, people who like Constantine, the Vertigo Constantine, you're, you're getting a kind of a sanitized version of it. There's no cursing. There's and no I'm this you, it's or that. that. It's seen from this latest issue that they're spending more time making sure that they like that we know that they know British yeah, slang what's and going stuff on around yeah, in yeah. England and instead, instead of, of telling that, a story. Yeah, instead of telling a, a story. And we've even said, and it's funny because you look at this. And three of the four books and whatever the, that other book might have been are, are, uh, monthly books. So right yeah. away, I think that people, when they want to go out and say, Hey, I want to pick some books. Batman is super. They're always going to Justice League, even unfortunately. Uh, but you almost make it seem like these monthly books aren't as important just because yeah. they're monthly. And I would think that the other one that he didn't mention or didn't remember has to be Birds of Prey. It, it really does to me, but it, there might be others that are in trouble. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Aquaman, it's just not a lot going on. I hear all these other podcasts with, oh my God, it's the best thing. And I'm getting into arguments about Dan Abnett. We said Dan Abnett is a seven out of 10 writer. Everything is sure good is. enough to not get you pissed off. 
but it's not good enough for me to say, oh, shit, I've got to have this book. Now, the other thing that JT mentioned, I agree, or to say, the, these monthly, these bi-monthly books especially, I do think that they're going to try creative team changes before they would change it to monthly because if Aquaman, it, it's a matter of, you know, economics. I don't know you know, the tit for tat of what goes on. But to me, a book that sells 50,000 twice a month is better than a one book that is monthly that would actually, to me, if you make it monthly, it's going to go down more and sell 30. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do think that they're going to really try to get a thing. But Aquaman itself, I don't know how you could get it unless you get, say, Jeff Johns back on Aquaman. How you could really impress people with, you know, what are they going to get? Mark Wade to write Aquaman? I don't even know that that sort of thing would have a lasting impact. It's Aquaman. The people like Aquaman like Aquaman, but really we, and I think I got in an argument with, with people this week about this. This Aquaman story and rebirth is only, basically it's the beginning of the new 52 story with fucking black mana added. There is yeah. nothing new. It is nothing, and it, it really, to me, is well, just it's, it's, nothing's it's happening. the beginning of the new 52 Aquaman and the end of the new 52 Aquaman with the politics involved. Yeah, and yeah, and, and it really is. Stuff, because if you remember together. this, to me, this is Throne of Atlantis Part 2, and instead yeah. of it being Ocean Master behind shit, it's black mana and Nemo. It's not impressing me. I think it's trying to, you know, fake the funk and try to get that, that thing, because when the new 52 started... Jeff Johns was writing Aquaman. That was one of the books you heard so much about. Oh, my God, Jeff Johns is a genius. He has made Aquaman a legit character. He's done this. And I still think they're doing that when I, I wish they would just have some fun with it. Uh, but, yeah, Dan Abnett is doing an okay job. It's just yeah. not that exciting. Not and I'd like to throw Green Arrow into that as well, which I was impressed at the beginning of Rebirth. And that's kind of kind of gone downhill with me. I know I was getting in arguments with Pauly P on on fucking Twitter uh, today about it, actually about Green Arrow. But it's not just the whole you know p p Trans Pacific Railway that gets me angry. That is like the tip of the shitberg uh, because there is no characterization to me or character development to me. Green Arrow starting out Rebirth till issue 11, we have not got much character development. We're just getting these mini arcs that just are, oh, here he is on an island. Here he is here. Here he is in the train. And it's it's not impressing me at all. Uh, but yeah, other books that I'm kind of down on would be Batgirl. Uh, Batgirl, Birds Definitely. of Prey, Definitely. Uh, you know, Justice League, obviously, but that's Justice League. Again, you would you would get a creative team change before that book would ever be canceled. You, you'd get 10 creative team changes before Seriously. they're going to cancel that. Uh, Supergirl really isn't doing much for me anymore. I, I kind of like it. Oh, my God. Superwoman is a wreck. That Actually, you know, that has to be the one that, that he couldn't remember. I would it think. has to be Superwoman. Uh, but even in general, like we're, we're talking about this week, this week is a bit down for us and it's it really continues kind of a down month. This week I, got me depressed as shit because yeah. of the books that came out this week. And we love, I, I don't like, I know people, oh, I can't wait till Jim's yelling and screaming. I want to like these books because yeah. on the podcast, yeah, you know what? Sometimes I do have fun yelling and it almost, 
it gets it off my chest finally at the end of the week. But the, you're not counting the six other days where I, we're at work yelling about these books or I have to review this or you have to review it. That's just like, Jesus Christ, we're reviewing this piece of shit book and I've got to read it six times. I, Blue Beetle this week, I, I read probably six times now because every, every night we were going to talk about that goddamn book and record it. And we never did. We're going to do it tonight. But, you know, I don't like doing that. No. <sighs> but I'll get it off my chest on the podcast, Eric. I'll get off my chest, big, hard, and heavy. But yeah, we're we're still on the rent and race, right? Yep. <laughs> this this podcast is gonna be sixteen hours long. Here we go. This is a call out to Dancing Mike from Epic Saxman, Eric. Hey, hey! This is Epic Saxman. People have been asking me, Epic Saxman, are you in fact Dancing Mike? I tell them. I wish I was Dancing Mike. Damn right he does. Speaking of Dancing Mike, man he called in last week about why I brag about Santa Clara and not Santa Carla. Truth is, a roadie from my rival, the moderately competent French horn guy, broke into my tour manager's office, got the contract for my gigs, moved the L in Carla, and now I'm stuck in a totally unepic shithole. I was destined for the murder capital of the world. I ended up in the douchebag capital of the world. Quite Free enough to host Super Bowl yeah, 50, I guess, but nowhere near epic enough to host Epic Sax Man. Yeah. Anyways, I better get back to my baby oil seminar. Jim and Eric have an Epic Sax show. Peace! Uh, we Thank will. you, Epic Sax Man. Uh, she's a man eater. Uh, <laughs> or is she a man hunter, Jim? A man hunter. <laughs> I, I'm already tired. I am already tired. Toby got me depressed telling us uh, how much time and effort we put into this shit show. Uh, but here we go. We have the next one is Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric, and hello. Mother was Taylor. <laughs> So my new blue jeans, my father was a gambling man down in New Orleans. So it's been a rough week here at the Dancing Mike household. While my state is no longer on fire, I missed Monday and Tuesday, home sick from work. Uh, Gave that sickness to my wife on Wednesday night. And then, as many man. of you who hang out in the Get Fresh Crew whoop, whoop, uh, <laughs> Twitter group know, I lost my mother yeah. on Thanksgiving night. I thank everyone for their well wishes and condolences. I uh, lost my father about three years ago. Um, she and my mother were, or he and my mother were married in 1961. Um, Everything that is good, nice, and respectful about me came from them. They were much better parents than I am a son. And everything that is not like that, like posting nude pictures of Wonder Woman and Starfire in the <laughs> Get Fresh Crew. They whoop, wouldn't whoop, do that Twitter ever. Group, that Eric. is on me. Again, I thank everyone for their well wishes and condolences. It is greatly appreciated. So, I bought four DC comic books this week. Let's talk about them. Batgirl number five. Someone said Batgirl used to be good. It really did, I think, but I don't remember that time. I gave a three-character review on the website for this book, FU5. (laughs) The five is for the art. The story is complete and utter nonsense. 
Notice some ads for other books this week, and looks like the Green Arrow ad with uh, the next art for Green Arrow coming up. Um, art by Otto Schmidt. I'm not sure if that's the art on there, but it looks like Black Canary is an 11-year-old girl. And while I'm fine and okay with that, <laughs> um, I'm not sure how the general public feels about Ollie banging an 11-year-old girl. But that's just here nor there because I don't read Green Arrow. He's from down Wonder South Woman. There. Yeah, yeah. I listened to the spotlight, and I'm still somewhat confused by it. It explained a bit, but I'm getting into Scott Snyder flashbacks here because stories aren't ending. I like the stories until they get to the end. I yeah. like the love the art, um, and then they get to the ending, and it's like Greg Rucka hasn't given us an actual end to anything yet. And I'm nope. and I wish he would do that—a conclusion, something that feels like it's going to end other than just like, hey, we're calling this the end because the trade is coming up. Yeah. Um, again, I'm really loving the ride until we get to the endings. I just need to see him finish something. It would be nice. Mm-hmm. And Batman Beyond. I, at one time, said I know like Bernard Chang art. <laughs> Much like Solomon Grundy, who I was channeling, I guess I was a big dummy. Yeah, when I said that, because I'm loving, loving, loving the art since Rebirth. Um, the story is back to your Batman Beyond uh, style. It's no longer this Tim Drake as Batman Beyond. Terry is back. He, Even though he was undercover, he did not get his ass kicked this week. Sure and did. when he they didn't. mentioned the name Matches Malone and uh, Trey Malone, it, to paraphrase Depeche Mode, it made my heart smile. So I am loving, loving, loving Batman Beyond. I'm hoping it continues on in that vein. And then we had Detective Comics number 945. I had a big rant about this, but I'm just, um, deleted it. And I'm just going to say there's way too much Harper Row in this it. book for me to enjoy it. And we've seen this story before that Batman has people caught in the crossfire. It's not something I'm enjoying too much right now, and Stephanie, bleh. I'm really Only shocked he didn't like sing Crossfire right Jean-Paul Valley is going to take off them glasses, become God, a super Jean-Paul man. So, anyway, that's about it for this week. Like I said, I had a big rant, but I'm just not in the mood for it. I have a lot of things to do this week, so uh, I guess there's one more episode left. So enjoy <laughs> your burrito, spotlight off. Uh, keep it weird and see you in seven. Oh, yes. Yeah, Thank seven. you, yeah, Dancing I, Mike. I was surprised there wasn't a little Stevie Ray Vaughn there when he said about Crossfire. He says, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thanks, Mike. And yes, we are. We're thinking about him. Yes, we are. Uh, it sucks. But yeah, we're going to move on to Dirty Drew's first rant, Eric. His first rant. Oh, first. Yes, his first. Hello, Weird Science. It's Dirty <laughs> Drew here. Um, just taking a moment up, to call you guys up. I have uh, something on my thought, on my brain, actually, that is driving me crazy. So this Detective Comics, I like it a lot. Um, but there's a few issues I have with Mr. Uh, James Tynan, the Thoid. Um, there's this, like, per- per- there's this idea floating around out there that, um, you know, Batman is actually not a very nice guy. And, like, actually not a good hero because he's being uh, selfish. And uh, the spoiler in this uh, new issue of Detective Comics 
is uh, really upset with Batman because she says it's all about you. All you ever do is just all about you and you're selfish. You don't care about me or Red Robin or anybody Classic else. Spoiler. spoiler. Yes. And uh, Batman is like, I'm speechless. I don't know what to say because a lot of what you're saying is true. I am a bad guy and I am actually not being nice or funny or heroic. And I don't know if I agree with this. Um, I like my heroes to be heroes. I like my uh, villains to be villains. Um, I don't know where this idea is coming from that uh, Batman is like, uh, he's, he's your mean dad. And he's like, oh, I don't Bruh. like him very much because uh, even though he's like the greatest like superhero without superpowers and he actually does a lot of good for people, he's actually kind of a mean guy. I don't like this. I don't like this, guys. So, uh, you know, he, he doesn't have to be a perfect person. You know, I'm not saying that, you know. Uh, you should struggle with uh, real problems and all that, but uh, you know he's he's a superhero for a reason, and uh, well, uh, James Tynan shouldn't forget that. Batman is a good guy. All right, he didn't put guys. Jason on that goddamn painting. Let me know. Yeah, I know. Uh, bye. Yeah, and it, pretty much all of this is just set up for the story. It, it really is, but it again, uh, we're going to talk about it soon. Uh, I think I might have liked it a little more than most, and I thought I was going to be, you know, one of the few down on it because I thought this issue was a little off. I haven't really enjoyed the whole concept of people protesting Batman, especially what led up to that with Night of the Monster Men. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't mind this issue because it's more personal. And really what Stephanie says in this I agree with pretty it's much. Kind of it's, true, not, yeah. it's not really saying that Batman is per se an evil guy. It's just that he kind of is blinded by his own fucking, you know, quest for vengeance and, and all mission. that, that he kind of does leave a lot of people good and bad in the crossfire. And I'm not going to sing it either, Eric, but <laughs> it really does. And to me, it's kind of a nice little twist on the whole Batman makes his own villains thing, which we've seen way more times than that i just didn't like the way it was forced into this of people protesting batman and, and doing that sort of thing uh but uh you know i i didn't mind this issue as much as some but we'll see later what i really think about it when we talk about that but dirty drew has a second call and i think he forgot something when he first <laughs> called in hey guys dirty drew here again sorry i wasn't finished i'm just tired of this Spoiler, telling Batman that he's such a bad guy. I mean, like, this is a guy who's, like, devoted his entire life to fighting crime. He uses all his money. I mean, if I were a billionaire, I wouldn't dress up like a bat Fucking and go line, fight crime. Token hookers. I muscles and superior intellect and uh, powers of deduction. I would actually probably be hanging out with a lot of cool babes. And uh, doing uh, fun stuff like uh, cocaine or uh, alcohol with the uh, the cool babes. And that's not what hookers. Batman does. That's what Bruce Wayne does. So if you want to yell at someone, Bruce Wayne doesn't even really do that anymore. you yell at Bruce Wayne instead of Batman? Or better yet, yell at your shitty dad. Because guess He's what? Dead. I read dead. Batman Eternal. I bet you thought I didn't, but I did. I read Sliced every throat. goddamn issue. And uh, guess what happened in there? Your dad turned out to be, like, a pretty smart guy, except, oops, no, he's not even the guy who's in charge. There's nope. one more guy above him, and that guy is... Who was it? Was it Owlman? <laughs> was it fucking, uh... Lincoln uh, Marge. The guy from, uh, Corvio? Yeah, it was Lincoln Marge. Yeah, I think so. But anyway, spoiler, you can stuff it. Thanks. 
There he goes. That's he, right, he was spoilers. upset. Stop He's it. very upset. He was on uh, fighting a bit with Jay Yoss on our Twitter uh, from oh my God, Batman I'm not News. This. Uh, no, neither was I yelling. And I came in late, so I'm like, I don't even know who's saying what now. I just <laughs> all I do, you, you can, I'm just favoriting everything. I, I didn't care. But yeah, I again, I don't mind it for a storytelling thing because. I don't know. Batman never, it, you know, he's he's not a smiling, joking guy. And he easily, what he does, I think that what leads him into a lot of the troubles uh, is that it's his way or the highway, and he never really explains himself. He keeps a lot of things. You know, this goes back as far as death of the family, even maybe even before, but really oh, yeah. even with that, uh, going past that even where he was keeping all these secrets that almost got everybody in the Bat family killed, it has been a thing where it really is his way or the highway, and he does not seem to think that he has to explain himself, and so this is what's well, going to happen. We and even I had think that this Nightwing is, when it started where he's like, yeah. look, if you're going to do your own thing, I'm not back. Go on your own deal. Yeah. And I think this is, again, in the New 52, we did see Batman kind of – get a little more, you know, personal, let a little more out. Well, now with Rebirth, I think they want to push that again. I think that that's what this is leading to mainly is for him to explain to Stephanie, no, you know what, I didn't set this up to keep an eye on you. I think that you're a better person. I think that you can overcome what happened with your dad and that you're not going to be, you know, even with Clayface. He is letting Clayface in, and this whole thing is supposed to be the push that, He's keeping an eye on these quote-unquote potential villains or villains, and I don't see that as the case. I think it's just a storytelling thing, and we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, but really, what Stephanie says in this issue again, I'll say from that first uh, Dirty Drew call, she's right. She really yeah. is. And he says that Batman tries to say, no, no, I'm not. Batman doesn't have anything to say. He's just there, you know, and he, Put her then they get called and he has to go away. The, the best <laughs> thing that happens to Batman in this issue is that the fucking, the, the victim syndicate attacks the fucking clinic and he can get the fuck out of there before he has to, you know, get into it. But yeah, uh, I don't mind it. But yeah, this last rant and rave is from Christian. From the Salty Playground podcast, Eric, and he is going to talk about something because I don't know. Let's go with it. Here we go. Hey, Jim and Eric. Uh, Hi, Christian. Christian calling in. Um, just uh, sorry, I had, a, I had a call in this time because my computer's packed up because I am moving currently. So, so I wanted to call in and just rant a little bit about about uh, Deathstroke. I mean, oh my fucking god, Christopher Priest, like. Like, I was, I was pretty much on the trolley, like, at the beginning, because I was like, oh, this is pretty good so far. But, oh, my God, this last issue was fucking phenomenal. He's bringing it all goddamn together. Don't fucking, listen to us talk wife, about it later. Seriously. Just, uh, you know, Slade Wilson's ex-wife is behind all this bullshit. And not only that, she's working for fucking Hive. Oh, my, what's that bitch doing? Jesus Christ. Hive was what got her son killed. And Jericho and her fought against him during the Judas contract. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I don't, I, I just love how he, how he could have totally killed her, but he doesn't because Slade still has feelings for her. And she's just all like, ah, oh, you're the reason that everything bad is happening. Why my, why one son's dead and one son got his throat slashed. She's like, no. And he's like, no, it's all you. And when you, and you, when you realize that, maybe it'll stop being crazy. He's right. Cause she's being a crazy bitch right now. I don't know why she's working behind. And I don't know, I don't know what level of charisma score she must have. Her diplomacy <laughs> must be through the roof. Cause she checked, like, 
she rolled a diplomacy check on Superman, got like a nat goddamn 20 to get him to fight against Deathstroke. Because uh, Superman, that whole, that, whole, that whole conversation, he's totally yeah, against it. And somehow she still convinces him. So I don't, I don't know what she did, but dear God, oh, I am, I am so ready for next issue. I, can, I cannot wait. Oh, should we have Christian wanna, talk about this? I just want to throw that out there. I'm, I'm really more than happy. I did, apparently. Uh, have a great time on the podcast and uh, see you in seven. Yes. Also, get fresh crew. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, uh, it's funny. Sounds very familiar with that voice about that Etienne there, Christian. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, gee, I, I'm glad that you like Deathstroke. I don't like it as much. And really, I could, this is one of the books that we do because it comes out. I really don't have much of a care and, at all about Deathstroke as a character. I don't know anything about his past. And that's one of the few books that I could say the New 52 did not help out at all. Because like you said, you mentioned the Judas contract, all these things. This is pre-New 52 things that he's bringing about and kind of hinting at, which really shouldn't matter anyway. But uh, the way he's doing it is yeah, the legacy. I don't legacy. know how the Judas contract actually enters into this. And if yeah, we well, actually get to see that. It's just more of the legacy of the character. But because I really don't care at all about Deathstroke, and I think that Christopher Priest is not doing a good job of showing me anything. Like, yeah, you are getting the shout out and, you know, you love it because that's something you're familiar with. I'm not. And he is not doing a very good job of showing me or telling me what's going on. And really, I think that the book is is OK. I find it overly confusing for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you like Deathstroke, if that's your character, obviously Christian likes Deathstroke. He has a background with it that it must be that much better. But because I don't really care about Deathstroke, I'm really not going to take the time to go. And, and it sounds like I'm saying that I don't want to do research for the podcast, for the book. But this is supposed to be something that's, you know, pretty much user friendly when you yeah. jump into Rebirth. And to me, it's not. And it's just not that interesting to me. It's every issue comes about, and I'm like, okay, here we go. And I, I think I gave it an eight on the site, the new yeah. one. So I do like it. It's just I have no commitment to that book at all, and it just never really gets me that excited. But, yeah, you, Christian, you know more about it. You're going to get so angry when we're talking <laughs> about it later because we we have no idea half of what's going on. We talk about what, what went on in the issue and just how I didn't enjoy it, and you liked it lesser yeah yeah but that is the end of the rant raves and we're going to be back with the news now it's time for jim and the news listening to jim is what i want to do he's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under You there? You here? Yes. I, I um I actually looked up uh, JT that article. It was an article that was on Newsarama, and I looked it up. And the one that he was missing was in fact Batgirl. 
the, really? the main backrow pedal. Yeah, uh, it was backrow. They were really. It was a weird thing when I was looking at it. What they're considering is kind of what the books were selling at this time last year, opposed to when they first started in the new 52. Also, keeping in mind what they started out here in Rebirth and what the percentage, you know, down, uh, yeah. how the the sales were and stuff like that. I get you mad. Uh, yeah, and uh, Batgirl, the book, the Batgirl book is selling less than Birds of Prey. So it's said that, so you know, crazy. maybe uh, DC will realize that two Batgirl books is too many. I still think that they would keep Batgirl and change the creative team before that they they would get rid of that and keep the Birds of Prey book. Uh, I think the Birds of Prey sales will go down as well. So and I, it did say, did I'm mention something. I'm surprised that Batgirl is selling less than Batgirl. Yeah, yeah, it is. I don't think it's by uh, a lot. books, but shit. Yeah. Um, the other thing that it did mention, because Aquaman is, like JT said, uh, the least selling of the bi-monthly. Right. Um, but I keep forgetting, and I think everybody keeps forgetting, but it mentions in the article that uh, that Seven Seas story that Jeff Johns uh, oh, yeah. is writing, wrote, whatever, that is going to go. And I would say that when you do hear about that coming down the <laughs> pike, I believe that after that is done, I would believe we'd have a different creative team. I think that would be a good way to usher in, give a new creative team a little bit time to go, Makes because sense. I would assume that would be a couple issues. So maybe it would be, you know, two months time, four issues. I don't know. Uh, really, we heard a little bit about that 7C story, and then it really kind of died off and again. I totally so, forgot all about yeah, it. So did I. So I was looking at that, and... uh yeah, but it was Batgirl, which was crazy. Uh, that's it for the news, Eric. There is no news. I just wanted to hear Mike sing my praises so again. And, yes, I do not have any news here. So we're going to be back well, in a second on. with there the mail. Oh, you have some news, huh? There was something you wanted me to remind you of. No, that was for the end of the podcast. That, that's oh. the end of the podcast, not now. Well, that was what, the yes, news so. is you asked me to remind you of something. Yes. I don't no. know what, but. That okay. was not news. That was actually reminding you about me. what we're going to be doing on Wednesday. That is going to be what I talk about at the end of the podcast. But, yeah, that is all for news, except uh, Eric Fidel Castro died today. Uh, that's news, right? I Fidel heard that. Castro that's went okay. down. Uh, do you know that he stopped smoking those famous cigars that he smoked in 1985? Did you know I can't that? I can't say that I've heard much about Fidel Castro in a long-ass time. Really? Well, let me tell you then, because I had this ready. I, I had some things that. ready for you. You know that he survived over 600 assassination attempts, according to himself, that is. He uh, died today. Uh, it is the 26th of November. He died at the age of 90. So he really went. He holds the Guinness Book of World Records for longest speech ever delivered at the United Nations. He had a four-hour and 29-minute speech, which they said was just about as long as the goddamn Weird Science podcast and probably meant uh, just as little. He was just going on and on. And also one of his pet projects, Eric, was called the Ubra Blanca, which is the uh, is means white udder. And it was a cow of his, Eric, that produced a prodigious quantity of milk and, in fact, became a propaganda tool for Cuba and also holds the Guinness Book of World Records for highest milk yield by a cow in one day at 29 U.S. gallons, Eric. That's a hell of a cow. We're going to be back with mail number one. Hate you. It's mail with you.
Yeah, Eric, make hand gestures. It's the mail, and you know what, Eric? Maybe I will talk about that thing that I was <laughs> telling you to remind that, huh? me. I just I don't like to go. I don't like to agree with you uh, much, and that uh, saying to you, "Yep, I did want you to remind me." Now, just didn't sit right with me, Eric. I, I don't think it sat right because I don't want to be. I don't want people to think that me and you are on the same page. How dare you? I don't know why, but uh, what I wanted to tell people about was for the hundredth episode, we are still planning on doing the first hour or so live. Whether that will be the show itself, it might be a pre-show. Have no idea. Uh, I'm still planning on drinking for the first time in a long time. I'm going to get drank, drunk, drunk, and drank. Uh, might do the purple drink. Might do some shots. I don't know. I might get. I don't know beer. either. I might get an apple teeny, Eric. I might do that as well. I might get a sex on the beach, a blowjob. I don't know. I haven't had a blowjob blow in, in a long time. Uh, my kids are Good on the, you. next room fucking giggling. I hear them fucking <laughs> giggling right now. Uh, and I shouldn't curse when they're around, Eric, because, you know, they never hear that from their mother. Uh, but though we, we said this, and I had spelled out on the Reddit channel that we did want to run a trial run to see if this whole uh, thing would work live. So what we're going to do is this Wednesday night for the spotlight, we're going to do a live spotlight just to see if everything works out okay. What we're going to do is it's on Mixler, M-I-X-L-R. So if you want to get involved, go to Mixler and follow us. Our username on that is Weird Science DC. And I will actually announce to people ahead of time on Twitter. But if you aren't on Twitter and you want to get involved anyway, uh, we're probably going to shoot for about 8.30 on Wednesday night. And do this live, and it's going to be a F, Mary kill, Eric. I don't want to say anything cursing. This is not an explicit podcast, is it? Is this an explicit podcast that I could actually say we're going to do a fuck, Mary kill part two? Because I, that's I, what we're going to do. Good, okay, I will. I, no, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say fuck, you already Mary did. kill, Eric. Oh, did I? Okay. Well, we're going to do something like that, something easy and fun, you know, a little loose. I know the problem will be that this whole Mixler thing seems to be, you know, have a limit of an hour, and you know us, we'll probably go on longer than that, but at least the first hour of that will be on there, and have some fun, have some people join in, see if it all works and whatnot. But that's not what we're talking about now, Eric. This is mail section number one. We're going to start with Matty D., and Matty D. says, Jim and Eric, okay, so I decided that I want to have an email per section of your show. Oh, Therefore, I'm attempting to email you at least once per day for the next five days, which actually ends up a little more than one per section because we only have four. But he says, Pow Wow Chow and Chuck Wagon should reenact F Troop and Gunsmoke alternate hours <laughs> a day. I agree with that. Also, Diddy Drew, you aren't the only one reading Lucifer. I'm picking it up, too. The story isn't bad, but I like the previous Mike Carey series that ran for 75 issues. And he says, just got through the first section of your podcast, guys. Looking forward to the rest of the 24 hours of nonsense awesomeness. Horn-worthy show. You want to hear some horns? What do you think this horn is? What horn That's is that? The foghorn. That is the awesome horn. No, what no, is that? the foghorn. That's the bullshit Dive. horn. And what is this? <laughs> and that's oh. no horn. I, I don't, don't want to use that, that ever again. No, I, I didn't like, like that one. But he says, I've got so much long, uh, such a long way to go, Matty D. Such and, a yeah, long way you, to Maddie go. D. Such a long way to go. The next one is from Wheezy, Eric. We haven't heard from Wheezy in a while. Yeah, a Dear while. Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop, boop. boop. 
as promised, I left it a couple of weeks ago. Now? Boop, boop. I left it a couple of weeks ago after the Weedabix fiasco. So he bailed on me on Weedabix. Finally, Jim, something we can agree on that Newcastle Brown Ale is the best beer out there. I agree, and as Newcastle is my hometown, it fills me with pride and a little bit of sadness that our best export is beer. I would have done a voice recording, but if you know anything about Newcastle in England, you will know my accent is incomprehensible. (laughs) Sounds like what I always hear about Manchester as well, but I thought I would try and get in there before episode 100 kicks off, as it sounds like a whole mess and pandemonium of goodness involving live purple drink. Yes, it will. On to the books. Sadly, I've changed my supplier, which means my books get shipped monthly in a bid to save money, but also puts me behind. So apologies if these are too late. Never too late, Eric. It's like a wizard. You know, like a wizard, Eric. Always shows up to fucking ruin the party. You're a wizard. Batman, on the whole, I'm enjoying this, but issue 10, why was Batman like a broken record? The needle got stuck on broken. I think that that was actually nine when he was more. I I, I get these all confused now with this bi-monthly deal, but yeah. I think it was nine as well. I'm not sure. We're going to find out, Wheezy. We'll find out in the end, hopefully. Superman. I think this is one of my favorites in Rebirth thus far. Issue 10 was particularly highlight, a particular highlight with John punching Damien. That little brat had it coming. (laughs) He did. The Flash. I'm not sure how I feel about this one. I thought the first arc was just okay, and then dangling Jay Garrick's hat to keep readers interested was a bit low. What do you think of that? A bit of fan service going on there, you know, but you got to do something to keep people interested because that book is nonsense for the most part anymore. Yeah, well, I like this issue a little more. Uh, Also, I mentioned my hatred for the Boom Studios book, Strange Fruit. Well, finally, the last issue came out, and I picked it up. But dear God, I wish I hadn't. Not only did it take about 18 months to get four issues, the last issue had absolutely no payoff at all. It was almost like Mark Wade forgot about this book completely. Then when he remembered, he sat down to write the last issue. It seemed like his dinner was ready. That If dinner's ready, you hear that dinner bell, Eric. I don't care if you're putting up a barn. When the when the dinner bell rings, you My fucking run. Day. That's the rave, then rant. Wrong order this time. Congrats on episode 100, he's telling us. I don't know. That's kind of jinxing us. Yeah, what happened? A little yeah. jinx. I will have to change my sign up at some point. Yeah, really, I hope. At some point, as there seems to be a British invasion happening for the podcast. To the most respected people in the comic book podcast realm, and I beg to differ, (laughs) your last British fan, Wheezy. Thanks. Thank you, Wheezy. Yes, thank you, Wheezy. You just jinxed us. Next one is Ray. Ray says, James. Not not Eric, James. Yeah, yeah. My dad used to call me James when he was ready to kick my ass. Anytime I hear James, I fucking jump. I, I, I fetal position, Eric, and start crying. Shit my pants, maybe. Happy holidays to you and the crew at Weird Science. I've been listening to both podcasts you guys released throughout the week, and I enjoy them. I recently picked up Batman Rebirth number one director's cut in the DC Rebirth Deluxe Edition. Have you guys read these books? If so, what are your thoughts on them, and what is your opinion on director's cut editions? Will the other Rebirth number ones get director's cuts? Are these director's cuts you guys, are there ones you would like to see? Thanks, guys. And that is from Ray, and thank you for writing in. Uh, I kind of think they're nonsense, actually. I really do think it's just another way to grab your money. Uh, I read what I believe was the director's cut of the Justice League rebirth, and I'll tell you, I didn't like it then, and I didn't like it any better. I think they are cool collector's things, uh, but in general, I, I don't see, I, to me, they're just a money grab, really, for people who liked it, but I don't know. You probably haven't even read any, have you? 
Uh, Ray Ray don't care what I say. It's all to James. Oh, oh, James. Uh, I actually, no, I, I don't mind the um, the deluxe edition. I, I do like. That is something like, holy shit, yeah, I like that so much. And that is the Rebirth Deluxe Edition. That's pretty cool. These director's cuts, they, they have scripts and some pencils. I know, I know you read pencils. the Justice League director's cut, I'm like, and you told me about it. I'm like, I'm not reading any of these. Yeah, I was telling you about when we got Ray's email, and I was telling you even this week. And I said, yeah, it's got like the script. And you know what? It's still a piece of shit script. There. <laughs> still a piece of shit. But if you like the book, it is a good collector's deal. But yeah, uh I'm sure that every rebirth number one will get a director's cut. So I, even if you, like, uh, Ray asks, which ones do you want to see, which, whatever, I think that we are going to get all the rebirth number ones eventually. Uh, but yeah, besides that, I don't think I would like, like, Batman number, not Batman, I really like, but even Batman. Yeah. Past that rebirth. I would actually like to see a Batman rebirth director's cut just so it's explained to me a little bit what was going on in that issue. I just, I actually would like it being a little more with this director's cut. I told you one of the biggest things was Timothy Zahn's, uh, and I, the freaking, uh, what's it called? His Star Wars trilogy. He's that that guy from Sam right? And what's that? No. He's that guy. And that that first big trilogy, he had like, they had a director's cut of that. And it was pretty neat because in the margins he would like write little notes and stuff. I like that. I wish there was more of that because you know give a little, you know, like you said, explain a little more. Not just the script I've already read in script yeah. form. What is that? Uh, the next email is Hakeem, and Hakeem says, "Hey Jim and Eric, we are now six Double months Hakeem. into Rebirth, and DC fans seem to be refining their pull list of the titles they enjoy the most. Instead of mentioning which titles I dropped." I wanted to make this email a little more positive. Nice. Just thought I'd give you some thoughts on three titles that have really surprised me in a good way since I started reading comics again. These were not exactly titles I expected much from. And to be honest, I thought I'd drop them by now. To my surprise, they've exceeded my expectations so far. To give you an idea of how long it's been since I collected comics, the last books I bought before DC Rebirth were the death and return of Superman trades back in 96. So, try and see this from that lens. Number one, Superman. It's not a title I expected to still have in my pull list 11 issues in, but Tomasi has so far hit the right spots with soups. The family angle is fresh. John Kent seems to be a hit with everyone. It's true. And the mystery surrounding the Superman storylines are at the very least intriguing. To me, Superman seems to be the big winner of Rebirth. The only complaint I have is that there is just one member of the Superman family that has yet to show up. Connor. John seems to have taken his title. We have what it seems all the death and return of Superman characters, Doomsday, Eradicator, John Henry, even Cyborg Superman in a way. But Connor Kent is still nowhere to be seen. Where did they leave him off in the new 52? Eric? Connor Kent, I mean Connor, uh, freaking Connell, he went off with uh, Harvest at the one of the issues of Teen Titans towards the end, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I, maybe it's even the middle. But... When he came back, he for some reason forsook everything that we've been fighting for throughout the, all the Teen Titans and went with Harvest to try to find some answers out about himself. Yeah. Yep, that's about what happened. And he kind of just left. and Pissed me yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number two, Aquaman. It's been 20 years since maybe, uh, since I, or maybe since I pulled, uh, Aquaman comic prior to Rebirth, and I freaking love what DC did with this character. I love how Mera is now front and center in the storylines and what we see Arthur dealing with actually ruling a kingdom, rather than being in exile, which what he was when I was reading him as a kid. I understand Jim's frustration on how the Aquaman story seemed very repetitive The Rero was around since New 52, but to someone like me, it's a very fresh take on what used to be a lame cartoon character. I didn't expect to keep this title past three issues, but all the 11 issues that came out, I have not given a single one a score below seven. 
Cool. Judging by the ending of last issue, now again, that's that Dan Abnett 7 we were talking yep. about. Her. Judging by the ending of last issue, number 11, it seems it'll still be pulling, I'll still be pulling that book for at least another three months. Now, I will tell you, um, I really like the New 52, like I, I've always said. And if you like this, I really do suggest you get the first 25 issues of Jeff Johns, uh, because I think it is superior. Uh, but just do me a favor. Do not get Aquaman and the others. No, 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 no. Don't ever get near that. But it's funny because a lot of people I told you this week, I was we were talking about Aquaman kind of when we were arguing with people about Dan Abbott and whatnot. I am I the only one who never looked at Aquaman as a joke? Because I think I was. I never I, I always I always liked them. I always liked them and from me it was all Big fan of swimming from you the, were. it was all from the Super Friends ca- cartoon <laughs> and I know that people make fun of that. Oh look at him. This is all he did. And the whole thing was goofy. I liked everyone when they showed up and just liked it. I liked the fucking Wonder Twins back in the day. But yeah, I, I always liked Aquaman, and when Jeff Johns, it was like I was more impressed just by the story, and then I did like that everybody was giving him props, and I really did like it. But yeah, it it just is, it just seems to me just boring, and and half the issues are padded with long fights. Same, but from somebody who and, has not seen all the rest of the New Fifty Two, I could see how they're kind of enjoying this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think that if you read those first twenty five issues, the Jeff Johns issues. Boy, they were so good. Uh, number three is something, though, I believe wholeheartedly, and I know you do as well, and it's Green Lanterns. Having been familiar with Hal Jordan, John Stewart, and Guy Gardner for a long time, seeing two new human lanterns was more enjoyable than I thought it would be. Instead of having these new characters simply tag along Hal or the Justice League, which is what they did with John and Guy when they first got introduced as lanterns, the focus here is to see how these two her- heroes grow and develop on their own independent of the core and with little to no training it was a very bold approach to give two underdeveloped characters their own series but 11 issues in and we're getting a great supporting cast simon and jessica's families uh you know exactly where each character is coming from and their motivations for their sometimes bizarre actions yes the red lantern arc in the first six issues wasn't amazing but the way they're going on about the phantom ring arc is epic i'm somewhat hoping the next arc would take place off earth to see how simon and jessica cope with the actual duties of a green lantern to be an intergalactic cop now that it kind of that would kind of go Cut. spell it against, against everything yeah. they are about uh but i agree i love them and i did know about these characters before from the new 52 again and that was one of my big complaints was i was afraid people weren't going to get enough background we we do by now and Definitely. really what what you said uh about the red lantern deal i agree fully that was kind of Me i think well. just set there to kind of go and it was funny we were down on that whole story the red lantern story then we heard news that uh what's his sam humphreys have been signed exclusive and we were like, oh, man, you know what? I got yeah, not really not down with this. Yeah, you were not impressed Sam. What the hell's up with and this? And after that announcement, he's been killing it. He really <laughs> has. And I agree that this Phantom Ring arc is epic. It really is good. I'm enjoying it so much. I just Frank Leminski is such a good character. And for a new villain with two new Green Lanterns, everything is really well laid out. The and characterization is really good. You have a new ring. You have all this stuff. It's, it's new, really baby. good. It's really good. I and think we don't that, get that constant bickering that I was so yeah, pissed off yeah, about the again, first couple issues. Like we said, uh, you, obviously these issues were written ahead of time. I really do think that DC read this Phantom, you know, the Phantom Ring arc and – 
were very impressed and said, you know what, fuck it. Let's sign this guy if he wants to go with it. Now, we did say, we haven't mentioned in any of our reviews talking about this, that one of the biggest things that they said in that rebirth was that Hal Jordan came down. Listen, you're the the lanterns of Earth. You yep. two, you stop your fucking bickering. You guys are going to have to work it out. And the, the way I'm going to make you have to work it out is combine your lanterns. You're going to have to fucking deal with each other. We've never seen it happen. Uh, we, the we one saw time it Jessica, once. No, but we no, we really didn't. We saw Jessica go off to to go. They never did it together. Right? I, I don't think they ever See, showed. Jessica was infected by the rage. Yes. And uh, Kyle needed to friggin' recharge. I, or I Simon. Say that, I'm sorry, yeah, Simon. Yeah, Simon. I, I, I'm trying to remember now, but I, I think. They weren't together. I don't they, think they were together. They just, and I thought it was off panel. He's like, I got to go charge. It was never like them having to be together and charge the ring. If I'm wrong, you know, you can call me out on it. I think it happened once. I don't think they were together. Because at that point that you're talking about, that was when Jessica was still hiding and all upset and whatnot. And that's when I think it was Jessica that I thought it was Jessica that had to recharge because that was when Simon was getting the shit kicked out by Atrocitus and she had to go do, you know, her whole deal. And then all of a sudden she made a construct. No, the uh, one where she, the, there was the issue before that where Jessica was infected by the rage and they fell inside the hell tower. Yeah, I just I don't think together they were. At, I'll go back and look. I don't think they were together recharging their rings together. Uh, I don't ever remember them saying the oath together except that, like early on. I don't, and that's you would have had that with them probably going back and forth saying the oath. I do not remember that. I really don't think together that they have charged their rings where they were supposed to be forced to do that. But we'll have to see. Even so, if it was one time, uh, but that would shock me. But that is Hakimi says, sorry for the long email. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Thank you, Hakeem. Next one's Dancing Mike. Greetings, James. What's with the James this week? <laughs> ahoy, Eric, and hello, Mother. Ahoy, ahoy. Since I probably talked about my books for this week and my rant and rave, I will just drop a top six list here. Why top six? You'll see why. Here are the top six beers currently in my refrigerator in no particular order since they are all wonderful. And which one I pick just depends on my current mood and or what is left. Number six, Yingling Light Lager. And that is something that's very uh, local to me. And very. You. Uh, he la- he put Yinzer style, which is a Pittsburgh thing. And I said to him, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's more, you know, around the Philly area. And he said he knew. Uh, but his, I think it's his father-in-law uh, actually likes that. So he kind of ties that in with Pittsburgh area because he's got relatives in Pittsburgh. Uh, number five, Samuel Adams Winter Lager, Eric. Number four, Sam Adams Light. Number three, Modelo Especial. Modelo Especial. And he says, let's hear Jim's sexy Latino accent. <laughs> Modelo Especial. Uh, the next one is Kona Longboard Island Lager. Mahalo, oh, brah. You ever have that? You ever, no, ever I have no idea what that is. You ever had the long, Longboard lo- Island Lager there? Nope. Number one, the Yeehaw Pilsner. Yeehaw, and in case I, I you haven't I've heard of he says, and in case you haven't heard of the Yeehaw Brewery, and and you haven't, he says it is located <laughs> in Johnson City, Tennessee, near Bristol, and they make a good pilsner. So there's my list. The reason is the top six is because that's what I've got at the moment. After the college football games tonight, that list will probably be down at a top three or top two. <laughs> Until next week, since there's only one more episode before there is no more weird out loud. Spotlight out. Enjoy your burrito. Whoop whoop, and see you in seven. Uh, thanks, Mike. Thank you, Dancy Mike. 
The next one is Toby. Maybe I'll I'll go and get some Yeehaw Pills. I don't know where I could get that locally uh, for the the next episode for episode hundred. I don't think I could do. That I don't know. I don't know. You can go to Shangy's up there. Yeah, I'm not uh, going all the way up there. I'm just saying they got a lot of beer. All that five. Plus, I'd have to buy a goddamn whole case of it uh, because of the rules in Pennsylvania. And who knows if I'm gonna you know like it as much as Dancing Mike? Then I'm stuck with a case of yeah, beer. Tanya will drink it. No. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Toby, word up to Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Thank you for the insights on the Skull Island trailer and the news of the American Werewolf in London remake. It, I, I knew Eric was going to be salty as fuck with Max Landis. I'd also like to take the opportunity to review image books on the site. I'd promised to go balls deep on this task in the following week, or week following episode 100. Yeah, he asked me if he could do some image stuff. I said, fuck yeah, anybody. Do it up. Welcome aboard. Anyways, I wanted to give you guys a fuck, Mary kill scenario based on a recent topic in the Get Fresh crew whoop, chat and Twitter of the six main James Bond actors. Which three would you pick to fuck, marry, and kill? As I suggested in the chat, I'd love to hear you guys do a just for the hell of it on the Bond movies also, especially now that I know Jim isn't a fan. <laughs> I told him, I said, you're not going to get much from me. I'm calling it now Jim's confusion at Eric's enthusiasm for the films mixed with his trademark rage towards anything that doesn't sit well with him could make for comedy gold. I told him I saw Moonraker multiple times, and I didn't even say. I also saw For Your Eyes Only a couple times in the theater as well, though that was just to go to the theater. I, yeah. I have no connection. I really don't like James Bond movies at all. I, like I Moonraker is such never... a weird one to pick to go multiple yeah, times. No, that was because that was the one that was out when I was a kid. And it was, was sci-fi aspects. Yeah, I'd better leave it here as I made the stupid decision to rewatch those fucking horrible X-Men movies for the first time in years. I, I, do you have a fuck, Mary kill of the three uh, of the Bonds? I'm going to marry Sean Connery just so I can hang out with him and hear his voice. I'm going to fuck Timothy Dalton because he was a piece of ass back in the day. And I'm going to kill uh, Daniel Craig because I hate his goddamn movies except for a Casino Royale. So Roger Moore just sits on the sidelines like a couple. He's an old man. What's he going to do? Poor Roger Moore sitting there on the side. I'm telling you, he was mine. Uh, is there any way I'm allowed to fuck Jaws even though he wasn't a bunny? He's in there. Yeah, can you I can fuck face John? fuck him. Yeah. Oh, that would be tough. That's like the Black and Decker Pecker job. That's what he is, Eric. I'm going to be the top five. Ah, jobs. You don't <laughs> need that guy. The freaking, who else is there? Fucking Dr. No, because he always says yes. Is that That's a good tagline? No. Dr. No. He goes, do you expect me to talk? No, Jim. I expect you to fuck. And then we go. <laughs> there you go. I better leave it here as I made the stupid decision sure to rewatch. Pretty sure that's Goldfinger, though. You I don't care. About. I don't know. Next thing I know, he's fucking, you know, dipping my dick in gold. There we go. Fucking yeah. Two inches of gold. How much that's worth, Eric? I don't know. His decision to rewatch those fucking horrible X-Men movies for the first time in years, and I'm realizing the irony of my mirth at Jim's expense with the Bond films. Oh, one more thing. The reason why Eric's adorable sing-alongs with the music on the show are offbeat is because of a slight delay on Skype, Eric. That's when you sing along. Yeah. I we were I well we are well aware of that. I just have to let you know that you were off because of that. Eric is reacting to what he is hearing, which is a split second behind when it was sent. And I just thought it was cuz you're slow. A little bit of knowledge slow. for you guys. Hope you're enlightened. Yes, love and kisses on all your pink parts. Toby. Thank you. Where that's the awesome horn, Eric. That's the sure awesome is. horn for Toby. We're a little down on the sound effects tonight. We're, we're all business. All business tonight, right? 
It's been a long week of recording, so it has. It's trying it to get really done has. at this point, it seems it like really we're racing uh, against the clock. Yes, we are. The clock is ticking, and that is the last bit of mail for Mail One. But uh, what you had told me earlier, uh, obviously in the states, it was Thanksgiving, and that also includes Black Friday. What did you get on Black Friday? You told me that you got a couple things on Black Friday. What yeah, were there? I, I woke up late, and then I freaking sat in my chair, and I put one on Voodoo, and I got lights out for ten dollars, the out. shallows for ten dollars, and the new uh, Star Trek Beyond for ten dollars. Ah, uh, yes, they I were discounted, Jim. I'm like, all I right. Went. I went movies. on yes, I went on Black Friday well, got a pizza and I told you, all the money I saved. Nobody was out on Black Friday. We went and uh, we got the Ratchet and Clank for PlayStation Four at GameStop for ten dollars, which is nice. a good deal. But we also got Skyrim uh, for the PlayStation, and it was funny because my kids were trying to find a game that they could share or kind of play together, a multiplayer <laughs> deal. There isn't a lot of those anymore anyway. Uh, that you could have, you know, local multiplayer. Yeah. So they decide and tell me that they're going to share Skyrim. And I, what are you talking <laughs> about? Because they'll play games all the time, and if somebody dies, then the next person goes. Which a game like, say, one of your favorites, Mega Man, is great yeah. for that because you're always dying. Uh, Skyrim's not quite that game. And they're, they're figuring that out now. There's a lot of yelling and screaming about Skyrim. Plus, uh, I don't know if you knew, it's on the PlayStation 4, but yet it also has a lot of the mods the mods that came out but the minute that you get you know you you enable mods you cannot get trophies anymore all trophies are shut off and I there's ethan. ethan gets this and he has loaded a trillion mods uh, immediately rafe's yelling at him about this and i i even said to him, why don't you play the game the way it was supposed to be goddamn played first and then go around and fuck around with making you know randy macho man savage all the dragons and shit like that which is fun <laughs> But, you know, also I want them to fucking farm trophies for me because I got to impress the Get Fresh crew when they go and see my gamer score. But that is the mail uh, section one. We're going to go off now and start with the books, Eric. Listening to the podcast. Listen all day. I just want to hear you. Ah, yes, Eric. It is the meat and cheese part of the podcast, the sure books, is. the reviews, and thank you, Dancing Mike. Yes, we're going to have to hear Eric Shea, or else you just hear me droning on, which, you know, kind of happens That's all anyway. he wants to hear, man. That's all he wants to hear. That's all he wants to hear. But, yeah, these are going to be spoilerific reviews. As you like to say, Eric, we're going to spoil the shit out of everything. Sure will. But you could also, if you want to see our written reviews and read those, you can go to our site, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, which we do review all of those <laughs> I books. I one with a whoop whoop for some reason. The whoop whoop. The weird <laughs> side, no, that's the beep beep. Actually, here, wait, let me let me set it up. Yeah, if you want to go see uh, or read these reviews, go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. There you go. That's pretty good, right? A little toilet. <clears throat> Where we will review all of these. Eric, you do some reviews, right? 
I've heard that. I do good stuff. I hear you do. I hear that you there review you almost Take everything. <laughs> yes. yes, you do. You do. Here we go. That was the I don't know horn. Like that horn. Remember that one? This one is the nonsense horn, the bullshit horn. This is the awesome horn. They're so unique. They are very unique, right? I just right, think you're bored. <laughs> yeah, David Lee. Diamond David. You know, he thinks that they're different, right? Let's go back to the horns. I, I can't deal with Diamond David right now. <laughs> Yeah, woo, Eric, woo, bam, about. Yeah, yeah, all right. But we're going to talk about these books. Unfortunately, this week, I was very down on the books in general. That's probably going to come out you, very you quickly. Say that. I think you are the only person on the books of the week on the website. I am, but the problem is, is usually we have about seven books on the books of the week. I'm going to have two, though I did review some that won't be on this podcast. I did review the Superpowers book this morning and liked it. That'll be on the weekly deal. And Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77. And if you have any sort of interest in both of those, I would suggest picking them up. They're both very good, right, David Lee? Yeah, he knows it. He knows it, Eric. He knows what. I don't, I'm not quite sure what he knows. Uh, David, are you impressed by those those books? Yes, I am. Yeah, he is, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. Oh my goodness, David Lee Roth. I love David Lee. I love him. Right? Yeah, ooh, yeah. But we're gonna start with what we usually start this week out with. We almost switched it up. I told you that we might switch up and put Action Comics before Detective, and then I'm like, nah. I, I like sticking scared. with what. Yeah, I, I like sticking with what we know, Eric, and what we know is that Detective Comics goes first, and this is Detective Comics number nine forty-five. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, Eric. It is. Yeah, that is a really good impersonation of David Lee Roth. Uh, give it to me again. Ah! Yeah, all right, all right. Who knew I was you, so good? You calm down with that David Lee Roth impersonation. Right? You're getting a little out of hand. Detective Comics number 945, written by James Tynan IV, art by Al Baranuevo. Oh, yeah? Never, I haven't heard that Baranuevo. name before, Eric, and I, I hope that I don't ever again. Me too. Carmen Canero, Scott Hanna, Adrian, Adriano Lucas, and Marilyn... Patrizio. Oh, God! Oh, God, I'm running! Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> it just makes me laugh all the time. James Stein the Fourth continues his victim syndicate story, but instead of the syndicate, he makes it a little more personal and shows us how the detective team feel about being caught in the crossfire, Eric. Yup, it looks like Batman better hire a PR guy soon because he's quickly becoming the most hated man in Gotham. While I still feel that this story is built on a sandy foundation and the art was way off here, I'm still enjoying Detective Comics as a whole, uh, just not as much as I'd like to. Uh, like I said, I, I've already mentioned a couple times earlier, especially with Dancing Mike talking about it, I think that I might be one of the few that rate this even as high as I do. Though when I look at the reviews, there's still high reviews for it, Eric. The story just is kind of standing still at this point. I'm it thinking is, that but... James Tynan the fourth is really saying, like, okay, I have all of these characters together, and up to this point, I haven't had a lot for them to do. I better give them some individual yeah, issues actually, because this I is thought, very spoiler. I heavy. thought a little different. I thought that mo I thought that he looked, at, you know, stepped back from the story and thought, okay. 
There's people protesting Batman. He has to even himself think that that's nonsense. Especially, like I said, what we've led into. He was fighting kaiju monsters. monsters. Nobody, nobody knew, and nobody knew that it was you know Hugo Strange playing a game with him and what he's built on. And it's a baby inside Eric. It was a baby all along. It was a baby. But yeah, they don't know that. So them protesting, I'm telling you, if, I'm not a guy who likes to get involved in anything. Either I way, a, a protest or an anti-protest or whatever, a crisscross applesauce. I don't know. If I was in Gotham and people were protesting Batman, I might have to go and just you know throw some eggs at him or something. You're allowed to no, do that, no, right? I think you're just going to sit in your house and watch some TV. Yeah, but I might bitch and moan about it. How about this? I'm in Gotham. I uh, see these protests. I may mistake, mention it on a Gotham. podcast. I might, you know, have my Gotham Weekly podcast, and I might mention them. Your Gotham you know? Gazette pod? Gotham, Gotham by Midnight, it'd be called. Hey, Gotham hey. by Podcast. How about Gotham that? Gotham After Dark. Gotham by Podcast. I like that. I really do. Uh, but, yeah, I, I have an issue with that. I think that he also has this new victim syndicate and might have even said, okay, I have this idea of these guys caught in the crossfire and mad at Batman. But once they spelled out, like, to me, these characters are real people and they're talking to James Tynan. Like, he's brought them into his office. And he says to them, okay, I'm going to write a story about you guys. I really like the idea of this where you're caught in the crossfire. Tell me what happened. And as each person tells them what happens, it really doesn't involve Batman that much. So he's like, okay, this isn't going well. I've already started this goddamn story. i got to make it a little more personal. And that's what he does where you're going to get the whole thing where his quote-unquote new family here is even against him and maybe even a little more and it's 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 spearheaded by Stephanie. I just, I just really love the fact that you you're going differently in your opinions of it based on a imaginary interview that you yeah it's an interview <laughs> it, it, it's and it's weird because James Tynan started the sound he thought it was really going to be like a casting couch situation but when they showed up they're fucking hideous he's like Mug okay just tell first. me your story it really isn't that how people write these comic stories the shit is real right and they show up and he's like okay it really what happened is the vic the first the first victim sent in a uh, a fucking draft james is like this is really good i'm gonna write the first couple issues but you guys have to meet me and tell me your story once he found the story you know he was not that impressed but he's gonna I make it more i'm thinking that james Tynum we went on tinder found mudface saw the old picture of mudface went yeah. and met up with her and now we see what she looks then like then the next thing you Ooh. know he's, he's on grinder meeting the first victim because we do find out this issue that indeed the first victim is male it's a guy we were still a little confused i you know i know you're you know litmus litmus test of of what makes the woman if it doesn't have boobs it's not a woman in your yeah. mind in comics especially but i still couldn't tell I, even through the panels that first victim was was walking very sexy eric but it's you, you got, uh, one you, thing you i have to say something? what i have to say though is it was a weird beginning to me because what we did leave off with was the first victim going through a window uh, talking to Stephanie. Kind of looks like he was going to attack her, whatnot, and you open up and it has nothing to do with that. It's after the fact and Batman wants to know what happened and Stephanie isn't really giving up the goods. And you have Harper and Batman there. Harper had called Batman to say, listen. You know, the first victim came in and talked to her, you know, threatened her, whatnot. You got some shit going down over here. You better get, yeah, best get yeah. over here. And uh, Batman shows up, which is weird because, I don't know, it, things are shady, but it seemed like he was even outside the door. I then. know. Uh, so it, I'm telling you, it well, he really was outside threw me the door. off the first victim was there. This, shh. 
Yeah, yeah. Batman was, went away. Got a call later on. God he damn, went away. I gotta go back. Um, it's funny though because yeah, uh, Batman found out. He wants to know what the first victim said. And yes, yeah, Stephanie's like, "Oh, Harper, you bitch! Why'd you say anything?" She's like, "Listen, it's it's a little scary. I have to know." And it's, it's kind funny of a big deal. because they're going back and forth. You have Stephanie and Harper arguing with each other. I have to say right away, I do not like the art in this issue. I think this is probably the worst Harper's ever looked. I don't like the way. Yeah, Harper I don't like looked. the Harper in this. Uh, it's really funny though because it goes on when Batman says, "Enough, Harper, stop." Stop your arguing. Uh, and he says to Stephanie, all I want is the truth. You have to, you, I hope you have the book open and I you're do. looking at it. Is there a fan going again? Batman's cape is going fucking crazy in this panel. I don't know what this artist is trying to get at with this cape. Do you see it? He looks like he's trying. He's trying to fucking work his way against the wind to get to Stephanie's back. <laughs> yeah, he's still. Uh, he's almost there. He's a fucking mime walking against the fucking wind. He, and how long is that cape? Imagine as you see this and put the cape down on the ground. The thing is gonna. What? What is he? A f- the fucking queen? Jesus Christ! That is the worst. Pet. He needs someone to like behind him to hold his tail oh there. Oh my God! So he has a, yeah, he has fucking you know five kids following him, and they're fucking the three others ahead of him putting rose petals down. Talking about the, the worst. I'm telling you, they're talking about the art here. For some reason, I I don't like it for this book, but I don't think it's like bad just to look at. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like it? I don't like it. Like I like this the way thing Steph with the cape. So I look at her and like, no, I'm she's you, okay. That, that's kind of cool with that if it wasn't a part of this book. If it was a standalone kind of art piece, I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool looking. Well, for a comic, I don't care for it. Yeah, even – and it is more of like a uh, – I don't know if you'd call it like a uh, charcoal pencil look combined with yeah. the coloring of like a watercolor. Uh, but I don't like it. And it goes on because system, this is where Batman's like, listen, you got to tell us the truth. We don't want anybody to get hurt. And it goes on. Now, look down when he says that was all. When Stephanie says, you know what? You know, they didn't say anything. And he says that was all. That is the worst looking Batman now. He has the weirdest look on his face. I actually don't mind that panel. This, this is terrible. This book looks like shit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I, again, I like this a little you, more a than you. Panel, look at him. I don't just sitting there. He looks like the smug ass Batman. Like, is that all? Uh, but yeah, he. That almost comes off almost like an Alex Ross Batman. Yeah, I don't know. Alex Ross. Alex, I know you're not a huge fan know. there either, though. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it goes on. Actually, the whole coloring looks like a little like this. Alex Ross deal. But yeah, I, I don't like it. That doesn't even look like Batman there. It looks like somebody just put on. It doesn't even look like the cow actually fits. The, the, his pig nose sticks out from under. <laughs> It's fucking terrible. But yeah, basically Stephanie says to Batman, you know what? He's like, you know what? You know what they said? They said they were sorry. They said they were fucking sorry, Batman, for what happened because they didn't want to hurt me. You know, I'm just innocent as well. And Batman's like, is that all? And really, she's like, yeah, that was all. Batman doesn't doesn't believe her and goes off and says to Batwoman, Kate, says, hey, Get fucking Leslie Tompkins in. I want those psych evaluations. But really, he stresses it right away. Yeah. He wants them because he wants to know what else Stephanie knows. And right there, this is, you can say, it's bullshit because it really does force the issue of him being, you know, not caring. Because really, oh, no. it really points to that asshole Batman that we heard yeah, about in the it middle does, second, because the raves. He wants, yeah, he wants a psych evaluation 
because he wants more info. And yeah. this isn't that it's weird, and it really does seem to me very forced for this storyline because this is not the Batman that went to check on Stephanie after Tim died and was there for her, and both seemed to like break down together. And, and, and it's it weird just, too. It's because it seems like we're still obviously dealing with Tim's death here. Yeah. But for some reason, it feels like it's gone on way too long at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah. Like it I, it's, I don't know if it's just because the monster men like interrupted that whole. It goddamn did, thing. and I, I, just I feel think like that we was be on this at this point. Yeah, and it's weird because you do find out later, and it comes up really quickly here, is when he talks to Alfred. Batman talks to Alfred and says, "You know what? I used to know all the victims, every innocent victim that that got killed." You know, while I was doing things, I always remembered them. You know what? I don't know who this first victim is, and I don't remember a lot of them now. I, I've lost it. I, I don't. And it really, it's funny because I want to say, yeah, because there was $10 trillion, but yeah. he doesn't want to admit that anyway. These are innocent people he's talking about that ended up dying. And Alfred kind of does think that he knows at least what happened. There was a thing with the bus. That happened on his very, very first night. The thing no, that the bus was the second night. Oh, really? I thought okay, yeah, the second night. No, no, that was uh he says uh the first night was more intimate. That was the he says that was the second night, sir. The whole unfortunate affair with that city bus, the first night was more intimate. Oh he I'm sorry. Yeah, he's, he's saying that Red about, Hood I'm thing. Sorry, yeah, the yeah, Red Hood gang was night. that second night. He thinks to he My thinks mistake. he remembers it as the first. And he's like, No, 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 there was that thing with the boss. Batman, and, you just got to turn on your eidetic memory, man. Yeah, yeah. neither of them can remember, but yeah, that's when Alfred says, is this about the victims that you're thinking about, or is this more about Tim? And it just seemed weird to me, because really, in my mind, it's not about Tim at this exact moment, though no. this is why I think that he's kind of withdrawn himself a little more, he's trying to do, and also, he's trying to remember these victims, so he's not going to be very, you know, lighthearted or personal with, you know, with Stephanie, but I don't think it's, Batman it's, it's that weird. Batman about more than anybody at this point, yeah, it seems and like. It, yeah, and it's weird to think of it as him saying, oh, is this more about Tim? No, at this point, it seems like he is desperately trying to remember who these victims were, and again, if you want to twist it around and make him look like an ass, he doesn't want to remember because he feels bad. He does feel bad that he does, but he wants to remember because Batman I think he wants... so much in this issue. Yeah, he wants more hints about what he could do. Like, to me, he wants to find out so that he can use that against the goddamn first victim. It's not like he wants to help them, though I think in the end he will. Uh, it's just weird. And yeah, Batman seems off. Again, you can say that maybe he's withdrawn himself a little. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm but... telling you, it, half of it could be, too, because we see like that whole psyche battle with Clayface later on, but... The Victim Syndicate are going we, – we saw in the last issue, I think it was, where Clayface said, I can't go out and help because I'm a wanted killer. Yes. Batman can't be seen with me yeah, or whatever yeah. like that. So we have the Victim Syndicate here who are pissed off that you know bad shit happened to them in the wake of Batman, and now he's working with a killer as yeah, well. Yeah, now he's working with a killer, yeah. and if they want to go, and it's spelled out, uh, there are – Villain ties with everybody involved on the team oh, yeah. as well. And yeah, at that point, uh, Clayface basically, when Harper was yelling, you gotta help me get Stephanie out of here. She's sick. She's doing it. And you know, go in your Clayface form and help. And, and that's when Clayface said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I really can't do that. Batman said, no, because I am a wanted killer. Uh, though I'm trying to help now. And yeah, I think that's going to come back, you know, in spades where they're oh, going to see it. The, but the I do like TV the way is going to catch that. Yeah, I'm saying I do like the way it is set up here where Clayface is kind of the victim where it's not his fault with the things no. that, like, you know, he's done and like, uh, 
because it's disassociated with him because yeah. of his way his it, mind it's is funny stretched. too it's, though. it's a good explanation i i'd like though that you have the uh victim syndicate and they're all like man we were caught in your crossfire batman Yet Mudface kind of was just a victim. And, like, she's just, like, there's not a huge group forming against Clayface, so she's kind of tagging along. Like, hey, hey, you know what? I want to get involved here, too. Uh, But, yeah, in the meantime, they have called Stephanie. They've called everybody to the Belfry to to get the psych evaluation. You have a little bit beforehand where Stephanie ends up going the, uh, the route of the roof. So that she can see right where Tim died, and we get. And a I'm little, just looking at them, like, God damn, they rebuilt that really nice. Yeah, yeah. In a but fast yeah, there's still there's still some craters and shit from when he got, you know, you obliterated he a little bit more. I know. Well, yeah, they should have really fixed it more, but maybe they didn't want him. Maybe that's a little shout out. But she goes down, and that's where her and Luke meet. Which again, it's weird. I guess they haven't met. It to me. They should have met by now, but they haven't. And nope. he kind of introduces himself and just, you know, just says hi. And, yeah, Batgirl, you know, and Stephanie says, hey, Batgirl told me a little about you. Hey, I hope it was all good. You know, that sort of crazy yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Small that's when talk. he says, hey, you're supposed to be here for the shrink. Dr. Tompkins, right? And that's when Stephanie's like, you son of a bitch. She thought they were there for a meeting. Now she's being brought in for a psych evaluation. Even before that point, we find out that Luke is building some sort like kind of a yeah. um, oh, yeah, yeah, an energy yeah. shield, like big... kind of like the first victim had on in the last yep. issue. Yeah. So they could kind of com- combat against the powers of these people like Mr. Noxious and whatnot. No. But I'm looking at the items that he has on the table here. I'm like, I have no idea what you're doing. It looks like yeah. he has Red Hood shirt, for Christ's sake, to sit yeah, in there. I like that he has a vacuum cleaner, it looks like. But yeah, he does. here's where it's is. things. I don't like this because, do you see, he's upgrading everyone's suit with an individual power to uh, to go against one of the victim syndicate. So he says... He better he, pick right. That, well, here's the thing. Why not give everyone every bit of it? It's like, do you, it's just so set up so that each one will fight the next. But yeah, like you said, if all of a sudden fucking Mudface doesn't go against Clayface, switches it up because you know Clayface will get the Mudface deal. And oh, yeah. it's just, to me, it's, it's kind of weird that it's like, okay, we're going to fight these bunch of guys, but each of us is going to get a suit to fight it. Why not just get all the tech in all the suits? It really seems weird. I just don't to know me. why he has red shirts, a red hood shirt there. I don't know. What hey, is that he's shirt got for? it there. He's, he's gonna put it on and then fucking I don't know. It, hey, it's look, crazy. I got the I got the power of style. At one point, it looks like there is just a hose connected to a cape. <laughs> what the fuck is that doing? It's very weird. But yeah, I don't see cape stuff. Yeah, yeah, the cape's going to have some abilities. But yeah, Stephanie's pissed, like, oh, Jesus Christ, Batman, uh, you lied to me again. But yeah, in the meantime, Clayface is being evaluated, and this is where he tells more about Glory Griffin, Mudface, and it really is just him uh, ending up turning into Clayface and then going against everyone and causing trouble. It, it really, there's not much to it, right? No, I'm telling you, he became Clayface and this started fucking hurting people because we yeah. find out that like when he's in his normal Clayface form, he can't control himself and has no, no memory of anything that he's do- yeah. done like really in the interim. Yep, and he's afraid that this is going to lead to him, you know, kind of going against everyone. And he says, I don't know why Batman even has me around. I could hurt people. I could snap at any moment. This leads really into, again, it's another force bit to lead into what Stephanie eventually says this team is all about. Uh, 
but it's okay. I don't I mind like it. But part, I, I don't mind it. I like I like Clayface a lot in this. The funny thing is, he says that while they were meeting, uh, while he first ran into Mudface, she wanted to prove that he was a monster, so she slipped him a fucking uh, a photo, photo album. album of all the people that he hurt. I went back and looked. They didn't even get next to each other, so I know that that's hokey to go. But really, all the we even said. I was telling you about this at work. What did she do? Like fucking just submerge it into oh, his clay, and then he's like, his hip. He's like, boy, I I got a stomachache. Wait a minute, a photo album. It's so weird. Ooh, my but, greatest hits. Yeah, really, <laughs> his greatest hits. But yeah, I like this part though because I like Clayface and I like the whole thing. He's afraid that he's gonna snap. He really does want to be a good person. Uh, but this just brings to light all the shit he did. But it's starting to be like almost like a ventriloquist Scarface thing. Like, oh, when I'm this, I don't know what's going on and I can't control myself. It's okay though. But it is a forced way to to wonder it, it, why it Batman makes Clayface has a victim as well though. I yeah, like, you know, he has done terrible, terrible shit, but. It's not like, you know, him forcibly doing it on purpose. I know. It just, it seems weird. But yeah, that's when Stephanie goes and runs into Cass. They, they hug. There's nothing. Cass again, nothing to nothing do. Nothing to do. I'm telling you, next start, all about Cass. To do. Uh, but yeah, they're going to go in and talk to, uh, uh, Stephanie's going to go talk to Leslie and has the whole thing. Uh, Leslie has to say, Hey, we'll give it a college try, right? I never went to college. And then all of a sudden she's thinking of Tim sitting there. Right? I'm like, really? Are you going to say like, this? They're spooning on the couch looking at yeah, freaking yeah. like admission Looking at course. Ivy University fucking brochures. And really, could you say anything worse there, fucking <laughs> Leslie? Really? Uh, now we, we go off to uh, the holding cells. And did it throw you hey, off Eric, that there was, was more? Your... Hey, Eric, how was your father's day? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everything they say is all just bad about. Hey, Cass, uh, Cass goes in. Hey, what? Cat got your tongue? Oh, yeah. You know what? At least you're not an orphan. Ah, they're all crying. They're like, Leslie, you are the worst. Uh, but you go to the holding cells where Jacob was, and all of a sudden, you got members yeah, of his team company. there. And really, I did not know that they were down there. We've never nope. seen anybody else before. And it really seems Throw odd me to me that he did this. And the one guy has a curly Q mustache, which makes me laugh. But they're, you know, they're passing the time. It's very weird setup. I just thought that was bad art. I didn't yeah, realize it was a curly yeah, Q mustache. Curly Q mustache. And they're, they're having fun. They're playing I Spy. I Spy. <laughs> so stupid. And Why Jacob's like, here? you know what? You guys shut your fucking mouth. And he goes, hey, it's my turn. I Spy with my little eye. So Someone who just wants to talk to her father. And the one guy's like, hey, that's me. I, I, I'm wondering what these guys respond with that because they are you, legitimately you playing I Spy. That is, why What's the that? fuck did we follow him in the first place? <laughs> They're like, who is this guy? Why is he ruining our game? Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, you have uh, Kate. She's watching her father and she's like, the cut the deal. The only reason these other two guys were added was for this joke. <laughs> That's all it was for the I Spy. That's oh my all God. it was. It's so stupid. But like you said, it makes me laugh now. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you know what, uh, you know what, Colonel? You're out. We, we don't want you playing anymore. You're the worst. You're not a good I Spy player. But really, it's also funny to me because really, in where they are, looks like there's like three things. Well, they even keep, apparently they keep going back to the glass. Yeah, yeah there's like I Spy with my, uh, the glass. No, it was the glass the other seven times. I found something else. Oh, Jesus. It's like I Spy with my little eye, a fucking asshole that doesn't know how to play I Spy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the colonel. 
So stupid. But yeah, in the meantime, there Kate's there, and she's like, oh, cut the audio. Whatever. But that's where uh, Luke's there and says, you know what? Sometimes you're going to have to you know, deal with this. Uh, but we continue this very over-the-top Kate being against Luke. And it really is over the top. And she's like, you know what? You son of a bitch. You don't know what it's like. You haven't had any loss. You don't know what you're fighting for. You think it's all a joke. And I really hope that this leads to him telling her about his sister. That happened in New 52, that his sister is a vegetable because she had gotten involved with this crazy, you know, synthetic drug deal and, uh, and had the problem with it. It was, uh, it was that flash drug. I don't even remember what it was called now. Was it the flash drug? Yeah, it was. It was that same drug that we made so much fun of. Godspeed. It was. It was a funny (laughs) thing that we were making fun of that people burned up. They did it so much back. They had in Detective Comics as well. Yeah. Yep. The Icarus. Icarus, yeah, I believe it was Icarus, and that kind of was a weird tie-in. It was not a crossover, but it it kept showing up in different books, and I believe it was that, but it made her a vegetable. And I really do hope that he finally is like, you know what, I I'm I've had my problems too, you son of a bitch. Uh, but yeah, you go from there. To, What's the Icarus now? I'm thinking because Icarus users usually I thought just it was. Like burnt up. Yeah, I thought it was though. I, I thought that there was something else that yeah, whatever no, you, it was, it was something it, that was in can't. it was something in multiple books, but yeah, she ended up becoming a vegetable because of it. Now his Venom. little sister went off as like a genius and we haven't seen her in a while, but You know what it was, uh, Jim? What's it was that? that stuff in Baco the teacher was selling out to everybody. <laughs> the uh what did Reggie what does Reggie call it? The, uh, the smart ups, I don't the even smart-ums. remember. Them. I think they all had adedictomy surgeries. Adedictomy. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. But yeah, then you go to the clinic. And this book does jump around a lot. Uh, you go to you go to the clinic and there's Harper and uh, Jean-Paul. And they're kind of talking. And Jean-Paul is, is trying Jean-Paul to push religion. He's trying to push religion on Harper. And Harper basically says, listen, I'm bisexual and I have blue hair, so I can't have religion. Made me laugh. Uh, but they get attacked by the uh, the victim syndicate. Jean-Paul just immediately busts open a fucking, like, smashes open a fucking coffin, it looks like, or like, whatever. It's like the altar in the freaking, like, yeah. the, uh, the church so room of this freaking mission. And I mean, the this, art uh, here hospital. is so off to but me. Like, it and is so weird. Like, yeah. you, you fucking hid your flaming sword yep. in this cement altar. I'm like, I, I don't even know why you're here. We have characters we're not doing anything with. Why would we yep. add you of all people? I know. Uh, people, it's another one of those. I know you don't like Jean Paul Valley, but some people really do, and it's kind of that legacy thing. It is weird, but he he picks up his sword. He I know that the power of that sword seems to it 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 ignites and seems to turn him into a woman because he does not look like a man, Merrick. He looks it's, like a it's, woman. It's Doctor Barbara Minerva now. Yeah, it's very weird. It, it doesn't it look like a woman all of a sudden? I can see it. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, but yeah. Not a pretty woman, but I can No, no, I didn't say a pretty woman. I just said a woman. I know you're looking at the chest area, and you don't agree. I know I am. And really, I I could even make the argument that he has boobs. I really could. (laughs) But yeah, the the victim syndicate's there, and like, hey, you know what? Why are you so upset there, buddy? Everybody here is a victim of Batman's war. We fit right in. And, you know, it's it's more of that. But we go and have Leslie talking to Stephanie, and this is just the whole thing where Stephanie realizes, hey, you know what? I figured it out. Batman has us. Everyone here is a 
daughter. So, you know, everybody's connected to a villain, and even Clayface, he is a villain. So that's all Batman's done. He's gathered us as a team to keep an eye on us, to make sure we don't go off and deal, and all this is is to make himself feel better, and that's why he's Batman. Batman is made to make himself feel better, not to help people, because if yeah. he wanted to help people, he could give out, you know, he could be on the, the fucking soup kitchen line or whatever, and this is where, it is funny, I said to you, because they are really in an interrogation room, because Batman's watching, and she goes, hey, you know what? I see we're in the right room for this. I know more about you than about the shit. And she says, Echo 453 Epsilon. And it seems like the, the window, that there is a one-way window behind them the, the whole is, time. I don't even know if it's a window because he seems to be right there anyway. I, I, like, like, the he, wall he seems to be. It it's weird. Like. There looks, because you look when they're talking, oh, there is that. a two-way window, you know, a one-way window. Yeah. And she says this, and it just kind of makes the whole thing disappear. And even then you see it, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And really to me, this is just the setup for the ending because you have to see, oh, you know what? Stephanie knows all about the tech in the, in this whole place and the belfry. I guess Tim told her, but really, this is the craziest thing. Just, what? It, why would they the case, make this? Why, why bring Luke Fox in it all if she knows all this I shit know, already? And why, why would you? Tim's making stuff up and he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to make a bullet train under Gotham. But in the meantime, I think I'm going to make this room that's an interrogation room. And if you say Echo 453 Epsilon, the wall disappears. Because really, Really in there it looks like an office it's so stupid it's because batman doesn't like doors he just he's in there and then when he wants to go out he just says that it disappears and he comes out but yeah batman's there in again the weirdest art it looks like he's got a robe on that the whole cape is like surrounding him completely but he's like oh come on stephanie and and that's where she goes off and says listen i don't absolve you of what happened to tim the, the victim syndicate, they're right. You don't care about shit. You only care about yourself. And she is going off. And this is where I said, where uh, we earlier they were saying in the rant raves that Batman, I think it was Dirty Drew, right? Where Dirty Drew said, oh, and Batman was trying to, you know, plead his No, he's not pleading his case. He's just standing there. And yeah. she is going off. And again, if you want to think he is a good guy, he is doing this. To let her get this off her chest. He's letting her, you know, lash out at him uh, and is just taking it. I can go with that a bit. But what she says is true. It really is true. Yeah, I'm on Stephanie's side. With yeah, this I one. am too. I am too. And, and Batman better prove something good. And this, I, I would believe, at one point I thought, yeah, he's going to take care of this victim syndicate. I believe that, you know, in the end, he's definitely not going to kill those guys. I really don't think that would make him look worse. I Why think the he's going to he kill somebody. I think, well, I'm saying just even hurt them at all. I think that he is going to, well, actually, you want to talk about it. We talk later. We didn't even mention it. Batman Beyond, he kind of lets somebody die or thinks he did. So kinda. I think his code is out. He fucking That's Joker. 20 years from now. Yeah. He, he's a, he's a grimmer guy. I just, I don't think he's going to do anything against the victim did syndicate. You see all, at all that snow, man? Who likes the snow? Yeah, he's really, in a bad mood. Really? But, uh, I think that he is going to get to the point where he's going to unmask or at least make people think that to try to you know make everybody feel better but in the you meantime mean he's gonna pull a clay face no yeah, maybe it will be clay face no i think he's gonna actually get close to it and then you know they'll stop him. stephanie will stop him and they, whatever happens i'm later. telling you but, it, that better not happen like if he does unmask or anything like that because 
everybody in this fucking book is losing their secret identities. If the freaking yeah, yeah. syndicate look in anything, they, they're hanging out with Cassie without her mask. Okay, that's, yeah. that's that girl's spoiler. Oh, Jean-Paul, you got a flaming thing. I guess you're that yeah, guy. Yeah, and, and, and at that point, spoiler was just in, uh, you know, a bed in the clinic with I'm no saying. fucking mask. Yeah, that, that was easily able to see that. But yeah, uh, Luke comes in and says, hey, everybody's fucking, you know, they're they're attacking the clinic. It kind of puts all this to rest for a second. Batman says, hey, we're going to go off. Uh, you're, you're grounded, Stephanie. You're not to come. We want you here. You're not ready to go back into the fight. Uh, they go I off. I kaiju monsters, you motherfucker. Yeah, I know. It's so weird. It, it really is. That whole Night of the Monster Man, you kind of have to just think that it didn't happen because it's just can, nonsense. Can I think that, please? I wish I could. Uh, but yeah, they go off, and the big thing is then Stephanie goes in, starts pressing some buttons, walks in the room and says, I know you're here. We need to talk. All right, where are you? Whatever. And there's Tim. She's He's right there behind her. Obviously, it is it's, an it's, AI. It's a mud uh, construct. She walks yeah, into yeah, the mud it's the room. mud deal. And But it does have his AI in. So I do think she's going to be able to talk and, you know, go with that. And in the meantime, she spells it out that she knows how to use all this stuff by that room. So this is all. But I did see. I told you. I was waiting for people to get confused by this. And people were immediately confused. I saw a couple of reviews that were like, oh, my God, you know, Tim's back. and all. <laughs> No, he isn't. He isn't. Like you said, it's the mud rope. It's all a bunch of nonsense. But it does have his AI. Like I said, I think that she can talk to him. And I really do think that this mud room version of Tim is going to talk her down and tell her exactly what Batman's oh, all about. Oh, I think so as well. Yeah, that's what it seems to be. Give Tim's um, perspective on Batman, whether yep. he let him die or not, you know, how Tim yeah. would see the whole thing and, you know, talk her out of this whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I believe that's what it's going to be. Because more than okay. anything, Tim wanted to be with Batman. Batman yeah, he was did. his hero. He looks yep. up to him, yeah. no matter all this shit that happened with Death of the Family and all the other stuff leading up to the story. Yeah, and got. it's it's going to have to be one of those things where Stephanie's like, but, but you... You know, he got you in this and all this, and he will explain. No, no, no. Because really, of all of them, like you just said, he's the one that forced himself into it. Yeah. And and really, that that was his hero. And it's the life he chose. Yeah. Even like we had the whole thing in Batman and Robin Eternal where they were losing, you know, faith in Batman. And Batman yeah. was gone and all this stuff. But in the end, they ended up realizing that, you know, Batman loved them and they loved him and all that. This kind of is almost that story again. Even though he kind of fucked up again. and got Harper's mother killed. Yeah, yeah, he did. You know, he's a man who likes to stick to his gun, Derek. He's not going <laughs> to pull away. He was playing a long con, and it was a very dangerous game he played. It kind of bit, uh, it didn't bite him in the ass. It bit Harper's whole family and her whole goddamn life. Like, there also is, if you really want to go back to that, though, I don't think they're really want to mention all this. She, Stephanie could have brought this up. Stephanie knows all about that. So the whole thing about the team means one thing, but he, she could say, look, there's Harper, one of my best friends. Her whole fucking family was ruined because of this guy. And then he kind of ditched her for a while. You yeah. know, supposedly he was keeping an eye on her, but, you know, Can't even remember the fucking first victim. Yeah, really. Yeah, really. But uh, I didn't like the art, but I did like the personal part of the story. I think that the Stephanie Brown part is great. And I think that is, to me, that hits harder than these protests. It hits harder than, if you remember... It's weird because 
uh, Dr. Tompkins at the beginning was the one who first brought this up. Jesus Christ, you bring all these fucking oh, yeah. teens in here. And blah. She's kind of gone away from that. I think Petman might have fucking threatened her with a backhand or something <laughs> because she's not saying it, though. That was What'd like, you really, say, Leslie? Yeah, really. You want to say that again? She's there. You know, you better listen. You know, now she's got a black eye. But yeah, that was early on. That was like the first hint of this, but she's kind of fucking, I don't know. She's keeping quiet. Uh, but yeah, I really like that it's something more. If this was just the, the victim syndicate and these protests, I would have been like, yeah, you know what? We do see this all the time. Uh, but yeah, this being personal and really, I think Stephanie, if, if Tim doesn't talk her down, if the mudroom Tim doesn't talk her down and the rest of the team starts realizing what she said, I think they might agree with her as well and say, you know what, Batman, why did you get us together? Which, of course, would lead to Batman giving a fucking Independence Day speech about how great they are and that he thought that they were more than their, you know, their parents and their heritage and stuff like that. But we'll see. But I gave it a 7 out of 10. I didn't like the art. I'm I'm thinking that I should have probably went down to a 6. But when I read it, I did like the Stephanie part, and I think that kind of threw me over the, the top there. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, uh, I'm just kind of bored with this story already. We have this whole victim syndicate thing, and we're still dealing with Tim's death. I, I'm just kind of over all this for some reason. I just don't like the characters of victim syndicate, and I didn't yeah. care for the art, really, like, you know, as a comic book. You know, I told yeah. you, I like the individual panels that look at them. Not as a comic, but uh, I I still do like the Stephanie Brown stuff, even though yeah. I do think it's a little overplayed right here. Like, they're, they're throwing everything they have with this issue with it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'd give it like a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. And the there weird are thing decent is, aspects yeah. to it that I do enjoy. Well, as you were talking, I even thought that it is funny what you said because it's almost like James Tynan also is like, boy, this victim syndicate's pretty thin. I better yeah. get another reason because we get nothing really with them at all. No, we're we're not learning show, more hey, about I, I'm them. I'm in a hospital. I deserve yeah, to be here. Yeah, they are pretty one-dimensional so far. And even the whole thing with their, you know, Batman better unmask before we're going to do this. You don't really have any tension to that because you don't even, to me, I don't even know how much time has passed. You yeah. know what I mean? This could be... Two hours later, and yeah, but they had spelled it out each night almost. I think it was. If he didn't do it, they were going to do more and more. But I don't really get a sense of any tension whatsoever with that part of the story. But I did really like the Stephanie part. But uh, we're going to move on to the next book, which seemed to be one long battle. Oh, my God. Action Comics number 968, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Tyler Kirkham, Ulysses Ariola, and Rob Lee. Superman and Lex Luthor have to fight off the God Slayer Lacal and his boy Zade in this issue, and really, nothing much else happens. No. I really think that when Dan Jurgens took over Action Comics, he took the title to heart, because while we have all of these answers waiting for us, like the, uh, <laughs> all these answers uh, we want from the questions that he's given us, I can't even read now. He's waiting for Oh my god, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all he's given us is action upon action upon action. Yeah. That's it. He is. It really is. Uh, I did laugh at the beginning. It's like, who could be more of a piece of shit? There's the battle going on between this and this fucking company that's having Superman tours where you get in the goddamn fucking chopper and head off. And they went out and they didn't see Superman. It's such a weird beginning. And also, it's funny because at this point then, they're arguing back and forth. Hey, I didn't, my kid wanted to see Superman. And the guy's like, hey, you signed the waiver, sir. You know that we might not see. And in that meantime, is it Zane? That, that the guy, the, the bad guy, yeah, him and Superman, Zade, yeah, they come crashing down, destroy this goddamn helicopter, and the guy's all, oh man, I'm gonna get fired now. 
Well, why are you going to get fired? Why this are you getting how, fired? This is how freaking James Gordon's been like uh, filling up his income because he had a side job as a helicopter pilot. Yeah, really, it does look like him. Doesn't it's like I got to slip off to Metropolis <laughs> and work the fucking night shift on the chopper duty. But yeah, I'd like that. It's just you know there there's problems like Superman. You go up in this thing. The whole helicopter's based on seeing Superman. Either it's or any kind of super, fucking yeah. any kind of super. You go up. There is a good chance that if you do see them, they are. Going to be fighting something and you're going to die. It's, yeah, Superman comes down and crashes. In the meantime, this one guy's just yelling as Superman is getting the shit kicked out of him. It's like, hey there, buddy, you you want to sign an autograph? Because <laughs> you are a fucking him. idiot. I, I, I can't tell if he's a great father or a piece of shit. I father. don't know. He, he just wants to make his boy happy. Yeah, but he's like, hey, how about a picture? You want to get a picture taken with you? The kid's yelling, yeah, there is explosions going around him. And really, at one point, they are diving for their lives out of the way of his <laughs> and then they just get up and start yelling shit with the choppers burning right next to him. Poor James Gordon there. He's all upset. He said, I'm so fired. Why would you be fired? This is nothing that you did. You landed your goddamn helicopter and it got destroyed by Superman fighting a fucking, you know, a world, you know, universal bounty hunter type destroyer. Fucking it's nonsense. funny. I, I can't remember who I, I was talking to this week about this issue where I was saying it's. Uh, oh no, I was talking to freaking uh, Ben from the Nerd Church, I believe. Okay. And I was talking about this, and I was saying, "Oh yeah, the Apocalypticians." I'm like, you know what? I might have jumped the gun because yeah. we've never actually seen a boom tube. We just know that they're no. trying to stop and, and the god of the Apocalypse yeah, before I, it becomes an annihilator. I agree with you, and I actually stopped before I was almost saying that. Yeah, maybe I don't think. think I think they are just universal you know universal soldiers Sarah. they're just you know kind of like bounty hunters but more like time cop bounty hunter type deals that stop things before i don't know that they're apocalyptic i've been calling apocalyptians this yeah, whole so time have I. just because i keep seeing apocalypse and these yeah. visions and now and even at that one point uh kind of used like a teleportation it, yeah, it doesn't seem tube. to be a boom tube uh i will tell you right away that this issue, if you are reading the uh, Civil War II event, you're going to get a bit of that here because that's all this is a setup for is that they think these two guys have oh, seen the future. Oh, you know what? I didn't make that together. Yeah, they seem, together and it's exact. They, they've yeah. seen the future, and Lex is going to destroy the universe pretty much or at least go through at least Earth, Apocalypse. He's going yeah, to destroy everything, many worlds. and he's going to be worse than Darkseid. And it is one of those where now you get that Superman has to defend the guy that he really thought was bad. I like that concept that he's like, you know what? I've been waiting for something to show up to show me this is a bad guy. But you know what? I can't go with this. Everybody I, I can change. You, I hate to jump the gun and jump to the end. though. My, one of my favorite parts of this issue, though, is after Lex was taken and yeah. Superman is left there with, with Lois Clark. and the human Clark. And yep. human Clark is saying, look. If this is going to happen, this is the whole thing where if you can go back in time and kill baby Hitler before it happens, yep. why wouldn't you? Which is a, funny. You know, That's an exact line in Civil War II. Oh, my as God. Well. It is. They, they talked about that, that as well. Uh, it is pretty much Civil War II. I, I said to Brandon, you read in Action Comics? He's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's Civil War II. He's like, yep, it is, because that's <laughs> what it's leading to. And, and it looks like at some point there's going to be like a quote-unquote a trial, and I do think it's going to be more of that about – can what, you what, is, say is that he's going to do this? Cl uh, Clint Barton, then? Yeah, yeah, really. Can you can you say that he's going to do this evil in the future when things can change? And really, at this point, you really 
they really have done an okay job of showing you that Lex is not down with this. He really doesn't want it. He's only yes, he wants to be Superman to get praised. He yeah. wants to be Superman for people to adore him. He wants to, he wants be, to be, be it because he's human and yeah. he doesn't want an alien to do it. But he's not doing it at least at this point for quote unquote universal power to take over planets or destroy it seem them. Like any kind of real malicious thing yeah. like behind it. Yeah, and I do like the fact that you have a guy, this pre-Flashpoint Superman, that has been looking for anything that he does wrong and has to defend him because of that. But in the meantime, it's just going to be a big fight. They're going to have a fight between them. Yeah, this issue them. is Superman fighting Zade yep. and Lex Luthor fighting Lacal. And, and, and one of the big uh, things is Zade does something to Superman that makes him vulnerable. He, he lessens his power, and it's a weird way... That it goes, but it does start right away where then Superman, he, Zade does something and then Superman gives him a heat blast and he's like, whoo, not so hot. <laughs> I was like, what are you and playing with here? I'm telling you though, that's, that's another problem with this book though, because we have this big fight where, and we're like, okay, come on, man, give us some answers to all these questions yeah. that you've laid out for and us. And now you have one more. And like, okay, now we had a big fight. And another question, why is Superman not as powerful? Is it magic like Lois just throws out yeah, there? Yeah, she What's thinks going it on? might be magic. I think it's just, you know, some tech. Obviously, these guys are, you know, they're loaded yeah, with tech. Yeah, they've come across from, Kryptonians yeah, before somehow. Yeah. I, don't think, and again, I don't understand I don't why even they would have come across that, yeah. Kryptonians that are powered. But well, yeah. But again, if they can see the – if they look into the future to see these, I don't know that they can't look into the past. And this is something that – not that they actually used all the time, but they have known to be – you know, they can see – I don't know. But this whole time-traveling nonsense kind of throws things out. That's kind of magic itself. But yeah, yeah. in the meantime, you have Lacall, the God Slayer, who is going against Lex. And really, to to me, they have just popped on the scene. They know that – Clark, you know, Superman is there, so maybe they did, like, grab tech based on that because they have Zade fighting Superman, kind of getting his power lesson while a call, you know, accuses Lex of what's going on and kind of fights him. And beats uh, the I shit out of him. Yeah, and does that beat the shit. That apocalyptic armor is fucking useless. Yeah, it is. At, well, at one point it blocks the, the, uh, the goddamn sword. But then at one point he and and he blocks it by almost having a Mister Freeze type dome that yeah, that yeah. goes this energy in. Energy fucking dome. But then later, Lacall slams Lex into a fucking side of a building. Lex should be dead. He, you actually see the impact to his head. There is no way he's surviving. It's just Lex. But yeah, uh, that's when he shows because then Lex is about to shoot him and Lacall kind of teleports away. And it's See, funny is, because I don't, I don't know if it's a teleport, a phasing, a disappearing. Well, he act, phases, like it, but he completely disappears. Lex like, thinks he's gone. And like, I, I'm telling you, even in my review, I'm like, he either teleports, phases, or goes invisible, or all three. Well, he kind of he kind of does it. He says move. And he kind of so I think it might be a slight teleport because he does end up behind Lex oh, in yeah, the it's air. Weird. But it's weird to me he this great grasp on what he's actually well, doing. Here. I'm telling you, this is another one that's like Bloodsport and, and Ray Jackson. When when Lacall disappears <laughs> after <laughs> what you've seen, he is on a rooftop with Clark and Lois. Motherfucker, grab those two and get the fuck out of there. Don't just stand there talking about you know yeah. Mr. Calm Lex like. Who, you know, he referred, referred to some sort of future scenario that can't possibly be accurate. He's saying oh, this God, as Lacall forms again and hits him in the back. Hey, get the fuck out of there. You, you don't, you know, even he, like you said, you don't know if it's teleport or whatever. All Lex saw is the guy disappeared. I would assume in, in this comic book deal 
that he is going to reappear in, in a different spot. And yes, he's going to try to go behind some reason, me. I'm, if I just didn't want to go with teleportation, but for some reason in my mind, he faces through the blast that Lex threw at him. And then sneaks around. I think it's more like, boop, boop, boop. He's tiptoeing <laughs> around them as Lex is just fucking talking. Uh, but yeah, he hits him then. Lex goes down. And that's where you get more of the continuation of uh zayd and superman fighting and really i think that zayd has this crazy purple uh you know crazy fist deal going and and he has the energy in the middle that whatever that is that's what you know had the problem that's what caused the issue but in the meantime as superman has less powers and zayd's making fun of him little johnny he gets in a fucking you know truck a fucking semi and, and rams I'm right in the Zade. I'm telling you, this stops Zade for a while, puts him out, whatever. For some reason, I have I don't think this would hurt Zade as much as it did. Yeah, I know. It, it I, seems I, to put him out a little too much. But I, I maybe because he wasn't weakened, waiting for it, he Superman didn't know. Is, maybe because him and Superman just flew through a goddamn helicopter yeah, and yeah. exploded. Oh, I know. I, and, and even just Superman beating the shit of him. I don't care yeah. if he's fully powered or not. At one point he was, and they were just beating the shit of him. Maybe it pinned him a little more. I, I actually, don't know. I tell you, when, uh, when John hit him with the truck, uh, like he drove the truck into him, I actually got angry and a little scared. I'm like, John, get the fuck out of there. Dad yeah. said, stay behind. Yeah. Do not get into this guy. John gives fight. him the thumbs up. Big smile on his face. I, I think Superman, if anything, should say, listen, say no game, son. Let's get going. But yeah, it's funny because I completely forgot that Lois was on that rooftop. I, yep. We even saw her a couple times when he says, I appreciate the help, John, but we have to go. And then John's like, why now? Now? Why? I'd be what do you mean? Why now? There's this shit guy who's beating down. the shit out of me. Shit is everywhere. Is on fire. We got to go. And he's like, "Mom needs us." For some reason, my whole thing went back to her laying in the fucking in the middle of the forest, <laughs> drunk. I'm like, she doesn't need you right now. She's drunk. But uh, yeah, she's she over there. She needs some aspirin and some water right now. But even then, John's like, "But I just drove a truck into that ugly guy over there. I'm pretty sure he's not getting up anytime soon." Like, no. And Superman's figured it out that this whole thing with him was just a setup because something else is going on with LaCall. Yeah, it's a distraction. Yeah, and it is. It is with uh, Lex. Uh, but yeah, go on with that because I'm going to take a drink because I'm about to cough. So freaking Superman takes John, sits on the opposite side of the building and goes over to freaking LaCall and tries to stop him and he gets a knife stabbed right into his goddamn shoulders. Like, okay, yep. see, you're weakened now. I'm going to show you why I'm doing this. Check out my magic balls that predict the future. Yep. Look, Lex is a tyrant. He deserves to die. We need to stop this before yep. it happens. But I'm Superman and I think that we can stop the future. It's Many timelines yeah. can happen. And he blah, says blah, visions, blah. Of, uh, visions of a possible future aren't enough to and this is, again, it's Civil War 2. It's the whole I'm thing. Like, you, you can't you go by these that visions. Because I'm not reading that event, it makes me angrier. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is that. And in the meantime, John's there watching. Everybody's fucking hitting each other or whatever. And uh, it's this funny is, this, because it, this is my first favorite part of the book, though. Because yeah. we had this big old fight and freaking LaCall and Superman are going toe to toe. And LaCall gets Superman by the neck and is about to kill him. And John stops and says, yeah. please don't hurt him. He's my father. And I'm like, okay, we finally get some goddamn emotion out of this book because yeah, LaCall, yeah. I guess, is honorable, not a monster or well, whatever. Well, it's even, even, it, it really set it up right before there because LaCall says, listen, this fucking piece of shit Lex destroys worlds. There's families on those. These families are going to die. Yeah. You know, that's what we're all about. And that's where John steps in. And, and really, if you really want to think about it, 
They're not there for Superman. Superman no. has done nothing. He is just there defending Lex. He, he's so a guy really who happens for, to be wearing the same symbol yeah, as yeah. the guy. Yeah, and they hate. said, what are you, one of his you know, followers or whatever? But he really isn't. He's not the problem, but he's yet they have to get through him. And, yeah, when John says this now, in the meantime, there is a little thing, too, where the new Clark Kent sees the cape and it does that, and then later on, obviously, sees John. And I think that's going to be the turn later when uh, when this Clark goes bad, Eric, and he's going to cause some troubles. He's uh, going to go after his son. We've already that's what, learned yeah. that's not a good idea. Yeah, and well, now he knows what's going on, and he knows the son and all that, and he's going to put things together. And, yeah, I think this Clark is well on his way to becoming the villain of the book. I don't think Are you telling me that all be... doppelgangers turn evil eventually? Yes, and that's what happens. They all do. But we'll see. But, yeah, at this point where you have they, – they're about to kill – LaCalle's about to, you know, doing Superman, but he stops because of John. They grab Lex and off they go. They disappear. And, again, it's, it doesn't look like a boom tube. But no. at this point, you have to say they are teleporting. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. just turning invisible and walking and, away. They are mind, going I'm somewhere. You, I still think they're going to Apocalypse. Yeah, I, I do too. I actually think they are. But yeah, it doesn't seem to be boom tube technology. It is something else that they're doing. But yeah, there's Superman. He wants to go. He's like, we can't let this happen. And that's where this Clark Kent's like, no, no, you know what? You've been looking to find shit yeah. about him this whole time, which is weird. It's, it, that is a weird thing. But he did say that he at did, the beginning of this. Conference, yeah. yeah, where he said all that. So he has been doing that. So Clark says, you know, the, the new Clark says, just let him die. It's like, it's like fucking, you know, Hitler. If Hitler was a baby, they took him, you'd let him go. You wouldn't do anything knowing what he'll do. It's just and not Superman's I, I really thing. Liked, I really like this final page, though, where Superman is sitting there thinking as Clark is yeah. kind of yelling at yeah. him about yeah, he's this. Just like, yelling. This is kind of a cool aspect because he doesn't like Lex. And then you also have this human Clark here who's kind of giving Superman shit about his ethics. I'm and like, again, yeah. And I think, though, that this is to really point out, you know what? Uh, I get it now. This is not Superman, this new Clark. This is not yeah. anywhere near Superman because that is not something oh, not that Superman would be into. Uh, and he is now going to be forced to go and save Lex, which, again, is not what the pre-Flashpoint Superman ever would have thought he was going to do. But, Not only uh, save know, Lex, but save a Lex who wants to call himself Superman. Yeah, yeah, and, but it is the right thing to do. Yeah. It really is. Lex is not... I'm really glad that they have never, even in an aside, show that Lex is up to no good. You know what I'm saying? Since Rebirth started, they've really been straight and narrow with Lex that he has... You know, again, he's always going to be selfish. Uh, but he is not evil. He is not no. doing what he's doing because he wants to, you know, take over the world. He wants to do this. He wants to do that. He is Doesn't doing. Doesn't want to kill Superman. No, and he is kind. Of, like I said, he's doing things kind of selfish. He's forcing his way, even at the end, where how he got the cape was fucked up the way he I did like that it. So much. I did too. But uh, yeah, he bought. If people didn't know, at the end of the New Fifty Two, he bought the Daily Planet just to be able to own that goddamn cape, the Superman yeah. cape from from the New Fifty Two Superman who died. But yet he wanted to do that. At that point, that was a great issue. I think that was what fifty one. 50 or 51 because uh, they, they got switched. Up. I want to say that the was Justice 52. League book. Yeah, it might have been Justice League uh, 52. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't 50. That was the other big one. But it might have been Justice League 52 where at that point, even though he really, you realized, nope, he really wants to be the hero. He wants to be Superman. He wants to be this thing. And I really like it. And yeah, that's why this kind of plays out well because 
I do like Lex, and I want more of Lex as Superman, so obviously I want the pre-Flashpoint Superman to go and save him, and we'll see, and obviously he will, but we'll see what goes on. Again, I think it's going to be one of those that at the end of this, Superman's going to do something to Lex that you're going to be like, oh no, the fucking here we go, that everything is set in motion because of that, like they're going to have a misunderstanding or something, and you would be like, okay, that could lead Lex to being a bad guy, we'll see, I like Lex as a bad guy, but I also like him here as a good guy as well. I actually really like Lex as a good guy, I like this whole term the New 52 did for the character, and here's the thing though. I like this better because the New 52 did not take advantage of it. He just kept, he was on the Justice League, but it just always was kind of on the side. And even then, his best, the best parts of Lex on the Justice League was when Superman lost his powers and (laughs) Lex was there to remind him every issue that had happened. It was the greatest. (laughs) But yeah, uh, I, it, this issue itself is just a lot of, you know, I'm fighting. Tell, I, am get, I am so actioned out, uh, like fight scenes yeah. out from the Doomsday arc that we started with, yeah. that when I read this issue, I'm like, God damn it, why are we yeah, going it did back feel, to this? It felt so much like that Doomsday whole arc. It really did. Uh, the, the, you, best par- the best parts of this issue to me are the emotion we get from John yelling out, yeah, no, he's my I like dad. I, did, yep, I don't know why I just have daddy issues, and I really grabbed a hold of this, but I love that. And I love the end with freaking human Clark Kent yelling yeah. at Superman. And about again, what he's I do. like you said too. I really like the idea that when John does that, you get you do get the idea that Lacall does have some honor to him. Yeah. He is not, and really, what he thinks almost in a weird way is like what we like about Lex. He thinks he's doing the right thing. He really he's does. A good guy. I mean, he's going to he Lacall has his own story, man. Yeah, he's a universal good guy, really. And if what happens in the future. Is supposed to be he is going to legitimately save trillions of lives doing okay. this he thinks he's in the right and obviously has done this over and over again it just happens that he's this in this book he shows one, up he is you know Two like we said retirement. freedom fighter versus fucking terrorist where however I, you look at I'm it you can go the other La- way jim i'm worried about lacar though because he is two weeks from retirement that means you're dead He's yeah. going to be dead. Actually, I hope – I actually, after this, I hope Lacall lives, uh, but I hope that he sees the error of his ways and goes off to right his wrongs there. That's the worst part. Actually, the thing is, if Lacall, like, uh, at the end, after everything's done, I think Lex might kill Lacall, like, you yeah. know, because he feels himself justified to do he so, might. which is going to appall Superman. Yeah, yeah, and we'll start – maybe that's what starts the the uh, the trigger effect down the line, you know, but we'll I- see. Uh, I what'd you give art, I love the art throughout this goddamn issue. Yeah, I love so this. I. I love it whenever Tyler Kirkham's on this book. So I give I. it a six point five out of ten though. Yeah, I'd probably give it the same six point five. I hope that this does lead into something very interesting. It it does end with me interested going forward still. Me as well. I just need more uh answers and I just need scene. an issue. I mean, this is one where there's a lot of issues where we'll say, Oh man, you know what? They just stood around talking and whatnot. This might need it in this one. You know, <laughs> if they go off to find these guys, you know, he goes to find Lex and they have a whole sit down with Lex and somehow they find out about Clark. I don't know. I'd like it, but I am interested to see what's going on because I love Lex. I love Lex as Superman. So I Me hope too. that that continues on. But yeah, I'd give it a six five. But we're going to move on to another book that was supposed to be a conclusion, Eric. I don't know what it was concluding, yeah. but we'll, we'll see uh, right now. Wonder Woman number 11, written by Greg Rucka with art by Liam Sharp, Laura Martin, and Jody Wynn. 
It's the conclusion to the lie story, and I can't help feel like it's just the beginning. We see some weird-ass shit between Sasha, Bordeaux being a robot, and the Themyscira we've all known being a lie the whole time. Does it all make sense? I don't know, but I guess we'll find out because it looks like the lie's conclusion or not are just starting. Yeah, uh, this is the problem. It, the biggest problem is, is that it is saying conclusion. You are at the sixth issue of this arc and usually that means, you know, a trade. That means some sort of conclusion. I know that... It means it's time uh, to move on. Yeah, I know that, Greg Ruck. I know that um, this was not going to end the story. There's too much going on. What the conclusion to me was going to be, exactly what it says at the beginning, the conclusion of the lies. Like, all, really, at the end of this, all I needed to know was who was lying. Who's lying, Eric? Uh, you because are. That's, all the yeah, time. Who, who's zooming who? I, I just needed to know something about that. Like, oh my God, it's been this person, it's that person, it's Aries, it's this, it's me. Like, you know, even if it was the that scope here, you know, like yeah, I'm yeah. telling you, by the end of this, like I'm telling you, I was not a fan of this series right off the bat just because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Yep. As it progressed, I'm like, okay, I'm getting this. I, I know what's going on. I'm not a dummy anymore. I like this. Yes. I'm back to square one right now. Yeah, well, it really, if this issue came right and now obviously it uh, it couldn't transition right into it but this is very reminiscent if i said to you which issue does this or which you know chapter whatnot this reminds you of it has to be the rebirth number one the, the oh, rebirth yeah. special uh it really felt like the start of the series and we have gotten some stuff but it, it's almost like the problem is i really like that that rebirth number one special and as it went on i tried to convince you of how good it, it was angry and then you gradually started liking it more and more where i kind of leveled off a bit and so <laughs> and when this like happens a little bit less this happens all the time now i will tell you the last issue of the lies i gave a 5.1 may not have been fully accurate i was kind of pissed off and you know that's how we roll here if i get mad at you it goes down a little but it still was the point where the book gets punished yeah really the book and everyone listening uh the the problem though is I he did that I didn't think it was a nine point five you know what I'm saying I right, didn't right. like it as much it started but the issue is is now we're at a point where almost the stuff that made you really like it kind of is lessened a little like we say this a lot where you have like this story now this story could turn around it, even issue twenty all of a sudden boom you get this huge issue and everything falls into place and then everything feels better. Uh, right now, though, this almost makes it seem, I think you even told me this after we were talking about it at work, that it almost gives, like, almost slaps you in the face and makes you think, like, oh, nothing mattered. Everything nope. up to this point makes, you know, is, is bullshit. And it kind of does. I've been reading one over five way. years now and, uh, oh, for five boy. years. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It, even especially to <laughs> me, even that, not even just that, but just this rebirth, it almost makes it like, like, Greg Rucka might be laughing at everybody, like, oh, you know what? You thought you were going to get a conclusion. Nope, this is just the beginning. And the problem with all of this is I kind of like the beginning as well. Like, I like where it, it is intriguing me what's going on, but even that, you're not getting a lot. And well, it's, it's funny, too, because it seems like a lot of the Azarello stuff is being washed away to a degree. Yeah. Um, with this series continuing, I mean, with this arc, it's not the arc, but with the story continuing the way it is, I'm starting to get the idea that it's going to be a lot like Azarello's run, where it just seems like yeah. one continuous story broken into get, arcs for a trade. Yep. I even mentioned that when I was on with Nerd Church talking. Oh, did you? That, yeah, that this 
that, yeah, because you didn't listen, Eric. You heard that we all did good stuff that night. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree. I think that anything that you get from this issue was nothing. You know, you do get stuff, but the main thing that I got was that I'm like, oh, Greg Ruck is playing this game now. This yeah. is what it's going to be. We're going to get another 35, you know, issue arc because really that Azarello, it was a, you know, they, it's a long form story. I, yeah, right. I think in a lot of times it's the long con, Eric, that, uh, the thing though, and what happens is a lot of people love Greg Rucka. A lot of people are like, this is their Wonder Woman writer. They, they love him. I don't have that level of, uh, familiarity or trust with Greg Rucka to say, no, I. okay, I see what he's doing or I'll trust him. I need something. I need something. And really, oh, me to a me, bone, Greg. Yeah. And, and to me, a lot of these people, like we, we, you have a three issue rule. If you read three issues and don't like them, you will drop a book. Though I, I've called bullshit on that last week, but All right, well, I'm telling you that. But, when was the last time I got to drop a book after three issues? Well, we don't, we don't ever get to. Yeah. That's our burden. Uh, but no, if, you, I think that actually your rule would be if you're grabbing a book that isn't your like quote unquote Eric's book. You know what I'm yeah. saying? If the, you know Blue Beetle, you might give a little extra. World's well, fine, as you gave forever. But if people are dr- a lot of people, oh, I'm gonna. I heard all about this Wonder Woman. I'm gonna pick it up. So you have these three. I think that in Rebirth, I think because everybody's excited, there may be people who are like, listen, I'll give it the first arc. I'll wait till this first deal. I'll go yes. six issues. I'll go with it. Now, this one ends up even extended because of the back and forth with the this and the year one. Um, I th- I'm afraid that this conclusion where people are confused. Be- uh, Brandon would tell me. He he was getting Wonder Woman. He may still. I, I'm not sure. But he would say, oh, I'd listen to you guys because I was fucking confused. I didn't know what was going on. So if you're confused for six issues and then you're like, okay, finally, I'm going to get some answers. And, and this book pops up. You don't get answers. You're getting more of a setup for what's continuing. I think some people are like, yep, I'm out. I'm done. I, I'm I'm done. And I'm afraid that might be happening. Uh but yeah, you start off with I don't know. Sasha. See, I, I made, that okay. is the case. I'm, I'm just thinking about it. Like I was actually putting it all together yeah. in my head here. That could be the case where people are just frustrated. But this does end on a note that does leave you intrigued, though. I'm going to give you that. But here's the problem, though. What I'm saying is, if you are not a Wonder Woman fan per se, right, right. you have picked up every book. This book has been good enough. It really has to oh, stick yeah. with. I, we don't have anybody really up until this point say, you know, hey, I've been, I'm dropping Wonder Woman. It's nonsense. You know, people are saying they're dropping Justice League, Green Arrow. They, we've heard all these books, Nightwing. They, you know, you go down the line, Suicide Squad. Uh, I haven't really heard anybody say, hey, I'm dropping Wonder Woman, but I'm just, like I said, I'm just worried because yes, it is intriguing going forward. I'm excited. I actually think that this sets up some pretty cool stuff. Um, but people, when they're trying to decide, again, we're going to be here no matter what. But people who are trying to decide or whatever, and they kept saying, you know what, I don't understand this. I'm a little confused. I'm going to wait till the end when, you know, and oh, here's the conclusion is in, you know, two more issues. I'll wait. You get this. And I think that some people might. We'll have to hear. If people, you know, start emailing us like, yeah, I, I drop Wonder Woman. And I don't know. The other thing, there is a phrase that I'm not a big fan of might be really good for this book. This might be one to read better in trade. It might yeah. be better to just like, yep, I'm going to sit it out for six issues now. I'll get the trade, and then hopefully I'll get a complete story, which really these first six issues I don't think you get. It's more now this issue, the conclusion really to me turns 
everything into, you know, a, you know, the whole thing was set up for getting on with the story because really we have six issues of this story and throw in the five of the year one. Who is the villain? Who's the big bad of, of 11 issues? We don't the know. The Seer group? <laughs> the Seer group possibly. Now we see uh, in this one a little. Or is it just Wonder Woman herself who isn't worthy? You know, is this a thing that she's not worthy? Like a Thor thing? I, well, well, I I'm don't you, think so. But... Whole thing, we have the whole, this is honestly two stories we have in this issue yeah. where we have uh, what Wonder Woman's going through. Because as we saw in the previous issue, her and Steve actually found yep, what they believe to be Themyscira. Back to Themyscira. But we have what's going on in the real world right now with Etta Candy and Argus and what's going on with Sasha Bordeaux and, and Sasha Veronica Bordeaux. Kale. And then Veronica Kale, yeah. And the problem is, is what we, and we talked about this today uh, a lot while we were working. And the problem I have, and you as well, with this Sasha, uh, Etta, and Veronica is it does seem like a beginning mainly because we haven't got much from them before. No. We don't know really anything about Sasha and we find out something huge here, but yet you don't know the particulars that led up to it, what it say, actually Sa- means. Sasha is a legacy character created by yeah. Greg Rucka, but for what we've been dealing with since Flashpoint, we have not gotten Sasha Bordeaux really. So her being the commander here doesn't really do anything to, for you to find out that she's being brainwashed in any of this because you have yeah, no yeah. real connection and, to her. And really, universe. up until now, it looked like she was just being brainwashed. And it, yeah. we'll just get with it. It starts off where her and Ed are there, and they say basically you know what i think that steve and diana did it there there's no existence in our world of them that we can't pick them up anymore and that's when ed is like you know what that's probably a good sign i guess because you know dr minerva said that themiscara doesn't exist so if we can't track them uh, they must have found it so they don't know and i like that i like it's not just like yep they found it no they wouldn't know but they can't track them so they assume it and even there, you get the shout out where you realize that uh, Barbara Minerva is not going to be in the issue because then Edda's like, or no, Sasha says to Edda, hey, how is uh, Barbara doing? She's like, oh, you know what? She was dealing with that Erskataga curse a long time. She's chilling out. We don't have it. And so that that is a very convenient way to kind of get her out of this issue. So she's yeah. not involved. But you have Sasha and Edda, and Edda is, is kind of, I don't, that's the problem is Sasha has the bit of Erskataga that was brought back. She's like, yeah, you know what? Edda, you've been busy. Go back and have a, a night's rest. I'm going to get rid of this, this containment issue thing with the God, the God in the night, box. Friend. But yeah. she's like, I'm going to, and the weird thing is, is what we said. We haven't got a lot of those two together because what then happens is we see again that Sasha's being brainwashed at what we thought at this time you get her little cell phone that has that crazy symbol comes up and then you have that voice which we're pretty sure it's it's veronica kale telling her what she's going to do with this god fragment in the meantime edda is like she is turned into secret agent mode where she's just sitting in her car watching now i do look like it is weird there is a lot of glowing coming from that car like you would think but edda makes it seem like she has been on sasha's case all this time uh, and it's weird because we don't have much interaction between those two in these six issues. So you no. can't think like, oh, Ed is on to her. You never thought this until that point where they're, Ed is in the car squinting like, ooh, yeah. something's she, she, going she's on. She's got that stank face on like, yeah, oh, yeah, she I, does. I smell a rat. And, and the weird thing to me is it isn't even one of the – usually in, in a case like this, you would have – Edda would have had Erskataga and would have said, boy, I'm so tired. And then Sasha was like, listen, 
I'll take care of Erskataga. You go get some rest. And, and Etta knowing, boy, that's against any protocol that we've set up. We set up a pretty strict protocol. What is she up to? And then I could see that she'd be very suspicious. Uh, it's, it's just weird. Out of nowhere, she's suspicious. And there are some things. And when I was talking to the guys on Nurturch, they had a couple issues in the book where they thought that it was kind of confusing and like almost like panels were skipped. Uh, I think they didn't think this one, me and you do. And I think that this was a thing that was kind of thrown in there. All of a sudden, you were like, what's going on? Why would Etta be like Etta didn't seem like she was suspicious at all yeah. of anything. Uh, but yeah, she's got the stink face. I see it. But yeah, when well, then we switch over to Themyscira. Yeah, stank face. We switch over to Themyscira where Hippolyta is there raising, you know, her wine and toasting and like, listen, my daughter's returned. Everything's going. And it's obviously not the Themyscira that we knew from well, it's uh, the year one. Up, when we saw it at the end of the previous issue, when it looked yeah. like she made it home and we saw Hippolyta there, I'm like, yeah, this don't make any sense to me because from everything that we saw in the New 52, Hippolyta is dead. Mm-hmm. So her being here and Wonder Woman being so like, hey, it's my mom. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just weird. so goddamn weird. Yeah, I don't even get – it's weird because Diana hits the island and she seems a bit in a daze. She's not like – it's not even like, hey, there's my mom, whatever. She's just like, oh, mom? And then here they're eating. They're having a feast. They're having a feast in honor of Diana. Steve's there and right away, I, Liam Sharp's art is really good. I, oh, yeah, nobody, I yeah, this isn't, you know, talking out of anything. Everybody knows it. You look at this book and it looks good. And I think that one of the best things that he did in this is where they're having this feast. And Apollo is giving a toast with the wine and stuff. And, and we will mention this is the new 52 Apollo. It looks just like the Azarello Apollo, uh, who is supposedly dead. So that throws in the thing. And, uh, you look and Steve sitting there, he looks confused. He is, he's sitting there and his face is just like, what the fuck? And you see Diana there. She's got like this weird little goofy smile on her face. And I said, it's so funny because Steve's there. He's got the burger and fries. And I want to point out to you, Eric, I do not see any lettuce and tomato on that burger. And they know how to do things in Themyscira. I don't care what lie is going on in Themyscira or in Diana's life right now. That burger ain't lying. That burger is by itself. Where are they getting those fries, Eric? They got the fryer in there. They got the freaking Paradise <laughs> Island Fryer. It's, it's a trademark item. You can <laughs> what get were you doing? What, what, did you walk off? Would you walk away? No, no, no. It, 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 uh, the, the feed was not hitting uh, right on Tom. <laughs> I'm like, what is he doing? Is he studying this burger? Uh, yeah, there is no lettuce and tomato there, but he's got a sliced up pickle. Jess would like that. She said extra pickle. Hey, honestly, I'm afraid it's not a pickle. It's just a cucumber, and that makes me angry. Ooh, that would that would actually make me very angry. And it's one of those things in here where it, it just it's funny to say, but where did they? Is this like you just think that you want a burger and fries and it pops up? Why are That's they getting that? What I thought, too, reading this right away, is you see Themyscira, and it's dark. Everything about Themyscira is dark and gritty, which fits Liam Sharp's art is also, and not that he does the coloring, but his whole thing is gritty and, you know, more than, say, a Nicholas Scott looks like almost like a a fairy tale thing in year one. But this looks very dark, but there's other things involved. Like, I'm telling you, some there is a jackal-type wolf going around. There's a vulture. Like, everything points to death to me in this whole, you know, this whole setup. Uh, Jim, I think that's a dodo bird. Yeah, is it a dumb? Well, even if it is, it looks crazy. Like, this isn't like, it's not a peacock. It's not something that you would normally see 
in and if it's a dodo again that means dead to me they're not around anymore so right there is almost like that may be even like a little sign that because that's when diana says listen mom you were dead and she's like dead by who because she's like there's nobody gonna fucking kill me and it's like hera she uh, looks she so angry too and, it's so yeah. weird like she's got her face completely changes oh, at this point when I'm she says that mother i thought yeah. you were dead I, by whose hand? But again, that's what I'm saying. It's like almost if anything, if you think – if you're telling me that Greg Ruck is like, okay, I want to kind of get rid of this Azarello Ron. To me, the way him and Liam Sharp are spelling it out was this was a harsh story. It was a, a, a story filled with darkness and death, and we want to get away from that. And really, you know what? They're not wrong. They really aren't. Uh, it was a story that was, you know, steeped in mythology. You did get Zeus as her father yeah. and stuff like that, but yeah, it was that. a story. It was a story of deception and, you know, double cross, crisscross applesauce going on. So oh, yeah. it is like when I thought you were dead and her mother is not like, does not seem like that caring a mother, even with the fact that she's there and her daughter was gone. You're saying, you know, about Diana, like not caring that, oh my God, mom, you were supposed to be dead and not going, you know, ape shit about it. But it seems like she just goes with it yeah, you know like but, after her mother's like by whose hand and they just yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. move on you yeah know? like well, she even tells before that you know we had zeke and zola and yeah, yeah. did this well, and, and then just kind of dies out well even before that like did you see a, a scene with her with apollo hugging diana and no. saying how much she missed her no it is a feast almost like a yes rejoice this is like a spartan type thing oh yeah, it's like a warrior's the, feast yeah it's a warrior deal and i really do think that is the thing where, if anything, Ruck is like, you know, that Azarello thing, yeah, you know what, I, I'm not going to screw around with it, but he really made it dark, and he made a thing, and, and I didn't like it. I want more hope, but it, it's weird because what you're doing then is you're kind of giving more of the same then, even if you are eventually going to go against it. I think it's going to throw people off, but like you said, there is a thing now. It is weird because you can't assume that everybody read the Brian Azarello run. So when Diana does say, like, hey, you you were turned to clay by Hera, uh, there was Zolan, her son Zeke, who was Zeus, and later, Darano and Donna, and, and it just, yeah, it keeps I mean, going. Zeus, and then she even says, like, and Ares died, and I took his place, and Olympus was close to me. Like, it's going further and further along in the story. And then she's like, and I could not find my way home. And there's Apollo just looking at her. Then it changes the next thing, and then... uh she she just says up oh, you come home now and yeah it's very weird and through this whole thing you now, see steve is just seems confused like what's going on here so he just gets up and excuses himself yeah he excuses himself. Uh, and the one thing I though i didn't i didn't think i'd have to go back and look at the previous issues while i'm looking at this issue right now i'm looking at wonder woman and for some reason i don't know if she had this the whole goddamn time because i can't remember now but it yeah. seems like hippolyta is wearing her headband or whatever that yeah, you call yeah, that yeah. um and I don't know. I just don't remember seeing Wonder Woman with this particular yeah, headband I she's can't wearing. Remember in this then, because I the can't... one that seems like more yeah. tra- like uh, accurate to me from what we've seen previously in other books, even is yeah. the one that Hippolyta is wearing. So yeah. I don't know if well, that means anything or if I'm just going crazy looking at this goddamn. Well, and what's what's weird here is that whole thing. Like you know, hey, you shouldn't have brought him here. This is crazy. And she's like, but he was here, and she it's not in, not in her deal. And she's like, you know what? You, you shouldn't let him wander alone. It's like this is another thing where at some points he is there, he isn't there. And I don't know if that was pointing out, you know, kind of the whole deal in the New 52, the way we had missing years and whatnot that, uh, you know, he wasn't the typical Steve Trevor. Like Steve Trevor to us, especially to me, 
it really is one of those characters that really got the short end of the stick in the whole New oh, 52. Yeah. He really did. He got pushed to the side. Uh, this is part of the legacy that Rebirth is supposed to bring back and the hope and the love and things like that, where we've already seen them kissing and things like that. And even when this happens, what about Superman and all this stuff? Because he really ended up being the jilted ex-boyfriend. We never really then saw had him to much work with the freaking his yeah, ex's yeah. new boyfriend. And, and all that, most of that stuff was like, understood when it started when the new 52 started and i kind of think that that is kind of hinted at here almost like you know he wasn't anything before but hippolyta just doesn't recognize him and doesn't really even know seems very confused about that but steve i don't know well, it's, I, I i don't really get the idea that uh like she does she doesn't want him wandering off and she still yeah, doesn't like no, the idea of just, or i am i don't get just the idea that he that she, says like she doesn't know him yeah but she says you you risk the anger of your sisters bringing him here and he goes he has been here before mother and she's yeah. confused because it doesn't make sense for her to say that because he has has been there and oh, it's not like this is just somebody new he has been there recently supposedly like if this was it you know and at this point to me this is why i think diana's you know she's obviously being more affected than than say steve trevor because the, what how long has passed since you think he's been there you said like my, five six years six, or whatever. Six years in my mind. whatever it would be uh, that isn't like he showed up there 20 years ago. He's been like a man has been there recently, but that wasn't this Themyscira. So I think that that's what that's, you know, it's one of those inconsistencies pointing out where Steve seems to be the only one who remembers anything. Wonder Woman, she remembers some things, but it's getting confused. And she really, like you said, she isn't standing up for things. She's not like getting up and saying like, shit's wrong. Mom, when did you dye your hair? You don't look like my mother that I left. What is going on? But she kind of does remember that because that's why she's mentioning Zeke and Zola. So it is crazy the way it's going. And I think Diana is kind of, yeah, I don't even think she's punch drunk about it. I think that she is kind of stuck between things and doesn't really know what's going on. But Steve does. And I think that's, you know, it may have something where they pointed out he is a man on Themyscira. You know, he's on women's world now. Uh, And I don't know if later we're going to find out that what is affecting diana it obviously wouldn't be affecting steve and maybe what's going on the big bad behind this didn't you know count on steve going back with her like oh diana's gonna go and we're gonna keep maybe, her away maybe this was the whole point of the gods originally when they left to bring steve in because they knew that something bad was going to happen and they needed this outsider to come in to make sure that this uh, yeah, daughter of, well, of and again yeah like the good like the quote-unquote good gods like yes. athena or stuff like that it might have been uh and it's weird it's just it's just very weird because like we said diana's not just like this is wrong like she doesn't just jump up and yell it uh steve though steve sneaks up because steve is gonna go find uh calista right Uh, castalia i'm sorry she's gonna go find he's gonna go find castalia because even though when he was there and he points it out later he didn't talk he couldn't understand them when he was no. there, he didn't understand. He couldn't what understand saying. him. He couldn't understand them. Yeah. Now this whole thing now is they do now, but it's also because of the lasso. The whole lasso. He had grabbed the lasso. Now when they did that in the year one story, I thought that this was like a. Uh, you almost had to grab it each time. It was almost like a tin well, can see, with a string. The thing is, I, I still don't think. I still think that's yeah. the case where he grabbed it and they were able to understand Wonder Woman right there. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't think that th- that would work now. I'm saying I think everybody here is speaking English. Well, yeah, well, that's the problem is that's where it's weird because he obviously he can talk to Wonder Woman because they've been talking all along and you would assume that Wonder Woman is talking English to him. But when yeah. they go back, yeah, they, it's almost like they are all talking English. Uh, he does kind of say something a little later about the lasso kind of like I couldn't understand him now, but because of that, whatever, I don't know. But, yeah, that's another thing that's off. When he was there the last time, he couldn't understand. They couldn't understand him. But he knew Castalia, who is the priestess, who not only healed him or helped him when he, you know, he crashed there, but also was the one who, if you remember, they had like this war table set up and they were trying to decide what this whole thing meant. The men, they came, they crashed. Are they attacking? Are they doing this? They were studying the weapons. Oh my God, they have these weapons. And look at this gun. Remember the one? Hey, look what they can do. And Castellia was basically saying, listen, you can't go to this island without the gods letting you. So him being on this island means that they they want him here. Uh, he goes to find her. I think it's because she was pretty much she was nice to him. But I think right. that he wants to find her just because to him maybe she's the only one that kind of makes sense to him, and he wants Agreed. to find her. And finds well, out even, that she's not well, there. Even when uh, you know Diana comes and makes sure that he's not being you know raped about yeah, on, yeah. Uh, while he's by himself. He says they're like, I'm trying to find Castelli. Like, there's things are yep. not r- uh, right here. Like, we couldn't communicate until we did this. And she's like, don't – he says, don't you remember? She's like, no, I I remember. It's like she does not remember anything that we've been dealing with yeah. with the year one yeah, story no, so she, far. She does not seem – like I said, it's almost like – I got the idea – Almost because, yeah, he goes and he finds the one Amazon's like, I don't know that name, Castalia. And you know what? If you stay here any longer, we're just going to share you. We're going to rape your ass. And, currency, boy. and it's weird. Then Diana comes and it's like Steve. And then it's weird. Then like right after then she calls him Steven. And yeah. I've never seen her call that. It was like, I didn't know what that was going. But I got the idea that, and this is in my head making up probably. But I got the idea that if Diana stayed there. And had that dinner, went to bed, decided to talk to her mom the next day, and Steve was not there. She would have been there forever. She would have been Probably. stuck there because she was. It was almost like you know a dreamland that she was never going to leave. Then uh, Steve, to me, is the thing that all of a sudden knows something is wrong. It's like almost like a Twilight Zone thing. Or like even when like, I was thinking, it's almost like Wally West, how Linda Park is his anchor to the yeah, swirl yeah. before. Steve is. To me, Steve is the thing. And like you said, maybe that was the original plan of the good gods, the gods that gave her her powers gifts, that yeah. night in the in the cell. Uh, but yeah, it's almost like for, for the woman who wanted, who had everything, all of a sudden she, but it's not a dream See, world. This is not that, the dream that, world that she wants. That's the problem I have with this issue, though, is that, like, um, eventually, though, Diana starts bleeding from that wound, like she got yeah, from that yeah. snake bite from the dead tree in the beginning of the series, and uh, she touches her lasso, and the reality of this place kind of shatters, and she remembers what's going on, but yeah. I don't quite get the connection that Greg Ruck is trying to make, because, yes, like, it's almost like she's been stuck in the New 52 reality this whole time, where that's not what actually happened. He's showing us what actually happens with the year one story. Yeah. But this Themyscira that we're on, to me, does not match what we had with that, especially since the pilot is alive. Well, so no. I don't understand the it connection between what we've been dealing with and no. this, if it's all been a lie. Well, and here's the, the thing. Like I said, I don't think they're speaking English. Because he would say that. He says to her, something's wrong. She's like, what? And he's like, I can understand everything you're, you're saying, everything that's being said by anybody here. When I was here before, 
We couldn't even communicate. I don't, I'm telling you, I don't think it's something different. Like all of a sudden, he would just say, why is everybody speaking English? Like they never say that. He just, he can understand them and it's weird to him. And that's when she starts saying, you know what? I kind of do remember what happened. And that's when he's like, listen, everything's wrong. The buildings are wrong. They weren't like this. See, and, what I'm uh, saying, when he's saying that, I get the idea that she's not remembering this. I'm saying she does say, no, I remember. And she goes to and touch she, the she, lasso. She, I'm saying, though, she falters a bit there and then says remembers. Like, she's yeah, not, yeah. she pauses I don't know. like and she's I, not sure. I think that the lasso is, you know, if the lasso is calling out to her, it's something. She does remember some things, but she does say, listen, you didn't get off the much of the island, but then he's like, Philippus, uh, she didn't look like that, and she didn't look that way, and that's when Diana starts bleeding, and I think that's the thing where when, and you, if you look where he's saying this, all of a sudden, now the, the lasso always does glow, but you yeah. have this glow going even more then, and uh, she starts bleeding, and it, it is the wound that she got as a, you know, younger uh, person in the year one story when she was riding around on the on the horse and whatnot and she saw that that dark tree and she got bitten by a uh an asp she got bitten by a snake and it starts bleeding there and i do think that that's where she starts she starts to remember a bit and then shit's going wrong this this wound that again if you want to pull pull out the whole deal that is castalia was the one who healed that as well when she right. went back there and she was in a coma where we said it even looked like she might have been in a coma for however long it did, because yeah, it they could were, have been for a long ass time yeah, There's it no could have been for a hundred years yeah. because they are immortal at this point when they're there so you know it didn't mean anything but it was to them quite some time that she was down and out and it starts bleeding again. And again, I can't say that I can have a theory about it. The only thing I think is that when she starts to remember the truth, something's going on. Either that that reality from before is shifting. I don't know. It, See, it's the, very the odd. Thing, she the says her wrist I have hurts. Is, the theory I have of this when she starts bleeding again is that she is she goes to touch the lasso. She starts to remember because Steve is reminding her of her things. Yeah. And when she starts bleeding again, in my mind – this is the poison of the lies leaving her system yeah. of like yeah. finally because she's been living it all, with all this time. But it's weird to me because she is hurt and it's like it's this wound had been healed for years. I mean, yeah. it, this thing might have been healed for however it's, long. It's, it's whatever it is. This tree is a uh, dead and, tree is a magical yeah, thing. Yeah. They and ask it, with it, I I'm would telling say, you. So that, but the the weird thing about it is that when she does take off the bracers and looks, I mean, that wound looks like it just happened oh, it's fresh, again. Yeah. And I don't know that it could be that it's affecting her, like not leaving her. All of a sudden, the shit's happening again because that was done to her for her to not remember. I don't know. We're going to have to see. Like, I got it as, like, that was the fail safe. She was supposed to not remember. Now that she did, she's injured again. And we're going to have to see what goes on. It's not like anything is spelled out then because she goes off. But in the meantime, that's where you see uh, Edda is following Sasha. Sasha leaves. It's like the classic, uh, you know, drop off in a spy movie. Oh yeah, you know, the freaking Washington DC park. You freaking play yeah. something on a bench and walk yeah. away. And I expect that you would be walking by, and you have for some reason you have that exact canister. You sit down, pick up the wrong one. Next oh, you thing you have Erskataga. They have a fucking turducken that you had bought in dry ice for Thanksgiving, Eric. That's oh, what yeah. I get. And then you have Veronica so Kale who picks it samples. up. Yeah, Veronica Kale picks it up and goes back to the, you know, some crazy evil council like now we got what we want it opens it up it's it's some fucking imaginex figures of eric shays oh no it's your plans it's the plans from mike brady eric 
<laughs> yeah, everybody's mad at them. We're running around the park trying to solve it. Uh, but yeah, Edda's there. Edda's pretty kick-ass. Like, she oh, gets out of her car, all. gets a fucking flashlight and a gun. Uh, but that's when you see Veronica Kale with her dog. She's walking it. She picks up the canister, and that's where Ed is like, you know, what the fuck's going on? Who are you? Whatever. And it is. And she, uh, what's it called? Veronica knows exactly who she is. She's, you know, Commander Candy. You know, you don't know what you're getting into. And that's when this whole thing, you go, oh, you don't recognize me. I'm Veronica Kale. You know, I have these dogs. They make a good distraction. And they say, kill please not capture she says that and that's when you realize that all along sasha has been a fucking cyborg or android and it's it's fucked up you'll you'll Edda tell turns me around and shoots her in the goddamn face yeah. and it's weird too because she just turns around and there is sasha she's a glowing fucking you know robot and edit does not pause like, no. You know what I'm saying? She's just like Sasha and shoots. Like, is this supposed to mean? Because to me, she does look scared at first, but Hell then yeah. she just shoots. Like when Sasha, when she still turns around, t- Sasha behind her, she's kind of glowing, looks like a goddamn yeah, exorcist yeah. or some shit. I don't know that that's like a, you know, shoot in the face type of thing. You don't know that. Fuck that, I'd shoot in the face. I don't know. This is comic book world, Eric. She could just be controlled. She could be, you know, somebody under the control uh, of somebody control else. Control or not, she's going to kill freaking Edda if she doesn't well, shoot her in the face. Yeah, I, I know that, you know, Veronica did say kill, please, not capture. Yeah. And we've seen, I think that one thing that Greg Rucka did set up well is that Sasha's going to fucking follow rules. She See, is, it's is, so weird because, like, back in the previous continuity, right before the Infinity Crisis, Sasha Bordeaux did, like, become, like, a brother-eye cyborg where she, like, okay. she had a, like, a brother-eye shell and like, that encased her. This yeah. is taking it to the goddamn extremes where yeah. she is a fucking robot all the way here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's uh, Edda shoots, and yeah, she is a full-out, she blows her face apart, and she is a robot. You want to call her a cyborg? You're calling her no, an android. No, that's a robot. That's, no, that's a fucking android because I don't care. Everybody says how the Terminator is a fucking cyborg. She does cyborg have skin, Eric. Is, she has skin. That is bullshit. That is a goddamn I see those android. Legs. Even if Hips it has, don't lie, baby. Hips don't top. lie. I'm telling you, I, I don't sense. know that... You know, since I've seen Twiggy on Buck Rogers, I have not seen a sexier robot, my friend. Uh, know, she wears those skirts up high. She needs two hairdos there, Sasha Bardell. But uh, they go. And the thing that we said is, does this mean that Sasha Bar- Bordeaux was always a robot? Was she and captured and then we, they put a replacement a robot? While. I have to say that this is a replacement robot. It would have to somewhere. be a replacement. Sasha is a, is captured somewhere yes. and being held. Where I would think would happen is, because you would think at the end of the scene, Edda is taken. Yes. Uh, and I believe that she is going to end up somewhere where maybe Sasha is. And in the meantime, you cannot have Commander Candy... Uh, that's what I used to call myself around, you know, around eighth grade. Commander Candy, I hear. Here's a bunch of call it for you, my friend. Uh, you can't have, yeah, really, that would Speaking get Speaking my going. language. Yeah, you'd salute me. Uh, yeah. you can't have Edda being I'm missing. Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, really. You can't have Edda being missing. So if you have this technology and you've already done it with Sasha, you're going to have an issue, uh, you know, down the line where both Sasha and Edda are now replaced. And it's not like now, you have you blew up Sasha's face and they can't make another robot. Exactly. You would think that they're going to replace them and it might even end up being a little side thing where you don't know, almost like a Battlestar Galactica. You don't know which Who's one's a Cylon. Yeah. You don't know where the Cylons are and they're just going to kind of, you know, keep going. That's what I would think. If this is the case, though, our theory here about going forward, 
I just want to know what the fuck is up with DC and all these goddamn doppelgangers lately. Yeah, it's really. going on in Superman. Yeah. Freaking, uh, we have it in like Superwoman. We had the, like the lowest lane doppelganger, yep. but we have it in Cyborg as well with Dr. Silas Stone is yeah. now a Cyborg doppelganger and possibly now Etta and Sasha. And, and like I, I, and I'm, thought, I'm sure countless others as well. And again, I can't think what I would have thought in general is usually when you have somebody replace like something like this, you all, that's after you really know the character, you know their mannerisms, you know some things they do so that you can like, oh, look, somebody's going to see she didn't scratch her head like she does every time this or, or whatnot. We don't have that here. It's no, very odd. This we is why, just have this Sasha Bordeaux yeah, for the past and this six is issues why with, or seven with, issues of yep, this. And with Sasha Bordeaux like that, with not really knowing much about her and then all of a sudden she's a goddamn robot, yeah. again, there is something thrown in there in a conclusion that seems to be, uh, you know, a start of something. And yeah, it is kind of, of cool. The, the two things that being Veronica Kale being the big bad behind everything, very cool. Uh, but Sasha Bordeaux being a robot it is crazy. Uh, but yeah, that's where um, uh, Veronica says, you know, she had already said she's not going to use her dogs to attack. She had Sasha. Sasha pretty much was a robot, quote unquote, dog anyway to go right. do it. Now she's going to have the dogs attack. Of course, they're called Terror and Panic, Eric. Uh, that's why I call my right and left when I'm boxing, when I put on my punching gloves, Eric. And Your punching uh, gloves, huh? <laughs> I don't box. I just punch. Uh, the dogs attack, and yeah, the dogs might even be robots. They they look pretty crazy. Aren't they, they just have, called gloves? Yeah, they. Uh, no, no. They're, those are they're, they're punching gloves, Eric. And uh, the dogs <laughs> have glowing red eyes, so they they probably are cyborgs as just well. The thing, and that's though, why I don't know if I can go with cyborgs because we still, in my mind, we have a mystical element going on here with this dead tree and the seer group. And I don't know if we're dealing with a techno-sorcery kind of thing well, going on with think the uh, Empire Edda, Enterprises. Do you, do you think they're going to show that Edda had shot at the dogs? Because she's going to shoot those dogs. I don't I think, you know, maybe they'd have it off-panel because of that. Because you don't see it here. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you don't need Edda Candy to be Mike Vick. It just no, is, not she's not going to be doing that. So, if anything, Was she going to find you'd a bucket see. and drown them? And, and really, yeah, really. Uh, they weren't good fighters, Aaron. you, you got to win occasionally. Terror and Panic weren't good you fighters. Got, you got to you got to win. Uh, but yeah, the, the problem is, is I don't even think that's going to come into play, really, because I think that the next time we see all this, I would believe that Ed will be hanging up somewhere Already locked you know, up in prison. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's a decent transition. Yeah. You don't need yeah. all the middle. Yeah, you don't there. need that. There are a bunch of times in this where the transitions are very logical, whether or not you see them on panel or whatnot. But yeah, you that ends that, and you go back to Diana, and that's when she's like, this is where... Now she remembers. She, Steve was saying this. She started bleeding from this wound, and then she's like, this is wrong. Why can't I remember? Like, she kind of knows that shit's wrong, and then every time she's saying this, th this wrist starts hurting more. She's like, ah, oh, it wasn't like this. Oh, my God, it hurts more. And then Steve tries to help her, and she just starts saying, look it, I used to go on this. This was a plane that I went with, with Kashi, my, my fucking horse. And we were going. There was where there's grass, there's stone. Where there's flowers, there's rubble. It's like right the over exact there was Line Line Ranch, right in high yeah, yeah, field. Yeah, really. And and the thing about it is, what she's even saying, and what I said earlier is, like everything that she remembers is the pretty and the nice and yeah. like all these things and. Everything now is. It's like rubble. It really reminds me of what when she went back to Olympus in that rebirth JLA? where it just well, oh, you no know, in the yeah, in the rebirth yeah, even. You, yeah. yeah. That was what threw me off when she's like, I was locked out of Olympus. I'm like, Oh the JLA. But yeah, even that happened in, in the rebirth. But everything was that like almost like 
even in this, it doesn't even seem like this is real. It seems like it's being a, like a play put on in a wrecked city. Like we would go to Pompeii so, honestly, right now. It actually seems, like I said, you bring up Pompeii. I was going to say it's like an ancient forgotten city that's just gone yeah. to ruin. It's gone to ruin, but yet people are just living. It would be like me and you, like me, you, and Pink Floyd. We decide to fucking have a concert in Pompeii. Those <laughs> fucking assholes. And, uh, you know, we go there in, in ruin. And, and just go and do it. Uh, what actually it reminds me of, too, a big thing that I'm a fan of is Jesus Christ Superstar, the actual right. movie that they made based on the play. And yeah. they did go back to the, you know, all the ruins and stuff like that. It, it reminds me of that, but it is weird. Uh, but yeah, and then Steve takes off the bracers, helps her take it off, and that wound is, is, looks fucked up. It, it doesn't look healed, obviously. She's bleeding. And he says, like, that doesn't look good. And that's when she explains, like, oh my God, it was a hundred times before. And that's the thing is when she actually says i was on the plane i saw and she's about to say that goddamn dark tree that has obviously been through every story that we've had barbara minerva saw it when she went to what she thought was themiscara you have the seer group that has the tattoo of that black tree as their big thing on their chest she is about to say it she's about to say i saw this dead tree and that's when her lasso freaking pretty much explodes it's like, almost. I've had enough see. of this fucking yeah, lies. Yeah, it's like, okay, now you're remembering the point. Now you're remembering the bad thing that happened. The source. Boom. We're going to stop this shit, and it and goes. And her reality and it shatters. Yeah, and her reality shatters, but it's a weird thing, too, because her reality shatters, and it looks like, okay, where the tree was shatters, but it's also, you see the green, evergreens it looks like behind there and things like that, so everything is shattering. And then, yeah, it comes to be where the lasso is still glowing, and she just doesn't know what, you know, she's there and she doesn't know. And she's like, this isn't my home. Now she knows this isn't Themyscira. It's, it may be Themyscira. It's not her home. And yeah, Steve's like, you know, this is crazy. And, and that's when she says all these years, I've never been home. And it was all just a lie. And they've never been that's home. A great, that is a good ending. I'm saying it's not yeah. really an ending. It's a start for me for a yeah, story that me, I want to see. It's a beginning. That's, I'm telling but, you, the uh, only anger I have is we've had. It's a to leave yeah. this goddamn issue because it gives yeah. you some goddamn emotion. And and really, when you sit there, it does make you think about it. And you're thinking, holy shit, what does she mean? She, oh, well, she means that all we've seen in this continuity. Now, again, people have to realize because even I was having problems with it. This isn't her saying, oh, my God. That story in 1960 didn't happen. That's not her reality. Her world is the New 52 leading into Reber. That's what she's talking. She's not talking about, oh, my God, when they had the bondage stuff when I was created. That's not that's not no. going to be touched right now because that in her deal, what's happening here, did not happen. No. Uh, this is the New 52 on. And when she says, I've never been home, that means that any time we saw her on Themyscira up until now, but... Also, I guess, including when Steve, Tre you know, that's where it's weird to me. Year one was before, and she's yes. saying she's never been home. So that's not true either. Like, See, I know. I think that she's never been home since she left. Yeah, but it's weird because we haven't seen that anyway. And really, here's the thing. She shouldn't have been. Because when she left, no, I'm she, saying that we saw that we saw her on Themyscira many times during the New Fifty Two. No, but I'm saying, but we have seen year one. Yeah, and she left then, but after that, she never was back. No, I'm saying though, yeah. now it seems that she's never been back. But throughout the New Fifty Two, that she is remembered, she has been back, and that's what leads us yeah. here because she couldn't find her way. Yeah, back I'm, I'm home. saying it. See, I think it's even crazier because in her deal from that year, it's weird because that year one was a different. Re it, it was something different. That was not that year one in that story 
was not the same as her number one year in the New 52. It's, Agreed. It was, I think it they're was saying different. That, that was the New 52 has been wrong. Yeah, I just think I think that she's like, yeah, she I think she remembers all of this now. And, and again, even if like this is what gets me, because if they Greg Rucka, I think that all he's playing at is he wants to get rid of that New 52 deal oh, yeah. and make it make sense that that year one was the real that was real. You yes. know what I'm saying? Because even if you sat there, you didn't even have this and we had the year one. We'd already be complaining, saying, wait a second, this isn't the same. We even said, you were like, you know, Apollo didn't look like that. That's different. So he really seems to be writing this story to kind of make his the one. And it, it, I don't know. It kind of seems weird. I thought this story was going to be more to it than just like, hey, let's get rid of Brian Azzarello's run. Let's move on from there. I thought that this Honestly, was going to be a I different actually- deal. I actually thought that's what we were going for. I just thought we were going to get more of an explanation at this point in the story about. Now, I'm just how saying in general, alive. when when Greg Ruck, I didn't think that he was going to go through 40 issues just to go. I actually thought that what was going to happen is he was going to explain even beyond the New 52. Though, like you said, it doesn't make sense. But I thought that what his thing was going to be is okay. She doesn't have a definitive origin. We're going to make it. I don't think he's going for that now. I think it's going to be a lot of different things, and I just I don't think we're going to get that now. I just think that she they might wipe away the uh, the new fifty two stuff. That yeah. doesn't give her a new origin, though. You know what I'm no. saying? It doesn't no, I, really I, all it though, does. They, it does kind of give her a new origin because I don't think that we have her being the daughter of Zeus. And that year one story, which we had throughout the New 52. Yeah, it's weird, though. They don't really tell you a lot. That, no, that's the thing. But we started at year one. We didn't yeah. get an origin. I don't think he's ever going to go back to the quote-unquote origin. I think he's just worried about what happened since, and it's going to be kind of left up in the air. I really do. See, I don't think pro- that he's going to spell it out. That's a problem I have with the sending, though, because it really messes up with my continuity because – Everything that we've been dealing with in the New 52, like, you know, where she goes home or she's out there saving the world other ways, yeah. how much is that a lie? Like, obviously, she was able to crush the helm of Ares, and yeah. it was not real. So she was because never she said, the god of she's war. she's like, I shouldn't have been doing that. It, it just comes off odd. I, I don't know. It just kind of ruins the rest of it. it, 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 it well, it does, well, here's the thing. I can't wrap my head around that. If, if you do it. that, that's what I'm saying. I think that basically you're just supposed to forget it. It's not going to – like I really thought this was going to be able to solve a lot of things. But what happens when Superman lost his powers and he's pissed at Diana for being the goddess of war, yeah. goddess of war, god of war, and uh, saying, you know what, you did – what happens then? Did that not happen? Did that well, Superman – was I'm he fooled? You, was everybody was, lied to? Was it, did it I make was sense? I was going to bring up the whole thing with Donna Troy – about how she was created from the Samascara. Yeah. But, you know, they've kind of already retconned that. Yeah, a bit well, that's what I'm saying. That's book. why That's why I thought that, like, Greg Rocca, like, going in, if he just started with that year one story and went, even if he just had an origin, we'd be like, okay, whatever, we'll go with it. Because, yeah, Donna Troy, that doesn't make sense from no, what we never, saw to what we have now. And, and, and then all of a sudden the Titans stuff, that doesn't jive. It really doesn't. No. And it... 
it, you were not that concerned now, right? Rebirth has gone on. You're, we're six months, seven months in. We're 11 issues in, whatever, some books. It's, and, it's still, it still irks me in the back of my yeah, mind. But it's still, you're still her, reading. But I, I'm so, going with it. I'm going with so it. So if we were going to go and, and, and Greg Rucka really was out to say, like, this is the origin. Not that he's going to make the origin, but I like this one. She was made of clay. There was no Zeus. There's no man that was involved. We didn't have that. He could have just done that. He could have just said in, in probably half and an I, that issue. That would have pissed me off if we just yeah. retconned all that for no goddamn reason. Yeah, this, but again, I like the idea of yeah. a story that's going to explain the do yeah, what he that's wants the to problem do. Why I'm saying that it's getting me angry. I don't think we're going to. I don't think everything – I think it's going to be a combination of everything. I think that that's what's going to be ending up that instead of saying this is the definitive origin, it's going to end up in a shady area where he says, you know what? You can decide what you want. And I'm telling you, this is – Wonder Woman in general. I'm not even saying, oh, in the continuity of what's going on. I think that he's looking into it as bigger than that, that he wants people because she does have an origin. That's all the fuck all over the place. They, you know, well, you Sid, have. And in my mind, freaking uh, the new 52 finally fix it. We got a definitive yeah, I origin. Thought, I like this it, is what it, we have going forward. And it was had, not liked. The big, I know it wasn't liked, but yeah, I like that's it what's weird. It made sense we, to me, we but, in our little bubble, we thought it was great. I thought it was amazing. I'm telling yeah. you, Wonder Woman and Hawkman were the two biggest problem characters in the DC continuity, and they fixed both of them. Wonder Woman, yeah. it seemed like, okay, we finally have some. Hawkman, they fucked up in 12 goddamn issues of his yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but again, Frank Cho, when he was mad, he was basically saying, like, oh, great, we get another fucking origin story, and it's weird. And I'm I not... don't want that. And we that's the thing. That I, I don't think we're that – I'm not getting the vibe of that anymore. The way this is going, only because if he was going to do that, I think he would have went straight out and had it. Uh, this is a very roundabout way. This is more of a fixing the continuity to, you know, meld with his worldview, but not necessarily give a new origin. If he brings back an old origin into it, it's not really a new origin. I don't think he's going to get anything new here. I think it, it's him. He wrote Wonder Woman before the New 52. I think he just wants that book back, and then we move on. He's bringing all his characters back, yet they might be slightly you know, altered here. But well, I now just... That now that Wonder Woman knows that her entire life for the past six years at least has been a lie, I think we will dive into what has been a lie and what has been truth like moving forward into the, uh, with the series. Yeah, it's weird. I don't think that if anything I, – I really don't see a, a part where she's there and they're like, yep, you were made of clay, Diana, and that's how it was. There was no Zeus involved. I don't think that they're going to get that generic now after all this you know, stuff. It, it just seems like he's playing some other game here. Uh, that he's going to go with something else. I really, I, I'll be surprised if at the end of this we have like a oh or this. I really do think it's going to be one of those. This is my ending. You know what, Steve? Lies are in the eyes of the beholder. <laughs> truth it, isn't truth another person's Stranger lies. Than fiction. Yeah, something like that. And then it'll be left up for everybody to interpret in their own way. And that's how Greg Rock will be like, nah, I can't get yelled at. Everybody can interpret it their own goddamn way. Uh, I and I just too. see that. I do <laughs> think that's how it's going because it really, now, if we got one goddamn answer to this issue, I might say something different. I might yeah. say, you know what? I'm wrong. I think that he has this. I do think he has a plan. I don't think this is, you know, shit flying all over the place and he's going to try to reel it in later. I do think this is going in some sort of plan. Uh, it's just, I don't but know what, now 
that it what? really is that much concerning her origin now because of what we get from here. Looks like it's going to move forward into a, uh, you know, Veronica Kale being the one bad guy against it. You may have Ares involved. We don't know who the seer group is being led by or know. what's going it doesn't on. doesn't seem like the gods are really active as the way we saw them before. You know, they took on the guise of animals to give her gifts in the year yeah. one. But when she was in Olympus, it seemed deserted. Yeah, and and really... That's what I think. I think that this Themyscira that they're in, this ruin of Themyscira without having uh, the priestess there and all that stuff, uh, what's her, uh, Castalia, I really do think that this is showing that this is a Themyscira that is like, again, this is weird because the New 52, strong with the gods. Like the gods were huge in that, that oh, whole yes. series. This seems like it's a Themyscira without gods, without a, a purpose like that. You don't, to me, it looks very realistic, very harsh. It's not like something where all of a sudden I would think that, it's not you know, Paradise Island. Yeah. I, and I, I wouldn't see like Athena comes in. There's never once, I don't think reading through that, that they say, oh, of the gods, oh, the gods, nope. they don't say anything like that. And even to the point where, uh, Diana says to Apollo, it was Hera. She killed you. There isn't even like a reaction like, oh, Hera, you mean the guy? Nothing. She never even reacts that. She just looks and then goes on almost like it, you could even think that they are kind of playing a role in this. It's really weird. It's, like they're I'm steering you, Diana different ways. And I, I don't just know. go back to this whole thing where I can't make the connection with everything that she's known to be a lie from what we're given here because this is not the Themyscira that we've dealt with in the New 52. I mean, I'll even go as far as uh, the woman that he runs into, Steve. How did she get where she was? Because she's, she's, eating, she's, at the, she's eating at the dinner table. She's there. He gets up, and then she's where he was going to. How yeah. would she go the back way, up a hill? Because she's there right away. She's Man, there. You see her. You think all Amazons look alike. No, it's her. I'm, I'm Are you looking? You. Oh, it's yeah. her. And and the thing is, look at her. They make her so obviously with that what looks like a band-aid on the side of her or, yeah. of her deal. She's there looking all nasty at the table. Uh, uh and it's it is in the regular book, it's a full page spread. She's at the other side of the table getting a drink of wine and looking pissed off. And, and she saw Steve a man wander off on his own, she's like, you know what? I'm gonna take this boy and he's mine now. She wandered off to the back way. But it's weird because he goes upstairs. Where did she get that high up the stairs? It just doesn't. The back stairs. Oh, the back stairs. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It is a weird uh, conclusion. That's that's the basic thing that I pretty have much. To say. But what did you give it? I gave it a six point eight out of ten. I love the art, but you know, we are pretty much in the same boat we were in after reading the rebirth yeah, special. Yeah, that, that's we know my there's biggest lies problem. and nothing else. That's my biggest problem with it, that you, you're going here, and not only that, you're getting more intrigue. Not the, re with I'm sorry, Sasha. Not the Rebirth special, the Wonder Woman Rebirth issue. Yeah, yeah, the Wonder, Wonder I, I know what you're talking about, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Rebirth one-shot. I don't one want to confuse people. Wonder Wonder. But yeah, uh, yeah, all this is, it, it's just very odd. And I'm like I said. Though, but we, hold on, hold on. I, it just dawned on me too now that I said Rebirth special. But if that's the case as well, how do we have Grail freaking who was you know the daughter of a amazon as well who yep. was on that themiscara again is he going to address that because yeah grail was there she was in the rebirth special she wasn't yes. just at the end with of dark side War. she was in the rebirth special with baby dark side you have that you do have and i i talked to the guys at nerd church about this you had nerd church radio air you have the issue where you do have jason her twin brother 
yeah. out and about as well that we haven't seen. Like, is that real? Is that is that a way to wipe it clean? And it's weird because when we were talking about that, I asked Noah and Ben about it. And Noah's like, I don't know. I think they're going to wipe that clean. And it's just odd for Jeff Johns to have written that I'm and sorry, then wipe it clean that he's day. He's putting that together this whole out. rebirth thing. And you can't just wipe that away in my yeah, and mind. The thing like, is, like even Ben, the ben big pull, special. Yep, Ben pulled up the Rebirth special. The Rebirth special actually has in it, read the last issue of Dark Side War in that Rebirth. You were supposed yeah. to read that first that leads into it. So it, it can't be wiped clean. But yeah, how does this explain Grail? How does it explain the Dark Side War? I mean, anything to do with her. And that was where... Uh, the whole thing was Steve Trevor was uh, like, you know, Grail got him because he was the first man to step, you know, foot on Themyscira, and that was not yeah. true. We, we, you know, a couple guys named Jim and Eric came up with a, a thing way before that, right? We we oh, solved yeah. that mystery. Here. Sure nobody did. Be- nobody believes this, but yeah, it's just <laughs> weird. Like, I, I don't know. That's why I think it's going to be left up in the air of like, whatever you think is the truth just may well be. They'll be oh, back someday, crazy. Eric. They'll be back in with in stronger numbers. Jim, Jim, I'm a dummy. I need things spelled out to me. Come on. I know. Well, that's why I said I think that a lot of times where people are like, okay, Don't I've had these lies. Shit on me. You have this confusion. Uh, conclu- uh, confusion. It should have been. You have the conclusion spelled so out. Con- and these, <laughs> these people have been, you know, strung along here, and then they get to this, and then at the end. Diana just yells, I've never been home. It was all just a lie. She might as well have been in the fetal position looking like Steve Trevor, like I said that Barbara Minerva, because it's, it's basically the same deal. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, we're going to move on from here. Well, hold on. What did, what did you give it? Oh, well, I said I meant we're going to move on from here in the book. I was no, saying I that. Said but, yeah, that. I just didn't want you a to six five. You. About six a 6.5. Six right. Yeah. About that. Uh, again, I, when I was talking with the guys on Nerd Church, they have their, their holier, uh, I don't know, their religious uh, rating system that kind of confused me. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, to me, it was about a 6.5. And from here on out, though, I could say I would still say to people, you should read this book. It's very good. But I probably now would have the caveat at the end of like, don't expect things to be resolved very quickly. Like, right. I would not say, like, hey, y- you read this trade when it comes out, this y- the lies trade. You're not going to get a full story. You're really and not. If you're looking a, for a one-and-done deal, you're not getting it. Also, you really should be reading this in tandem with the year one yeah, you story. Yeah, like, well, We, we they, were talking about that then, too. Yes. Yeah, it really does. And it, it goes – it really does, especially, like, you're there, oh, what's this tree – well, that's that's big, and that's the origin of that was in the year one. It really is how he we separated about, it. We, we talked about when the series first came out how they're going to separate the, the even yeah. issues of being the year one, the odd issues being the yeah. lies. And like, well, I guess you could pick, like mix and match, decide which one, yep. one story you want. Oh, no, we had people, people were. Both. Yeah, we had the thing. We had that one podcast where it was the twenty-five dollar pull list, and there were people, including maybe you. I think that you spelled out, and I said, no, you can't do it. But people were like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm only going to get the year one Wonder Woman story and then do this. And it is a tough thing. It really, I really thought that Greg Rucka was going to be able to pull off something like a – I don't know why it reminds me of it, but it reminds me of when you go see a kid's movie and you come out. You know, you take your kids and like, boy, that was a good kid's movie, like a Toy Story. That was a right. good kid's movie, but it had a lot of things for the adults too. I thought that right. what he was going to do is you read Just the year like one Bad story. Santa. Yeah, Bad Santa. Just like uh, fucking Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it had a lot for everyone, Eric. Uh, no, I thought it was going to be like you would read the year one 
and it was really good by itself. But also, ooh, if you're reading both, it gives you no. It's kind of they kind of seem like you have to read them both. Now, if you're yeah. if you're in the Wonder Woman, just you know you have to go and and bite the bullet and say you know what, and all these other books are twice a month. I got to realize these are because I don't think you're getting any bit of a full story at all. Because really, even this we said it's not a full story in, in the six issues of this. And yeah, you add the year one, it's a little bit more explained, but really it's still open. I think that this is going to go on for a long time before we get any real solid answers. I really do. That's what uh, it seems we're, like. We're going to find out, though. Trade weight, Eric. Trade weight. <laughs> Song. It made me laugh while while I'm listening to this one. It really makes me laugh thinking, you know, it, it's kind of like what I think of when my family hears us doing the podcast and all they can hear <laughs> is me talking and not you. I could just imagine Dancing Mike's wife downstairs and she hears him like, who the fuck is this Making love to that microphone. It, it, it makes me think <laughs> of the Simpsons when Mindy, when he's like, Mindy, and he's like, either you're in love with a girl when Lisa hears and goes, oh, yeah. Lisa. And she's like, I think you're either obsessed with a lady named Mindy or a guy named Andy. <laughs> it just makes me think of that. that she's like, God damn it, why doesn't he sing these songs to me? Jesus Christ, it's this goddamn Jim motherfucker. Oh, she's gonna How kill do you me. know that every week he doesn't have a new mixtape for her? It would be funny. Is we he actually tells us later is like this is what he does to her every day. I'd be like, you are a romantic as well as a drunk dancing, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Everything we see from him, it's always beer. And he says to me, "Oh, I I only drink at those times that I tell you guys about." It. I'm like, it's every day. It's every fucking second. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I love you, Dancer Mike. I love you. But yeah, the first. I love you too. Even though you're cruel, baby. Yes, yes. The male number two is starting now, and we're going to start with Maddie D. Remember, he wants to have a male in every section. Maddie D says, "Hey guys, 
Just heard Reggie's review of the Raven book. I'm glad to see that his view aligns with mine. I also have to agree with Jim. Perhaps it's time that Marv Wolfman should step aside from writing comics. I think him, Neil Adams, and Frank Miller have honestly lost touch with reality. Don't get me wrong. I think they are all great comic creators for their time. It's just their time has passed. Just don't replace them with Steve Orlando, Brian Hitch, or Tim Seeley. I agree. Didn't I have any good points during that review? Well, I don't no, not you. You didn't say shit. Pretty sure that that's what I said. Yeah, I know. I I actually went off at the at the end. I said that I think that they should put him out the pasture, and I think <laughs> Reggie got upset with me. Reggie's like Jesus Christ, because he the actually hero of his. He has actually has met him a couple times, and I think that led to me feeling bad. I'm like, you met him? What's going on? He's like, yeah, he's kind of out of it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, allegedly, Eric. But yeah, Maddie D, you're you're keeping your promise. Of a, a male in each section, a fucking uh, turkey in every pot, Eric. So oh, yeah, they say, turkey in every pot. Cheese. Next one. Cheese says, "Sup, get fresh crew." Whoop, whoop. So, gee, whoop, whoop. The Green Ranger and Lex Luthor were epic picks for the bad guy turns for your list, guys. Very impressed. Hi, Jim. I just wanted to say after listening to your episode 98, I have to say that I love the idea of an Anno-Senti theater where you and Eric act out the various scenes from oh, some God. of Nocenti's seminal comic runs. He has seminal in quotes. Since <laughs> Katana was such a horrible piece of literature, I would like to suggest that you start with that to immediately get some ridiculous dialogue and situations. It was ridiculous. I actually downloaded Katana for free on the Hoopla app and felt even regretful that I downloaded it for free. After finishing Andresenti's Katana run, Steve Orlando's Midnight run, and Brian Hitch's Justice League, I'm having a hard time deciding who writes the worst dialogue. Andresenti. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, it was fun, though. It was fun how bad it was. I'm telling you, you want to see the worst bit of dialogue combined with situation. It had to be that guy in the uh, Gothopia where she was, uh, where Selena was working at the uh, the suicide, the suicide hotline, hotline. Yeah, and the yeah, guy yeah. came in that was a former quarterback. Throw me the football and, and it's down. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, I was the best quarterback. Throw me the football and it's down." And What's I that read mean? that, and that was so early. I don't even think that were did we have the podcast then? I, I think we I did. don't even know. Yeah, we would have because that was in the late twenties of okay. the the issue. So I know we did. And I thought to myself, this is when we just started though. We were barely had started. I believe we had started, but even so, I thought that when I talked about it or even when I reviewed it, that people wouldn't get what I was saying. Like, right. ah, that's not so bad. But luckily, the reaction was pretty big. I remember saying that line to you, throw me the ball and it's down. <laughs> and I said to you, what fucking sport She's not even confusing football dude, with another dude, it's sport down. It's down. because she heard first down somewhere along the line. I, I get that, like somebody, husband, whatever, boy, was watching football, and all she heard was people yelling shit, and she combined it. I, a, a quarterback, Eric, throw me the football, and it's can, down. Can we go back and like just look at this again and think that this guy is just full of shit I, trying I, to impress can, Selena? Yeah, I, I think that he was full of shit. But yeah, <laughs> you had Katana though with the you know you burnt toast. You you oh, didn't so make good. a bed. You you unmade a bed. Really? <laughs> then you had all that. Then Clarion, I said with her and Clarion, 
it just was ridiculous. You had those buddy bots that would go in your fucking inside your belly button and stuff. I don't know if you were doing that with Reggie stuff. or what, but yeah. thankfully oh, I remember it, it reading. It was awful. Uh, you know, I, I might have read a couple, but yeah. they did oh, not stick with me. I don't remember but that was like, Clarion. I, I think I said with Clarion that was beyond the point where it was any bit fun anymore. With with Selena, with Catwoman, Anosenti's Catwoman, you dealt with a lot of the underground with Tinder, Tinderbox or whatever her fucking name yeah. is. And uh, that nonsense, well, and no, you had Joker's on, daughter. On top of that whole thing with uh, with throwing the ball at us down during Gothopia, the best part is she didn't even understand the arc because after yeah. the Gothopia arc was over, she was still working at the yeah, suicide. That was the whole thing. Gothopia, Gothopia was a dream that everybody in Gotham it took over them, and they were in this like dream state. And they ended up doing things and and whatnot. And yes, when that arc ended. You know, it was just a storyline. Uh, I believe it was – um, what's his name that was on Detective? Uh, John Layman. John Layman yeah. had done that. He That was like his final hurrah. It was his hurrah. last issue. It was yeah, last it was his arc, last yeah. deal. So they had that arc and everybody had their crossover. And, yeah, when this was over, everything just went back to normal except in Catwoman who maintained the, the dream <laughs> job that she had. I really do think that when they said to Anosenti, and we said this all along, that – she seems to hear what they tell her, but not get it quite, and doesn't want to ask questions. It's like, listen, Selena's going to have a dream job. So then they, she doesn't think that that's a job in a dream. That was Selena's dream job. That, her dream job is to work at the suicide hotline. So why would she leave her dream job? So stupid. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I'm telling you, if you really want some fun, go back for that race of thieves. That was the biggest, but it was wacky racers uh, with just nonsense, and it ended in the most crazy way where Selena kind of fixes the race, and it just was just terrible. Oh, I miss the good old days, Eric, the good old days. Uh, that was quickly replaced by Midnighter then. Midnighter yeah, seemed to take the place of that with that over-the-top it dialogue. It wasn't as much fun. And it was when uh, I liked that first issue. You liked the second issue of Midnighter uh, by Steve Orlando. And then I, I ended up being almost like you and, and Batgirl, where I was like the loaned fucking, I was the odd man out. Everybody yeah. loved that book. And all I kept telling people was, read the dialogue out loud and you will see how ridiculous it is. That was it. And we had some podcasts where we sat there and read that dialogue and laughed and laughed. But, yeah, he continues and says, with that being said, since I talked about Katana, what are your favorite samurai ninja properties? He says his top five are, number one, the se- uh, seven – I said the sexy samurai. The seven samurai, the 1954 one. original. Uh, number two, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the 90s. Uh, number three, The Last Samurai 2003, which he actually, G, made a mention of where Hollywood will not cast any fucking Asians in Asian roles. And you have The Last Samurai, which was Tom it's Cruise. It's called Asians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, oh, number Asians. four, American Ninja 1985. You know that I have a, a storied past with American Ninja. Oh, I know, Ninja. baby. One of my favorites. Number five, Revenge of the Ninja 1983. And I said, I made my list. Uh, number one for me, American Ninja. And I put, I watched the movie over a hundred times with my buddy Herb. And still to this day, 
I will text him lines from that. If so, I ever want to get a hold of Herb. We start bullshitting all of a sudden. Yeah. I'm texting Herb. Yeah. The, we start talking about shit. And if I want to text Herb, I, I text him lines. Like the one point, it's, it's so funny because we've seen that movie so many times that we make up so many stories around <laughs> what's going on and just laugh. I love the fact that at one point, Michael Dudikoff is, is, he's fighting uh, Jackson. But in the meantime, he is just kind of defensively going, and Jackson gets knocked down a hundred times, and then tells Dudikoff, "Hey, this isn't over till one of us goes down." He kept laughing. <laughs> You've gone down seventeen times. Then Michael Dudikoff puts a fucking bucket on his head. Oh, it's so good. And is it that flick where Dudikoff is on the bucket. motorcycle and does that jump? And you yeah. Know oh, there's that guy. the one. Yeah. Gee, if you want to watch that, go and watch American Ninja again and watch when he jumps. Uh, tries to get out of the base and jumps over the wall. The guy on that motorcycle died. He's we dead we now. have watched that. He is dead. And we always made the joke that at the end it's like this in memory of the fucking motorcycle guy. This guy must have fallen. He must have flew over the handlebars and died. Oh, it's so good. Number two, Eric. My number two thing. I go, I'm not going just movies here. The Shogun Warrior toys. Does that count? They're Shogun yes. Warriors, Eric. I That's love those. Awesome Godzilla toys. Yeah, I love those toys. Number three, the uh, both. It's two games: uh, the Tenchu games and the Anamusha games. And really, the Tenchu was just the number one uh, game that was on the PS One. I oh, love yeah. that game. I played that the shit out of that game. Awesome. Uh, number four was Ninja Scroll. That was an anime, and it was one of the first anime that I saw that was like, "Holy shit, this is fucking adult shit." There's a lot of crazy shit. You ever see that Ninja Scroll? I know you don't no. like anime. Holy moly, it's over the top. Uh, number five was Afro Samurai, which is another anime, more of a Western. Never watched anime it. I, I know really, of it, really, but really I never liked. watched it. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, what are yours, Aaron? All right, the no particular order. The hero- I want to say the heroic trio, which was I, okay. I want to say a Japanese movie about these three girls who had superpowers and were also yeah. kind of like you know kung fu ninja kind of shit yeah. going on. I don't I've have a big it. like I don't have a big I think Michelle like, Yeoh was with, in that there. Is it? I don't know any of them. I used to watch yeah. it all the time. Yeah, on, like, I think kung that fu she theater. was in that. I think, but she uh, I don't really that. have a big background with ninjas and sam, especially samurais. Like I thought of samurais. Like the only thing I got for that is Hiro Nakamura from the Hero Show. He became yeah. a samurai in the second season hey, for a little why bit. Why so. not? Uh, Ninja Turtles. Michelle Yeoh was in that. I just looked up. Oh, nice. I, I have seen I actually owned that movie at one point. Ryu from Ninja Gaiden or okay. Gaiden, whatever you want to call it. Yep. And for number five, I'm telling you, I'm pulling these out of my ass. This what about the game Shinobi? Is that next? Shinobi? I never played Shinobi. God damn you. And uh, I, I actually just had my last one. I can't remember now. Uh, <laughs> I messed you up. <laughs> you did? Um, <laughs> Shinobi make it, Eric. Shinobi, yes, yeah, Shinobi. Shinobi did make it, Jim. Shinobi made it. You never. Um, now you made it. Snake What's eyes. What's that? Oh, snake eyes. GI yeah, Joe. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. I'm telling you, of all my picks, really, I'm looking at it. I love that Tenchu game. I loved it. I used to get in trouble. You get, you fucking get caught, and then you jump on the rooftops and run oh, yeah. around. The I draw, the draw that. distance was so bad, and that is a game. Oh, Don't go back. It, don't go back to that game because boy, it it was it there was some not, moments I remember playing it when it over. came out. I do not yeah. want to imagine playing it now. Yeah, I love that game, but yeah, then they they continued the series. I was not a big fan. Uh, there's other games like Way of the Sam uh, Way of the Samurai, I believe it was that I like. Oh, there was a cool ass game, uh, Samurai Showdown. I really loved yeah. playing Neo Geo. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I looked in that Anamusha was. Uh, the same guy, I believe, that made the Resident Evil games. It was one of those. And uh, 
I really liked it, and it does say on like Wikipedia that it was wildly popular, but yet I can never find anybody who played it. <laughs> I really can't. And there was a bunch. Uh, Jean Renou, or whatever the guy is. Jean from, Renou? Uh, yeah. The, the professional was actually motion capture for, I think, the third game in that, and that one kind of fell flat. And then they had one after that that I really, really enjoyed as well. But, yeah, he says, and, oh, my God, Jim, I can't believe that you said when I was a kid my goal in life was to be retarded because you don't ever have anything to do. You don't have to do anything. And I told you, I've told you this before the podcast. I always oh, yeah. thought that as a kid. I'm like, that's what I, like some people say, like, I want to be on disability. Nah, I want to be retarded. You, you could just do whatever the fuck you want. I couldn't I, stop I wanna, laughing from I that I want to be a billionaire. Yeah, I, I just, to me, that's, uh, you've won the lottery. You're retarded. Uh, they're always happy. Every retarded guy I've ever seen always with a fucking smile on their face. Half retarded? No, they're always angry as shit. No, half retarded are always angry. I'm not talking half. Why would I go half on anything? Go for no, gusto. This isn't halfsies. This is one of those jokes you feel bad for laughing, but you can't help it. I hope you're laughing again, G, because that is the lottery. You become, yeah, yeah we have a guy at work. The guy I would consider kind of half special, we'll say. And, uh, we've talked about him on the podcast many a time. I kind of did record him this week of talking and felt bad afterwards. <laughs> that and motherfucker for, caught on to yeah, you. For some reason, the guy can't even figure out how to tie his own goddamn shoes, but he knew I was recording him. And then I easily, you know, pushed him away. I, you know, I don't know. Then I Honestly, pretended. I, I actually think, like, all of a no. sudden. All of his brain power started working when you realized yeah. that you were thought he realized you were recording him and yeah. he just like dummied up at that point. He no, was Jim, I don't know I do not know what you were talking about, yeah. sir. Have yeah. a good he day. Was, he was talking about the diesel, which was Vin Diesel, about a movie that seemed to be a combination of American Sniper and the Marine. And we didn't know what was going on and yeah, he thought I was fucking I even made sure that as I walked towards him, I kept my phone at the exact same level. I didn't change it. I pretended I was looking at it. He goes, hey, were you recording me? No, no, no. I said, if I was going to record you, I'd do a little interview. And then he was, he, he got, but this guy, like I said, he is kind of half retarded and he is always angry. I mean, angry about anything at the drop of a dime, but not, you know. My cousin Jeff, or my uncle Jeffrey, he wasn't that angry because he'd blow off some steam by kicking the shit out of me. He's and having a ball. And listening to the Beatles and the Monkeys. Yeah, and the Monkeys. He's having a fucking ball. He liked Fonzie. He liked Elvis. A Who lot of he? icons. Yeah, really. I'm telling you, one of my old girlfriends, her aunt was fucking uh, deaf. Gotcha. And uh, not retarded, just deaf. Loved Elvis. I said, that's when I knew that guy had something. He was the king. <laughs> Thank you guys for all you do, and I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. Sincerely, G. And thank you, yes, Jay. Thank you, G. Uh, next one's JT. JT, who said he might uh, back, mail yeah. in, and JT did. Hey, Jim and Eric. I called in, and I was talking about the comics that were on the bubble. I only gave you guys four titles because I forgot the fifth. Well, I'm writing this email to inform you guys that the last book was Batgirl, which I did look up the article. This title is not selling well compared to past Batgirl titles. Maybe it's time to stop the bullshit that they created here. No one I cares agree. about Barbara High School lovers or that she hasn't updated her Twitter account in 24 hours. That is a disaster. We need the old barber back costume and all. I don't mind her hanging her cape and Burnside, but let's have her back. She is one of the greatest minds of the DC universe, and they have her doing absolutely nothing. Maybe DC will wake Except up and take notice stupid. of the legacy pitch they've been saying since the launch of Rebirth. Bring her back. I said the problem with Batgirl is, what is her legacy? 
like we've seen shot. where you don't even have really a quote unquote legacy villain for her. And no, so no, instead no, they no have to play of, this game with uh, Oracle. The legacy of Batgirl is Oracle. Yeah. And that's what the problem is. They don't want to bring, you know, they're not going to bring that back. So they're playing it, you know, loose in the Birds of Prey deal with this person who is claiming, you know, taking the identity of Oracle and all this. And it just, it isn't playing well in that. And in Batgirl, because I think maybe the problem is, is that maybe they should have waited for the Birds of Prey book. Have it come out now. Now that Batgirl's going back to Burnside and, and Gotham, have that Birds of Prey book come out now. But while you're getting that story, she's fucking tramp, tr- tramping. <laughs> she's traipsing around in Asia. It just doesn't just seem don't like right. Women. It's really, and it, it just, it doesn't. I don't know. Neither story is really doing it for me. Oh, it me really either. isn't. You'll hear later when we're, when we're talking Batgirl. Holy moly, there is some nonsense this week. Ah, yes, but okay, next subject. I just got done reading Titans number five. Did you spot a Legion of Superhero flight ring in this issue, Eric? I did not. Yeah, it was there. Uh, people were talking about it in the, uh, in the chat room and somebody even put up the picture. It might have even been JT. I don't know, uh, if it was him or whoever. Uh, but yeah, there is somebody that you just see the hand with the flight ring on it. I just stared at it for a couple of minutes. It's when Abracadabra was telling Wally that the world was watching him being destroyed in order for everyone to fear him as he was the one who destroyed the Flash. On the bottom right corner of the page, someone had their fist balled up. Epic. We are getting a new wave of rebirth titles, and I hope DC considers dropping all their books to monthly by then. <laughs> I would like to continue to read my current books and add some new titles in the future, but that seems ridiculous that they are still publishing bi- bi-weekly books. The thing is, I don't know that I could go back. I really I don't. Know. I feel I, spoiled now. With any yeah. of these monthly titles, I'm like, oh, God. Now, again, we again. say this, and people are like, yeah, fuckers, you get them for free and all this. There's, you know, the things. But just reading-wise, I get when we get these monthly titles, like we have a bunch this week, they just, number one, they don't seem as important to me. Uh, the pacing is completely off because if you do get a filler issue now on a monthly book, holy shit, it seems like nothing's happened in a year. It really does. And you are always going to get these set up or filler issues no matter what. And when they do pop up, I mean, I'm telling you, just like Titans. You're like, what the fuck? Like, we're going to have to wait. and It's just nonsense. Or like, say, Hellblazer that we'll talk about later. When nothing happens in a book, it really hits hard when it's a monthly book. Uh, though the opposite is some of these weekly, you know, bi-monthly books are uh, have some padding to it. So you kinda... We get nothing really fast. Yeah, but if you do get nothing an issue, at least in two weeks you have the next issue. You know sure. what I mean? And it's just... I don't know, and even so, I'm now in this, uh, you know, almost like a schedule thing where, because I know, and I don't ever know when these monthly books are I, showing dude, up. they pop out of nowhere, yeah. it seems like. And I couldn't even tell you if they're like, okay, Batgirl came out the second week of, you know, say March, and then and in we, April it came out the thing. I used to make lists of this, yeah. so we yeah, knew when everything was coming out, and we I, used to, I have we, no idea now. Yeah, we used to have an idea, especially because... Like we do now with the bi-monthly, we know when books would come out with other books. We do yep. associate them with that, and we do that with the bi-monthly stuff. But these monthly books, they just pop out of nowhere and really seem not as important. They really they don't. kind of come in and wreck the party, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, they do. 
makes more work for us. This brings my email to an end. Thank you guys for everything you do. I can't wait to hear the new episode. Here is an advanced congratu- congratulations on the 100th episode. You guys rock. Take care. Thank you, JT. Thank you, JT. Next one's from Taylor. Taylor says, hey, guys, hope you all had a great turkey day. I read a ton over this break and got caught up through episode 94. <laughs> I just I wonder if he says that. I wonder if he just like when he gets to this number 99, he like fucking raises a glass, tips his hat or a bit. He's like, I remember when I wrote that. I've made it, guys. Yeah, I have a few things to say for sure about a couple of books. I'm so happy I'm done with Night of the Monster Men. That is funny. Oh, my God. That was so bad, it's hard to fathom. I really enjoyed Batman 9 and Nightwing 7, though. They may have been more set up than anything, but just for the fact that it was a back to their own stories was good enough for me. And, yes, I... We kind of agreed then as well. There has been a ton of talk of candy as of late, and I wanted to throw in my two cents. The best candy is of anything Reese's. Reese's Cups, Pieces, Fast Break, Nut Rages. I like Pieces better. I like Pieces too. I like Fast Break. Not a big Nut Rages fanner. I consider I myself non-Nut Rages. I'm not a big fan of the Nut Rages. I remember I went right for them when they first came out, but I don't think I've had them since. Kind of would like to start a uh, alternative dance club called Nutrageous. Be kind of right. good. They also now have Reese's cups with Reese's pieces in them, and they are amazing. They are fucking nonsense. If I want yeah, a cup, I want like a it. cup. I if knew I want it. Pieces, I, want I actually asked you. We were at Wawa, and we saw them. I'm like, hey, you got you like fuck yeah. I've had those fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> I just Jesus honestly, Christ, buddy. The cups, are, for some reason, are just too much of that goddamn peanut butter to me. Do you like I just the big don't care cup? For you like that big cup? Do you? Dude, I could not even imagine eating a big cup. Actually, when you say big cup, I think of those ones that cost $16. No, not that one that was $18 that I told you was like two pounds. A pound or whatever. I'm Jesus. telling you, if that thing was eight bucks, I was bringing it to work, and we were going to fucking down that like fucking, you, you know. Like Lady in the Tramp. Oh, we were Lady in the Tramp in that bitch. We're going to meet in the middle. Meet in the middle. <laughs> But yeah, that thing was like 18 bucks. Who the fuck is buying a Reese's peanut butter cup that costs you 18 bucks? Rockefellers. Probably. Fucking guys eating with the pinkies on. This is where my email is going to go a little random. First off, who are your favorite artists of all time? I would have to say number three is the tie between Ethan Van Skyver and Ivan Rice for their runs in Green Lantern during the Jeff Johns days. Number two is Darwin Cook. Number one is, oh no, Alex Ross. <laughs> uh, yes, I am not a fan of Alex Ross. I uh, what were yours? You you say right now who yours are because I I'd have to think. But go Joe on. Maduria, Jason Fabach, and uh, probably Ethan Van Skyver. Yeah, I like um I like Jason Fabach. I do like me some Brett Booth. I know that that's kind of I a do love uh, some Brett decisive. Booth. You know that the people are very upset about him. I. I again, I'm new to comics compared to a lot of other people, um, but I do like Ivan Rice a lot. I also like like a new guy. I like Juan Ferreira a lot as well. Yeah. But that's uh, I don't know. I I'd probably Ethan Van Skyver's tough to beat too. Uh, did was that three? As long as, long as he's on a Green Lantern book, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, I like him. But uh, again, like stuff tonight where we already talked. I like uh, Kirkham. I really like his oh, art. Tyler There's Kirk. a lot of guys that I really like. But again, I'm not a huge art guy. Like, I, I likes what I likes. Uh, but yeah, I don't sit around and think of who my favorites are, but I do have some favorites on books. But out of the rebirth so far, who is your favorite character between Terry Kurtzberger, 
or Ray Delane, Eric? Oh, Terry that's a hard Kurtzberger or Ray Delane? I don't think it's a tough choice. While I respect Terry Kurtzberger with all my being, Eric. I have to go Ray Delane. And it's Ray Delane played by Black Mana that is number one. You, you get Ray Delane is good enough. But when I, Black Mana is pushing it too far, fucking solid gold. Thing is, I guess we have to go Ray Delane because at least we got to see him. We only heard yeah. the legend of well, Terry Kurtzberger. We, we all know the legend of Terry Kurtzberger. It's tough to not hear about Terry Kurtzberger. But yeah, Ray Delane, God rest his soul, uh, was just solid gold though so, uh, while while it's just i actually like the ray delane played by black mana rather than the ray delane stuffed in the trunk of a car that is not as fun uh you know what taylor says he's got to go with ray delane yeah I, I would too and he says have you guys been watching any of the simpsons marathon on fx it's been great to watch the old episodes again back when this show was funny and where i would guess he's saying is episode or season eight and before Tell me, I even tried to watch a season 11, a couple of the episodes. I couldn't do it. I really couldn't. And it's, I said to you, it is weird for me to claim because I am a huge Simpsons fan, yet I don't even like half of the I seasons. <laughs> I, I only, I really only go to eight and I will watch some of season nine. But to me, if you ask me my top 20 episodes of The Simpsons, they will all, well, first off, probably 10 of them will be from season four which Definitely. I think is by far the, the best, best season, season of yeah. The Simpsons, which I love. And uh, other than that, though, most of them are going to be within, you know, season three to season six are going to be almost all my favorites. They really are. Uh, but have you been watching the marathon at all? No, man. A couple months ago, they put all the episodes on demand, so yeah. I got really Yeah, me and you out. both, we watched a lot. And uh, my kids have actually... Discover the Simpsons now. Again, I got that fire stick and kind of jailbroken, Eric. I don't know if that's completely legal. Uh, if I talk like this with this no, 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 that's accent, fine. that makes that makes it fine. It makes it okay. So yeah. I have this fire stick and I got that, and we've been watching a lot of the Simpsons on that. Uh, and my kids really like it, but they agree. They agree that after a bit. You know, say they'll go up to season 12 or so, but after that, they're done. And right now, they are watching the U.S. version of The Office. That's their big uh, thing to marathon right now, which is crazy because it's got nine fucking seasons. But uh, I do enjoy that as well. But I, I tried to show them the British uh, version, and it did have two seasons, though, it, really, the first season, they, they came up with the second season way down the line, but the first season is only, I think, six episodes. And they oh, couldn't those get, British. Yeah, they couldn't even get past the first two episodes. They just really didn't like it. They were not That's having That's how I thought fun. about the American office. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm having fun. I like Steve Carell. I, I think that he's pretty good, though. It's funny because it now is pretty much an old show, and I forgot how much that that's what she said. <laughs> came from that and I'm like oh god damn it I, I wish i'd never heard that again uh then he says well uh, ha, uh da, da. lastly whitney and i have been talking a lot about her do or die pull list and i'm not uh asking for what yours are currently but what is more important when choosing do you go for the absolute best stories or do you stick with your favorite characters what do you go with I'd have to say stories because I, I like the Flash, and I do. I would have dropped that by now. Yeah, well, I like the Flash, and I would have dropped that. And I love Nightwing, and that would have been gone oh, a yeah. while back now. So, and really, there you go with two of them. And I am not, 
you know, I'm not the biggest Superman fan on the block, but that would be one of my books that I keep. I definitely would well. have that uh, in there. And it's really weird, too, because in general, I don't even consider, I think I actually consider myself more of a Superman fan than an actual Batman fan. Uh, but I'd keep Batman because I really like it. But uh, I know that some people are going, growing a little tired of that book. But he says, so here goes my big rant. I've absolutely loved Rebirth so far. I've only dropped three titles while loving some I never thought would be good, like New Superman. As great as it has been, I feel that one character has been destroyed more and more each issue. And that is, Eric, what do you guess? Guess it. What character is destroyed more and more each issue? I have no idea. Batgirl. Barbara is one of my oh, all-time I favorite characters. Oh, I thought we were talking about new Superman. But, like, no, no. Barbara is one of my all-time favorite characters, but so far I don't recognize her. We could find out that she was kidnapped and replaced with a robot. I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, I'd like that. In her own series, she has been the worst detective and a complete dumbass who gets the shit kicked out of her every other page. In Bird, she is the same way. She's supposed to be one of the smartest characters, but so far she's been quite the opposite. Bird, Even when she, she showed up in Nightwing, she was horrible. I really hope DC does something to make her badass again. Yeah, you'll hear us later. She really is. They've taken the smartest character and really one that's basic superpower is how smart she is. And have made her just a complete idiot and really showed this issue uh, that, that we're going to be talking about this week uh, that the only way that she can beat somebody is to become even dumber. Yeah. yeah it's just weird. All right. I've wasted enough of your time for this episode. I'm going to try to catch up as much as I can, but I really am falling behind. Uh, starting in January, I got my first head coaching job as a wrestling coach at my school. As nice. always, thank you guys so much for everything. And an early congratulations on next week's 100th episode. You guys are the best. And yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. And congratulations on your wrestling. Yeah. I, I like to say when I wrestled back in the day, Eric, I was a bit nutrageous with that as well. One time we were practicing and a guy did grab my nuts, full out grab my nuts. And we were in the wrestling room, and I actually picked them up and threw them into a radiator. And it wasn't just because – it wasn't that it was anything but that it hurt. He fucking gripped those motherfuckers, and it hurt. I didn't like that. But, yeah, the last email for I this part – I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like the feeling. I, I'm telling you, that's one of the things where, you know – People like to experiment and do things or whatnot with the ladies or the men or the men and the ladies. I just – I don't touch my own balls, Eric. I don't need anybody else touching them. I, they're very sensitive. They're very sensitive to me. My chestnuts remain by themselves. I don't sit there in bed with a finger up my ass playing with my my own balls. I just got the finger up the ass. That's all. That's fine enough for me. Just stay away from the balls, Eric. Don't, I don't even want to get into it. I don't want to get into what other uh, my other kinks. Uh, Brandon has the last mail for this section. He says, "Sup, fellas." Sup, Brandon. Well, just your friendly neighborhood juice Nazi writing in for the week to provide my weekly update on life, comics, and stuff. Made me so sad when I heard his daughter crying for that juice. It did. It made you me want to cry. Softy, yeah. I said, I said to to Brandon, I sent him a note, like I'm I'm editing the podcast. I hear her crying, and it made me sad because she seemed very sad. But also, it made me sad because I I remember those days when I had my kids that age, each one of them, and it was so it's so fun at that age. You don't realize it when they are that young how great it is because they they think you're the greatest. You you can tell them anything, they'll listen. You're like, go to bed. You know, actually, they don't listen to that. But you're like, we're gonna watch this movie, okay, Daddy? 
And you know, you put on a porn act. Daddy, they call, you, still call him Daddy. Like, Daddy, Daddy, why, <laughs> Daddy, why are we going to see Deadpool? I'm not old enough. Listen, just shut your mouth. But no, everything and everything seems like new and and exciting to them. Then they get all new. Not selling me on kids, man. No, you get older though, and and it's like you know, what'd you do today? Nothing. That's all you get. Nothing and really, that sometimes that's oh. enough for me. I just well, you know mind my own goddamn business. But it was fun. Back in the day, I would like to start by assuring everyone that the star of the show last week, my poor heart broke, my heartbroken daughter, is just fine. It shows no emotional scarring presently from being told no more juice one night last week. Juice Nazi. Prior to being told no more juice from that night, the little helly uh, in the hellion probably consumed enough fruit punch at Chuck E. Cheese prior to that taping to send a full-grown gorilla into diabetic shock. So there are methods to my madness at times. Not always, but there are points my fatherly instincts do kick in. Also, well, it is a bad idea to right give a bed, little yeah. kid juice right before bed. That, that's, that is trouble. But also, in my final defense, the no is partially for my own safety. If I give McKenna too much juice, the old lady always finds out and comes down on me with the wrath of dark side. <laughs> I personally think she either marks the goddamn juice jugs with a line or just has disturbing tell. sense to know what I'm doing when she's not around. Again, if that was me... My wife would it back in the day then would have said like that was only I only gave you know my kids juice to get them out of my fucking hair, you know. Jeez, that's not nice. Either way, the girlfriend hates me or the daughter hates me. So sometimes I just have to alternate who to please. Women are hard, guys. Anyway, my reading has gotten off to a slow start this week, having only read Civil War Two Number Seven, Detective in Action so far. Detective in Action were fine but unspectacular, and I keep learning. Uh, keep leaning to just going back to my old reading habits and not keeping up with most of Rebirth if they're not going to seed hints and answers in every title. I just like long, interconnected stories, and I thought that was what we were going to be getting at first, but the longer this goes on, the less info we get out of Watchmen Rebirth, the less interested I am in the B-level books. With that being said, Marvel Civil War II is basically my Justice League. I'm supporting it this moment in time because I hate it so much, but keep buying it to finish the run. And now here comes a mini Marvel rant. Being one of the individuals who championed and begged Jim to do Marvel reviews and content on the set, I feel this is well within my wheelhouse, so bear with me for a second here. Brian Michael Bendis, to me, is Marvel's version of Brian Hitch, just writing nonsense on big-name titles, X-Men, Civil War, Iron Man, Spider-Man, changing things at a whim to fit his bullshit stories that are just very long, boring conversations, every damn issue for all the characters he writes. And he expects everyone to lap it up like a dehydrated dog or a little kid once juice eric and praise him for putting out a delayed product spoiled by issues being released around them it's funny he says this uh brian that civil war has been delayed so much that it is overlapping with the net with marvel now that's supposed to be it's so crazy do you realize that this week brian michael bendis had like a congratulatory uh tweet about finishing up the last part of the event like, oh, they had just finished this. it, and I was like, really? You are really going to push this? He's like, here's a cake that I made for thee. Oh, it's the, the wrap-up party. If you fucking asshole. <laughs> fucking stupid. It's weird, because Brian Michael Bendis was one of those names that I always heard, and only heard from, from you know, from outside. So right. I, everything I heard, I'm like, boy, this guy's like the Jeff Johns I thought, it, I thought he used to be really good back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. And... 
the, Brandon's right, and it, it is the joke, but I had a couple of his books on our Marvel Mondays that I just had to get to. Everything is such... Everybody just stands around and talks. That's all they do in his books. They just sit around and talk, and it drives me nuts. This Civil War book has killed all future Marvel events for me, especially when, for two years in a row, the company has extended these events an extra issue at four ninety nine a clip minimum, all for the penultimate issue to be utter filler garbage. These ship practices have also impacted on many Marvel books I'm currently willing to pick up because they put Bendis on anything considered an elite book every time they reboot. It's the equivalent of letting Hitch fuck up JLA, then the Justice League, and then letting him on uh, Batman to keep fucking up good things for people who enjoy them. I want to like Marvel Comics, but if you're looking for stories about characters in their movies and not social justice warrior counterparts, then I just feel like most of the Marvel books aren't for me at this point in time. Marvel needs a rebirth badly, which means they need to rebirth things uh, goddamn again, but this also disinterests me since they do it all the freaking time pretty much every 10 months. Oh well, maybe one day someone will start a run to or will start to run the company right again, and then maybe they'll see their number one issue start to beat DC shit Justice League number 12 again which is shit to begin with just make good comics god damn it I don't hate everything I just feel creatively besides the Batman book everything is stalling and I'm reading about nonsense and nothing lately I'll end with my top five books right now so everyone doesn't think I'm a bitter fuck all the time number one <laughs> Batman because of Tom King number two Superman because of Gleason and little John and drunk Lois Number three, He-Man Thundercats. He says it's just dumb fun. Number four, Gwenpool. Also dumb fun. Number five, Suicide Squad. I love Rob Williams. I just want Jim Lee to stop fucking up his flow. And he ends with, go Bills. We're six and six. Still in the hunt. And have a home game this weekend. So be ready on Twitter, Toby. <laughs> yeah, and he said, it's so funny because people are like, ooh, I wonder if it's because Toby likes the Bills or maybe Toby. No, Toby's in England and likes to see fucking videos of girls getting their asses eaten and dildos <laughs> on the field. That's all Toby wants. Uh, in the Get Fresh crew, whoop, whoop. In the chat line, Toby was uh, presenting pictures of him with some fucking BBW porn star that he used to screw. It was crazy shit going down. It's the Wild West on that chat line. Sure is. Uh, did you see any of those? I did. Yeah, it was crazy. I had chance just like, not to see I walked in, I'm like, what's going on? I don't yeah. vlog. I need an adult. Yeah, yeah, it's re it's one of those where th thanks to Toby, I'm like I'm in the chat room and I gotta keep a fucking eye at the side <laughs> so that I didn't get caught. I gents juice Nazi out, Brandon at bmuir three six six zero. Thank and you, Brandon. Move on with uh, Brandon talking about a Marvel book, which he's gonna be talking about Venom, Eric, one of the books that uh, you were interested in. I you was were a big symbiote fan, right? Not really. No, but it's no. it's one of those. I think it, people. It was big in the nineties. I yeah. was a kid. It seemed fun. I don't know. Yeah. It stuck with me a bit. I think people are are kind of back in that mode right now. We'll see. Uh, just like you and Action Comics, you can't get enough of that book, Aaron. You can't shut get enough of that, baby. Yeah, we'll move on to that, house. and then after Brandon, we'll be back with some books. Hey, how we doing? Weird Science and the Get Fresh Crew. Uh, this is Brandon, and I'm coming at you with this week's Marvel Minute. Um, we're going to focus on one of the new number ones this week, uh, and the one that stood out to me personally, um, being a Spider fan at heart, was uh, Venom Now number one. Um, so basically this series is jumping off of uh, Venom Space Night, which had 13 issues, um, ended in the end of October, uh, basically, with uh, 
Flash and Mania, who is uh, Venom's clone symbiote, basically calming uh, the symbiote down so it wasn't evil any longer. Um, we jump into this issue here, uh, Venom Now Number 1, which is written by Mike Costa. Uh, the art is done by Gerardo Sandoval and uh, Donos Sanchez Amara. Uh, the issue starts off um, with just a brief summary history, uh, a black background with some white writing, uh, giving you the, uh, again, the history of Venom, uh, what he's been up to, where he came from, uh, who, who his different hosts have been. Um, so he obviously started with Spider-Man, moved on to Eddie Brock, and then Flash Thompson. Um, we're not really given information on, on why the symbiote has left Flash, uh, but this story picks up by introducing us uh, to a character named Lee Price. Uh, Lee, he is down on his luck here. He's got a rent notice, a final notice that's past due, uh, and he appears to be down on his luck and out of work. Uh, he gets a text message from his boy, Tony, uh, saying, if you need a job, come meet me at this diner in an hour. Uh, as we flip the page, we, we kind of get a, um, um, a big one-page spread of the Venom symbiote, and it, it looks... It looks kind of disgusting and sickly, um, and again, we're not really sure why it's without its its current host, which is uh, Flash Thompson, uh, at this point in time. As we turn that page, we move on with Lee. Uh, he arrives at the diner. Um, he, he meets his buddy Tony, who introduces him to Mac Gargan. Now, Mac Gargan, uh, at one point in time, um, also wore the Venom symbiote. Uh, and, and was Scorpion um, back in the day. So so he's got a little bit of uh, Spider-Man and symbiote history, and we see him trying to recruit Tony and Lee uh, basically to do this job. Um, he, he appears to have stolen some uh, stuff from Alchemax where he works, and they're, they're trying to basically unload it. Um, they're recruiting Lee to kind of just stand there and, and look intimidating. Um look like he's going to kill somebody but you know not actually take anybody down that that's what they're they're pretty much making clear at the table here um mac is basically saying he doesn't really trust lee to to hold up his end of the deal just look intimidating and not actually kill anybody so so they're having a little back and forth uh this is the point where we get a little background on our, our boy lee here we find out he is he's a military veteran uh he, he Took some wounds in the battlefield. He's missing a couple fingers, um, you know. So, so that adds to his down on the luck nature. Basically, the, this scene ends with uh, Mac walking out of the diner, telling these two to meet him at a certain place at a certain time, so so they can carry out this job. And we'll see what happens from from that point forward. Um, as we move on in the book, we see kind of this bum, homeless-looking dude. He's wandering down a back alley, kind of looking for some scraps to eat. And we, we see, again, this the sick-looking Venom symbiote that's basically uh, hiding under just some boards or some cardboard boxes. Uh, when, when this homeless guy gets too close, the symbiote basically latches onto him, um, um, taking possession of the homeless guy, uh, pukes up its, its lunch, and, and goes on its merry way. Uh, so, so we, uh, again, continue with Lee 
Mac and uh, Tony as they meet these shady characters uh, to to carry out this shady deal that they're they're trying to to put through. Um, things go wrong when uh, the the bad guys basically tell Mac he he's not getting any sort of money. Uh, their reward for bringing them this stuff is that they're not going to kill them. Uh, so things go wrong and guns start getting pulled out on each other. And that's when Lee's pissed. He's like, well, I didn't bring a goddamn gun. What the hell am I supposed to do? Um, you know, things are going downhill at this point And the bad guys um, that arrived and, and aren't going to pay these three three guys any money start firing bullets. And that's when this Venom symbiote comes flying out of nowhere. Uh, and basically stops all the bullets from hitting either Mac, Tony, um, or Lee. Uh, here we get a beautiful splash page by DaCosta, and basically it's it's cut down the middle. So, so this would be a double page spread in the issue. On one side, we basically get Lee's thoughts as the uh, Venom symbiote is being combined with him. Um, and on the right side, we get the symbiote's thoughts of combining with Lee. So uh, we get some, basically, history that Lee went through, history the Venom symbiote went through. Um, they're both kind of fighting for control, and as we turn the page, we see that, that Lee basically has control of the symbiote. Uh, the, the symbiote wants to be good, because um, it was just cleansed, but Lee, kind of being a shady dude, is forcing the symbiote to do bad things, and, and he essentially starts fucking everybody up. He's taking out every bad guy on the scene. He's just flat out killing them. Uh, when kind of the uh, commotion calms down, his boy Tony asks him, he's like, can you hear me, Lee? Are you in control of that thing? And that's when uh, Lee's like, you know, what a rush. Basically, uh, you know, WWE Legion of Doom style. Um, Tony and Lee have a little dialogue uh, with Tony being essentially like, Lee, we, we need to get you to a hospital. You got monster goo on you. And Lee's like, nah, man, I'm in, I'm in control of this thing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to make it do what I want. You know, I know all about Spider-Man now. Uh, this thing used to be Spider-Man on Spider-Man, and I'm going to see what happens here. Um, Tony's basically telling him, that's not a very good move, dude. And uh, as a result, Lee essentially just knocks him the hell out and kills him. Um, he seems to be in control of the, the symbiote. Uh, he, he's going to be making it do evil things. Uh, the, the interesting thing kind of about this story uh, is that we find out the symbiote doesn't want to be doing these evil things. It, it wants Lee to be good. But Lee is making the symbiote do things it doesn't want to. So, so that's the, the point we're at here. Um, with everybody dead in the alley but Lee, uh, he decides to take these stolen goods that Mac um, took from Alchemax and, and get the hell out of Dodge. And uh, now he's got some materials um, to possibly sell and make some money with. And he's got a Venom symbiote he's in control of. Uh, control of and, and he leaves the scene uh, the, the final page in our cliffhanger ending um, is, is a little narration from Lee um, it says and then I went home to figure out how to use this power to my advantage and he, he's sitting in his, uh, his basically empty apartment 
with these stolen goods from Alchemex and a weakened Venom symbiote on the floor as he basically tries to calculate, you know, how, how to gain full control of this thing and how to use it. But this symbiote looks skinny and sick and, and like it is struggling to stay alive here. Um, and, and that's how we end this issue. Um, you know, uh, th this was a very cool story. Uh, so you know how I do things, guys. I tell you to buy it, to borrow it, or to forget it altogether. Um, and this would definitely be in the buy category for me. And I've been a little down on the Marvel uh, publishing line recently, but um, every time they re reboot, there there are a few titles that you know catch my attention. Um, not as many as I would like, but a few. And uh, the Venom in the last two reboots has Venom Space Knight and now Venom Now. Um, have been great books. So, uh, you know, if, if you want to know what's going on with the symbiote, pick up the 13 issues of Venom Space Knight, like I told Trevor to earlier this week. Uh, pick up issue one of this new series, and you'll be pretty caught up on, on what that that character's been up to lately. Um, the art in the book is pretty good. There's a... Uh, when the panels get a little smaller, because it's, it's kind of a scratchy-type art, sometimes it's difficult, a little difficult to to tell what's going on but overall I really love the style of the book uh, the story is extremely interesting with the symbiote obviously trying to be a good character and you know uh, carry that momentum going forward from the previous series um, but with Lee being you know a, a morally corrupt character and wanting to use the symbiote for, for selfish reasons that's basically the conflict currently going on in the book the only thing I would mark it down for, really, is that we haven't found out why the symbiote isn't joined up with uh, Flash Thompson. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll get those answers as the series progresses, though, so I don't want to, you know, knock it too hard for that. Uh, other than that, you know, my, my advice for the month would be to stay the hell away from Civil War, the main book, too, uh, issue number seven, that is some penultimate garbage right there um, an issue um, that should have been the series conclusion uh, but with them extending it and now releasing it literally the last week of this year um, that's when we'll find out what finally happens to Tony um, you know it's just a garbage business practice Marvel is, is uh, used to get an extra $5.99 out of everybody at the end of the year so don't buy that Please don't buy that. Other than that, that's all you guys got uh, for me this week. I'm only going to do one book. Um, you're looking for me on Twitter. You can always find me at Beamer3660. But, you know, buy Venom Now, number one. That was a great book. That's my advice for the week. And stay the hell away from Civil War Two, number seven. Uh, that's it for me, guys. We're going to send it back to Jim and Eric and some more nonsense. Adios.
sweetheart That is what we say America sweetheart Here's Eric Shea All right, we're back, Eric. Oh, my God. We are back for section number two of the box. Ooh, how are you, I, I, my friend? What are you is up possessed? with you? This is, no, I, I'm actually the shade. This is how I think the shade talks. Hey, oh. how are you doing? I am the shade. Hey, how's I really that? picture it more like a, just a you Victorian gentleman. Old English? Yeah. Hello, Rolf. Even oh, what I know, that's, you that's way now? too old English. What are you doing, Barry Allen? Oh, you uh, nip on down to the pub or a little... I don't know. That's hurting my throat. <laughs> Why do I do this to myself? Why can't I, I do it? Here's an impersonation. This is an impersonation of some freaking guy who has no clue what uh, bear, bear, why we do this podcast. Hey, Eric, how are you? There, see? Pretty there good, you go. Jim. Boom, boom. Yeah, uh, we're going to continue on here with what we would like to say. What, how would you describe this section? Is it the Flash section, really? Yes, I would call this the Flash section. Okay, even though the last book is not, you know, really Flash heavy. but he's, it, It's got he's the Flash in it, or at least they yes, kid Flash, yes, Jim. That is right. Don't kid me, my friend. Oh, I'll kid you. Don't you kid me. You you talk a second because I need to take a drink. I'm, I, each time I go to put a drink up, you ask me a question. I don't have an answer for. Her. <laughs> well, I, I don't I don't understand what I've asked you so far. Mm, mm. But we are going to start off with the flash. Uh, yes. Oh, wait a minute. Mm. He told uh, me to wait a minute. I actually stopped. Hello. Oh, I, I can't do that. It, it actually it doesn't hurt my throat. It, it tickles my throat. It tickles my throat. Uh, like this book tickles my fancy. This one. Oh yeah, it does it. No, it doesn't. Uh, but I will say, <laughs> You're a liar. Uh, yes, this is one of those books we'll be talking later about Deathstroke, where I said that Deathstroke was a book that the more you read, you kind of get more of an idea of what it's about. Uh, that's Joshua Williamson in the Flash. He's not doing that sort of story, but I will tell you, the more I read this issue, I started to not. I can't say loved it or even like. I guess I liked it, but I, I'm appreciating it more. I'm appreciating the fine things in life, Aaron. You, you know what I'm talking about? No. You there? You there? Is this thing on? Is this on? Jesus. <laughs> the Flash number eleven, written by Joshua Williamson, art by David Giamfelice. Hey, David. I, David I would think Giamfelice? it's David. I would say it's David. The, the guy bought a vowel. He has an e at the end of David. 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 Giamfelice. Ivan Placencia and Steve, Divide. And Steve Wands. Divide. Wally West has it made in the shade, Eric. Ooh. Actually, he's in a bit of trouble. And after Barry Allen finds out that Iris West fashions herself a modern-day fucking Eric Shea with her horror script, <laughs> the two of them go looking for Kid Flash and find more than they bargained for. I have been pretty down on the Flash, and while this issue is better than a lot of what Joshua Williamson has been giving us since Rebirth, I can't shake the feeling that I want something more. I don't know about you. Oh, we have I really talked about want the something more. Yeah, we have talked about the Flash... You know, on and on, every time we go to read it, and just, you know, not even on the podcast, just ourselves, and it's just kind of a generic book, really, to me. Uh, that's all I can say after 11 issues. It's not that it's horrible. It's just there. 
You know what I mean? We even said that when this book pops up, uh, obviously I read and review it, and then you read it for the podcast, but every time it pops up, I'm like, which is every two weeks. Yeah. It's like me. It's like me in the bedroom. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's like me. It's Christmas oh, right and me coming once a year. But uh, And that's inappropriate. But uh, when this comes up to read and review, it just I kind of just grimace every time. It used to be a book that I was looking forward to. Well, and we, then Rebirth happened, and I even I, I was down on it a bit, and then I started getting into it a little. It, it was very quick, though. The, the, me being into it was about three issues. Uh, yeah. It was the beginning of Godspeed. And then Godspeed, to me, just drug on too long without Peter much of the a hell payoff. Out. And uh, now we're getting into this story, which I do like Wally. I like the new 52 Wally West. I'm glad that we're seeing more of him. Obviously, we're seeing more of him because uh, Teen Titans he's going to be in. But also, it gives... Barry a little more, you know, it gives him somebody else to to play off of. You always like to have that person like to that. play off of, yeah. But even though, yeah. like, you know, we're getting, we're we should be getting that, but we're not. No, you know, and what, what I what I want, away, and then uh, Barry doesn't yes. even trust well, them. Here's but. here's the problem with it is I wish that we now I guess Joshua Williamson wanted to have this Godspeed thing set up so that they could really push. See, Wally came back. He saw Wally. Wally went off. He didn't want you know he he wanted to see his real friends, Eric. Now Barry, but he went off. So that's when it started with Barry. Like, boy, I really would like a you know a little helper, a little little guy helping me. Little guy, hang out and, with me. That's when Godspeed People was like there. like hanging out with children. Yeah, no. And then you have the, you know, the, the Speed Force Storm, all those other flashes, which really, to me, that was a lot of hocus pocus. Because we nowhere. really didn't get, yeah, we didn't get much of them. And it was just more of a, it, almost like a set piece themselves of something to do, something for Godspeed to try well, to Yeah, hurt. we needed something for freaking Godspeed to yes. become an actual villain yes. by killing so these people that off. They really were just a setup, so you didn't get that, but you did get Barry all the whole time. Want, all they would have had to do, though, Jim, is want to give it up. Yeah, give all they had speed to do force, They would have been fine. It, really, if it was anything in that point, it was, uh, you know, Padme. She, she died of a broken heart, Eric. She died of a broken heart, Darth Vader. Jesus Nothing. Christ, why'd you break your heart? Uh, but yeah, really all to me that Godspeed really ended up being then was just knowing Barry. Oh, I really would like a partner, but boy, I don't pick him right. No, that was, it's a shame that Godspeed was so bad, but I still consider him a friend because I really like to have a partner. And then Wally shows up to me. It, they would have been well or better served to go right from Rebirth. Wally goes off, and when, you know, the the old Wally West shows up, and this sparks Barry to say, you know what, I, I should start getting to know Wally. little." And, and you can have it, because at, at that point, you know, he didn't know, he didn't know, whatever. Just have him find out that Wally West, the younger one, it's such a pain. I hate that. The younger thing. one. It's yeah. like when we talk about when there's a doppelganger and some goddamn yeah, yeah. issue. And, 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 this uh, is, and a doppelganger, the, the whole goddamn rebirth is filled with them. That's what you it you seems can't like. walk down the street without bumping into seven fucking Clark got, Kents. Exactly. You got different freaking versions of characters we don't even know. We got yeah. same, We got different characters named the same thing. We got fucking robot impersonators. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's all over the place. I, I think that I, I'm surprised Detective Comics doesn't have seven Bruce Waynes or a Wayne Bruce. You give it a few oh, minutes. Jesus. But yeah, I wish that they would have had it that Wally uh, would have been the beginning of the whole Flash book. And it would have been Barry trying to, you know, train Wally, getting into his little hijinks. Uh, you know, his monkey shines, if you will, Eric. But uh, because I do like that. And what happened at the end of last issue were, was they got in a fight. 
uh, while he had been skipping school, he ended up, you know, taking down Paper Cut, Eric. Yeah, Mr. Papercut. Yeah, and but at the end, Flash said, "Listen, Barry Allen." Flash said, "Listen, you can't be Kid Flash right now. You're in trouble. Go home. You're grounded. Whatever." And then Wally wanted to prove himself. He ended up getting caught by the Shade. We thought he ended up going to find the Walking. What did they call it? The Walking Shadow? The Walking That's Shadow. That's what Chunks like. There's a Walking Shadow around, and they're calling him. Wait for it. The Walking Shadow. So we Thanks, saw Chunk. that. Yeah, and this issue opens up with a bit that kind of reminded me a lot of Rebirth. It, it seemed like the, you know what I'm saying? It had that uh, thing where you have complete darkness and then you see the light and there is Wally West there. And, he, you know, he's talking about how he was bullied in school. I thought it was leading to him being the fresh Prince of Bel-Air at one point. Uh, but, yeah, he's saying, you know, when he was younger, his mom would tell him, if you're getting bullied, you run away. But he wouldn't do that. And then he says it's funny because he's like, I wouldn't listen. The irony uh, to that, uh, given my powers to run away, was not lost on me. That's what got me into this mess. No, it didn't. You weren't no. running away, you stupid idiot. You ran no, no, right you into it. Towards into shit. Yes, yes, you weren't running away. I don't care how you try to spell this out and you know freaking try you to came rewrite up with history. The worst fucking logic yeah. ever, and yeah. got yourself fucked over. Yeah, he thought when Barry said, "Listen, you shouldn't be fighting these villains by yourself. You should be going to school. Don't fucking mess. Don't upset Iris because that upsets me. It's like my kids tonight. They get they get my wife all riled up." I'm the one that feels the brunt of it, Eric. Barry doesn't oh, yeah. want that. Barry doesn't want Iris yelling it, even if it is just the Flash. Doesn't need that hassle. He's got other shit to do. But, uh, yeah, he's in this where he wanted to prove for the, he wanted to prove the Flash that it was good and for he, to get his trust by going against by what doing, he said. Exactly. That makes no doing sense. Doing the exact opposite of what opposite Barry Opposite of what he said. No, you know what? You, you gain his trust. You, you sit in your goddamn room. Play your video games for a little, and then when the Flash is ready, he'll come by, and then the training starts. Because it seems like that's, you know, he, he should realize that that's what this is all going to lead to. He's going to train him. If they were going to do anything, I would have expected Wally to be like, you know what? He doesn't know. I, I'm better than that, but it's not. Wally is a good guy. But, yeah, for some reason, he ends up in the Shadowlands uh, trying to gain uh, Barry's trust. But it's it's odd. But we go Stupid. from there. Yeah, we go from there, and there's Barry, who now he's thinking he was a bit too harsh on Wally. So he wants to go over and talk to him. And, in fact, Iris had said to Barry, you know, I want you to come over. So he's going to go I, over as Barry is, I, out. I really like that opener with Wally West giving us the narration there. I, it really kind of yeah. like, okay, I'm, I'm into this. Let's keep, let's go. Let's yeah, see what yeah. you got, Joshua. And then it stops. And then we get to this part, and I got a bit angry. Yeah, because well, it really seems to contradict everything where, you know, Barry's like, oh, I was hard on him. I got to go and see him as yeah, Barry yeah. Allen. And he shows up and he's all like, hey, what's going on? Iris, you up, you're up late working on something. I'm like, it really so seems weird. like it's daytime everywhere yeah, we look yeah. here. There's and, and light shining so, through the yeah, window. Yeah, it's really, it's coming through the window. It's not dark. And he's like, oh, hey, it's late. It, it's funny, too, though. Uh uh, I don't know when he says I was a bit, bit harsh on Wally. I don't know why it reminded me of that joke of the Leave It to Beaver. Weren't you a little hard on the Beaver? <laughs> it made me laugh every time. It's so goofy. But weren't you a little speaking, rough on the Beaver? Yeah. Speaking of goofy, this whole interaction with Barry and Iris is is ridiculous. It is so weird. He knocks on the door, anymore. like you said. The art is well off. Now it's it's a weird thing between them because you know that they want to get around to them being together. That yeah. is what everybody wants. That's what everybody's wanted since the new 52. I know, Patty. Patty went off. She's never going to be seen again. Uh, 
But yeah, and Mina just came was I think that was a misstep. I think they should have never have done that. That screwed up everybody's head. And uh, and then you have I mean he is a player. He's yeah, got, got Jessica, Jessica Cruz pining yeah. for him over there in the Justice League. It's crazy. This guy he's he's swimming in whatever. Well, he gets around. He is the fastest man alive. He is. He is the fastest man alive. But yeah, he knocks on the door and Iris opens up and goes, Barry. You're not holding the boombox playing Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes Over Your Head. I'm like, really, should it what? just have the video playing? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's so forced a reference, and Joshua Williamson forces it so much that he has to explain it fully. You know, it's not just like, oh, I expected this, you know, to hear In Your Eyes playing, but it doesn't even make sense. No, right? I'm telling you, what, what kids would freaking even understand that that's reference? That's what I'm saying. Well, and it's, that's it's, why it's it such a weird reference. And it's such a weird reference. And then for people who do know, like you know what they mean, right, Eric? You oh, know yeah. it's from Breakfast Club, right? Shut up. Say anything. <laughs> you know it's from Say Anything. But when she says it, it's so overly explained. Like it Barry's is, but an it idiot. Doesn't even, it, there's no context to this because now, like, he's it's coming stupid. back to freaking you know, win no, her over. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, he's not there to win her over. It, it's so weird. I, it, it'd be something where, to me, I thought that like, he was getting at he, because when the last thing they were in the park and he ran off. Cut, and, yeah. Yeah. And is, is and, that what she's getting at? Because you but don't that get doesn't that make here. sense. That's not winning her over. That is winning. That's when all hell is broken loose and she is broken up and you go there and you stand. And that's like outside. It doesn't make sense. It's just a it's a cheap reference. It's so bad. Oh, Joshua Williamson just got done watching Say Anything. Ooh, I'm going to put that in my script. Yeah, he's like, Phew. He has like a checklist of all the things. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. Next thing you know, fucking there's a missile in her fucking, you know, her uh, kitchen. Uh, he Freaking says that. Joshua's on the computer, like, want to play a game? Yeah. <laughs> How about a nice game of chess? Uh, it goes, and the dialogue here is clunky, and because even Barry's like, hey, you said this morning you wanted me to talk to Wally about ditching school, and her rea- her thing is, that I did. <laughs> it doesn't even sound natural to me. Come on in, and everything is, like, pushed. Up, we're up late working on an article, and she should say, up late, there's there's light coming through. You know, it looks like yeah. the middle of the day. It looks like fucking not even that. It looks like, you know... Fucking twelve in the afternoon. It's just yeah. crazy. But yeah, she's he sees Barry sees that she's working on a screenplay. About Flash, the, Flash. the horror maybe, movie made me laugh so much. I'm like, what the fuck? There he, there it is. Iris West, Eric Shea, fucking two peas in the pot. Eric, That's working right. on your screenplay. But yeah, he's like, uh, hey, say any what is that? Work on horror screenplays exactly. together. Be a what is that? Team. A movie, action, adventure, romance, and she's like. And it, it's almost like she's like leaning into him the whisper, hard. And then that's, and it, I just, I'm, I'm, <laughs> thank you. I'm, I'm so mad like you as well, uh, for this scene because then Bar- Barry's just standing there and like hard. Oh, and I was like, listen, if you've lived in Central City, she sounds like you. I've been reading comics all my life. I've been living in Central City all my life. I know. I'm waiting for Barry to go, so have I. What are you talking about? And then she even says, I'm sure you've seen enough in the crime lab to agree with me. So basically, I would say not only have I been living here this whole time, but yeah, I've seen more shit than you, Iris. You know, what have you seen? And plus, in this whole scene, both of them have these liver lips that that throw me off. Then Barry's like, hey, I'm going to go up while he upstairs. Yeah, yeah. And they both go up and they go in. And again, it's a thing with the art. But yeah, it's daytime. There's no doubt that this is not night. It is sunshine coming in. 
And um, it's weird because I know how the art goes and it's, you know, it's not a full mo- but Barry says like a whole fucking sentence and then goes, wait, wait a minute. Where is he? Like, See, he, I, I, I know- this didn't bother me as much because I was just trying to think of circumstances where I have walked in a room before talking like this. Like, yeah. well, your Aunt Iris tells me that you've been and I... And at this point, I'd be looking around, and then I realized, yeah, but there's shit, there's nothing no really even there. Room. And it's—I'm telling you, it makes it seem like it makes it seem very uh, not personal. If I go into a room, and see, here's the thing: my wife says to me, "Hey, you better go yell at Rafe." Oh Jesus Christ! I don't want to go there. I walk down the hall, and I'm like, "Okay, Rafe, you know what? You gotta listen to your mother. Where the fuck are you? That, that's not personal. He's there to talk to Wally. You wouldn't just go in there. This is again, like I said, like I just said, it's like something that he thinks he has to do. He's faking the funk. He's saying it for Iris because he doesn't even look to even look him in the eye to say it. He just starts talking. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was really hokey. Uh, all he has to do is go in and say, hey, you know, where the hell is he? Uh, but yeah, Iris is like, oh, God, uh, where did he go? And it's funny because they are so mad at him this morning. What happened to Barry between then? I know that he said, you know, we've been harsh on him. But now he's like, eh, he can sneak out. You know, you snuck out as a kid. And she's like, <laughs> I know. And, and then he, she finds out that he said for Wally to not be Flash for a little. Hey. Calm down on the kid Flash. You know, you're grounded, like I said. And she's like, you're not allowed. I'm allowed to, uh, you know, I'm allowed to ground them. But the Flash is, Ooh, the this is later. This you. comes up. This yeah. is when she goes to see the Flash. But it really, it threw me off. It's like, like you said, she's like, who the fuck are you? Because that's when uh, Barry has see, to go change enough Flash to go talk to her about Wally and figure is, out what's going on. That is so goddamn weird, man. I don't even, I actually didn't even realize till right now when I'm looking at it. Because she's putting her jacket on. It's like, I got to go get a hold of the Flash. And yeah. at first, I thought she walked right outside her door i realized that's not the case now now she's going into the city it seems like and just yells flash yeah yeah i said this one we were talking at work i was telling you i was laughing so hard and you said say it if you say the same thing as you did before that he doesn't have super hearing no she just starts going i was actually surprised she didn't jump in front of a goddamn truck so he'd come and save her yeah she's just just imagine her walking down the street flash flash just a little bit Honestly, her walking down the street would be a little bit better than me because originally when I looked at this, I <laughs> really thought, thought she just, just walked outside of her just door. Outside. Flash. Yeah, but how long was she walking yelling? I, don't know. <laughs> so I, funny. I expect she had to drive into the city. She's got her head leaned out the window. Flash. 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 She's yelling. They're showing her all over the place. But like this is where I said where Barry has to go. You know, become Flash. Pretend that he didn't know anything about this. She's calling out Flash. Now, that's the only thing you can think of. He was looking for her anyway. He knew. Yeah. Why she? Why would she think that she could just go and yell that out? And I could just imagine they show and everybody's just yelling. You got Batman. People just yelling. There's no bat signal anymore. It's just people walking down the street yelling shit. Uh, but, yeah, he shows up, and that's when he says, listen, I told him he can't be Kid Flash. And she gets – it's such a weird – it actually reminds me of – of parents like one grounds yeah, the other too. and they, they don't want to you know go and think but really for her to say who are you to tell him he can't be kid flash and, eh, flash is what i actually am so yeah, yeah. I, I think i can so do you, that you if anybody parents, can i actually think about like say you're out somewhere and you see this kid acting up or like he's hitting another yeah. kid up. you just walk up to him ah come on buddy knock that off you don't want to be doing that and, and then, then the brother shows up yeah. who the fuck are you to tell me my kids yeah, how to really. be 
Either oh, that shit, or, bad. you know what else it reminds me of a lot now that I think of it is divorced parents. It's yeah. like, you know, hey, Daddy? you know, you're not allowed to watch horror movies. And then you're at your dad's house. Hey, you want to watch some horror movies? And then they start arguing with each other. But again, it's it's kind of a, a padded scene. There's really no reason for no. this. No, Flash! Uh, yeah, then out of nowhere, since it worked before, Wally starts yelling out of the gut. Or no, actually, it's not Wally. It's... it's uh, it's Shade starts yelling yeah. out of the shadows. I Everybody actually thought just it was yells Wally originally, too, Yeah, I though. did, too, and as I saw it again. But, yeah, uh, he comes out. Shade comes out. And I'm telling you, if this issue sounds like it's ridiculous and we don't like it, I actually like you want it more of Shade. I yeah. actually really like what we're getting so far because he is a villain. Uh but he's there I, I, for I think as we're in rebirth territory, we're trying to open this up to new readers now. I want them to give a little bit more background on the shade just yeah. so people know who the fuck I he don't is think and what that, I don't think is. that the, I don't think that they want you to know fully because he's not that guy anymore. I don't think that – because he really is in peril as well. He's not – no, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's not actually, the shade anymore. No, no, he no. He can't no. really he has, do what he can. He has been a good guy, though, and it's funny, yeah, too, because yeah. I didn't even realize, I was looking some stuff up for the podcast tonight, where there was a 12-issue Shade freaking okay, miniseries yeah, yeah. Uh, in the New 52. Yeah, it was one of those, and, yeah. But it wasn't a part of the New 52. It, it actually just, like, took, it never had the New 52 logo on. Yeah, it was like one of those, the, like, the Huntress had that, that yeah, deal. They had all those, yeah. Or yeah. Crossroads and Crossbows or yeah, some shit. Yeah. Uh, I just think that they're, he's I now again, I I'm giving Joshua Williamson some credit, but I really do think that you're not getting much of that because he really doesn't have that now because he even says he used his power to come and get the, get or Barry and then they both went in the shadows, but he really can't do anything. He seems to be very, you know, his hands are tied. He's not the shade like that anymore he's as he's as trapped in that shadowlands as oh, yeah. they are because yes, his, his shadows like his shadows had abandoned yeah. him they went off uh to do their own doing uh but yeah in the meantime iris like an idiot jumps into the shadowlands she jumps into the shade uh and barry jumps in with them and that's where he runs into wally and you know and they're this fighting whole, this their... whole timeline does not make goddamn sense to me though because uh, Wally believes that he's been fighting off these yeah. shadow monsters for days, right? Yeah. And Wally's like, no. Yeah, I mean, uh, B Barry's like, no, you've only been here a couple hours. It's you're, The mind's playing tricks on you. But yeah. Iris just ran in right before the Fast Man Alive. Completely gone. It seems like she's yeah, been there I for actually a long think ass that, time now. I actually think that when you're in the Shadowlands, I don't really think time kind of – it kind of goes warped. I, I don't think that there's a quote-unquote time. Now, you could say that Wally – uh, says that about it being days only because he's been fighting the whole time and yeah. he hasn't been, but I think that they're doing that to kind of point out a little bit of a, a rule of that, you know, the Shadowland time kind of gets wonky because that could maybe explain why Iris isn't there right when she goes in or she Agreed. goes somewhere else. She goes in it and that takes weird. her somewhere else. But yeah, it was just weird because the, uh, when Wally says this to Barry, Barry says, no, your mind's just playing tricks on you. Why do we contradict what seems to be what we have with Iris then? It just seemed like a yeah. weird choice to me to do that. Yeah, it says, because you know, when we the solitary Iris, darkness mixed with the super speed. He doesn't know what's going on. He's, he's coming so mumbo-jumbo. But yeah, again, maybe there, maybe it's trying to explain. I don't know if he's trying to explain why Iris wasn't there, if that's the whole thing he's explaining. But maybe the whole uh, super speed thing with them is kind of does something else in the shot. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, don't know I, I don't mind it because then the shade comes and he looks like, you know, a normal guy now. He doesn't look like Nosferatu that he did last <laughs> issue especially. But he 
kind of shows up and says, listen, this is what's going on. This is the Shadowlands. We have a lot to discuss. Follow me. And at this point, Flash is like, wait a second. No, no, no. I'm not going to follow you anywhere. You're a bad guy. And he's like, no, I'll explain. And he says that, you know, he was a, he tried to be, go, be good, but he knew yeah. he'd always screw it up. And the whole thing that I really liked with this and really put me over the top with liking Shade is when he showed up last issue, He the whole thing was hope is gone. And it was really like a forced kind of rebirth thing. That, oh, that's very, what Wally well, really said. Was. But here it turns out that it was his girlfriend, Hope O'Dare. I thought yeah. that was very clever. I thought that was that, really good. I thought that was a really good yeah, play I thought that well. was awesome because, yeah, he's just he wants to find hope again. But it's actually his girlfriend who she kind of set him on the right path. In the meantime, his shadows didn't like that. And they no, went against that. And, no, no, straight. no. And, and they started kind of going on their own a bit without him, which was bad enough. But then when the shadows realized, you know, hey, that fucking shade is not playing along here because of this, you know, hope. I almost called her a bitch because of <laughs> hope. You know what? We're going to take her then. We're going to take away his quote unquote hope. And now, then he'll play again. It doesn't yeah. seem like that ended up being the end game though, because they took hope away. And then poor Shade just seems to be stuck in the Shadowlands right now. And he's just kind of a, you know, not even his full self. And he's there. No, he and can't he, control he feels the shadows bad. the way he used to because they yeah. rebelled against him. Yep. And the, he just, he feels really bad about it. And his connection, he says, the connections of the shadows are weak. I can freely walk between, I can't go between worlds. That's why he sent out a piece of himself that they thought was the walking shadow that that was actually Try the whole time flash. trying to find flash and instead he found wally and i really or did, did like wally it. He says, find him and, really and he <laughs> says i needed you and he's like why why me and i think that that was another great thing because he, oh, obviously it's his powers but he says again you i've i've dealt with so many heroes and all this you're the best you are inspiration undying optimism and to me that's true. That's why I, I love That's Flash. Why I love so Flash. he's saying that. Now, it also goes with this almost exactly what Mr. Oz said about Tim, and it also reminds me a lot of Dick Grayson. So I wonder if this is going to, you know, you can't have Flash being taken by Mr. Oz, but these are the things that are the big things in the rebirth and what we think it's going to lead to. So I kind of like that that thing being pointed out as well but yeah well, that's I'm why you, i love the, the flash case, though, we're, if, if we're having this connection to mr oz possibly yeah i don't think hope, it is and if, but yeah i'm saying no but if oz would go and grab barry because of this inspiration this hope mm -hmm. that he brings i could see this uh series turning into a wally west series until barry is yeah found. yeah it could uh, it's weird because, like you said, I mean, not there like Kid are... Flash. I mean, like Wally West from yeah, Titans, yeah, the original. Yeah. And God, and with this. maybe even like with Wally West, Kid Flash, they'd have two Wallys, Agreed. and it would drive us nuts every fucking day. Uh, but it would also be even if it was Kid Flash with them, it would be a little like the uh, with Ray Palmer gone and and stuff yeah. like that when we find out what's going on with that. Uh, but yeah, they end up going and they find out the shade tells them like this whole shadowlands the the worst thing happening is this tower of darkness this big giant you know dark towers being created that's trying to open up uh a, you know a, a it's gate so funny to me too because because shade points by that we have this gigantic tower yeah, how did nobody that. see that a second yeah, ago it's like the justice league when they're like oh what are you doing oh i'm fighting these kindred and then all of a sudden you see these fucking four giants right there oh i didn't see those but yeah it's right away oh it's that and yeah, they, they want to know if, and what Barry's like, well, what's going to happen with this? And he's like, well, it's trying to open up a gate that the shadows are going to be able to walk freely into the real world. And we don't want that. Uh, no. But yeah, then everybody starts getting attacked. 
and they find out they're like the whole time barry is like we got to find hope and iris he's like no 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 you don't understand no that's no, who is the bad guys they're the bad guys that's what the shadows have infected hope and iris now as you said iris is a little quick like yeah. it is iris like she really got you know she went through the whole process of being you know the the fucking what's it called like uh inauguration i don't know what I'm but yeah she's in the group she's in the fucking fraternity now the sorority you, she has been there long enough to become evil become be named a queen of the Shadowland, and get yeah. a new wardrobe and and all the time hope is there with her i think hope might have made her walk around with a jelly bean up her ass you know all those hazing <laughs> things Pickle, that's yeah. what i was thinking the hazing <laughs> but yeah it ends up that they are the the big bad. So you have this whole thing where they have to stop the shadows from going, but unfortunately that is going to lead them to at least have to do something against Hope and Iris. And it's kind of, I don't know, is this kind of like the whole thing with the say anything and all that, and then this being the thing that finally puts Barry over the top to say like, hey, you know what, Iris, I, I love you, I, I'd want to do stuff. Or is it one of those where he says, Jesus Christ, I'm putting her in peril all the time. Yeah, I gotta get that's where I think out. we're going. Uh, we're going to see. We'll have to see. She's and writing a fucking flash movie, though, Eric. A horror flash a movie. A horror movie. But um, I don't I, I mind. Know, with, with, with what Shade's talking about, why he wanted the flash with this hope and inspiration that he has, I think that is going to be the way to cure Hope and Iris, though. Yeah. Like, he's going to yeah. go and I'm, talk to them yeah. and inspire them to break the Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this. I'm saying, like, they're going to have to fight him. I don't think that they're going to fight them. I think that yeah. the shadows are going to be fought. I, I they're going to Barry find going them. up and punching Iris in the face. It'd be so fun. No, he punches Hope. <laughs> It'd be so good. He punches her right in the face. And then Shade's like, boy, you're a real asshole. I was wrong about you this whole time. Uh, and it, the, the one other thing that I laughed at in this was when Shade was telling, you know, you don't understand. Uh, I tried to be good, but I knew that it wouldn't happen. I have doubt and mistrust. That's what the shadows feed on. And Barry's about to, like, Barry, like, huh, I don't know what I should say. Like, he's real awkward about it. Like, ah, I should probably say something. And Wally jumps in. is like, you know what? That's how I've been all my life. Nothing's ever good enough. And I really liked Barry hearing that. I liked him yeah. hearing that, uh, you know, Kid Flash says that. And then he even says, like, that's why Flash, he can fix everything. And he, and, you know, and Barry says, no, 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 you know, I'm flattered, but you're good on your own. You don't need me to tell you that. And I really liked it. But it's funny, the art there, fucking Wally looks like, uh, when Barry puts his hand on Wally's shoulder, he looks like, what the fuck are you touching? It's weird. There's some weird <laughs> like art. What's that? On my shoulder, I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. When, when the, the boss put on, on you're like, yeah. I look at you. Yeah, you're like, what the fuck? I don't like being touched. Uh, the art is very inconsistent in this yes. issue. At at first glance, when I first read it, I thought, boy, it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. Uh, when I read it again to review, I was a little more down on it. I do like, like I'm telling you, at points it looks really, really good. And then at other points, you're like, what the fuck? The people look like mangled. I said at one point when Barry is visiting Iris, he looks like a retarded Conan O'Brien at one point. Yeah. You said even at the beginning, uh, one of the first few panels where Kid the, Flash the first, is saying how he got into the, And the yeah. last panel of the first page, Kid Flash out of nowhere. I know it's a smaller freaking like, yeah, you know, yeah, panel, yeah. but Kid Flash looks like a goddamn Mongol. Like yeah, a he does. Brickhead. He, I don't even he know. Has, yeah, he looks like a brickhead. Uh but then there's other times I really like it. I'm looking now at also uh, those liver lips with him and Iris. But uh, in general, though, I had more fun with this. Not I can't even say fun, 
But I like the structure of the story. I see where it's going, and I like what it meant to the Flash and Kid Flash. It's yeah. almost like, like I said, last issue, uh, the first issue of this arc, I really liked, you know, the Kid Flash stuff. It was kind of goofy. You had paper cut that was kind of fun and whatnot. Uh, this continues. So this is another issue that I'm not totally down on i just like i said in my intro i need a little more i need yeah, a little well. bit and hopefully this is a setup to get kid flash and and flash together and all that and maybe even iris a little more close to barry we'll see all that being said i see i gave it an eight out of ten on the site i'm gonna stick with that because i like where it's going uh but we're gonna see from here on out yeah, I'm sorry. I do not care for the art. I don't like the washed out looking colors. It just seems like really faded to me for some reason every time I read about this flash book. Mm-hmm. And even the story it just seems like we start out strong somewhere and then they go about things the wrong way every mm-hmm. goddamn time. It's, I don't know. It, it seems kind of hokey, honestly, a lot of times. Yeah. But I would probably give it a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. Uh, the other, th- now you said about the art, the, the weird thing about this book, it does seem more like a rotating artist uh, deal with this book more than any others. It really does. You you get, I think now this is probably the fourth artist uh, on the book since it started in 11 issues. That That's crazy. Yeah. And I don't know why, but maybe they just, you know, some of the guys just can't keep up. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, this was an, a whole different. They gotta draw guy. all those lightning lines coming out of the yeah, flash. Yeah, no, they. they Wally, I mean, that's too yeah, much. Freaking speed. That's force another thing too with that thing. We have we've saw before when Wally got zapped by the speed the was the speed force storm. Yeah, yeah. He now had lightning power. Yeah, he had like here, the, but they were emanating out of him instead of the whole emperor thing that we saw. Yeah, before. they used so to have the emperor thing, but yeah. I don't know. Remember Wally kind of taught him a little bit more of it, and maybe that was it. I, I don't know. It's weird. The whole thing with Wally, I just go with. And see what's going on because, like because you said about the says, shade, I like, want more of Wally. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like we cannot run away from these things. They always catch up, but they don't seem to like our lightning. I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, well, yeah. Okay. yeah it's <laughs> whatever, funny. man. Points, they bad points. Jesus Christ, they are lightning all over the place. Yeah, you can't even get near them. But uh, yeah, I, I just hope that it gets better. I just, I'm kind of stuck in a rut with this book. I know so that. Much. Even like uh, Brandon, he was talking to me this week, and he's like, oh, should I get Flash? Because he dropped it. And I, I guess maybe he saw my score and thought, oh, I'll check it out. And I'm like, that's eh, okay. And he's yeah. like, okay, okay ain't going to pay no bills. He, he told me. He's like, okay isn't good enough for me to put it back on my pull list. <laughs> you know, tell me when it's good. And, and I can't say this is bad. It's just kind of right it's there. It's okay. Yeah. Well, and honestly, it's a little bit below okay for me, too. It, it might be. Well, I'll tell you, you say that, we're going to move on to the next, you know, quote-unquote flash book, and this is a little less than okay for me. Yeah. Go on. Titans number five, written by Dan Abner, with art by Brett Booth, Norm Ratmond, Andrew Dollhouse, and Carlos M. Mangual. The Titans are all about to die, and it's up to Wally to race across the country and save them before it's too late. And that's about it. Wally's running his ass off while catching us up on everything that's gone on since the DC Rebirth special. But after saving Linda Park, we see that he's run too fast and gets sucked back into the Speed Force. Yes. You I tried to cough. hit the mute button. It did not work. I know. I did for a little, didn't I? I, I started. Yeah, I really coughed out. it up. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you know what I want in a, in a flash? Any flash. What I really want to have more of is for it to start with them saying they're the fastest man alive. We never get this. We never get it, Eric. And that, it makes me laugh every time. I know it's, you know, it's the catchphrase deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the problem though is that that starts out a book that then 
pretty much goes nowhere. Does no. it go nowhere fast, It Eric? goes nowhere very fast because You're we find fast. out right away. You know, when we le- last left the series, Abracadabra had magicked all of Wally's freaking Titans friends all across yeah. the country. Like two, yeah. two at a time here or there or whatever. And he has like 6.4 seconds to get there before they are killed. Yes. And it just is I'm telling you, at first the tension worked for me. I'm like, okay, he's got to do this. And then he's just running and he's. And I realized he's telling us everything that we've read for the past yeah, five yeah. issues. He's going to recap like, everything while he's running. That's what really you, what, what it is. What are you doing to me, Dan Abnett? Yeah, and it's there's nothing new. I mean, there is a couple big things that do happen, but it is it's recap, and then you get Abracadabra who wants to catch up to him and and talk his goddamn ear off when we're supposed to have seven seconds. And you can tell oh. me all you want that that's you know he's in the Speed Force, Jim. Well, if he's in the Speed Force and you can do that, then he could take his time. So it doesn't make sense. He has six seconds. Uh, yeah. If you you can't tell me, don't give me your hocus pocus about the Speed Force and the time doesn't work because. Wally is in the Speed Force. It has to work like that or the whole issue doesn't make sense. So they're going in six seconds. Freaking Abracadabra might say at least a half hour of dialogue to him. It just goes on and on. And again, it's all recap. Where I said at the beginning where they really build up this decent tension because we have a timeline. We have uh, 7,000 miles he has to run across to get to where he has to go. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. We start doing it. And when Abracadabra shows up, like I – I even put in my review. It's like you can tell me it's magic, whatever. However, you've got to make it make sense to you. Yeah, yeah. I don't to mind him showing up. I do not it mind him showing everything up. off because then but, he's yeah. just like an uh, astral projection next to Wally as he's running and talking his goddamn ear off, mocking talking him. His ear I'm off. like, and I actually stopped. I freaking, I said all of his dialogue out loud. I'm like, no, this takes way longer yeah. than goddamn six fucking seconds. Six to go. seconds. I- I'm telling you, even the parts where. Because what happens is Wally goes to each of his buddies and grabs the doppelgangers, saves them, whatnot. And even when that happens, the kind of some of the things that happen after he goes, it starts adding up too much. It really does. And in the meantime, Abracadabra then is showing Flash on the big screen. It almost looks yeah. like it'd be in New York. You know, it, actually, they have. It looks funny. There's a play. It looks like Batman on fire or something is playing. It's like, you know, the, the big screens are playing. And even then, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Abracadabra wants to show everybody Wally going down, right? That's what yeah. he's doing. This is going to be a six-second video. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. All of a sudden, everybody's going to look up. It's going to be done. He, he only has six seconds. And so ridiculous. All that happens is he goes back, he, he makes the deadline, he saves all his friends and yep. goes back for Linda Park, who's about to be dropped into a vat of fire, saves her, and gets sucked back in the Speed Force because he ran too quick and, you know, yep, this is what happens. Quick. And yep. now that and he doesn't have Linda Park, who is weird too, because the way she says Wally right at the end where he's getting sucked, I'm like, well, she kind of knows who he is to a degree. Is this going yeah, yeah. to bring him well, I mean, he hasn't introduced himself to yeah, her, yeah. but she says he, it. She does not have the connection crazy. that they once no. did. It just, it was really odd to me when she says the Wally, because I'm like, it's kind of what we needed before, but I guess it does not match up to what we yeah. need with this whole, yeah. like, actually knowing him and having this connection. But yep. you know who does? The rest of his friends he just saved. Yeah, yeah. I, I like too that he ends up poofing away into what you would think is the speed force again yeah. and disappearing when he stops 
I would have liked it to, for him, if we went the way where he's about to go to Linda and all of a sudden he goes too fast because he's got to get to Linda then and he goes too fast and that's when he disappears and you have no idea, you know, if he could, if he's going to get back to Sabres, if she's going to die, whatever. But yeah, he just, it's such a hokey, played out thing that reminds, it's the opposite with a little crisscross applesauce as rebirth with, you know, yeah. all of a sudden now Linda does kind of know him and seems to have some sort of connection, which is very forced. And that's when he's going to disappear again, leading to me to think that when he does come back, it's going to be her saying, listen, I do have feelings for you. He'll come back again. And again, it's too much of the same it, leading out of an issue that is nothing but recap and very, very wordy recap. Issues. Yeah, Why this, do we yeah. recap you don't everything? need it. You don't. And the thing is, with this, you're going to read this in a trade, and all of a sudden you're going to get to this part, and you're going to, oh, I, I just saw this. Why are you telling me? Even to the point with Abracadabra saying, like, you know, when you disappeared, it screwed me up, and now I brought you back, and now I'm going to show them we know yeah, we all had this. That. We've seen we had all that, of this. The last issue or the issue before that. Yeah, we've seen it all. Well, just all you have to do, and it, because to me, there's not much. He kind of. Painted himself in no corner, Dan Abnett, in the fact that it's set up that he only has six seconds. So you have yep. to have an issue that pretty much lasts six. This issue legitimately should be six seconds long because yep. of what he does. And he ends up at the end, and, and that's the last thing, saving uh, – what's her name? Linda <laughs> Park. Linda. Linda. And uh, so that would have been six seconds later. Six seconds and change, he says at one point. Yeah. But uh, it's so – crazy to do this and, and it this, is nonsense this kills me because i'm telling you i put this goddamn book on a fucking pedestal yeah, for some yeah, reason because i for some reason believe it's important to what we're dealing with with all of rebirth mm -hmm. wally west is the biggest character we have right now from what we saw with that rebirth special i put this to such high esteems for only five issues of a fucking series and this comes out and i'm like why yeah. Why the fuck would you? I would and it's drop funny this too. Now. It's funny because I never thought that. I never even went with it because you know why? Because there was a Pandora book, Eric, and there was Pandora in all the issues in <laughs> New Fifty Two, and it meant shit. All that to me, that Rebirth special now, as it is now, was just to get people on board, and you're not going to get much of anything. And and until later on, when they decide to you know kind of go with it. Uh, so far, the biggest things have been in Detective Comics with Tim going away, and really the book that I think deals a lot with is more the Flash book than, than the Titans book. The problem being is the Titans book is kind of caught in between something because, like you said, it did seem at first like they were going to try to do something important with it, and then they're not now. They're pulling that back a little and we have got nothing of the Titans at all. And I saw no, people. No, I'm telling you. And when we do get the Titans, all they do is tell each other how much they love each yeah. other, and then go to the diner and fucking I mean, eat. Seriously, I, I've heard this in our, you know, the the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop, they were talking. <laughs> uh, some of the guys. This is starting to feel a lot like Titans Hunt. It, it really, really is, is starting to to have like. When are we going to get to something now? We said Dan Abnett, we gave him the benefit of the doubt with Titans Hunt, uh, even though it was spelled out that that was, a, that was one of the most important books to read into Rebirth. Bullshit. And, but we at least said, you know what? That Rebirth came, it kind of might have screwed up with, you know, things and plans were kind of shoved aside or whatnot. He, that excuse is gone. This is his book to go. And it's nonsense. It really is not that good. And it's, I'm done. I, I, it's I don't middle know of the road. We've talked about this. We've explained it to death for what we got in this fucking issue. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the thing. We've hardly even talked about the issue, and we explained everything. 
It's stupid. It, I was so just, angry at the, you by the don't time need I got this done issue. this fucking book. I told you, the whole thing would, would have been if all it is is that Wally's gone now. Wally seems to be sucked back in the Speed Force like he was before. Yeah. Um, that's all you get. So you, really, everything in this issue, the most important thing is the last panel, and, and it's not. You can't expect me to think that Wally's going to be gone now for the no. rest of the series. That's not a fucking no. compelling cliffhanger to me. No, not at all. Uh Maybe he'll end up in Mr. Oz's cellar. It could make no sense. No. <laughs> no, he'll just... I think that it's going to be uh, Linda saying, no, no, you know what? I did remember, and I was falling for him, and then he's just going to appear again. And, and yeah. oh, you remembered me. <laughs> I cool. just saw you two seconds ago. And, again, it, it, now he's gone again the same way, like, Abracadabra's trying to go. Is this supposed to make us believe they're not going to... Nobody's going to remember him again? Is that what's happening no, here? No, because that's not even the same thing. Because that was I know the spell that's, Abra but did. it's weird. It's like it's so ridiculous. Why do this? It, it, like you know. said, also, you're only five issues into a book where the whole book is to get Wally back, and everybody loves Wally, and this is his book, and then you do this. You can't expect him to be gone more than half an issue. Hi, hi, hi. I love the art. I love the art. I love the art in the book. I'm telling you, <laughs> this creative team is probably my favorite in yeah. DC comics right I love now. It. I, the, the, for what little we got, it all looked fucking amazing. Yeah, and and this is where uh, Brett Booth, Norm Ratmund, and Andrew Dollhouse—they are. We say a team. They are a team. They're on a oh, lot yeah. of books together. Uh, they were on the Flash book before. You know all these things, and I I love them. I really do. And it's all of them combined that I like. And I know that. When we would talk uh, back in the New 52 a lot about the, the different books, we love Brett Booth and we'd get a lot of flack for it. Uh, yeah, people I hope don't that seem people like that much. I, no, I, I don't know. I haven't really had my ear to the you know the pulse, the pulse of the street. I don't know if people. Are, I don't know the phrase. I, I don't know if people are still saying that because this is really good. It really is good. And and what we said before, uh, Brett Booth is really great with showing motion. And stuff like that, and and the whole team, and that's what you got here. And really, it's the star of this issue. It's just that this issue does nothing else. It really, nope. to me, just think of this: you have this issue, make it a silent issue of Wally Seriously. running. It, you would have gotten the same thing, and I, I probably would have liked it more. I really would. It's just odd. But what did you give it? I gave it a 5.8 out of 10. Yeah, I, I think I'd go 5.5, five, and most yeah. of that is and, art. Because and I'm sorry, that's bad. why I think I went 5.8, because all of the art, I just loved yeah. it so much. Granted, and if – but like, you keep going. I, I didn't no, I'm just, I was just trying to think here about like – because you do get the cliffhanger. It is something yeah. to add to the book, but it's nothing. I don't know. I was no. trying to come up with a reason why yeah. this is high it is, but mostly it's just fucking art. No, and I know we're bad-mouthing the book. If for some reason somebody's like, you know what, I, I really want to get into it, you can just buy this issue. Just buy this issue. It tells you everything that has yep. happened up till now. This is a good jumping-on point, but you don't need a jumping-on point in issue five. And also, it's a monthly book. So we're getting this. We have to wait another month, and you got nothing. It's almost as if it skipped an issue. So You'll be angry. waiting for two months for something to happen. It's really it's it's not great, and it should be. This is a book where you get Wally West, which you know Jeff Johns and the Rebirth issue is spelled out. This is what everybody wanted. I mean, they really are. Wally is what they are pinning all their dreams on with that Rebirth issue, saying, "Oh my God, we everybody wants Wally back. When we get Wally back, everything's going to be fine." And now you get his book, and and it's not doing anything. It's it's not going forward. It's not the fastest book alive, Eric. 
It's I don't know. This issue moves very fucking fast. Yeah. Well, it moves fast, but it only six seconds long, and we get a lot of fucking hokiness. Uh, sure yeah, we're going to move on to the next book with a flash, but we're going to introduce Reginald Drinkwater. is going to be with us to talk about that, so we'll go with him. All right, and the next book is another Titans book, uh, Eric, but uh, wait a minute. Can I pretend that we're in the watchtower now and that the door's opening? I don't have a door opening sound. I only have a slamming. <laughs> Sometimes I fart and it sounds a lot like a creaky door, like in a, I know. In a haunted house. I, I, I shouldn't yeah. know this, but I know. Yeah, you know it. All right. You Every time you walk by me, I think a tree frog has been stepped on. That was the other day. You're walking and all of a sudden I heard this sound. I look over here. Almost like he was like the cat who ate the cheese or whatever. <laughs> There you go. Hey, Reggie, how are you? <laughs> how are you doing there, Reggie? Very good, very good. Yes, doing yes, very Reggie well. has joined us. This is the start of uh, a lot of Reggie in the podcast because mm-hmm. you had the most books by far. You actually had the same amount of books as me and Eric combined uh, wow. this week. Uh, it's funny, though, because they were all pretty much pieces of shit. Pretty actually, much, yeah. I like I like a couple of your books. Yeah, uh, this uh, week, well, you know, know, they all become that? relative at some point, and you start to say, like, hey, you know, that wasn't so bad, because a certain yeah, book yeah. In, my, in my cadre this week really, truly sucks. Yeah, here, here, I'll give you a little uh, preview of that book. That's, that's what I do. Right, right down with the, with the fucking jalapeno strips that book. Well, all but, pressed, uh, all in, in general, me and, Eric, me and Eric have been talking, and the, I don't know about you, Reggie, but I, I do know, in general, I do the... Um, the hits of the week, the picks, the books of the week for are the site. And I went to do it today, and there are only two. <laughs> I was like, really? And they're both mine, bad. which is crazy. And they both just made the cut. I wish I would have thought of it earlier. I would have made it them 7.9s because there were two books that were eights, and I kind of feel silly. Doing and you were kind of on the week. wall about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, I will be doing that later. But yeah, Reggie, we're going to do uh, one book, though, the first book of yeah. yours. I actually think it's my big book of the week. I, so I actually I. liked it a lot. I know uh, you didn't like it as I'd much as I. looking at my scores, this is the uh, probably my book of the week also. Yeah, yeah. which is pathetic because, it yeah, is. your scores were really low. For seven books you had, and this was pretty low for a score for your book of the week. But what is what book are we talking about? Talking about Teen Titans number two, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Diogenes Neves, Roy Jose and Sean Parsons, Jim Charalampitis, and John Kalitz. There comes a time in every young boy's life that his mother must warn him about his grandfather's plot to murder him and four metahumans he's never met using the graduating class of an assassin's charm school. Either that, or Granddad will be on his deathbed and say, Keep doing what you do! (laughs) Either betrayal cuts just as deep. Ah, yes, it does. Now, Reggie, just a little preview for later. Will there be any singing intros uh, this week? I, your I have, fans, have, your fans demanded, Reggie. I was waiting it, for this one. That Teen Titans, I, I don't know. That now, What's know, that? Oh, you don't want to reveal it now? If I reveal that now and the answer was no, people would just stop listening. That's would, right. You know, that I would really, be, it'd be over. People would I just was turn thinking, off you know, on. I couldn't think maybe Teen Titans to the theme of Cheers. I, I was trying to come up with what we would have here, but uh, you gave a standard blurb and made fun of my grandfather, you son of a bitch. I, yeah. I like this issue, unlike my grandfather, 
And I like it a lot, actually. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, this is one of those, it's Benjamin Percy, which we've said, me and Eric, talk about how we're a little down on Green Arrow now. And it seems like a lot of people are. Uh, I hope that he doesn't do the route that he did with this one, because when that started, I was really into it as well and thought it was a lot of fun. But I do like the dialogue here. I think his dialogue in this book, I, I don't know how you can be that different. Uh, I know it's a different book, but just this dialogue is pretty snappy. I, yeah, I think yeah. it's funny. I really like it. I do. And, 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 he, and he's doing what we talked about last time, and he's maintaining individual characteristics yes. for each yes. person. I, yes. I like I really to think like. that he's putting all his time forward in this book and kind of laxing I on Green so. Arrow. That's the problem right now. But I'm okay with that if that's the case because I like this book more. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you just said, Reggie, I really think that he gets the characters pretty well. Now, again, the Titans themselves say like a Beast Boy – uh, Wally West, Kid Flash, and uh, not Raven, but, but that, that you get those. They, Starfire's a little older. What I was going to say is y- you have these younger characters on there, and they kind of are very similar. And you can tell Kid Flash and Beast Boy kind of are very similar the way he spells it yeah, out, but, but it's I, fine with me. I feel like there is a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, you know, there Kid, is. Kid Flash is more reserved, and he's got the weight of the speed force and the flash being an asshole to him, you know, yeah. making him feel like a dick and beast boy has got the fact hey, that hey, he's hey. He is a, a beast boy. Yeah. 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 Well, well, the one thing I'll tell you about Kid flash is later on, uh, he kind of sells himself short when, when the, yeah. the going gets rough. And that actually is very much in character. Like he and is I, not, I, a, I like that a lot. Yeah. He's not a brash guy. He's not a guy, but I'm telling you, I think Beast Boy just, he might be easy to write for you. Just you're goofy with it, but his yeah. Damien is really, really good. And yeah, I the, agree. the issue starts and it's a, it's a flashback that actually shows you how Damien found out about what was going on and why he formed the team because Talia comes to visit him. And it's pretty funny to me because Talia shows up and really does not seem to think that Raja Gul's gift was anything bad. Like she yeah, no, actually no. even calls it out like, hey, at least he sent you something. It's like I get a, I get a package in the mail. Uh, I have my two, you know, my dad and my grandfather. My grandfather sends me a, a fucking steaming turd and my dad just ignores me. Don't know that the steaming turds better. I guess you can say like Don't she's like at least. Don't forget to write a thank you yeah, note, Jimmy. Yeah, you know? really, it was very odd because she's like, at least he didn't forget you, like like Batman. It, it kind of like a, the the, the grandmother from Christmas Vacation who just grabs stuff around her house and wraps yeah. it because she yeah. doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah. Well, you yeah, know what? That's a little different. You got you got Raja Ghoul. He sends a fucking dead Robin. <laughs> yeah. Also, the, right. also the fact that they're meeting on the top of a building in the in a rainstorm. In rain. I just find yeah. it's like yeah. so unnecessarily silly. Well, uh, the one reading detective comics, it's always raining yeah, and really. storming and, and lightning oh. and lightning behind. Yeah. Uh, I do. I did think at first that it was funny because it starts out with a little narration of, you know, Damien and about bats and how bats can, can fly. They're the only mammal and this and that. And I was thinking, you're not a bat, David. You're, you're a robin. But yeah. as the, as it actually goes on, this is one of the biggest issues that I've seen where he really you really see that he wants to be Batman uh, later, yeah. though that's implied anyway. But it really is stressed in in this issue, uh, starting with that. But I thought it was a little odd that whole bat even all the scenes. I mean, he's standing on gargoyles. He's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. lightning behind him. The bat signals in the sky. It's definitely. I he's mean, the it, boy it, who would be Bat. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. He's, it's that's, just he, funny he that, that he's like his his future. Yeah, he's just he definitely it's definitely stressed here. But yeah, she comes and talks to him and tells him, "Listen, you know these guys are after you. That you're not the only one who turned 13." So we get a little bit of a background on uh, the villains, who of course, uh, what are they called again? The Demon's Fist. The so Demon's she kind of tells him a little. Yeah. And the one thing about uh, the end of the issue last time, we, we got the Demon's Fist, and I was afraid we weren't going to get a lot of them. I thought they were just going to show up, but it, Ben Percy does a really good job of, of giving us them as well. He and does what I love, where they yeah. actually give you each character, yeah. what they look like, and spells yeah. out who they are, what their powers yeah. are. Yep. I love what that. What their powers are, who they're up against. I'm like, yeah. this is like a video game, and I'm dumb. I need shit like that. But <laughs> I thought they were all pretty cool, too. I really sure. liked the whole thing. I mean, some of them. You know, like Nightstorm is obviously like a you know miniature weather wizard, and yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, Blank is is basically a Beast Boy girl. Sure you know is. what I mean? Yeah. But that's yeah. that's fine. I'm, I'm I okay really hope that. I really hope though in the future that Nightstorm sticks around because I want like a Weather Wizard Junior. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I same thing. Or, or, or what if the Teen Titans had? A rogues gallery. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like, like the well, rogues, like the Flash. Yeah. Guys, you know? Well, here's the other thing uh, as we go on. The other thing that I really like is Wally West actually gets a villain. Like all the other characters, you know, they're going to have their villains. Wally West really doesn't have anything. He's pretty new. For him yeah. to get a villain, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, just in general, this Demon's Fist, you find out throughout the issue and, and very much at the end that this was a team that Damien was supposed to lead. And it, it that makes complete sense. It's nothing I thought of beforehand, but it does make sense. And they know Damien. They're like, you know what? You were supposed to be our leader. It actually reminds I mean, me he, he a lot. I mean, he went through school with Mara, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, served from the League of Assassins. So, yeah, yeah. these are all, I assume yeah. these are all, they, they came up in school together. Yeah, they, oh, were, yeah. All, they, were, all they were all together. together. Yeah. It, it reminds me of uh, Aquaman and it is the others, right? I always fucking yeah. mess up the thing. It reminds me of the <laughs> Aquaman and the others when the others were pissed when Aquaman left to go join the Justice League. And that was a big thing. They're like, oh, you know, you're, you were slumming with us. Uh, but I like it. And also that leads, it, it makes it very personal, but also leads to the Demon's Fist almost thinking like, you know what, you son of a bitch, why are we, you know, second pick and, and that sort of thing. And I really do like it. Plus, it makes the Teen Titans kind of like, you know, what the fuck's going on? You know, Damien, he, he's, a, he's a fucking liar all the time and he better do that. But before then, you have him with the Teen Titans. And the one thing I showed Eric right away, uh, uh, I love the art. I know, Reggie, I read your review and yeah. you kind of said that it was, you know, the art he kind of, he did I a like good job, it. but it was, you know, not the greatest. Or I forget I what. Love it. You know, you know, you know what screwed me up is that John Boy Myers still did the cover. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. you look at the cover, you're like, all right, and you, you get in here, and you're like, oh, it's not. I think John I, Boy I, Myers. me and Eric both, I, I, like I thought it. that I it was it very. I, I thought it's it was very, very well done, and I think that it was very similar to the point where I think a lot of people will read that trade and not really realize something is has gone, you know, asunder. Uh, the only thing, though, is when Damien is sitting there, when uh, Talia calls him and says, or son of Batman, and he's there, he looks a little older there at, at that one point. But other than that, there is he's only 13 one. 13 now, Jim. He's a grown yeah, boy. Yeah, really. He's, he's going to have to let boy, go. Right? He's a man. Talia says, you're a man now. That's and right. he doesn't want to be a man. He's like, I'm, he does. A, I'm a boy. A real boy, he says. But uh, it goes on and really goes to a point where. The only problem I have in the whole entire issue, and I showed Eric right away because I was paging Looking through right it now. when we first got those in, uh, the review copies, and I'm like, boy, this looks awesome. And I go, and then I get to that page where all the Titans are in San Francisco, and they're all there. I'm like, 
Why the fuck is Beast Boy's head so big? He looks like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. looks like a. I don't know. He looks like a. What did you say? He looks like Chucky. Eric said. I yeah, thought he, he looked, looked like, like a. Chucky doll, I thought he looked like right a here. garbage pale kid. You know what he actually reminds me of a lot right here, and it bothers me. Laddie from the Lost Boys. Yeah, he does look like Laddie. Those fucking sideburns too. It throws me off. But boy, he's got a big fucking head there. But throughout the rest, <laughs> Give him he's a good. Confederate soldier outfit. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. He he looks crazy. Uh, but yeah, he tells him about the demon's fist, and this, you know, it continues. He, there was the big cliffhanger last issue, and I was really afraid that we were just gonna move on and they were gonna attack and we wouldn't, but no, he spells it completely out. Listen, they are, they're gonna graduate, they're gonna become men and women here by picking somebody who is what they think is almost like the good to their bad, you know, the opposite They're of that. equal on the opposite end Yeah, of yeah, and I really do like it. I really even like how he spells it out and says that they're more like everything that they'd want to have good in them, you guys are it, and it pisses them off you pretty much. you good. Yeah, yeah, you want it. Well, it, it makes you, it pisses you off, I'm telling you. Any sort of sport I played, if you have another guy who's good, you want to fucking kill him. Well, you don't want yeah. anybody better. Tanya than Harding, him. his ass. Yeah, really. Uh, but I like him. And like you said, there's Blank, who's against Beast Boy. He's a albino shapeshifter. There's Nightstorm, who is Weather Wizard. Basically, he's going to go after Kid Flash. You have Stone, who's Super Strength and Earth Mover, uh, who's going to go after Starfire. Kind of was a weird one for Starfire, but, and Plague, uh, who can crumble oh, the stone blast, to case? The blast won't work on him. You know, that's the yeah, really. She and, has, uh, those blasts. Uh, she's targeting Raven, and then you have Mara, who is going against Robin, who's you know martial artist. It's pretty much it, it's funny. The opposite like, of Damien. I, I love all this little call outs to everything. I'm telling you, I love all whenever we get that. Mm -hmm. I was a little thrown off at first, like Nightstorm. Okay, why would you pick Kid Flash? You know, it really bothered me until yeah. we actually I read further. And it's fully explained. Nights yeah. like uh, Nightstorm has seen the future because they did all this di divinity, all this background, so who they know would know who to pick. And yeah. there is a big future going on for Kid Flash. And I really like the answer to that huh. that yeah. we got later in this issue. Also, because Weather Wizard is the Flash's villain. Shut up, Reggie. <laughs> I think that's also. <laughs> I don't know if I was them. I know I'd fake the funk. I'd be in the Demon's Fist and I'd pick like the worst. Uh, you know, the worst hero to go after. And that might be yeah. Kid Flash at this point. Oh, yeah. he, he just became Kid Flash. I'll go after him. You know, wink, You're trying wink. trying to get the easy, the easy A. Yeah, yeah, I'm going for the easy A. Like uh, the weak link. Where's Amazing Man at? I go yeah, after yeah really. But yeah. I really do... I love the the where it starts and the kind of back and forth between the characters, too, is when uh, Starfire says, how do you know so much about Raja Ghul and the League of Assassins? Because they don't know. And it, it's funny. I kind of... Didn't even think about that school. through yeah. all that, that you don't even realize. And he says, I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and they start laughing so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like, and I said I'm the son of Batman. Yeah, he's like, he's I like, said no. He said I'm Batman. And it's funny, though, because then uh, Kid Flash gives like, hey, listen, uh, you know, I put the kid in front of Flash. It, it was a little hokey, that one line. I still liked it, though. So uh, did I. But yeah, even Raven, though, then Raven starts picking into uh, Damien's brain, and it's funny, even when she's doing that, the shadow is Batman from Damien and, and stuff, and it and, says... And Ra's al on the other side, too. Yeah, and Ra's al and she's like, yeah, there's conflict. He's afraid he's going to be something, you know, he could be something wicked and stuff like that, and I really, really like that. I do. Yeah. I like all of this interaction, but as they're talking there, all of a sudden, the demon fist show up, and this is... It shocked me. 
as well as it did them because I didn't <laughs> think it'd be this quick right here. No, I thought either. that yeah. I thought we or were going to go through the whole thing. I thought we might get yeah. you know they might pick him up or something, but yeah, I didn't expect it to be like no, oh. they, yeah, they, they're going to go, and it looks like because Damien has gathered them, they're like fuck it, we gonna we gonna react now, and they go and they they team up or go you know go against their villains and you have all these fights and it's really good but i thought the best was uh plague and raven i really like those two because raven isn't exactly a good you know hero yeah. kind of and and this plague kind of sees that and it's like listen me and you can kind of go together you know we're we're the same and whatnot and i really did like that but the whole thing See, my, was my favorite cool. one was uh blank and beast boy myself really? where yeah, he's doing the shape shifting yeah she pulled a whole different like, like yeah. mind game on him instead of yeah. instead of going beast for beast she was like oh well uh look you know, i'm here, you here's you know you, you hate here's yourself Yep, and then became Tim Drake, and he kind of gets that. I don't Drake know. Yeah, to me, it, it's it, weird. It, it, it is a classic folly of comics where we have this thing where, like, oh no, they're showing me what I don't want to just punch yeah, it in yeah. the face. You yeah. know, it's a goddamn illusion. Here's the thing: I was just gonna say, if that's me, and they're gonna show me what I hate, which would probably be Eric, I'm yeah. like, oh my god, boom! I'd get so fucking. I wouldn't go, oh. Eric, <laughs> like, fuck you, and and punch him right in the face, and then I find out it's you, Eric. It's really you. Yeah, but it, it like, is oh, funny. I you're right. Shape shifting is you. My bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're Stop right, though. Me, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, you evil shape shifter. Oh, no, That's no, how no, I get away from fucking giving you the flying elbow. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you're like, I'm like, get away from me, foul temptress. Boom. Like, what are you doing? as a goalie. I, all I asked you was if you wanted to go to lunch. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is funny. Like you said, all of a sudden he's there. He knows exactly who it is. And they turn into, she turns into Tim and he's like, Tim? Oh no! Oh, Beast Boy, and, and, and you, you big-headed idiot. Too. It's like, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's Beast Boy. It's that big head. Big head, little brain. Uh, but yeah, the the whole thing's pretty good. Uh, but it leads to them pretty much finding out, as them being the the Teen Titans, finding out that this Demon's Fist knows Damien, that Raja Ghoul's his fucking grandfather. All this crap is just now laid on the Teen Titans, mm. which I do like too because. Again, it's weird. I never really thought to myself, "Huh, who knows that he's Raja Ghul's, uh, you know, grandson and Talia's son?" And think I never really think that. Oh, no, I, I thought about it. I, I'm right there with you. Where it makes sense, it has to be explained because yeah. in my mind, it's always common knowledge yeah, for some yeah, reason. Yeah, that's what I and thought. It doesn't make sense, but I like that we get that yeah, here. Yeah, and, it threw me off at first, just like you. I'm like, "Huh? Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. that does make sense." And why I, I, know, you know, I even like it. Yeah, I even like it. Kids know. To me, it's twofold to me because I thought, like you, I said, I, I'm confused. I thought, but I like it now that if it isn't common knowledge, the Teen Titans know. Now they know Damien's deep, and dark readers. secret, and and the readers. But yeah, and that is a you know a bunch of this has to be to get new readers up to speed. But I like that these this team now has a. It, it's kind of a bonding moment between them all. They know Damien's like Damien's big secret. Uh, but yeah, they're going to attack and at and one point... And going to keep secrets from them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that's the whole thing. Like, they don't want any more secrets. But in the meantime, uh, shit goes to town because... Uh, what's it called? I, I, well, I'm still trying to remember. Part, it's Mara, right? Who blows up the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. This is the part where I... I you know, okay, all right. So she, she sets them against each other. And then blows the place up. That just doesn't seem like what the League of Assassins would do. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's like who did it and ran. 
You know what well, I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I know. It, it's weird, but I guess it's like, like they, the they means to an end. Leave, They're just, I feel like, yeah, or they, yeah. or they would kill everyone. They would still be out to kill everyone, you know, yeah. and, and be on their yeah, mission. But, but they were. But yeah, like you said, Mara, the one who is against Damien. Just sets off a bomb that they had, and it blows up, and, the, and they're trying to get away. Damien grabs Goliath and gets the fuck out. It looks like he's ditched them, and they think yeah. so. They're like, "Oh my god, what the fuck is he doing?" And he shows up in his fucking what would you even call it? Is that his uh, ride? I don't know. The Damien like mobile. Yeah, I, I love that it, thing. I, I love, love it. it. It's awesome. I was glad yeah. to see it's back again. Yeah, and he shows up. We've seen it now. I think this is the second issue. Uh, in a week that we've seen it, right? Didn't we well, see? Was was that in Superman, Eric? That we saw this when they uh they went to get uh John, or was there not that? I can't no, I don't remember think what it was I there. saw. I think it's just because we looked at this earlier in the week. Maybe it was because I think I said to you like, what would we call that? But I love it. I think it's cool. But yeah, he shows up and is like, you know, jump on in. See, uh, I actually I was actually tuning you guys out there for a second because it's the scene where Mara blows up the goddamn cave that they're in. The art seriously changed for me. I didn't realize that earlier when I was reading, so I wanted to go back to see like if there were, there's two different anchors and two different colors, and yeah, here yeah. seems to be a shift because mm. I like the first half of the book way more than I like this part here. Yeah, I did. yeah. it's weird because look, the part look where they Mars have face, it does that's change what I'm, radically. Yeah, when yeah. they had her, but then it kind of changes a little bit. But yeah, there's another shift, and I don't mind it. Actually, the part where Goliath shows up to me – uh, almost looked a lot like the Son of Batman book with uh, Patrick Yeah, I'm saying John, John Calise, I think, is doing the colors of this part, and he's the one who works with Patrick Gleason yeah, all the time. It, it definitely has a Patrick Gleason. It's not as good, uh, but it definitely has that look, so that would make sense if uh, Calise was on it. But, yeah, I actually – I like the art throughout throughout the whole book. The beginning definitely is better, but, yeah, they, oh, jump, yeah. On, they jump on the Damien Mobile or in the, the Robin Wing. The Robin there Wing. You go. And uh, basically, they tell him, "Listen, you can't have any more secrets. We need the truth." And he's like, "Yep, no more secrets. Where, where, you know, I am. I had a choice. I could either be an evil villain like my grandfather, or the world's greatest detective like my dad, Batman. I chose the latter. I want to be a good guy. I want to be the Batman." And yeah, right. uh, they go off, and it's awesome. It's a pretty cool fucking statement. I love Damien, but this, and really, of all the books, Damien, people, you have a uh, uh, not a fear. You have a ch- a chance of really going one dimensional. That could be a very big problem. Of Damien, he's a dick. He's gonna be. He's not here. He really well, isn't in this thing. book at we're, all. This whole issue, he is not a dick at all. And I hope thing. that where, yeah. every, where, where everybody was like kind of not everybody, but the people who were complaining about the last two issues of Superman because of they Superman, just hate yep. Damien. I think they would yeah. be able to get into this Damien yeah, way more too. than we did with that. And, and the thing with with uh, Tomasi. In the Superman book, and when the Super Sons, that's more, um, uh, that is Damien, but he really is pushing that play against the John being, well, the, you know, the that, wide-eyed the kid, thing. and it makes Damien, you know, almost like the, the polar opposite of that, like a Batman I Superman mean, it, type it, it of deal. I mean, it reads true to me that Damien is like a lot of 13-year-old boys, and that he's putting up a brave front, and he's acting yeah, yeah. like a jerk. Well, but, and but, really, but that's what you get here. It, he gets scared. He gets yeah, scared. He that's why I, I love this. I love this Damien in this because of that. You had earlier when Raven looks into his mind and says, listen, he, he's conflicted. He's scared. He doesn't want to become this evil person. And then even at the end when he goes, you think, you knew he didn't ditch them. But when he comes back and goes, he's like, no more secrets. This is what I am. But I want to be I want to be like Batman. I want to be like my father. And let's go. And I do. Like Eric said, I agree 100% that if you're listening and you are avoiding this book only because you don't like Damien, 
this is a better Damien. This is a Damien that has gathered this team. Even if you if you go down to the nitty-gritty of it and the nuts and bolts, he's pretty much gathered this team to save them. He, he yeah, didn't, yeah. you know, he did go and go about it the wrong way of gathering, but he did this because he found out who they were after. So he gathered them to help them, not to be a dick and like, oh, I'm going to pick the greatest team. Because really, in my mind, he never would have picked Kid Flash. He, he, that, that seems, you know, an odd choice because Kid Flash is just learning his abilities. He even says it here. <laughs> and to uh, me, Starfire is an odd pick because she's not a teenager. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that I liked is if people were reading the New 52, one of the biggest things that the team had against Tim Drake was he kind of did go and, and gather them, not as friends or, uh, you know, he gathered them because he was calculating and I need this person for that, this person for that. And Damien yeah. looked like he was doing the same thing, but he wasn't. He actually was being a good guy and wants to save them. Or and is then they'll he? Go I forward. mean, there, there may be well, twists yeah. and turns in the story. But remember, we, we said last that issue that we thought he, yeah, we thought he might be bullshitting. Uh, it yeah. doesn't seem like he's bullshitting it anymore. Seem like it. It doesn't no, seem like no. It, but... uh, so at least going forward, uh, you have that. I, I, and I really, like I said, I really like the Kid Flash bit only because that seems like this is his first villain, really, the, on his own. And I thought that was awesome because I really like Wally West, Kid Flash, the new Fifty Two Wally West. Uh, but yeah, anything else? Anything else, guys? Yeah. No, that's about it. Tuck, tuck, about your, it. tuck your ear off. Uh, what'd you give it, Reggie? Uh, I gave it a seven out of ten. You know, I didn't, I didn't dislike the art. I did really, you know, if if the cover had been done by the interior artist, I probably <laughs> wouldn't have been. I, I, it's, yeah. it's really lame of me to say, but I really was like, oh boy, John Boy Myers last issue. Yeah, yeah, last like, issue. Oh. Uh, and I do think it is a lot different, although I can see the similarity in the outlining and yeah, some I, of the I, I don't think it's as crazy a difference as you could possibly have got. No, you know, no, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not especially like for that first half. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, for the first, that, that flashback with Talia and, and Damien is freaking awesome. I'm looking at it now. It's so good. Great. You know, the the art is, the art is definitely good. The other thing though that, that, and this might just be me being gun shy and actually what we see at the end gives the impression that they won't be, but this is two issues of them in the Batcave. Uh, a cave. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, 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 the Robin cave, but two issues of them in the same place. And I feel like we're getting this. With a lot of DC books, just like yeah. they go to a place and they're there for like three, four, five issues. It's just like yeah, get it, go yeah, somewhere. But I, this is only two, so I, I really shouldn't be so have so many misgivings. But I just worry that it's going to be that. And pretty much, I indoors. guess they have to go away from it now because it's blown up. It's blown up yeah, it's guess, gone now. Yeah. but uh, all right. So I mean, yeah, no, definitely uh, worth worth reading. I, I enjoy the book a lot. I'm looking at the covers now, and I, I actually I was looking at the variant cover, and I love it because it does. It's the Mr. Pumpkinhead fucking uh, Damien from the Batman yeah. Incorporated. I really like it. It's Chris Burnham uh, doing that variant cover. We rarely talk about covers, but when I was going through that, I'm like, oh, man, that's that cute little Damien that died. Uh, but, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I I liked it a lot. I would give it an 8.5 uh, easily, Ooh. and it is definitely uh, – I'll give you a little spoiler. Uh, this is my pick of the week. I really enjoyed this book more than anything that I had and uh, had a lot of fun with it and really liked Damien. I really like the way that he's doing Damien and all the Teen Titans. I really like it. Uh, what would you give it there? Saying like you were just saying there, I think Percy, for all my misgivings I have of him, I think he's capturing the voices of all of these characters perfectly. And for everything he's setting up here, this is the kind of Teen Titans that I've wanted for a while where it's young heroes versus young villains. Yeah. 
And I just really enjoy the team so far, and I can't wait to see what we have. Plus, I love the goddamn Martha Rod. I give him an 8.5 as well. Yeah, yeah, I really, really liked it. Uh, but we're going to stop and move on to some mail. And, uh, Reggie, you're going to sit in on this mail, right? Is that what, what I told you? I'm going to sort some mail. Yep. Your first time ever, but we'll be right back with the mail. It is the best podcast a week, even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go. Ah, yes, mail with Jim, Eric, and Reginald. Hey, no, man, it's mail with Jim. I am here. Oh, yeah, it's it's mail with Jim and and others and others. There's there's a couple mails this week that make me laugh that are like addressed just to me again. It makes me me (laughs) smile every time they come in. But uh, the first one of this mail section is not addressed to anybody and everybody. This is from Travis, and Travis says, okay. So I just read Batgirl number five, and I have such a crazy optimistic theory about what might come next. I just have to tell someone. I'm sure the whole Get Fresh crew whoop, 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 will laugh at me, but here it is. In the recent one, in the recent issue of Birds of Prey, she finds her old equipment and stuff. Number two, as America's, uh, as Eric, America's sweetheart Shay mentioned, maybe this is where she could get her old costume back. Tell me. That's kind of what one and the one A. I don't know that those are two full separate uh, ideas yeah. there. Yeah, you're pushing it there, Travis. But uh, number three, if you recall, Burnside started with a fire that destroyed her equipment, so she made that new suit. I'm telling you, that might be one C. Number four, <laughs> we have a new artist starting soon. Is it next issue? I believe it is. I think it is. Yeah. Possible. I don't know. Number five, a lot of what happens in this issue makes it kind of seem like maybe, just maybe, this whole arc has been a dream or something like that. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I I I think I did a lot of wishful thinking from Travis. Uh, It might be Clayface. In the DCU, there is no dreams, only Clayface. Could be Clayface. Could always be Clayface. dreaming. Doctor Destiny. Of Clayface. Yes. Number six. Yeah, Doctor Destiny. Why didn't Superman just go right to Doctor Destiny and beat him up? Why did he go and invade <laughs> Dick's dreams? I, I don't understand it. Why did he have to become a dream warrior? Number he six. He had to stop I, the connection first. I, I didn't say that on the podcast last week, and it bothered me then when I was thinking later. And I went to work. I think it was probably Monday. Eric comes in. The first thing I say to him. Why did Superman not go? Because he he knew there were two separate parts. He's like, yes. okay, Doctor De- or you know, I sense Doctor Destiny in in Dick Grayson's mind, but also in an old Argus outpost. He goes to Dick Grayson's mind. Why you is break that? that connection first, man? Yeah, if you, if you sever the link right away, you're going to drive him insane. Yeah, yeah. oh, that. that's what Eric said. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. that's not what Tim Seeley said. Dreams, Tim Seeley didn't say it. Life. Don't I you know. tell me that? I, I don't want to hear you. it. 
Spell it out. <laughs> uh, number six. I wonder if that concept could be extended a little bit. <laughs> That's number six. Oh, what, what concept? I forgot what number The concept five of it being a dream. Oh, okay. I Sorry. just extended it. Actually, this whole rebirth is the dream of some retarded kid beating me up. They, they pull it elsewhere. out. This retarded kid is beating the shit out of me. That That's how it all ends. That is, it's not freaking Dr. Manhattan. It's my Uncle Jeffrey beating the shit out of me as a kid. <laughs> Case closed. It's done. There's no comedian because the joke's on me. Concussion hallucination yeah, the whole every, time. Actually, that, that is me. I'm laying there. It pans out into, you know, out of my eye and I'm just getting my fucking shit kicked out of me by a bunch of hey, Puerto hey, Ricans and my retarded monkeys. uncle. That would be the worst. And I have a snow globe for some reason there and I drop and it breaks. Jim, they call these other stories Elseworlds for a reason. It's Saint Elseworlds. That's right, Saint Elseworlds. That's and then somehow in my dream, then I go and I'm bloody, I'm all fucked up, and I get out of a shower, uh, and nobody else is there. But yeah, number seven, it says her next issue is against Poison Ivy. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I paused there to see if you had a reaction to that. I don't know what Travis I don't really is getting know what at. To say. Is that is that is that a theory? Part okay. of his theory. Here's what he girl. says then. Number eight, we know that Poison Ivy does mind control stuff. It's more pheromone stuff that kind of makes you go a little wacky, but we'll see. Uh, Number nine, is it possible that all of Burnside and beyond has just been a fever dream brought on by Poison Ivy and Bab's own brother? Who I said, James Gordon Jr., I said may be the one behind all this craziness, but I I really don't think so anymore. I think that it's going to be a really lame reveal. Uh, only because that that Birds of Prey book has pretty much been lame, right? Well, sure it's has. not been that great. Uh, number 10, and we get Batgirl back again next issue, he says. <laughs> he's. I, I think that he is, uh, you know, reaching for straws here, but he says, yeah, remember this, I, I if you he, will. What's he that? wants this run to be wiped away yes, is basically all it is, you know? Yeah, I think that uh, basically he is really hoping, like all those people went gaga when the team Batgirl got rid of the killing joke, he wants it to kind of wrap around itself, and he's going to praise the team that gets rid of the Burnside nonsense. See, all of this has been a dream while Barbara was in surgery getting that bullet out of her spine. There you come go. back to Batgirl back. in the hospital. Oracle. And then she's Oracle again. And she is Oracle, though she was having a dream about being Oracle and somebody else's Oracle. Right? Hey, man, she, she could do nice. stuff with her mind, like switch shit off, it's funny. turn Tra- it back on. Travis. It's weird. Travis was, kind of, uh, Travis was kind of Travis was kind of given not giving a shit, but he he, he was uh, kind of questioning us at one point, and I did have to send him the first issue of the Burnside Batgirl review that Eric did. I had to send it off to Travis, and then he he wrote back and basically said, "Now he knows why you know he's in with us in the Fresh <laughs> because yeah, Eric was like, "You ripped that apart." You were oh actually God, Eric stood up and said, "Not on my watch." Basically, exactly. is what it said. He said, "This isn't my background," and it wasn't. But in issue number thirty-five, we have the no, big listen. battle with a climactic ending, and her and her friends hugging it out. Black Canary is a major part of that. Then in issue thirty-six, we see that she and Canary hate each other, and yet she has her stuff stored at Canary's apartment or something when it burns down. And the way she treats Canary, who was her best friend in the very prior issue, was just terrible. Perhaps all the smallest complaints I'll make about the issue and the garbage we've had ever since then. But in that very issue number thirty-five, way back when, we were told. 
that her brother, the very evil, creepy brother, is alive. But we knew, we know he yes. was alive then. Yeah, he was part of the if, Suicide Squad for yes, a little bit. Yep, he was in a little bit of the Suicide Squad. Not James doing Gordon much. Jr. He was there. No. Uh, it, we, again, I think that when Burnside hit, old Travis also hit. He hit the road. He didn't want any parts of anything <laughs> with her. But yeah, he was with Amanda Waller at one point, and he was as creepy as fuck then too. Uh, if this prediction turns out to be right, I'm going to celebrate as if I won the lottery or something. I don't read future solicits, so I really have no idea. I know one thing for sure. Batgirl used to be good. That's what True. it says. That is his sign-off. Uh, we'll have to see when Batgirl gets better what he's going to do. I don't know if it's it's going to take a whole different direction. Like, we could say, you know what? Like, once she goes back, when she's in Asia, she goes back uh, to Gotham, even Burnside. And all of a sudden, we're like, I don't know. You know, I know I don't like the arts, so whatever. But it really kicks ass. He will not go for that. It, it has to be a drastic change back to what he likes. It has to be uh, a drastic change between that and Birds of Prey because you couldn't have her acting one way in Batgirl yeah, and yeah. still acting We're goofy in Birds of Prey. I'm saying Travis himself, though, is, is going to be a tough, uh, you know, uh, fucking nut to crack here. He's not just going to go for, you know, oh, my God, it's good. You should give it a chance. She's back in Burnside. He's, no, no, no. He's not. I, I, I mean, I, I think you guys, if you think if you think they're going to wipe away the shit that they've done, I, that's not going to happen. This no. this suit is definitely, I mean, they, they've just released, like, three statues with this goddamn yeah. suit. Dude, I, oh, have yeah. a, I have an Imaginex action figure in this suit. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's obviously it's obviously very popular with some people. At it least, is. Or maybe, now, maybe even just internally. I know the book doesn't I don't, sell, I'm like, not, but numbers, You but. do agree with me that in general, general now people actually are not looking back at the whole burnside deal as fondly as it seemed they were saying when it was going on although to be fair this whole arc has had nothing to do with the, you know what i mean like no. now they've totally pulled her out of that but yeah i think that people i think that the you know bloom is off the rose and it yeah, was yeah it, yeah and that whole that whole thing did kind of end like what the hell what happened like yeah there that, it it, it, it got a little sloppy that, that at the end it really did screwing with her mind the whole time yeah. and like you like eric says Phew, now, she yeah. has, what does she have like a set of switches in, in the base of her neck she can just turn off parts of her memory and mind yeah. whenever she yeah she can just do that. Uh, she's just a machine now she's more machine than cyborg is at this point because she can just turn off parts of her mind yeah, it seems. I mean, the fact that she had a, a photographic memory was always a, a part of her character, but it was never the biggest part until this. No, Burnside and then it was. Stuff. It was like so stressed. Like, it's like her only power. It's like all yeah. she ever does is have that memory. But yeah, until she turns it off, so she can be think faster on her goddamn feet. Fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's what that's what you do at work, don't you? No, oh, I yeah. turn my mind off completely. Oh, yeah, okay. really. yeah, he does. Uh, the next email is uh, continuation. Maddie D. With his third of five emails, uh, this is uh, number three. He says, hey, guys, I'm sitting here at work looking through the new books list on Comixology, and I see the new comic by Art Balthazar called Superpowers. This brings a smile to my face, and I, could, I can't wait to get home and read this title to my two kids. I've been hard-pressed lately to find a DC or Marvel superhero book I can read to my two-year-old and five-year-old. Yes, we do read Teen Titans Go, but Logan, my five-year-old, has been wanting to read more Superman and Batman stories, and I really don't want to read him the Rebirth stuff or the New 52 stuff. Makes sense. Yes, no, to me, the stories are more for adults like me and way over his head, sometimes over mine. What the hell, Raven? 
<laughs> that's not over your head. That's just punching you right upside the head. I'm yeah, glad that a... DC is making more Tuttles for kids of all ages. I really hope that they come up with some more Tuttles soon. I can only read so many Scooby-Doo team-ups before they bore the snot out of my two you gotta kids. You got some Batman 66 meets that's some Wonder Woman 77 going on there. Yeah, I don't think that they, I don't think his three-year-old and five-year-old are... That's is probably it? a little too over their head, yeah, too. I I'm mean, telling you, I, mean, I don't, I don't think Superman that they like The comic is probably okay for a kid, but yeah, it is yeah. a little, it's a little they much. They burn the cat alive. Yes. Now, yeah, I, I would say that, first off, I will be reviewing the Superpowers book. It, it's good. Uh, if you like that. It's cool for, you know, obviously... It would be for like a grade schooler, you know. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. That's like I me. Like, I like that's the art why style. I like it. I'm a grade schooler at heart. For you. Well, here's what uh, here's my suggestion of all Maddie D. Maddie D, you have two trades you can go get, and I think the one would be more than one trade. I'm not sure, but Tiny Titans was Art Balthazar and Franco did that as well, and also I think it was Tiny Titans Return to the uh, the Treehouse or, or something like that was the second part of that, and it's exactly like this, even. To me, it was even a little more uh, age-appropriate for your kids. It, it's really good. I like even it. Even check that's out why. Lil Gotham. Yeah, and that's the same guy. I, actually, that was uh, somebody else. Oh, I can't remember his name now. But, oh, yeah, no, Little Gotham like, would be good, too. Uh, I know I know who it is. And it, it creases, it's uh, Nguyen. Uh, that's right. Dustin, yeah. Dustin, Dustin Nguyen. Nguyen. That's who did that. So, uh, but Jim, wouldn't you also say that for age appropriate would be the Deadpool movie? Is that? Oh yeah, uh, for my good. kids. And yeah. again, <laughs> if you want to go with my Logan, who's was I think nine at that point, maybe it just turned ten. Deadpool. Next, they're in the strip That's club. Fine. I'm like, yeah, see, there you go, buddy. <laughs> I am the worst. I am one of those guys who tries to fake the funk then and go, listen, they're going to see this later. Or or one of those like, oh, you know what? I'm just preparing them. I'm doing this. But really, when I was growing up, I had no supervision whatsoever. The only thing that kept me alive was my fear of everything in the world. Uh, but I saw some crazy shit by the age of 10, and it turned me into a habitual masturbator. So there, I, I, what, I what could have went wrong? In the in the eighties, uh, you know, your parents might take you to an R or you know movie, depending yeah. on what the what the thing was. I it did. wasn't that crazy, yeah. No, yeah, they, they weren't they really did, that they did crazy. Uh, they did. If oh. I had if I had the internet when I was a kid, I I would have I don't know what would happen. I would you would have, have masturbated three times. I would have more masturbated. A cartilage would have been coming out <laughs> at, at one point because I would I would have never stopped. I I really wouldn't have. But uh, yeah, uh, really Deadpool. I, I, Matty D, take him to see Deadpool. You'll thank me later. Uh, sure. You know who the next mail is from, and the last <laughs> mail of the section is from Matty D. Matty oh, D's number four of five emails. Yeah. He said he was going to get an email a day uh, this week, and he uh, he accomplished that. And this one is, hey, Jim and Eric, happy so, Thanksgiving and boosh, Matty boosh. D. That was his whole email, and thank you. I had oh, a normal, nice. to me, Thanksgiving, uh it's just another day. It's a day off, basically. Uh, Eric over there, you were you were hungover, right? Terribly, hungover. terribly hungover. Felt like shit all goddamn yeah, yeah. day. It was yeah, a terrible. Yeah, I was just thing. tired. I was really tired and uh, watched a little football. But uh, the NFL has had a problem. Here's a little sports talk. The NFL has had a problem where they realize that a lot of people aren't watching games other than say their home team. And I'm mm-hmm. right there. I watched yeah. the Eagles and barely watch any other game i'm just not that interested and we have this goddamn podcast that uh, soon it's going to be 20 hours long it's, it, <laughs> it, it, it consumes everything uh but yeah that is the mail and now we're going to be back reggie you're going to stick around with more books right 
You got a yeah, lot more. So. You got yeah, a sure. lot more books, my friend. You got a couple right. more sections, but yeah, we'll be back with those. Mm-hmm. It's time for the Weird Science Love Line. I'm your host, Luscious Toby Hagen, and today we're going to go balls deep in the Love Line mailbag. Question submitted by the Weird Science listenership via the official subreddit. First up is Cold Frosty. He says, So in today's fast-paced world, with computers and stocks and other modern-day stuff, can an old mummy who just got back from the lands of the dead still find someone to do the old trip up the Nile? You know, maybe while going through the scrolls of Alexandria? I want to climb the pyramid if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. When and where can I find partners up to this? I'm gonna tell you this, Cole Frosty. If you are one of the undead, you will have no problem finding partners like this because you are undead. You will not die. Any woman who says no, she's gonna be dead in 30 years. You don't care. You'll just go find a new one. So, I wouldn't sweat it. Just keep on stumbling through life like you always have for the last couple of millennia and you're gonna find the perfect woman for you. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanna climb the pyramid, that's on you, brother. All I can recommend is you stay away from flammable chemicals. You are a mummy. You are nothing but sawdust, herbs, and rotting flesh within bandages. Just stay away from candles. It may be romantic. Just don't go near that shit. We want you to stay undead, not dead, permanently. Uh, that's all I can say to you, really. Um, you are quite possibly the sexiest mummy alive. Never let that forget. Never forget that. Just roll with what you've got. You know, you've been dealt a crappy hand. You were a pharaoh. Now you're just a, a, a walking pile of fabric. But you will find love. Next question. In fact, this is a two-parter. This comes from Durs Plain and Tall. I don't know who he is, but that sounds sexy. Mm. First part of his two-part question is this, double penetration style. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, my girlfriend wants me to suck on her toe. Is that cool? Let me tell you something, dirt plain and tall. That's very cool. If a girl tells you to suck on anything, I don't care if it's her toe, her finger, her tongue, or her strap-on. You suck that shit, because trust me, it's sexy as hell. The second question is, isn't the song The Monster Mash really just about fucking like Frankenstein? That's a bit of a strange question, because I want to know before I answer this, are you talking about Dr. Frankenstein, who is possibly a necrophiliac? Are you talking about Frankenstein's monster, who isn't called Frankenstein, he's just called the monster? but he's probably horny nevertheless. He was a dead body with all kinds of appendages. Maybe he was a woman before. Maybe he had a small penis and now he's looked down and he's like, holy shit, someone just stitched on an incredibly awesome penis onto me. I need to fuck something. And that's probably why, you know, the villagers burned him to a crisp inside that thing. What's it called? With a propeller. It's like a building with something that spins on the front. The windmill. That's probably why they burned it down, because he ended up fucking everyone in the village. Men, women, possibly a horse, I'm not sure, I didn't see the unrated version of that movie. But, um, 
if the song Monster Mash is really just about fucking like Frankenstein, either one, I'm gonna say no. I'm trying to think of what song would really be fucking like Frankenstein. Um, I don't know, probably something in the back catalogue of the Epic Sax Man. But anyways, I hope that answers your questions, boys. Don't forget, you can hit me up on the Weird Science Love Line at the official Weird Science DC Comics podcast subreddit. I've been Luscious Toby Hagen. Don't forget to keep your dicks hard and your legs open. Mm. I'm Spoon James and I came to say... Fuck Spoon James, we all about that. Shake, Coming shake. straight out of Quaker Town with reviews for that ass. Check him out on Weird Science DC Comics podcast. Quick with a quip and on point like Deadshot. He could give a fuck less if you like him or not. With a voice that makes the ladies go weak at the knees. Jim, please, milk and cheese, you can suck these. If it wasn't for dancing, Mikey wouldn't have no fame. We all know that news with Jim would come off weak and lame. And without your soundboard to blow that foghorn shit, the only thing that you'd be blowing would be Reggie's fuck stick. And speaking on him, I guess you're grave robbing now. Did a Michael Clark Duncan die in 2012? Opinions at your ass like a colonoscopy. Make way for him to it with his brother Robin Asadi from the hardest next part to the Get Fresh crew. Word to Eric, Jim, and Reggie for all you guys do. On behalf of all the fans who hear the part every day, we love you motherfuckers, but mostly Eric Shea. Pure at heart, may smell just stinky fart. Sing it, Dustin. Oh, Eric Shea. What? Ah, yes. It's a remix version. <laughs> remix. Yeah. Bunch you of haters. The remix, I think. Ah, uh, yes. That, I I put that song in because that is the only song that mentions the three of us since we're all together. Uh, though Reggie, it does not paint a fine picture of myself and you. So no, well, I, it says that you're on my fuck stick, so that's yeah, no, that's well, all right with I me. Mean, besides that, that that's actually the positive part of the story. I just you know, Michael Dark Clark. What is it? I always get his name mixed up. Michael yeah, Clark Duncan. Michael, Michael Clark, Clark Duncan. Duncan. Yeah. yeah, you Michael Clark Duncan sounding motherfucker. Anybody say that to you ever uh, before, Reggie? Only Toby. Only Toby. Yeah. Uh, In fact, I, didn't, I didn't even know who Michael Clark Duncan was offhand. I had to research. Me. Yeah. yeah, I know. Now, now he was I in know, some movie. Saw. Green Mile, I never saw it. Never saw that movie. And I, I don't plan on it either. Uh, when I was on last week, I was on, or actually this week, I was on the uh, Wonder Woman showcase for Nerd Church Radio. And Ben from Nerd Church Radio got a lot of uh, emails or, or mentions that I sounded a lot like Alan Alda. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because he had no idea who that was. He's just like, yeah, I got a couple, you know, word uh, shout outs that you sounded like Hawkeye from MASH. I'm like, at least I didn't sound like Radar. I could uh, see and, that, yeah. And it was funny. He, he didn't know it's who that was. It's funny, too. I actually had just watched that flick Tower Heist because it was on Comedy Century. Actually, I had it on the background. I mm-hmm. could actually see that now, and he was in that yeah. flick. Yeah, hmm. uh, that is not the first time that I actually have heard that. No. Uh, it's funny because, no, I've heard that before. Alan Alda uh, was such a respected guy when MASH was at, about, but yeah, I, I don't really hear much about him anymore. No, you know, not really. You know. I've had people say they thought I was black 
Yeah, oh, I, no, I, I actually thought you were black. You're not. You're off, Reggie. This Uh-oh. is we, that's the only reason you were on the podcast. You said I was bringing the diversity. <laughs> yes, uh, the yeah. HR department wanted diversity. Uh, <laughs> it's it's funny too that what I me and Eric talk about like what I said about Alan Alda. You don't hear much about him. It's also like when you would hear Charles Grodin. Like at one point, yeah. Charles Grodin was so respected, the world. and then he became a piece of shit. Remember when he had that talk show? Oh, yeah. he was a piece of shit. That no, guy. I don't remember that. Yes, he, he had a really bad, uh, like a talk show type. Yeah, thing. the Charles Grodin show, man. Yeah, it, it was not good. It it wasn't as bad as either uh, Thick of the Night with Alan Thick, which I hear might have still have the record of least amount of audience in a uh, viewing, or also that Chevy Chase show. That was a piece of oh, show. Oh, both. Oh, of I remember like, that. I what about the Pat them. Sajak show? That was good that. Too. That was not good as well. I, I didn't uh, even hear the Pat Sajak yeah, show. But you know, I still pine every night, or you know, every now and again for the Magic Johnson show. Which I, oh I, my I god, I remember that too. Jeez, <laughs> that <laughs> everyone, was it was like a moment that everyone was getting a talk show. Right? Oh there yeah, yeah, everyone 90s. was. Just like you just said, Pat Sajak, the guy. All he does is tell people to turn fucking. You know, hey yeah. man, I turn those fucking letters and. Both of them were such huge hits, but they, yeah, they were giving anybody who could open their mouth a show, uh, which later culminated in that fucking, uh, th- that radio show with Diamond David Lee Roth, right? <laughs> yeah. All I did, all I wanted to do was be able to do the David Lee Roth. I know what fucking you did. Oh, yeah. right. Listen to him. Listen to that. Oh, my God. That sounds so good. What pipes, boy? Good. Woo. That nice. sounds so good. <laughs> I love it. Okay. What book are we talking about right now, Reggie? Right now we are talking about Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number nine, written by Robert Vendetti, art by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, and Tomu Mori. Aw, man. Why do we have to be trapped on planet Zudar with all these smelly inhabitants that have staros on their faces and those dumb Sinestro Corps dweebs that keep cramping our style? Meanwhile, Hal Jordan gets to hang out with Abin Sor in Emerald Space. It's not fair, especially to the reader who had to pay for and read this non-story. Yes. Yeah, I, I think I think Reggie that uh, Eric is going to like this a little more than uh, me and you because I thought it was nonsense. Now, one thing I thought uh, right away, which they do try to—I don't even know if it's a backtrack way of doing this—where they're they're trapped in like a convergence-like shield. It seems. At the yeah. one point. And when the Staros were still going, these, you know, part, I, I really was thrown off. I'm like, how the fuck is this happening when they already have Starro in a bottle? And how is he controlling these people? They kind of try to explain it later. Uh, yeah, that threw, it here. yeah, it kind of threw me off a bit. But really, to me, this issue is a lot of nothing. And the thing that really, really gets my goat is that we now have the Green Lantern Corps stuck in something again. The, the fucking Corps can't get yep. out and about in anything. They're in See, and out. I, I thought the part that was going to get you good is where you were wrong about Starro still being there. No, no, it's because he's not. It, it's I only know. his other Starros, and it's just – it's. but he you is there. You went on and on last time we no, talked about but this. That's how, the you thing. Know, this is all Starro's plan? And... No, no, I said it was Brainiac. I, I didn't uh-huh. say that. I said it Brainiac. Oh. They, they told you at the end it was Brainiac. I knew it wasn't Starro. I understand Starro. that. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the problem being, though, is Starro's still controlling these Starros. 
And it makes no sense. It makes yeah, no well, sense at all. He's nearby. It's fine. Yeah, he's just it's nearby. The, it makes complete nonsense that he is still controlling everyone. And that's I. if I did say that, because I can't remember even talking about this book the last time, the only reason I probably said that is because I saw some fucking thing with the Staros there with everybody running around still being controlled. And You're you like, think, Starro was here, and then Brainiac just wanted Starro, but he got the green lanterns by mistake. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Is that what I said? Yes. Well, he got both. He's got them. I think that it's nonsense. I think it's a very uh, forced way that he went and got them. Like, what did he do? Did he actually let Starro go on the planet only to collect them again? It doesn't make sense. Like, you telling me that, wrong or right, it's fucking stupid. And and also, like I said, he they're in this what ends up being they find out they're in a jar, they're collected. Yeah. How is Starro controlling these other Starros? Because they're right next to it. He's yeah, right next to it. But that doesn't make sense. They can't get out of this barrier, but yet the barrier he can still control them. It's stupid. This whole thing with the Green Lantern Corps in general is it's fucking a nonsense. Barrier, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking nonsense. It's permeable barrier, and it's permeable by Starro brainwaves. Yeah, that's, that's all. all. That that's the it, only yeah. thing that can go through it is brainwaves. At the beginning, it comes off as Starro uh, brainwaves. It's like Star Wars. At the beginning, we have the the combo of we're a peaceful planet. We don't do anything. What is it, Alderaan? And then the, then you have yeah. Han Solo in the trash compactor blowing, you know, shooting the thing. Uh, and just like Guy, he goes to shoot it. It ricochets all over the place. Yeah, I, I don't mean, understand. That, that threw me off immediately. Where is it ricocheting off of? How is this thing like a straight funnel up? It like was like a, going down a hallway. I know. That yeah. was weird. I didn't, really, yeah. I didn't really understand. But maybe it's, you know, the Brainiac a uh, jar can, I don't yeah. know. It's I don't know. Forever, I well, don't know. the thing that threw me off is this is before you know it is quote unquote the jar. You just oh, think it's this. I know what it is. They're in the, they're in the mouth of the bottle. Yeah. I get, yeah you see, maybe. they're in the very top where it's kind of, where it gets but it, smaller. But without telling you that it's fucked up. And also, aren't they like bell jars that he usually has? I mean, yeah, yeah, they neck of the like, bottle. What is he? Fucking like, no, it, it's a moonshine bottle. In the, in exactly. the meantime, fucking he's in a jug band. But, but fucking yeah. Brainiac goes ooh, around. He's in ooh, a jug band. Yeah. Ooh, everybody's yeah. clapping. It's playing a hurricane. The fucking wash I think there's a hurricane going through the city. It's just, yeah. it's just uh, Brainiac and the jug band. Yeah, it's, I, it's well, the Brainiac jug band. One of the biggest problems with this book, and this is a problem with this series, and I'll just say it outright, is what Jim just said is that we found out it was Brainiac at the end of the last issue, but these yeah. assholes don't find out until the end of this issue. Yeah. So it's yeah. just another. It's a full issue of them fucking sitting around in a jar. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. Like it's just like <coughs> no, not again. I can't do this again. Not I only that, but again. you have uh, even the credits page. I th- did. I just cough. I tried. To, I am the worst at muting my mic, so I never know. I, I freaking tried yes. to take a sip of. Uh, my fucking cup of soup, and I, you know, when you get that down quick, oh, it made me cough. But yeah, even that, you have bottled light part two, Brainiac, in the credits page. Yeah. You're like, oh god damn it! Uh, Just but look really, down, John. It's right yeah, there. It, it's like right I said, it really throws me off that you, you, we're not getting any of the core doing anything, but keep getting trapped. They're the worst. And if John is the leader, get him the fuck out. He should be fired because he's <laughs> terrible. He doesn't understand. It, it, even when we said Starro is there on, on the planet, let's get everyone. Let's all go. Like, you know, we're not going to keep. We just got trapped in, you know, the beginning of the past universe. Let, fuck it. Let's go. Let, we'll, we'll all go and get trapped again. 
It's ridiculous. And uh, I don't know about you. After that part where you see the ricocheting of guys thing, I don't know right. why, but then it goes and uh, is it Sornak there, right? She's yeah. trying to attend to people. And you have that bit of the flash of guys Green Lantern deal. I didn't know what happened. I don't know why because it happened right after a panel. Right. But I was like, what just happened? I'm looking at the – Panels, you know, there it's a three-panel thing where she's there. You go with the. I'm like, what? What just happened? I I don't understand. I'm like, oh, now I get it. That's so stupid. Yeah. There's a couple transition issues in this. At least I had that just threw me off. But yeah, you also then where the Greenlanders go down and talk to Sarnak, and we're gonna get a lot of recap about her and her father. It was just forced. It was so forced because she's got to say, listen, I know that I was a Green Lantern and then became a fear. It just goes know, on yeah. and on. Remember? And then, <laughs> yeah, Jesus, it really is. It, it's so gorgeous. bad. And then ends the up being is, like, with her doing that, I actually think that John's dialogue is the worst here because he's the one who, like, you know, gets it going. And it seems so out of character yeah, for him to yeah. be like, you know, you guys were friends before Lost Army. What the fuck, yep. guy? Yeah. They're really making John and by guy, a I mean real hard-ass prick. Yeah. You know? I, I said I, I thought that that's like where that. they were going with it, and it, I just – because of Rebirth, where they're trying to give you these characterizations, they are not making him likable one bit. Plus, he is now getting him trapped, so it, it really comes off bad. Uh, I don't know. Guy is pretty good in this, uh, but really the characterizations, I think, are not good. Of the core yeah, themselves, it just it seems very odd. And there's one point. How's How's been portrayed as a one trick, you know, yeah, braggart yeah. for a long time, but you know, John has more nuance than that, and so does Guy. And I feel like they're really selling John short in this yeah. uh, in this yeah. series so far. He's, he's just such a blowhard and won't listen to anybody. And he, I don't, yeah. I don't see him like that. You know, he's much more of a better leader. Yeah, and then you have you have the the whole planet there, you know being controlled by Starro. Starro commands uh, us. But then, yeah, then you go back to the planet Nock and you have Ganthet uh, talking about the ring and basically spelling it out. You know, we we are the ones who are supposed to make it, not Green Lanterns, but this is, and, and starts like, I think his spirit forces it. It's, it. Whatever he says, it's like, okay, here we go. And well, no, it, it might be hokey as shit. Everything we have on Nock with Ganthet and Sade, I love that. Yeah, like I even going it. inside the ring of how Jordan Abinsor, the art gets better, and I'm way more no, interested the art in this than I am. Yeah, with I everything just, else. Again, to me, the Abinsor is another of these. Like, oh, you know what? Those people really like when Hal and Sinestro fought, so now we're gonna we're gonna fucking trick them again. And it all it gets me angry because of the whole core thing. Then you go to this, and it really seems forced to be like, hey, look at us, look at what we're doing here. And to me. It was just nonsense because eventually he's, you know, they even say, Abin Sir eventually says, listen, you know, it's like, it's it's the hokiest cliched thing of when a character dies in anything and goes to heaven. Like, oh, no, no, you're not supposed to be here of yet. Course, you, know, yeah. you still yeah. have things to do. And, and I, I just rolled my eyes. I actually have with this section is that this emerald uh, plane or whatever yeah, they, yeah. they said it was. This is supposed to be the reward for landers who die in bed. Like, this place is terrible. It's a fucking rocky green mess. Why yeah, would this be a reward for yeah. anything? Yeah. But it's green, Eric. That's all yeah. they ever Ooh, want. That's all it's they green. Want. They love green. And it's also, and it's nothing to do with this. Uh, 
but because of Simon and the Emerald Sight recently that we didn't yeah. get anything of, then I see the Emerald Space. I'm like, okay, Jesus Christ. We're, and, we'll, and get really, an, we'll get an Emerald in there one way or another. Yeah, and, and as he's in there, you Ganthet's like, I don't know, the, the life spirit is going away. It's dimming in the, in the, the fucking ring. And it just made me roll my eyes. I really yeah. thought it was very over the top hokey. And I'm telling you, he's he's taking the long way around to get the band back together again. Like we have yeah. the we have Hal Jordan was there. The core was getting. We took Hal Jordan off the playing field. Now we have to get him back. And the way we do that is we bring Kyle Rayner in to get him back, and yeah. then they can both save the core together from Brainiac. But it yeah. is a long way about to get the band back together again. Yeah, uh, I, I wait goes... too long. I mean, yeah. you know, if, uh, just to say what it is, it's twenty four dollars long. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and we're still waiting for something to like really happen, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, because what happens is basically the Green Lantern Corps are trying to free uh, the planet of Starro's influence. They realize then that there is glass around them in in really a way that I couldn't explain. It, it's <laughs> I know what they're saying, but it's like okay, and then they realize, oh my God, you know what? Uh, look out there, they see other people trapped, other things trapped, and they're like oh fuck. You know, they even see Starro there. And like, oh, fuck. It's Brainiac. But wait, you, you went right past Rotlop Fen. You, you don't blow past Rotlop Fen. Yeah, I, I, I went past Rotlop. He is pretty crazy. Uh, I love that guy. You know, he, he debuted in like 85 in the Green Lantern Corps in a story written by Alan Moore. Oh, and, uh, oh one did of the most he? Clever. Uh, by the <laughs> way, I have been reading comics my entire life. Yes, you have been. Uh, you know what he reminded uh, me of? He reminded me of the bad guys in uh, Mass Effect. Did you play any Mass Effect? Yeah, yeah, he does, he does look like that. Doesn't Although, he look yeah, like them? He proceeds yeah, he... them, you know. But yeah, it's it's you know he, that that whole that story is awesome, and I just love his weird. Uh, you know, Lantern Oath and how he uses sound. Yeah, and yeah. and that's how they, and all we have to say is that's how they get rid of the Star Wars. Yeah, yeah they get rid of it with them, a sonic wave. Out. Yep, they knock them out. And in the meantime, then that's when they realize that uh, around them is kind of glass. <laughs> it's like, and also it's like, it is very like what you consider glass. <laughs> oh, thank you. It is, is it? And uh, Your then they Earth realize. word might yes. be glass. Yes, they realize that they are in, uh, you know, they've been captured by, collected by Brainiac. And then you go back to uh, Abinsur Hal uh, talking about, you know, you're not, you, you're not really supposed to be here. Your time isn't done. And it's funny though, because I'd be like, if I was Hal, if this was such a great place, I'd be like, fuck this. I, I just want to rest. He's had a lot of shit happen to him. Uh, that's but true. that's when Ganthic calls, uh, Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner shows up because the he's going to be lantern. the one. Yep. He's going to be the one to, you know, save Hal and then they'll both go and save the core, obviously. And if this ends up happening, say it takes, I, I don't know, the way this, has been going probably issue 38 by by then i think that'll be really cool i mean i i'm sure eric agrees he loves kyle rayner so kyle and and how together going off to save the core from brainiac sounds fucking awesome to me it does sound good you know but but it it sounds like it could have happened in like five fewer issues yeah i'll tell you though i really want to think that this will be done by issue 12 just so we can get that whole like you know the arc for the trade yeah. yeah, that would be the, that would be the theory. Although the first arc was seven, right? Or no, it wasn't. It was six. Here, right? yeah. Was yeah. You would think thing. you would think that that's three more issues. You would hope that they could do that, but who knows? I don't know how this book is going. I just this pacing of this book is so off, 
and we say it every time we talk about it because each issue ends up the pacing in individual issues to me is way off and as a series it's just ridiculous and if you are say you're you're reading this and you're like you know what I love the fact that we're getting the core. I, I don't mind how, but I'm really a core fan. You have to have dropped this book by now. There's yeah. nothing that would keep you going in this book. If you're a Hal hey, fan, it, it you get a lot of big com- moments. It's completely consistent with what we've had with the core for the past yeah. year. And, and that's <laughs> where <laughs> yeah. And you're supposed to have a rebirth. I mean, we said that's true. Yeah, when, if you've only Eric, read them a couple for a couple for a year yeah. or two, though, then this is perfectly. Cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and when when me and Eric talk about like, and even you, Reggie, when we say what rebirth meant and what really f- got fucked up at the end of the New Fifty Two. Uh, to lead into rebirth, one of them was the core being gone out of commission yeah. and really nothing happening. You would think that they would really go over the top to make something, but I do think that this is like, hey, if you miss this out, you know, hey, not a lot of people read that. We're going to keep the, the shit show going because it's <laughs> boring. It really is. If Hal wasn't in this book, it, God damn it, it'd be so goddamn boring. You wouldn't do anything. How is the big, you know, blast in your face parts? You know, him I'm fighting Sinestro, him dying, him here with Abin Sir. It really is, but because, but I even said it earlier, to me, it's so over the top of like, hey, nothing's going on here, but look, Abin Sir, holy shit, you know, oh my God, that's awesome. And I, I think it has fooled some people into really thinking that a lot is happening in the book. Uh, when uh, to me not much is happening, but uh, I don't know what else there is to say about it. What did you give it, Reggie? Uh, I gave it a six out of ten. I feel like it's dragging. Uh, I have no qualms about the art. It, Rafa Sandoval always does the right thing. This isn't his greatest issue, yeah. but the, it looks gorgeous pretty much all yeah. throughout. Yeah, John, John and Guy had a couple of weird looking panels. Yeah, John guy, especially. Guy, I was actually, say, yeah. Guy looked a little off to me. Uh, there was a bunch of times when it was just his face, and he looked like, I don't know, he looked like an action figure, kind of. It's almost his, like a manga like, like look to his mouth yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah I, I, really I noticed honest. that. But in general, I mean, the, the art is not is not the problem with this book no. at all. It's the story no. is crawling, and uh, if, if I really have to fucking see the Green Lantern Corps trapped in a jar for three more <laughs> issues, I'm going to be so yeah. fucking annoyed. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I... I do like the art a lot, uh, but yeah, it's getting me angry. I'm going to give it a 6.5, and in my opinion, I think Eric is going to go 7 or 7.5, but what would you give it, Eric? I was so like, I like guess. I, I like the art as well, but it's the spots with Hal, Jordan, and Evan, sir, that really shine in this book. And even though we see the core trapped again and John's just acting like a jerk, I didn't find myself minding that much because I just like the aspect of this whole being trapped by Brainiac. I think it's one of those big over-the-top things that the core would deal with. And I just like it. Once we get to it, it'll be awesome. But we have to have this lead up. But I would give it a 6.5 as well. Ooh, 6.5. Holy moly. Uh, one thing I did like, and it reminded me when they look through the jar to see everybody else captured. If you remember the New 52, I don't know if you read it, Reggie. But there was a top, uh, point in uh, Action Comics when a bunch of people got trapped in in the jar. And then Superman showed up and, and his big ass. And it happens a lot in uh, with... Uh, the bottled city of uh, what's yeah. it up, Candor, Candor too, yeah. and I really like that, and it kind of reminded me of that. But it, it just it, it's ridiculous, you know that that thing you call glass on Earth. <laughs> he really had to try to dumb it down for John. Really got me, yeah, really, because really you have to be like, okay, John, who he's gotten us in a lot of trouble. He must be dumb. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. We got to speak slowly. 
Yeah. Well, let's go on to the next book. Oh, you know, Yours actually, I, I do have something to mention oh. that's very, very related to uh, how Go- Jordan and the Green okay. Lantern for it. I'm just going to break the fourth wall a little. You know how my wife, oh, she came and gave me, brought me some shrimp and grits because uh, she went out to dinner with some okay. people up here. Yeah. Uh, so it was delicious, shrimp and grits and shrimp cheese. Shrimp and grits, huh? Now, the shrimp, as you know, the shrimp was shrimp. the kind that it still had the tails on it, which I don't right. prefer. But that's that's we can deal with that. But so they took the head off, and then they used the fucking heads with the legs and the eyes and the antenna as garnish. Really? What the fuck is wrong with them? What, 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 what are weird. they trying to give me a horror show? That's over here? weird. That's all I can think about. That's so Throw weird. those goddamn things away. What is wrong with you? Yeah. That's like putting a cockroach on my plate. First off, Reggie, Reggie, have a hamburger. I'm going to garnish it with fucking some fur, some eyeballs, and some <laughs> yeah, some and a, and a hoof. Just yeah. so you know where it came from. We'll put well, a, we'll put a you know, this morning, uh, I was, I got my milk out, and while I was doing it, I had the teats hanging there, and, you know, <laughs> just hanging as a necklace. Like, yeah, oh, this milk is good. where your food is coming from. Anyway, so that, that was something to, now, to show the one how one thing, though, the one thing that gets me, I've only ever had grits as a breakfast item, and I've had it with, like, syrup on it or just sugar and stuff. The, the shrimp and grits would, it sounds very odd to me. Very That's odd. Is it mixed in? Are the shrimp mixed into the grits? No, they're sort of on it. You they're know what I mean? Uh, and there's cheese in the grits. Basically, you're really? proving to me that you're not a fan of Outcast or um, or from the Deep South. No, I'm 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 neither. Actually, Both I don't mind Outcast true. as much, okay. but I'm certainly not from the Deep South. Though I went to I went to uh, college in West Virginia, but that's not the Deep South. Uh, Come on, holler, me, holler, at, holler at the podcast, Deep South uh, Weird Science. Yeah, really, Grits to you me keep is saying a Deep South, grits. all I can keep thinking about is the movie Little Nicky. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Deep South. Uh, I, like I said, Grits I usually only had with, as a breakfast deal. I've never had it as a, like, with cheese or anything. Always had syrup and shit in it, but yeah. I'm not from the. Deep I ain't side. never had grits. Uh-huh. I like su- I like fried chicken and I like uh, biscuits. Is that okay? Biscuits and gravy, I love. Is yeah, that okay? I bet you I bet you use that brown gravy, though, don't you? Uh, what? Um, no. Fuck. Right, are you crazy? Sense. Are you crazy, you crazy Reggie? You have crazy shit out there like scrambled. No. Though, you know, you I'm telling you, uh, shit like on a shingle, gravy. freaking cream dried beef has the same exact gravy as a uh, as sausage gravy. So, as no. it should. Fuck that's right. Man. Most mostly, st- you know, flour and uh, paste. You know, basically yeah. it's wall paste, flavored wall paste. <laughs> it is like paste, but I love it. I love it. Sticks your ribs. Yes. Uh, yeah. What is the name? Uh, I'm guessing right. we might get a song here. Am I? Am I correct? I told you I can't reveal that. If I were to reveal that now, I thought you were going to bust the, the song. Is now. No, it, just tell me if you need a beat. If you need a beat, I'm right here for I, you. I'll I, get it for that's you. That's all he wants to do. Do not let that's Jim down. That's all I'm waiting for. I just want to give you a beat. I'm going to lay down oh, a beat he's for like, you. Man, I hope he does a song. I want to do. Oh yeah, Fox. Eb, and everybody it. in the Let's in the Get Fresh crew. Whoop whoop in the chat line. <laughs> oh God, I'm going to choke. Everybody loves your beat. I can't whoop whoop anymore. He's toning his voice all week. Me, 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 me. You know, getting ready. Me, 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 me. You'll find out. Let's get into it. Harley Quinn number eight, written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, art by Chad Harden, Andrew Robinson, Brett Blevins, and Hi Fi. Boy, we've had some swell adventures with Harley Quinn and the gang, haven't we? So here's an issue of Harley and Poison Ivy hanging out naked on a Caribbean island. With Damn lots of implied Reggie. fucking. Enjoy. Damn. Oh, you son of a 
bitch. I had a, a beat going. I, I thought I was. I, I can imagine I wanted to get Eric dancing. Oh, God. Here, how about that? Yeah, I wasn't dancing. Come on, oh, You're going to dance oh. now. Come on. Oh, See, we didn't even get a song. I'm going to have to fucking pick it up. I'm raising the roof here. I'm yelling YOLO to everyone. YOLO. YOLO, son. YOLO, son, indeed. I like. I hate to, to show. I hate to show my age, but I do anytime I open my mouth. Had no idea what YOLO meant. Uh, I just I found, found out three months ago. I found out today. Uh, my you know son. That, you know that no one's actually saying it anymore, grandpas. So yeah. uh, really, though, that's well. I told Eric to this, just this week. I said to Eric that my dad, my dad would say things, and I would say to my dad, "You know what? Now that you said it, I know that nobody does anymore." Like yeah, my dad. Three days before he died, a couple of years ago, it was still going. What's up? I'm like that, that's oh, gone. What's up? That's yeah. a, or you know, all of a sudden I walk in, he shits his pants. Did I do that? You know, shit like that. He never knew when things were done. Hey, Jimmy, where's the beef? <laughs> where's the beef? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Here's I'm hungry, the, you little fuck. Yeah, he's like, really, I, I want the beef. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I found out that. And the other term that really gets me is the term goat. Uh, I don't like that term because, as you would know, Reggie, you would have to be right with me as a kid growing up. Being a goat, it, it was awful. That you yeah, never that wanted to be thing. the goat. The, the that goat, man. Cool J flipped it around. That's the yeah. greatest of all time, baby. Yeah, greatest of all time. Uh, when you were, uh, when I was young, you were called the goat. That means you fucked up. That you fucked up, son. Yeah. Well, that's because when you grew up, there were actually like goats milling around the neighborhood. That was a normal thing. No. When I grew up, we had to follow the goats (laughs) as we went from one area to the next to, to, you know, sustain ourselves. I heard your teacher was a goat, right? Yes, she was uh, when we were crossing the Bering Strait. Uh, We just followed the goats. That's what you do when you're getting raised like that. You follow the goats up in the Himalayas at that point. Time to populate the North Americas. Let's go. I mean, that's what happened and then you know if you weren't the alpha you, you just had to deal with what was going on and in fact that was me and Ringo Starr hung out and you know <laughs> and Matuzak was the fucking he was the goat oh I love Caveman that's such yeah. a good movie I Holy saw that shit. movie three times in the movie theater and I, 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 saw, you, I saw me and you were the only ones listening right now who saw that movie <laughs> I have the soundtrack I don't even know what the fuck you guys are talking it was, about it was so good a, it's such a good movie man it, you it was it. a cra- I, you know what I have to say that that was in my big Beatles phase so anything with any of the Beatles in it I was going to go so I went and saw it and I do think that that plays better for me now when I saw it then, I kind of was like, I don't know what's going on, but now it plays up You better. watched it three uh, times in the theaters. Yeah, yeah, when, no, yeah was because it was Ringo. Jesus Christ. Well, you know, when weird. I saw it, I had no, I had no understanding that it. he was in the Beatles. I just took it as a movie, and I loved it. It's, yeah. uh, it's such a funny-ass movie. Yeah, it's crazy. Brilliant, uh, really brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, well, uh, so what book you, are we doing now? We're, we're talking about Harley Quinn. Talking about comics still? I forgot. Harley Quinn. And this issue... It continues what we always say. I, I think that we could probably check in with Harley every, you know, two weeks and say, hey, if you like Harley, you're going to like this issue. If you don't, yeah. nothing's going to, you know, uh, change it I otherwise. I thought Eric might appreciate the beginning part because it's, def- it's totally done in the Bruce Tim I, original And I thought, I thought of yeah. that, too, because Eric loves that original costume. I do not. I'm one of the few at no, I, like that either, I prefer the New 52. Just in that style. New 52 is a lot sexier to me. A lot sexier outfit. Yeah. No, dude, I don't know why you throw them in. I like the costume. I do prefer the new 52 one. Yeah, I, I, I actually, 
came into this very confused because I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Yeah, uh, it is uh, basically a side story, kind of. They go on vacation. They And Harley has been kind of pushing this for a while, of wanting to yeah, get away with Poison Ivy. Yeah, in the first issue, I think, of the Rebirth, she mentions... Oh, no, yeah. it was after it was after Poison Ivy saved them from the zombies. That's what it yeah. was. And yeah. she said, yeah. i got to take you to the Bahamas or something. Yeah. And, and yeah. this is so that it, happening. It I mean. makes sense that it's happening. Uh, you get Cy... Uh, cyborg who's got like a time share it seems that he got from a former villain and it's a nudist colony and uh, hijinks ensue uh Basically, but yeah, yeah I mean, you, that literally kind of, is it <laughs> well not that even is that much hijinks going on at the beginning that is frank thierry again correct that yes, is frank frank. Thierry, yeah. yeah frank's franks it's not pranks and franks eric it's frank's yeah. franks and it's so <laughs> funny because jimmy pomion and now they did uh, Gang of Harleys. Frank Thierry did yep. that with Jimmy Palmiotti. I don't know what went on behind the scenes because this kind of made it seem like he might have been hot for Harley, like he, because it really like is leading to him uh, in a you know he doesn't mean it, but what the way Harley takes it is that Harley's gonna have to give him some favors uh, for what happened. And I thought for it was a slice funny. of pizza, for a slice of pizza, she's ready. She's ready. Yeah. Right oh, away. She's, she's ready cool to go. It, she yeah. is going for it. Uh, and I thought that was funny. I thought that was kind of a funny parting joke to Frank Thierry since the Gang of Harley story is over. But it also does what you always say that you can say anything about harley you can say oh you know what in batman this but in harley's books even the the side books everything it is a contained universe that has a continuity that continues throughout because frank uh-huh. being here is fully makes sense and it, it happens all the time in this book where things go back and forth uh one thing i really really thought was cool is that you kind of get a time frame that it's been a little bit and all, and I like that they actually have Harley's hair growing in. You know, yeah. it, it wasn't I just. It. I liked it. I thought it was great. Yeah, cool. I thought that that, that I don't actually. Like the hair. I don't like the hair as much. I just well, like, like it, the that fact that they address back, it. Lot, yeah, yeah. Yes, I thought it's that was great. Reggie. Yeah, I love that. I thought that that was really good because usually in Harley, like you said, there is a continuity within the book, but it plays loose. And you go on, I thought that was cool. And it is even spelled out in here. But yeah, basically this is Poison Ivy and Harley going off on a a uh, beautylicious trip to the Bahamas. And they're at a nudist colony, and basically you're going to get a lot of zany fun with nudity. It's just nonstop nudity, innuendo. Uh, We learned Cy Borgman has a big cock. A huge cock. That's my favorite part of the whole deal is that Cy... They, they yeah. mention it a bunch of times that Cy is well endowed, and I thought that was funny. That's good, you know. And yeah. uh, his girl, his his robot girlfriend Zena's there, and she's all showing off her butthole, and yeah, yeah. People are <laughs> Harley's puking into a bag. I mean, it, it's it's just this one is really full of those kind of gags. Yeah. And if that if if that's if you're if you're a uh, immature jerk like me, then you probably yeah. love it. But if you yeah. have any kind of need for an actual story or anything really meaningful happening. Although they do see, obviously, a Joker thing that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's uh, I don't know if next issue, but somewhere soon, you know. Here's, and, uh, and even so, like you said, it's just, it is a kind of a, a placeholder issue. It really is. That Not know. a lot happens. The big point to this issue to me is seeing how Harley does need some kind of stability in her life outside of what she's getting back in Coney Island. And she was hoping that uh, Poison Ivy would be that. And sadly, Poison Ivy can't give her that because her life, th- their two lives are in completely different places right now, and she Man. can't move in, which really yeah. lets Harley down. 
And like you said, though, really, ninety nine of the other percent is to set up the next arc because it's a Joker arc. They're they're going off with Joker and her and kind of doing some crazy thing. I mean, yeah, setting that up. They've been setting that up for a couple issues. Yeah, they, well, like, at least since last issue. But even though Ivy won't move in with Harley, she, they definitely leave it like she's saying, you know, I, I would if I wasn't an environmentalist, and obviously yeah. we can still fuck. So yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, in the meantime, she does tell uh, Poison Ivy about these things. She says, oh, listen, I was on this undercover deal with this punk rock band. The one They were stealing mail, and I saw that it was, uh, you know, the soap heart that the Joker made for me. Uh, and she's like, ah, maybe somebody's screwing with you. And then she goes on and says, no, no, you know what? The first time that I evaluated the Joker fully, uh, I got that in the mail as well. And then they go for a flashback. And really, yeah, that was padding. It really oh, yeah, definitely. was. It I was, mean, we, yeah. we all know this. And nothing new came from that at all. It's called giving another artist a paycheck. Yeah, all right? Yeah, is there anything wrong with that? You know? <laughs> there is nothing wrong with that. But it really... This I we usually say like oh you can jump in on this or you can or whatever you probably could jump in with this issue to get you set up for the next arc uh, yeah but really there is no reason to if if you were interested in Harley and the Joker I would say to even wait till next issue that this issue with just a little bit a more nudity I would say it would be worth your yeah time. well and it's <laughs> but, funny but, too because the whole thing that that is basically the fun of it and I believe uh, most of it is Chad Harden back on art right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. And it's weird. I used to really prefer his art. I don't anymore. I, I see it. And oh, it's really? kinda, I yeah, like it no. a lot. I, I like John Tim a lot I like better the way he now. Draws, I like the way he draws. I, I like Tim better. I would agree with that. That's like what I'm saying. Harden I, I used a, to a think that body. Chad Harden was perfect for this book. And now that oh. John Tim was on, I actually prefer his art more. Uh, I think it's a little better. I think I might as well. Yeah, yeah it, it's weird, though. I, I don't dislike this, and like I say, he draws, he draws no, a good lady. No, I, I don't mind it, but I, I think it's funny because I always think that these issues are to fuck with the artist because they have to do all these panels with things covering private parts. Yeah, like yeah, Anywhere yeah. they are, something has to be covering up the private parts. It makes me laugh. At one uh, one thing there's I like I think it's funny that you call them five, private parts. Well, yeah. There's like 500 people it seems on the page and everybody's got to be covered by by a hair, yeah. a bird, a ball, and you know, like you said there's ball jokes, there's there's all the the typical, you know, jokes that this book has, but really I don't know what else to say about it, though it seemed to take me a lot longer to read this issue than most uh recently. It was very talky. Uh, to set up it was and, also. And, and you know and eric's right it's not all hijinks there is there is like a whole fairly maybe too long touching scene between harley and ivy where mm-hmm. you know she lays it out where she's gonna be but it just seems weird like like we've been talked about before how we're kind of like if you like this book keep reading if you don't it's not for you don't but because you have this whole outside continuity that the rest of the dc universe isn't doing like you have her coney island family to a degree yeah yeah and when she gets when she gets back from the freaking uh, bahamas they seem all happy to see her, but she just seems really upset that Poison Ivy left her. And she yeah, doesn't really seem yeah. concerned about them at all. Yeah. She seems so. sad. I just think that uh, one of the things that we don't know, I actually think that behind the scenes, unlike some crazy people on, on Twitter who think that they push this, I actually think that they have different – that DC has plans for, for Poison Ivy beyond this book, and I think that that's kind of them saying goodbye to Poison Ivy as well. I don't think we're going to see Poison Ivy a lot uh, for a while at least uh, because I think they have other things going. No, but Poison Ivy does Trinity say book. that 
Harley is her best friend. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But, so, that's, uh, you know, so that's canon. That's it. That's I actually think friend. that this is kind of a closure of, because she has been popping in and out, and Harley was in that, that six-issue mini for a little, and they kind of, you know, had it out there themselves. And I think that this is one of those where it is them saying, you know, that Poison Ivy is going to be around much anymore uh, for a while. But the one thing yeah. is it's leading into the Joker story. And if people didn't know in the New 52, uh, that near the end of that, they had a whole thing where Harley kind of pushed herself away from the Joker. You know, I'm not going to be abused by you anymore. I'm not going to do all this and that and the other yeah, thing. Yeah, she called them out. Uh, she, you know, yeah, and really you know, it was funny. Because, shit out of them. Yeah, and at that point, uh, that was a point when – in the regular Batman book, the Joker had been dead. Really, that was one of the first times that he actually came back. And it was weird when he came back. I think it was a couple of weeks before he actually came back in the Batman book as well. And it's weird for me to go back to that now, especially with the same creative team. Because that seemed like, again, that seemed like a pretty good closure to that Joker stuff. And really with her in you know, Coney Island and things, this isn't the Harley that would be hanging around with the Joker again. So if she's going back with the, when the Joker and her go, whatever, her, you know, kicking his ass again just seems like that would be crazy to do that that quick. I right, don't we'll know see, how we'll this is going to go. We'll see what happens. I, yeah, I don't know how it's going to go. It's I mean, just it, weird it, to go back to the Joker, but again, it's it rebirth. It could not be the Joker. It could be, it could yeah, be maybe. somebody fucked yeah, with her. Yeah, you might mean, be right. It, 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 could go they, anyway, really. They did seem like they set that up here where it could be anybody. Yeah, like, they Poison could. Ivy's really trying to say that this might not be the Joker. So in my mind, that's like Pomiati and Connor saying, yeah. don't get your hopes uh, up. If yeah, they're yeah. saying don't get your hopes up, they're playing it really crazy because I've seen interviews where they talk about it and there was a lot of craziness. Well, like, I have not, goddammit. Yeah, and, and the solicits pretty much spell it out. But we'll see. We'll see how it is because, like I said, though even the, the point where she'd even want to be doing what she's doing to get these or, you know, going after that soap part seemed weird to me then. I, I didn't bring it up then, but it did seem odd. I, to me, the way she left him before would have been her like, fuck it. I, I hope somebody else has that. I, it's fucking bullshit. And yet she was really concerned to the point where she went undercover to even get that. And then this, I, this whole thing setting up. Say, if it is the Joker who's going to show up, though, I think it's going to confuse a lot of people who are waiting on this whole three Jokers story that we have coming down the pipe at some point. And if he shows up here, I think it's just going to confuse yeah, a whole again, lot. Again, though, people. remember, though, like I said, in the New 52, I do believe if I went and looked at the timing, oh, no, I believe right. he was you're dead. Right. When he, he This was. book is everything's up for grabs. So you, you never know. But yeah, I don't again, though, here's the problem, though. though. Do you think that would confuse people or would it confuse them more if it was somebody else who was playing the Joker? And then they're like, oh, yeah, there's number two. Now we got two Jokers. Where's the third? <laughs> I think any sort of Joker is going to throw everybody off. Uh, but yet, like, it, it is Rebirth. The legacy of Harley is Joker. So I, I understand it, but we'll see how it goes. What did you give it, Reggie? Uh, you know, as much as what you're saying is right, if you uh, don't read this issue, you're probably not going to miss anything at all. And even if you're a huge Harley fan, this isn't exactly the most riveting issue, but a lot of silly jokes, a lot of, you know, and I didn't hate it. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Nice. I, uh, I really like the art. Like I said, I like John Tim a little more, but the art's really good. Uh, I like the whole cyborgman thing really made me laugh. But, uh, yeah. other than that, I'd probably give it, you know, I'm between like a seven, five and a, a or a six, five and a seven. I'm probably going to go six, five. And then, like I'm saying, I'm trying to make stuff up for this issue to make it sound compelling, but really this whole poison ivy and Harley thing to me was the big thing of this issue to separate those two, even if we are leading towards this Joker story. I just didn't find it all that uh, funny or compelling. I'd probably give it a 6 out of 10. 
All right. But we're going to move on to uh, the last uh, book of this section. I've been dreading it all goddamn yeah. night because I don't think any of us are going to be in disagreement. Uh, I think that the scores may vary slightly. Um, but boy, the, They're I know. All below. I know when a book is really bad because Reggie, though we always laugh and make things, you are typically a positive person when you go to do the reviews, even if they yeah. are books that we shove at you. Like, you know, you always used to say, Hey, whatever books you don't want, you know, give them to me. And yeah. it did tend to, you know, you would get some books that you might not particularly like. But in the meantime, now that we're kind of, you know, all of us are picking and choosing some books. Unfortunately for you, you got stuck with this piece of shit because I think that this might be one of the worst books in two issues at least. Maybe it'll turn around, but in two issues, I think it might be one of the the worst books I've ever read. I, I'm not yeah. joking. I, I have I not been it's reading really comics bad. all my life, but in general, <laughs> and we are talking about Vigilante, uh, but before you even go with your blurb, there is so many. I think you said in the, the chat line, it's just fundamentally, as a, a storytelling deal, it's just garbage. It really yep. is. But uh, go on with it there. It's Vigilante Southland number 2, written by Carrie Phillips, art by Elena Casagrande Ju and Julia Brusco. The dark conspiracy to do something or, or other against waiting for a persons. song, Reggie. Not even a song for this one. Uh, okay. uh, if I did a song for this one, it would be a very slow dirge. Yes, it, it would not would. be a hip-hop. It would be... <laughs> It would uh, be the, uh, you know, a monk's chant or something. Can, can we go, this is the end again? You can go that sort of I deal? Should. That would have yeah. been good. Can I would like it to According to Eric, this might be the end of us talking about this book. I know no, that's I his book, so. really. Oh, no. uh, go on, Reggie. Take it to the full six, fellas. Yes. That's our obligation. Yeah. The dark conspiracy to do something or other against purses unknown continues, and neither Donnie nor the reader is closer to understanding any of it. The original vigilante, a guy named Mike who called himself the East Sider just to ensure everyone's confusion, trains Donnie in the art of fighting by way of kicking his ass and adding insult to injury. He does it all while confined to a wheelchair. See that, folks? Just because you're handicapped doesn't mean you can't do everything you want to do, be it mixed martial arts walk. or recording a weekly comics podcast. We're differently abled. Yeah, all he's right. handy capable. Yeah. I just this book is so bad. I really the first issue uh, and it's a six issue mini. Thank yeah. God. It should be a, a one issue mini. Uh the ba really the first issue to me should have set up where at least we know the characters. Uh it's been a month now we get this next issue. I didn't know who the fuck was going on. If you would have nope. quizzed me about anybody. This guy, hey, Mike, this guy Mike was not in the last issue. There no. was different there was a different guy in a wheelchair no but it know. wasn't him like no. what, why why would you do this to us make sense. i'm telling you i didn't even remember the guy's name was donnie i'm like what's going on and then yeah, they start either. talking like there was an explosion and they wanted to look like a gas leak i'm like what the fuck are you talking about i don't even know i luckily remember that part yeah, i remember you know but then and then the whole question is older where did his father go? Wasn't it supposed to be like fucking him and his father? You know, his you know what the worst part is? I thought He's Mike was his father at first. I thought it was his father. I'm like, what yeah, did he get in a wheelchair? Yeah, he's a totally different guy. You know, he's, yeah. he's not even black. Mike, it looks like he's he's might be Hispanic or white or something. Yeah, well, he calls him essay at Eric one point, so I'm saying, dad. So to him, this is normal. You know, dad's great one day, and he's you know. They show up for a while, then you don't talk to him. Then you don't. You know, you get in a gas leak, uh, fucking looking explosion, and then you don't talk uh, for a they're while. Not, they, they're not gonna be around for a few months. I, I now, this whole the thing uh, is, my my initial impression was 
how the hell is this a DC Comics book? In Six Pack and Dog Water, we have to fucking bleep out every goddamn no, thing they say. It's because it's Vertigo. Here's throwing, there's I, no, it's, it's DC yeah, on the cover. I, I know. It's uh, I mean, this this one is rated whatever the hell M for you know, yeah. so they can. But you have you have a great point there. Like, yeah, why? I think it's more pushing towards that. It what if, if it would continue? If everybody was Gaga for this, I don't know that it wouldn't become a Vertigo. The only reason it's not a Vertigo book is because if they say it's a Vertigo book, it automatically sells like half the amount. Nobody oh, cares. Yeah. Well, I mean, I unless know. Swap Thing shows up, then this should have been a Vertigo book. But in truth, this should be a nothing book. Cause it's Agreed. Really, I mean, it sucks. I mean, truly. It is. It's I'm terrible. You, I, got, I can't stop cursing. It's a problem I have. I felt dirty and like after I got done reading for the amount of cursing that went on in this book. I'm like, I think I read comic books to escape what I do. This is bringing me right back to and showing me what kind of piece of shit I am. I don't no. need that. Yeah. Plus, um, you also you also uh, fight crime with a ski mask on. Of course yeah, I do. do. No. And and then also, when you, you have been in an explosion, you're laying in bed, you wake up, and you're like, oh, Mike, what happened? Oh, there was a gas leak. By the way, I used to be the fucking East Sider. Yeah. Like, what? really? What the fuck are you talking about? He's like, I used to clean up from the Mexican mafia to crooked cops. And then there's fucking Donnie. Yeah, man, we used to talk about you in the hood. And really, this whole issue to me where you didn't like the, um, the what's it called, the cursing, I don't know why, but it really, to me, seemed like, I don't know, it seemed so forced with, like, the, hey, essay, and, yo, Holmes, and then, how you like me now, and it felt really, like, I actually felt odd, I'm like, do people actually talk like this? I know, it leads to that, I know I'm not from the hood, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're not from the hood, but yet they, they, they're trying to make it. This is like the somebody watched the fucking, you know, boys in the hood, and now they think they're an expert. I don't know anything about the Hold right. on, hold on. This is the thing that really threw me off. Think hard. <laughs> there must be some twist he's uh, seeing. Oh, he's sweet on. Some dude he's <laughs> – I can't even do it. Think hard. There must be some twist he's sweet on. Some dude he cops is built from. He's celebrating, right? That means he's stocked up. I'm like, uh, okay, why does this sound like you're talking for like 1920s slang? There's she here, she. We're going to get man, the man, We're going to get the she. Sweet Top of the world, ma. This whole man, thing, too, where Mike, is, where Mike is East Sider, this is the same shit about like in the last issue where Donnie had dreads in the beginning and then got a haircut and confused the yeah. shit out of us. Yeah. Like, oh, so yeah. he's East Sider. But of course, when Donnie puts on the mask, he's vigilante. Like, just call him vigilante. Yeah. Just yeah, call, just, just be vigilante. You know what I mean? And, like, I don't and, understand. And it's so funny because uh, Mike is there, the fucking East, <laughs> East Sider. I keep wanting to say the East Ender. He, he's from East fucking side. London. He's in London now. Uh, but no, he is only there as a force. Be oh, there is his trainer, his sensei. We need a mentor Ooh, he character. Used to, yeah, he used to be a, a the East Sider, and now he's gonna show him how to kick ass. I'm like, really? No, that sniper shit going that way? Dad. I don't it's understand. Just, <laughs> like, what happened to his fucking dad? His dad fucking bailed. I, I, his dad actually I, was like, "This I book's a piece it. of shit. I'm getting the fuck out." He didn't want any parts of it. <laughs> he went over. The, he went over to Dynamite and got into Shaft. Yeah, I, 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 and then they're they're doing all this where they're telling him, they're telling Donnie, and that is his, uh, was it his girlfriend? Was it a wife? Was it a fiance? Girlfriend. It was his girlfriend, It just yeah. seems like it seems more now to me, but uh, that's her mother, right? And the fact yeah. that her, 
I th- I'm almost po- – yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. it's him. Okay. So they're they're pretty much just saying to him like, oh, man, all these pieces of shit. They did it. They did it. And then he's like, fuck it. I'm going to take it to the streets. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't about revenge. What? You've been setting him up to get pissed off yeah. and start doing this. And she's like, yo, we're not talking revenge here. What the fuck are you talking about then? You're in this crazy thing. And I love the one panel, too, where he grips the fucking mask or something. Yeah. <laughs> what is he doing? It's so okay. Re- regarding Donnie's father, though, Donnie's taking it back to the streets because, as he puts it here, um, where is that pom-pom-headed snitch bastard? As yeah. he beats the hell out of this guy. That, yeah. That's what Percy's doing. Yeah, and he looks like kick-ass. Uh, he heads off, and yeah, there's uh, Percy. And what is he doing just walking down the goddamn street in the vigilante mask? That it's is so a freaking, funny. You know, it, it you're be saying that. I just saw that that thing with the thin card. There must be some twisty sweet. <laughs> it's so bad. And actually, the line you just said, he's starting to try my even temper, man. He, where's that pom-pom headed snitch bastard that goes right into that crazy-ass line that you oh, said? Yeah. I mean, it just goes on and on. It is just stupid. And then he's like, hey, he, he's beating up the guy, at the Percy, and he's like, hey, what's in it for me? You get to keep your teeth. No, that's what. Really? What's in it for me, old school? Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad, man. Like you said, there's this, like, in Koreatown. I am not it from seems this like world, a, and I feel uncomfortable. Seems okay. like a posh party going on at the, maybe a nightclub, whatever. And there is fucking Donnie walking through, fist clenched, with the fucking ski mask on. Mask nobody even sees him. Mask. No, nobody even oh, cares. But yeah. that's because he found out. I'm telling you, uh, we talk about this, but he finds out. He finds out that Fallon, Gardner Fallon, he's into the kinky shit. I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this? Yeah. Book? I'm out. I'm then out. you go and have the craziest fucking, uh, you know, dominatrix who's in a gimp mask with this guy in a diaper. It's turns to work really seriously. Yeah, because uh, vigilante goes in. He sees the, the fucking piece of shit that got his uh, his girlfriend killed, and Fallon. he's. And he's in a he's he's big baby here. He's in a diaper. Sure is big baby. And he even I'm says like, "Hey, that giant diaper is hella sick." That really? that part really? of, <laughs> that part of the book was the most enjoyment I had, just because we like saying the word oh "big baby." God. I I do. I like when I saw big when I saw big baby, I laughed I so much. I just son of a bitch. Anytime <laughs> somebody says "hella sick," I gotta give it a, a point more in my ranking. Like, hella <laughs> sick. But yeah, all of a sudden, then it turns into vigilante busting in on this guy who's into the kinky stuff to the dominatrix becoming a supervillain and fighting what? the vigilante. I don't understand <laughs> it. I, is she at this point? She's like, "You dare!" And then he's like, "Shit." And you they start up my appointment. I, I actually thought that she might have thought that this was part of the whole game. I don't even yeah. know. I don't even know if Fallon would have been like, "Oh my God, what's going on?" Even though he's yelling stuff at him, but it seems like he's into this stuff. But yeah, you, you, this... you think Fallon has a like a massive boner right here? He's oh, getting attacked. He's getting yeah. attacked by vigilante. He's while being attacked by vigilante. Yeah. And really, I, I hate to say it, but I was waiting for Midnighter to show up and start yelling some fucking <laughs> trashy dialogue as well. I didn't know what was going on. This dominatrix then becomes the craziest supervillain. At one point, she's just yelling. Then she has to unzip her fucking mask. I'm like, why did they unzip the mask? She's already yep. yelling at him the whole time. But yeah, at one point, she does say, take that fucker and sprays him with fucking, you know, mace, pepper spray. 
It's fucking south of the border for him with that pepper spray. And then he's mm. down. She's stepping on him. Then he grabs her fucking whatever. I don't even know what it is. And she then she yells. I don't even know why you're trying to play by play with this nonsense. Yeah, I, it just makes yeah. me laugh because then she gets upset. Ooh, let go. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You're trying to kill this guy. And he jumps out the window. In, in, in 20 pages of story. That was fucking six pages. Yeah, yeah, and really, like, to me, has there ever been a more confusing panel progression as when Vigilante has the dominatrix? It looks like now he has wrapped that fucking rope or whatever around her. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. guy yeah. comes in, and she With obviously named Hugo, and ah! she says, get him, Hugo. <laughs> Hugo yells, ah, ah. Vigilante ah! looks, something happens with the rope, and then he jumps out the window. I don't know what really happened Hugo's there. intimidating as shit. No, the guy yells, ah. He, uh, ah! If anybody yells, ah, at me, I, I get the, the fuck out. Too. I jump out the window. Out but there. really, this whole, what happened in the, this page? Yeah, that panel with the rope, it looks like they're playing cat's cradle. Yeah, like, what's I'm going not even on? sure whose hands those are. Like, what, what's going on? I don't know, because I don't know. It's right. It is cat's cradle, and he lost. So then he's like, I know when I'm not wanted. What do you mean? You know when you're not wanted. That's the actual word that he says. And he goes, I know when I'm not wanted and jumps out of the window. What is going on? This guy didn't pull a gun. Little boy blue and the man in the moon. (laughs) The guy didn't pull a gun. He just came in and yelled at him to the point where Vigilante pretty much jumps out the window. Looks like he might land on something and then jumps off again and almost dies. Because the guy yelled, ah. Ah. Oh, my God. Oh he doesn't mean. I mean, you got to give him that. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I, this book is so bad. It's so I, bad. I said, it's, "Gee, it's out amazing. there, you asked us in the chat if you should buy this issue," and, and Reggie and Eric immediately said no. And I say, no. Oh. "Hell's no!" I say, "That's Hell this book's no. hella sick." Old school. This yeah. book's hella <laughs> sick. There, loopy loops. Uh. Yeah. Then we go from this where he's Spend being your money stitched on a up. Twist. <laughs> he's being stitched up because basically he just got in a fight with the dominatrix and jumped out a window because somebody said ah and now they're going to train and the guy is kicking his ass in a wheelchair and I don't mean to be mean but if you're getting your ass kicked by a guy in a wheelchair you should hang it up you, give you that fucking ski mask to somebody yeah, else I mean, oh my god the guy's I mean, gonna, all you have to do is walk behind and push him really tip him over case closed it really. At one point, he has vigilante in a choker. How did he get him in that position? He's choking him out. It's so stupid. You almost affect him to the old. I'm hitting. You know, you're hitting yourself. Why are you hitting yourself? Yeah. Thing. I mean, he's just no. like totally. It's, yeah. At one point, respect. here's where this scene should have been. Hey, listen, listen, young blood. I'm gonna. Uh, hey, essay. I'm gonna fucking go and give you some hella sick training. And then vigilante's like. Huh, I'm not going to let, you know, I can't fight a fucking cripple. And then fucking, uh, fucking the East Sider punches him. And then the whole time Donnie's like, I can't fight you. And that's the whole training that you can't, you know, don't pull your punches just because I'm in a wheelchair. And then Donnie hauls off and fucking knocks him the fuck out. And then when he wakes up, he's like, you, you passed the test. You passed but the that's test. what it seemed. Instead, he gets his ass kicked by a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> It's quite pathetic. I hate right? to laugh at it because it really is. it's so insensitive. But it's so I mean, stupid. I mean, literally, I mean, I, you know, maybe maybe a, a built guy in a wheelchair could kick the shit. Actually, not even maybe. No, you just walk away. Here's what you do. 
here's well, I'm, what, I'm gonna to fight. Be a vigilante. Now, here's the thing. I'm vigilante. This guy's gonna say, "Okay, you're gonna fight me." I'm like, "You know what? I'm gonna fight you with the fucking stairs. You're not following me, you motherfucker. I go up two steps and then kick you in the face. You're not gonna be able to follow me." Case closed. You know what the worst part about uh, the hardest part about eating vegetables? Getting past the wheelchair, Reggie. Boom, boom. Hey. God damn it! This book irritates me so much. And then you even get to throw it in, it looks like there's even like an art change. Then all of a sudden, I don't know. It's so stupid. Tell me what happens then, because then the police show up at one point. There's no see, the hooker. Thing, the thing I don't know what's going on. Nina, who is uh, Donnie's girlfriend's mother, she's at some high society ball yeah, trying yeah. to get the whereabouts of one of these people that are on the alumni freaking uh, – I don't even know how to explain it. Fucking uh, – one of the bad guys. How's that? Yeah. And she gets the idea that he's hanging out at this place at Zuma Beach, and we go from there to see Donnie get his ass kicked by a guy in a wheelchair and then mm-hmm. somehow get this information and show up at Zuma Beach to confront this guy. Immediately. And- Immediately. Yeah, immediately, like, like, there's no transition. There's, there's no Nina coming to him and saying, "Hey, I got a lead on this guy. Go kick his ass." Nothing like that. Donnie's just there, and we get the whole scene from *Lethal Weapon* one with Tom Atkins, where he's saying, "Look, I'm not really in on this. Shit went bad. I might have had a part. I might not. You know how things work." Bam, gets shot in the head right as the police show up. I just, I just keep centering on the guy with the elf hat on, with that, the, that woman that appears to be a hooker. Uh, what was going on there? <laughs> I don't even know what was going on. There, there's a guy. He has a fucking like a sleeping cap. Like he he's got. He's like up. Oh, it's time to go to bed. He puts on the cap and lights a fucking candle. That's that dirty pom pom headed snitch yeah, it's bastard. It's so stupid. That Percy's going after who yeah, we know Percy's nothing about. There. At this point. There's Percy. We know nothing about it. He's there with the fucking. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but yeah, that's where Percy is. And then yeah, you see the guy. It's you know. Atkins doing the old shot right through the head. I hate this fucking book. And then yeah. as as obviously, or, you know, as cliched as it is, right when this guy gets shot and goes down, the police show up with Vigilante there standing yeah. over him. It's and a setup. it's just nonsense. It's nonsense. This book, it really, it seems if, to me, reading this and pretty much laughing the whole time I was reading it and then crying, uh, it led me to say, if anybody has read the first issue and thought that it was any bit interesting, I would say go read David F. Walker's Nighthawk in uh, Marvel. It did get cut short, uh, and even that had a little bit of problems. But at least to that, that book seemed genuine to me, and and it really David F. Walker knows how to tell a story, and it's very similar to this. And I would go read that a hundred times over this because this. The progression of the story is awful. You go from one scene to the next. Like you said, at one point, you just go from, yeah, you know what? I'm going to find something going on. You have a fight with a wheelchair guy, and then all of a sudden, there's Donnie at the place. It, it, the progression is yeah. terrible. There's no transitions whatsoever. It's it's awful. This book is fucking awful. And to the point where I would read Justice League uh, again a hundred times over this. Yeah, right. Whoa. At least I'm telling you, Brian Hitch might be bad. At least I can see what he's trying to do. Like I, I know that it's hokey and it's and not good. And at least good. we have the benefit of knowing who the fuck the characters are. That's what I'm are. saying. I yeah. know Batman. I know, you know, I know what he's doing. I just realized that Percy was his dad the whole time. Just now talking yeah. about it. Now. Yeah, I read that's this what book you're saying. You read this, this book. So. This is as bad to me. I have not read an issue as bad since me and you did that goddamn wacky Raceland that, that first <laughs> time sure where I'm, me and you I'm, both had separate goddamn ideas. 
Reggie, I'm pretty sure we talked about the last time we talked about this book on the podcast. They never said who Percy's name was in the first issue. Yeah. They didn't. Yeah. He kept calling no. him Pop. That was yeah. the thing. He kept so here we just get now. here's Percy. Oh, Percy. Oh, yeah. I guess if and, we remember what he looks like because it's terrible. You get Percy thrown out the name while you also find out Mike was the East Side. You're getting yeah. these crazy things just thrown Probably. out. My head's spinning and not one. I'm telling you, the only thing I barely know about Donnie. And he's the main character. I know that he likes to smoke pot. He might shoot a couple hoops. We learned that at the beginning of last issue. And he's pissed and off he that his girlfriend's games. dead. He That's it. But I get nothing else about it. I, this can't be like you're even pushing to the, the point where his girlfriend's mother is saying like, you know what? We, we're not questioning you. And, you know, almost like this is supposed to be his redemption story and to prove yeah. that he's – I don't care. I don't know anything about him. The little bit that I know – 90% is he's a piece of shit. And like you said, even then last issue when he's shaving his dreads, but it's funny because when these books were sent to me, I'm talking the print copies, I got a, you know, we get a little thing, a little sheet that tells you when you can, you know, release the books and your reviews and things like that. And on the top of that, they ha it was all about vigilante number two. And at the top, it's like, see what people are saying. And I'm telling you, I said to Eric, they're trying to get people to like, oh, I want to be on this little leaflet that other people see. And I God. see these people on the top of that. This is what people say about vigilante number one. It's like, it was a great start. And I'm like, okay, you suck. Oh, oh, the next, <laughs> you're a piece of shit. I'm like, I'm yeah. never going to go read your reviews. This is where I bet. Yeah, uh, right. if, if, if you think this book is good. I don't you, know what you're, you're reading. You're lying or illiterate. You're, you're, you're sucking ass. That's what yeah. you're doing. You're, you're kissing ass, and you're not even kissing it. This book sucks so bad, you got to suck ass. And suck the thing ass. that gets me is All where, uh, you know, the last two weeks even, I've been bitching and moaning, oh, we aren't on these things. Where Thank God we're not on, on oh, something God. like this, because it would kill me. If you actually like this book, Reggie, and we were on, that's the one blurb we get. This is a great book, Weird Science. I, I'd kill you. I would find you, and yeah. I would kill you. But I know that I mean, you, this you book know, is a you're not dumb though. Ride of emotions. I mean, uh, I, it I, is. I, I didn't say that. It but. was a roller coaster ride of emotions. I went from fucking sad to angry, back I to sad to and angry again, <laughs> and then furious. There's my emotions. It was. It was a roller coaster ride of fucking you know me getting angry. Oh my god! I, I just I I hate it. That yeah, <laughs> it's so it's bad. Awful. Poor guy's I'm, just I'm an emotional guy, Reggie. The, something like this, it gets me going, and I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm not a yeah. young fella. I, I, I just oh, found oh. out what YOLO meant. Why? <laughs> how could that be the last thing that I learn on this earth? And besides that, and that dominatrix become fucking villains. I, I don't know. Wouldn't it be fitting if the last thing you learned is that you only live once, though? Yeah, really. You right. only live and once. Then, uh, and you die. It was pretty funny the way I found that out. And I had heard that term all around. Like me, I just go through life. I don't ask questions. I, I just keep, I just keep going. I'm right forward. there with you. Yeah. And yeah. it's one, one foot in front of the other as the song goes. Uh, we're, we were looking at some things where my son Rafe was looking at like funniest detention slips. And the one with Yolo was a kid got detention because in the middle of class, he pulled down his pants and yelled Yolo and then jumped out the window and ran. <laughs> he, got, he got detention. And it was funny because at points in this, that guy, I think, got two detentions. He got like a – because you could see it on the slip. It was like Monday and Tuesday. Somebody uh, got up in class and called the teacher a quote-unquote muggle 
from Harry Potter. <laughs> Four detentions they got for that because I think that the person thought it was racial. <laughs> we oh, couldn't man. figure it out. But yeah, there what was a lot. Book? And then one one was. Hell, I uh, used to get three mandatory detentions for skipping school. Yeah, well, the the one guy also uh, got it. it the other YOLO one of this was a kid jumped up in the middle of uh, lunch, it said, and threw a sandwich and then just yelled YOLO. Throw a sandwich. Beautiful. You only live once. Throw a sandwich. No, you, yes. you, you yell food fight. I've watched Animal yes, House. Yes, I know how this works. Good. Yes, and then you go, you know what I am? A zit. Yeah, that's some humor. That movie does. We, we talked about Caveman, but I'll tell you, Animal House does not hold up to me. It really no, no. doesn't. It doesn't. I don't think it does at all. I, I mean, it's it, a throwback, you know. It's all about it that. It is a throwback, but I think that you know? that's one of those. Yeah, for the time, it was really good. But right now, the, uh, times have changed, Reggie. Unfortunately, you know, I things think, have happened. The, the world has become a, a, a dangerous place. I don't yeah, know. I'm getting it. A little too dark for the kind of thing. You, know, you, don't, you don't think the implied uh, sexual assault would no, uh, float that well That doesn't play well days. with me. It played yeah. well as I was, you know, growing up. But now I, I'm a smarter man. It's like Revenge uh, of the one. Nerds where they have that rape. Yeah, it's like 16 uh, Candles. There's a straight-up rape in that, too. There's a lot of movies. We should have that. One of the Just for the Hell of It podcasts will be Just for the Hell of It movies that have rape that the, that you didn't that, know. It was okay. Yeah, yeah, it was. And but then she I'll, was okay with it after that when Skolnick went down on her. Because, so, yeah, that is true. Okay, well, is that will, a rape? Is I that, would also go back to the – I would have to go uh, TV with the Two Coasts for Comfort uh, episode when uh, Monroe got raped, and it was all for laughs. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, that was the best. I like, Do you ever watch Two Coasts for Comfort, Reggie? Oh, yeah, I love that I show. I love that show. I thought it was great. Fucking Cosmic Plus, Cow. Plus, that guy was a cartoonist, wasn't yep, he? Yep, Cosmic Cow. That was his cartoon. Right. I loved it. Uh, but yes, uh, I guess it's time to give this a score. I know what yeah. you gave it, Reggie. What did you give it? Uh, well, you know, the first issue I said, I didn't really like the art. I still don't really like the art, but I am actually warming up to it. I, I could deal with it, but this book is an abomination. The story is awful fundamentally. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. I gave it a 3 out of 10. Yeah, uh, this is one of those where I would love to go with uh, what me and Eric had said. Well, we don't have to put the score down. Uh, we can go five out of ten. A fuck you five. Yeah. I, I can't even bring. I, even then, I can't bring myself to give it that high score. Yeah. Even though I know it's for a fuck you five. Even though it makes no sense. It doesn't matter. It, it, this is a. This is a one point five, and I don't think since we started the podcast that I've given many things that low i hate yeah. it that much i think wow. that it is you said it's an abomination uh, it really is not a good comic it, it doesn't have anything that draws me in at all and i i agree with eric actually uh in the end while we we're going through this the cursing is just like the the topping on the shit sunday yeah. that really throws me off and really what happens is i you don't have fun with it then it really becomes just a dirty fucking awful comic now i say this we curse all podcasts but just seeing it like you, you read this right after reading teen titans say and you're like yeah. oh man i really like teen titans and you turn to this and you do you have to take a shower now i don't like to take a shower normally <laughs> i take a shower once a month whether i need it or not uh, eric knows and uh it's gross. but because of that now really what i have the problem with is i don't wear underwear and that kind of it gets a little funky down there sometimes wow. so uh like this book that's my my tie-in this book's a little funky down there but yeah, one <laughs> one point five. What would you this give there? 
This book is cursing, sex, violence, and uh, drugs, and it's all for shock value with no substance behind it. I fucking hate this book. 2.5 out of 10. I'm, yeah, I don't want to talk about bad. it ever again. I don't think that we've ever, as a collective unit, given anything that low. And it, no. it, I think it fully deserves it. And if you hear any other podcast, including all you motherfuckers that listen, you get, you, I'm telling you now, you're on blast. <laughs> I'm telling them the, the Get Fresh Clue crew who whoop, whoop, is whoop. on blast. If anybody gives us, you're, you're going to have to deal with Reggie. That's what you're going to have to do, right? Come on, Reggie. Reggie. You deal with them. You That's tell right. them, Reggie, right now what I happens if they give this a good score. What will you do? I will give them a, a acute and lengthy lesson in proper uh, comic book storytelling. Okay. That's, that's about as bad a punishment as you can expect. That, that's as bad as you get. I'll just, I'll, I'll just freaking snicker at you in the chat line. But uh, man, you ain't bad. You ain't bad. You ain't nothing. You ain't bad. You ain't nothing. Ding dongs, yo, ding dongs. <laughs> We're gonna move on now. Uh, Reggie is a special segment now with you and Chris because there right. were no young animal books this week. Mm-hmm. So tell us what you're gonna be talking. about. Are you gonna be talking about possibly more vigilante Southland? Could we no, possibly be <laughs> blessed? That would be nice. Yeah, we have another three-hour dissection of it, yes. panel by panel. No, it's yes. uh, this is something Chris wanted to do. We're calling it. Uh, those are other. Oh, it's so uh, this is. Are real you saying that because you're gonna, because if it doesn't go well, you can blame oh, no, Chris? No. Because I, that's I, what I, I would say. do. That's no, no, why I say anything that I say that was Eric's idea uh, is only because I want to blame him later when it see, falls this, flat. This is why this is this is why you're a horrible human and I'm actually like a normal person. I'm doing it because I like I, it. I, I agree with that. Credit. I fully uh, agree with that. <laughs> but anyway, it's all about the year. It's about the year 1992 in comics. That was Death of Superman, beginning of Image. Uh, that was also the year Bill Clinton was elected. What were you doing in 1992, Jim? Me? I was in college. I was in college okay. in 1992 uh, working on that psychology degree that I would use for nothing, for naught. You, you were uh, in that band, the Toe Steppers, right? No, I was in that band, the Box Trotters, we were called. Yeah. And I was yeah. setting Morgantown on fire at that moment because, as you know, Reggie, I only do things that I'm good at. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that <laughs> if we weren't good, I would have told you that we stopped playing. But, yes, I played. I was making money to go to college uh, and living the life of a rock the, star. The, the Quim Friggers was I, was? We might have been actually opening up for Foghat that year and being oh. asked to open up for uh, other bands of uh, ill repute. Uh, including Dead Eye Dick, if you remember them, uh, we were going to open up for them, but we we bailed at the last second. We did not want that. You remember Dead because Eye the, Dick? Because the Dick was in the name. Is that what the yeah, problem no, was? No, no, no. Just because they, we we were we weren't that good. Too big <laughs> we, for that. We, no, but do you, do you remember Dead Eye Dick? No, I don't remember them at all. Uh, what was the song, Eric? New Age oh, Girl. Fuck. It was. Yes, it That's is. what it was called. It had uh, one of my favorite lyrics. Rah. That's what it said in the middle. Like, oh, me and Eric a, like. The cool Modi was in there. Yeah, that yeah. no, no. But I, I bet you, I bet you, if I played the song for you, you you would remember it and you would love it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, one of the lines was, uh, "She don't eat meat, but she sure like the bone." It was bad. It was bad there. What about you, Eric? What was your 1992 like? I was really hoping you weren't going to ask me that because that's the year my father called and said he didn't want to see me anymore. Thanks for bringing oh, that up, Dick. Great. So, what a so jerk. It, it wasn't that you good. You see what that, you do, Reggie? Jesus. Is that what you're saying? Here, uh, here, Eric, this is for you. Party's over, baby. <laughs> it's all over now. You freaking upset him. Now I'm going to have to go over to his house and hug him and maybe spoon him. I don't, I don't, right. is that a, I don't know if nothing. it was good or bad. Anyway. Well, if that was me, it would have been good, but I don't know, Reggie. You know, you're doing all this. You're, you're making Eric. What do you think of that? 
<laughs> oh my god, Reggie, why are you laughing at Eric? All that Eric, you just reminded him of it. Oh my god, he, he oh. can't stop laughing, Eric. He just keeps yeah. laughing. Oh. I, I don't understand it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Reggie, aren't you, are you upset about that? My uh, feelings. You, yeah. Oh, Reggie is upset about that. That's good. But uh, really, you're a piece of crap saying that, Reggie. I agree, yeah. Oh, jeez, Reggie. I do Please. agree with that. I don't get to use the Reggie soundboard a lot, but... uh. Yeah, poor Eric. Poor uh, Eric, were you reading comics back in 92? Oh, yes, I was, Jim. Oh, of course you were, because you've read comics all your goddamn life. That's right. If everybody would know. <laughs> Two things that you should know about Eric Shea, and if you weren't listening to us before Rebirth, I'm going to give you a little lesson. Number one, he has – actually, three things. He has been reading comics all his life. Uh, number two, he knows more about Mortal Kombat than me. Number three, he speaks for every Green Arrow fan out there. All right, two no, there of us go. three were direct things from the first episode. you got to get past that. <laughs> Not the Green Arrow. Green Arrow, Not you, the Green you, Arrow speak, no. you speak for all Green Arrow fans, and and really, he knows more. It was so fun. I that still was probably somewhere in the 60s. When I listened to that, when you said, when I'm like, oh, you'll probably review that Mortal Kombat. Of course I will. Yeah. Oh, you prick. Don't be stupid. Oh, that was great. That was great, Eric. I, I we're we're heading to obviously next uh, episode is the hundredth episode. A big celebration, and and maybe we'll go back down memory lane and relive some of those great moments. I'm not sure. You can't stop uh, breaking it up. I don't know what the hell you're talking oh, about. I love it. I love it. And really, <laughs> here's the point though. That whole thing about you reading comics almost all your life pops up in that chat room probably every freaking probably you don't four, shut up about it. four times a day. It it, it comes out. It even came out. I was on. The Nerd Church Radio thing, it was mentioned twice on that show. Of course show. it was. I didn't mention it. I just sat there. I was behaving. I wasn't allowed to curse. I was having problems. It was funny because yeah, Ben's that. telling me, Ben's like, hey, you know what? We have a family-friendly show. Oh, do you? But I said, oh, I, I understand. I, I listen to their show. So I said, I understand. I'm not going to curse. I got that. He ended up cursing. I, I can turn off the curse you know, thing going on. He got all excited. I think he got a, li- a little overly excited started cursing. But uh, Yeah. What are, what are we doing? Where are we? We're going into a uh, Young Animal segment with no Young yes. Animal books, which is 1992, the year in comics. Yep, let's go to 1992. Are you, do you have any sort of like time traveling uh, things, like anything like that? Yeah. You do? Uh, you actually do have that? Okay, there you go. Off to 92 we go. Once in every lifetime. It's Chris and Reggie bringing you the Young Animal segment on the Weird yes. Science DC Comics.com podcast. But we have a problem this week, don't we, Chris? Yeah, they, 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 they didn't ship any Young Animal books. Yeah, no Young Animal this week for us. So uh, we decided we want to do something a little bit different. And uh, mm-hmm. this, this actually was Chris's brainchild. We're going to see how it goes. But if we enjoy it and if you guys enjoy it, then we'll bring you more of these on weeks that Young Animal it doesn't put in any books. Uh, I, I guess we can call this the comics year in review. 
Yeah, uh, I thought maybe we call it real comics history because we're known for weird comics history. That's true. This this, this <laughs> stuff here isn't that weird. It's uh, yes. just sort of it's just sort of a recounting of comic book related events happening in 1992, uh, which is a, which is an important year for comics and an important year for Chris himself, isn't it? This will be sort of a uh, more of a trip down memory lane for you, I think, right? Of your early yeah, days, pretty of comic much. Booking. <laughs> Because I, I think that uh, I, I think that comic fans, especially lifelong comic fans, have a very uh, unique way of tracking their lives. I mean, there are a few series that I have I have entire runs of since the day I was born. Uh-huh. You know, of course I wasn't buying them at you know no. three days old, but uh, I, it's it's weird how there's actually you know boxes in my in my library where I can actually track my entire lifetime in yeah. comic books. The down to the, and, uh, the down to the month and the week, if you you know what I mean, like literally. Absolutely. Like, you know, when I learned to speak, that's when this issue of uh, you know New Teen Titans came out. Yeah, it's like oh, this I was in third grade. You know, it's uh, <laughs> and I think that I think that's something special among comic book fans, and I think uh, you know we are known for talking about the history, and. Uh, I think uh, what a lot of people do realize is that comics history is also, in a way, our history. Yeah. And uh, this uh, this little uh, supplement that we're doing here is a way to uh, explore that and celebrate that. And uh, hopefully you all enjoy it and uh, even get in on the conversation because, uh, you know, it isn't just about uh, the two of us. Oh, it's absolutely. about all of us. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, uh, it, you know, I, we, I've said it before. It's the most trite question. Uh, any comics fan is asked, "Is what was your first comic book?" And everyone, and people always say, "Don't ask that." It's so stupid. I always yeah. want to know. I'm always interested. Of course. I always want to hear the story. What well, everyone's got their own story. You know how it happened. Uh, mm-hmm. So this this is sort of you know a uh, reflection on that. You know, or you know, just picking a year out of a hat and yeah. uh, see what we come up with. So, uh, but first, we are actually going to walk away from the comics for a second and talk and situate <laughs> the listener in what was happening in the year. Outside of comics, yes, we're gonna we're gonna get into the, the gestalt of it here, and we're gonna talk about some real history. It won't go too long, don't no. worry. Uh, on the first of January, nineteen ninety-two, Atari finally ceased publication on the twenty-six hundred uh, after fifteen years. Amazing, I know. I couldn't believe it was I, that late. Yeah, because no, I remember they used to have commercials for it where they were touting that it was only fifty bucks. Yeah, well, that's how it got the, me. The fun is back, <laughs> <laughs> and it's. <laughs> It's like, wow, 50 bucks for that? Jeez. Uh, uh, on the 1st of February, we have uh, George H.W. Bush. He met with uh, Russian Prime Minister Boris Yeltsin, Yeltsin at uh, Camp David to uh, officially declare the Cold War over. Mm. Uh, Ice-T's rock band Body Count releases their self-titled album on March 28th, which uh, led to a bit of a kerfuffle. That's right. That was over the Cop Killer song controversy, mm-hmm. and that kind of led to a widespread... Uh, examination of rap records, even though this was a rock album. But that's uh, for, for another podcast to talk about. I think uh, we talked about that a little bit during the Comics Code with old Tipagua. I believe we did, yeah, because that, <laughs> that was other examples of people that had, you know, gone to censor things, yes. uh, you know, and were kind of misguided in our in our opinion. But anyway, you have to go back, listen to that, or sure. those episodes. Uh, also in 92, Midway released the uh, Mortal Kombat arcade cabinet that October. One week later, Sega released Night Trap for the Sega CD. A day of reckoning is on the horizon for video games. Uh, yeah, they're not. They're going to be making some changes very soon, and you're not going to see as many uh, arcades in the uh, near future. <laughs> in November, Bill Clinton is elected the 42nd president of the United States, which was the second most important cultural 
event to ha- happen that November if you're a comic book fan, as you'll find mm-hmm. out when we talk about it. And for those feeling young today, on June 10th, actress and model Kate Upton was born. Aye, aye, aye. So how do you like that? A, a walking, breathing, <laughs> articulated adult human was born when you were, you know, cognizant of old life. enough to <laughs> old enough to reminisce. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Washington Redskins win the Super Bowl, beating the Buffalo Bills. Sorry, Brendan. Uh, yes. <laughs> the uh, big movies this year: we got Lethal Weapon three, Home Alone two, and Wayne's World. Ooh. So we can party on. Yep. Uh, the median household income, $30,636. Gas, $1.13 a gallon. Wow. And uh, if you wanted to send uh, a first-class letter, a U.S. postage stamp would only cost you 29 cents. And that was pretty much your only option because there was no email, folks. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. if you wanted to do it, you were going to have to pony up that uh, penny less than a 30. But there was a ton of stuff that happened in comics, and there was one event it's especially that is you know meaningful to comics and meaningful to Chris and I, and that was? That was the death of Superman. Ooh. Yes, that was a huge deal. Yeah. Um, it's uh, you know it's the arc with Doomsday, of course. It ran from October through November, uh, nineteen ninety-two. Um, it proceed. The uh, month before that, the pa- the last page of each comic was dedicated to a fist, a very 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 valuable fist yeah. <laughs> in the back issue bin. Um, this is Doomsday trying to break out of his uh, whatever he was imprisoned in at the time, and uh, each time he would get a little bit further through that that wall, and uh, we'd have the Doomsday is coming caption. Yep. And uh, it, it, also uh, might, it also might be worth saying, too, at this time that Superman comics did come out weekly, right? It was Superman yes. action, Man of Steel. Yeah, it was uh, uh, the first week was Man, of Ste- it was Man of Steel. Then it was uh, uh, Superman. Then it was uh, Adventures of Superman. Then oh, right, it was right. action comics. Right. OK, so, yeah. So you did have one every week. So they were able to they were able to ramp up to this pretty quickly. You know, this wasn't yeah, like teased out over, you know, issue after no. <laughs> issue after issue. It kind of happened pretty, pretty rapidly. Uh, yeah. But also a lot of it had been, you know, leaked to the public before it even. I mean, the way I first heard about it uh, was through the newspaper. <laughs> you know, I yes. think pretty sure. And and you remember uh, it was Newsday, right? That's this It was one. New York Newsday because yeah. I just happened to be a paper boy for New York Newsday. And uh, I delivered the paper that said on the uh, under the under the fold on the bottom of the front page it said uh it said great caesar's ghost they killed superman and there was an image of superman fighting the critter that we would know later as doomsday yeah and uh so I was like the world's worst Paul Revere that day. <laughs> you were just, uh, <laughs> Superman's dead. Superman. I was yelling Doomsday is coming up and oh, down uh, no. up and down my Long Island neighborhoods. Uh, and that's why and, you had to move hastily. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they told me don't come back. And they were like, don't, don't raise the Doomsday alarm, kid. You know, this is uh, we still got bunkers in our backyards. <laughs> yeah, they here. were digging holes in the backyard. I must remember that too, but it was also picked up by news i mean after a while they, oh, yeah, it was it, on it the was story news and, yeah oh yeah and this like this transcended comics because uh it was weird because you know i'd like rel- all my relatives knew that you know i was you know the comic guy or comic kid or whatever mm-hmm. so i'd have like aunts and uncles like hey who's doomsday 
Oh, yeah. And it's like weird because it's like they never cared about any of this stuff. But when, you know, Connie Chung says it on the on the evening news, it's, uh, you know, it's something. And, of course, the Superman recognition is pretty much 100%, I would say, or near that yeah. in the world. I mean, you know, so, I mean, it's it's sort of funny because it reminds me, you know, not to jump too much into the present, but I guess <laughs> it's going to happen. But, you know, today people are always mad about any change to any hero, and especially Superman. and. Yeah. This sort of had that effect too, where people who have probably hadn't touched a comic in decades, you know, or you know, many were, years, they they didn't know what. Personally to, offended. They were they were upset. Yeah, they were just like, <laughs> no, don't do that to Superman. It's like, what do you want them to like return him to his uh, his original state so you can stop reading him again? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I want him to quietly be stuck in that, you know, forever looking like the way Wayne Boring drew him, and that's it. I don't want any any anything new. Um, yes. But it eventually did happen that uh, Doomsday arrived with Superman, Man of Steel, number 18. That was cover date December 92. Uh, came out in October, right? I'd have to assume. Yeah. And yeah. Doomsday is here. Uh, yes. Also that that uh, October, and I'll, I'll be honest, I mean, I remember the, the, the issue starting here. I really don't remember the issues preceding that i remember like that last panel doomsday is coming i don't yeah, I don't, was, really, I don't really remember what happened in those issues it was kind so. of a down month because uh they had just finished up panic in the sky a little bit before that and it was uh the months lead that like the two or three months leading between the two were uh just kind of stories i guess they, they knew they had anything to, special they had to tread water a little while you know because they were had to prepare for this big uh Two yes. months event, or so you know. I guess it came out to it was a couple of months too. When when we all told, when we went into the next year, even uh, with Certain. Superman's resurrection or whatever. Um, but uh, you know, I I do remember the the Doomsday books, and uh, but but one thing I really remember coming out that time was Sword of Azrael number one. Uh, yeah. Which which was a prelude to Nightfall, which was sort of in my mind. I can I can never. Uh, extricate these two events from each other they, they seem so similar to me in so many yep. ways you know batman doesn't die but they introduce a brand new villain who's like a hulking you know mm -hmm. berserker behemoth to break his back and then a replacement batman or you know even batman show up in a way after that so it's it's almost yep. it's similar i can never like i they're always tied linked right in my head they're intrinsically yes yeah. they're very very close especially you know they happen so close together and then there were so many similarities so many parallels throughout yeah. the two stories and it's funny at the time i remember thinking both about doomsday and bane i was like well they're bringing them in and we'll never see them again <laughs> well yeah, they were they were just one-offs i was very wrong about that on both accounts <laughs> folks we have seen a fucking plenty of doomsday and bane <laughs> and it, it seems like people were really annoyed by that because it's like hey who are these guys coming in and taking out the big guns you know it's uh it, you know it should be lex luther it should be the joker but yeah. it's it's these two guys instead and uh i remember getting they were getting a lot of flack for that well, or some flack anyway. being older we can see why because yes if, if lex luther had killed superman then even when they you brought can't... superman back he would always be the guy that killed you know, whether they're gonna yeah. be in jail forever. I mean, it wouldn't work. Uh, but <laughs> at the time, I definitely felt almost like Lex Luthor deserved this or Brainiac. You know, sure. what I mean? like they're they've put in a lot of work over a long time. <laughs> you know, yeah. so over 50 years trying to kill this guy. And now, and then this Johnny come lately shows up and just uh, smashes him into the ground. <laughs> so, um, but but eventually Superman did die after Doomsday yes. kind of. He hops, he leaps over to Metropolis. He tackles with a bunch of people. I can't remember everybody that he tackled on the way there. Uh, I think it was the Justice League Inter International oh, yeah, right, or the yeah. Justice League America. They, it they, had uh, 
like Bloodwind and Blue Beetle, oh, Ice Fire. This is where I guys. this is where I was introduced to the whole concept of the Justice League. Interesting. So really, that, that was the first time you saw it, and the first guys you see are Bloodwind and Blue Beetle of all <laughs> yes. weird people and Maxima. <laughs> oh jeez. Because um, yeah, Man of Steel eighteen was my first Superman comic book. Now I had I gotta ask what made before. you was it was it the hype? It was, uh, it was, you know, I, I, I'm guessing it was at least part way the speculator eye, mm. uh, but uh, I also cared. I, I wanted to know how this was going to go down because uh, Superman was one of the guys that I avo- I avoided DC Comics when I was a kid because I hated the villains. The yeah. villains were just so boring, and uh, and Superman was just so boring because I never actually sat down and read it. Yeah, it was just you know what are you going to do? How you can't hurt the guy, so why am I going to care? When I can, when I can hop over to Marvel and see, you know, Spider-Man fighting Doctor Octopus and yeah. the X-Men fighting Magneto, and the costumes gonna... shredded every time, you know what I mean? Yeah, blood spewing like, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So why am I gonna watch? Why am I gonna read Superman fighting a lizard man? <laughs> you know, what do I care about that? Or a living plant? You know, it's just, uh, ugh. I just didn't have any kind of interest in it. So Man of Steel was my first. Uh, I don't. I don't know. It was my first DC comic, but it was definitely my first uh, Superman. Superman. Comic. I, I. You know. I never was a, a big Superman fan. I read it kind of hmm. on and off, but uh, I had sort of drifted away. That the Panic in the Sky is something I read later on, uh, more recently yeah. in my life. Although probably ten or more years ago now, I can't can't really remember. But uh, I, I followed Burns, Man of Steel, till about oh I don't know eight something like that. How long was he on that? Till six. He was well six. Uh, the first, uh, the Man of Steel was a fir- was first a uh, six issue miniseries, right. and then he wrote uh, Superman Volume Two uh, from issue one to I think twenty two or twenty three. So I bet, so, uh, so I bet to be honest, what I really read was uh, Burns Mini, mm-hmm. and then probably maybe a the couple issues handful. after that. Yeah. yeah, like you know, I was interested in, in the mini because this was the you know reinvention of Superman. Sure, and, uh, I didn't hate the guy. To be honest, I always will have an affinity for like. The Golden Age Superman and its unbelievable ridiculousness. You know, <laughs> I, I just love comics from that era in general because they just kind of go off the wall. Uh, but I, for me, it was definitely the news hype. Uh, oh yeah, and, and I, I just want to say before we go to the actual issue, like this is something you don't see that anymore. Maybe it's because nothing in comics warrants that kind of thing. But like, you know, yeah, you know, Marvel or DC, they'll get copy in Entertainment Weekly or USA Today, yeah. and Marvel can, you know, use connections to talk shows or whatever. But you really don't see like it's not a news item. You know what I mean? No. Like it's not part of the uh, nightly news. And partly because nightly news doesn't really exist the way it used to either. Nope. <laughs> you know? It's all editorializing. So now. It's, it's yeah the uh, <laughs> the whole <laughs> the whole game has changed. But I mean this really was like you think you think I guess the Cold War ended. They were like oh we got to report on something. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, that's that's what uh when, that's what uh, Mark Wade said because he he was saying that uh, the reason this got so big is because they dropped the news on a day that absolutely nothing else happened. Wow. Maybe. I so, mean, that's uh, true. You know, I mean, the the, the uh, Gulf War would have been over, all that stuff. So, yeah. uh, anyway, he did eventually die in front of our very eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. That was uh, cover dated January 93, but it came out in November of 92. That was Superman number 75. Uh, and I believe Chris is hanging on to 20 or 30 of them. You're hoping to uh, retire on that still, right? <laughs> Well, uh, yes and no. Uh, I, you, you're I hanging expect... on to them, but you're not. You're not thinking you're going to retire yeah. on them. It, it, this is a book that I will. 
I, I think it's just in it's it's wired in me now that I cannot let an issue of Superman seventy five sit in the twenty five cent bin. Right. I, I can't let it do that because it's better than that. That would be out of the um, bag, right? That for seventy five cents. Uh, I, I've I've gotten a few black bag ones. Really, there. for seventy five yeah. cents? I mean, I, I would I don't think they'd be I wouldn't think there'd be much more, but I don't know, maybe a buck fifty, two bucks. I don't know. Yeah, they're they're not worth uh, they're not worth the, the bag they're put in. Literally. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, I, I got a few friends that uh, that you know came up same you know same age as me, same age range as me, and they're the same way. It's like if I ever see it. You know, just on like a 50 cents or whatever. It's like, I can't have this book stand next to an issue of Brigade. I I do hear you on that. (laughs) I'm like that with some comics. I used to be like that more with records. uh, Mm -hmm. I was definitely a a bigger vinyl collector. But but certain comics, if I see like Ambush Book, Stocking Stuffer. Yeah. uh, You know, certain Doom Patrol comics even, especially if they're real cheap. um, I can't let them sit there. But I know you do have a, a bunch of... Must must buys. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so you so that I will always rest you. <laughs> so this uh, Super Nintendo 75 came out in a poly bag, a plastic bag that was black with a uh, a dripping bloody a bleeding Superman S. Logo. That's right, a big red S on it. Uh, inside included an armband, so you could wear it to your junior high school, and everyone could make fun of you as they did to me. <laughs> Superman had died, and uh, a Daily Planet obituary, a unique trading card, stamps, and a poster. Um, yep. Now the now the original thing cost two fifty, and it was the number one selling comic in nineteen ninety two. I uh, and then when I was looking at the Comicron numbers, this was at number one. The next DC, which I can't remember what it was, it was a Green Lantern book, uh, was twenty two. So it, you know, this wasn't you know this wasn't like large, DC large. was used yeah. to being up in that part of the list. I think you know. <laughs> No, because I actually I I just came into a bunch of uh, Wizard magazines from 1992, it, it also in a in a 25 cent bin. Wow! But uh, the uh, they have the market share in there, and DC the DC sliver is almost scarily small. Wow! In 1992, it's uh, it's well, I mean, it's obviously smaller than Image at that point too, yeah. because well, I mean, Image, Image was the Image thing. Was dominating. That that's yeah. What I saw between uh, you know, two to. 21 or whatever it was on the Comicron list, it was all Image and Marvel. Nonstop. Image and X-Men. Yeah, yep. exactly. That's exactly what it was. So, yeah, I mean, they were... This this was an especially, you know, big time <laughs> for Marvel, and Image had just come out, uh, you know, a year before, right? This month, this year. This oh, really? Year. This year? Yeah, happened. we're going to get to that. Oh, that's right. We're going to get to that. So there it is. So it... Uh, it it was huge, but but it, when you can think about that, when you think about how many comics were being bought, for this still to come out number one, it was must have sold a phenomenal amount of uh, comics, and that means that a phenomenal number were produced. I I made a deal with my mother for this book. That's because, right. Uh, I was uh, unable to go to the comic book store, uh, you know, when they opened the doors because I had to go to school. Mm. And uh, I was not able to afford the inflated price for a hold on it. Right. Uh, this is something we're going to talk about a little bit in, in a bit. But uh, you know how, like, now you have a hold box at a comic store and they give you, like, 20% off your books? Yep. Back then, at least in my neighborhood, if you had a hold box, I can't say this is nationwide, but you paid, you paid for it. Yeah. You, you paid for the privilege of them holding books for you. Yep. And uh, the, we had uh, the Death of Superman run. It was the entire thing, and it was cover price plus $20. Holy cow. And uh, 
I did not do it. Not 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 for any kind of self righteous thing. I just couldn't come up with the scratch. Yeah, and I you were a kid. You were like literally a little kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's only so much lunch money I can save up in a week. But yeah. uh, I uh, I made a deal with my mother that she would go at uh, at open and pick it up for me. And my comic store was maybe the size of an industrial closet. Yeah. And she said there were there were over a hundred people. Uh, amazing. Waiting in line. Yeah. Hours before the store opened. I mean, I think that people that weren't, you know, around then, they can't know how truly mass this was like. This was huge. Where the iPhone is today, that's where this was back then. You yeah. know, people really did. And I do remember that that uh, the one near me would charge more for a pull box if you oh. pulled, you know, certain, if you pulled X-Men. Basically, the, the comics everyone wanted anyway, you know. Hot like, books. If you were pulling Uncle Scrooge reprints, you'd probably be all right. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but you know, I mean, from their point of view, I mean, the, the speculation, which we're going to talk about a little bit in a minute, it was such that, you know, if you had, if you set aside whatever death of Superman, you know, Superman in 75 and you didn't show up for a couple of weeks, you're taking money at it. You know what I mean? Like this guy's yep. losing a lot of money off of that. That That's a, that's a comic he can turn around and maybe sell for even 20, 25, 30, you know, it just kept going up. Uh, yep. Artificially so, and I, I looked online. I didn't check eBay really, but I checked. Uh, I forgot it was my comic shop or something. Um, mm-hmm. An unopened one, uh, in very fine condition. So we'll say about eight CGC. Sure. So, sells for sixteen to eighteen bucks. And I'll tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Don't pay that price because if no. you if you go to a comic shop, you'll probably be able to get it. Well, if you're Chris, you'll get it for thirty five cents. <laughs> I, go, I, to, go to used record stores. Go to go to half price books. You'll oh find yeah, them. if you go if you go to yeah even antique stores, you'd be surprised what oh, you yeah. find out there. But there, I mean, there are so many of these. It's uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you, <laughs> you you may even just find them just in a, in a supermarket, just like oh stuff behind <laughs> the cabinet. Like oh, yeah. there they are. You know what I mean? If somebody somebody used it as his uh, insulation in his house, you can pull them out. <laughs> No, it's kind of it's kind of like how uh, uh, the uh, what is it? Atari made more copies of ET than they had for, uh, they had Ataris. Yeah, they the had consoles. Yeah, and, th- <laughs> and those actually did get buried in New Mexico. You know, they yeah. found the, uh, the the thing, which was the landfill. It was crazy. And I here's something I didn't know at the time that there were 93 platinum bagged editions with a yep. uh, extra foil cover and a silver S logo. I didn't. I don't. Maybe I knew it at the time and I forgot. But uh, those go for. Uh, those fact, are pricey. I, I couldn't find any bagged ones for sale on this website, and again, I didn't, I didn't scour the internet for it. I'm sure you can find it in the world, mm. but the on the unopened ones, I mean, the opened ones that were in very fine condition, uh, going from 180 to 500 dollars. So sure, that was the investment, but only 93 people got it. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. DC was doing that at the time. They were doing these platinum editions. They did them for uh, for the return as well. Oh really? And, uh, yeah, yeah, and like they did them for even like stuff like Action Comics 700, which was like the fall of Metropolis. They had platinum versions of that for some reason. Very strange. Well, there wasn't but, a lot uh, to convince publishers from using uh, cover yeah. effects in those days, you know, just kind of, <laughs> oh, what, what, what's happening in this issue? Uh, you know, Superman smokes a cigarette. We'll put a foil cigarette on the front. The front. That'll there be great. Go. It'll be fine. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to smoke. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you press a button, it'll light up on the thing. We'll charge We'll charge eight bucks for it. It'll be great. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that was, that was definitely a crazy time. And then, of course, Superman died. And, you know, what followed after that, I don't want to go too much, but I loved the coming of the Superman. Uh, yes, the four Superman, the, the Metropolis, the Reign age. of the Superman. That's yeah. what it was. Sorry, the Reign of the Superman. It was. Uh, I I really loved all those books, and 
that I almost remember more fondly. Because if you really, because I mean, really, so story-wise, hmm. the death of Superman is not a lot to it. You know, it's Doom it's a thing. fight. Yeah he, yeah, he he pounds his way across. They fight for an issue. There's like a super punch that kills mm-hmm. them both at the end. Uh, although we learn that neither of them really dies. <laughs> uh, of course, it is after all comic book, ladies and gentlemen. Is. This isn't a uh, you know documentary. Um, but it, you know, I mean, it's a, I it's it's a it is a good comic, and it is a. Yeah. You know, good in comic form. The art is great. You know, that was Jurgens wrote them all, right? So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I think, uh, Simonson, Louis Simonson and John Bogdanov were on Man of Steel. Uh-huh. I want to say Jerry Ordway was on Adventures of Superman. He was on Adventures um, of Superman, yeah. Yeah, Roger Stern was on Action Comics. Oh, and, right. uh, Jurgens was on Superman Volume Two. Okay, and that was the. So it was a great, great lineup. It was, it was a real a solid murderer's team. Row. And it was, and it was, it was a team of people all working together. Uh, yeah, they had summits and everything. It was, uh, and it was the triangle numbering. So I mean, they right. had to, they had to, you know, play together. It was, uh, it, it was, it was really a cool event. As much as it sounds like almost stupid now, you know what I mean? And even yeah, when I've quaint. heard, when I've heard stories of them talking about coming up with it, that they were always, you know, every year they get together, they wonder where we're going to do Superman this year. And they've been saying for years, let's kill him. Yeah, uh, as a joke. As a joke. And then finally they were like, yeah, I guess let's, let's do it. You know? <laughs> well, they had to, because they had the initial plan was to marry him and Lois. Right. But well, they couldn't because of the show, right? Because of the show, because Lois and Clark started and they wanted to do it. And they yeah. wanted synergy between the two brands. So uh, they had to put it off for a year or two. So that's how we got the death. Yep. It's basically, if you're not going to marry, you might as well die. Same thing, right, guys? Come yes, Jim. Yeah. You hear me now, fellas? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> you got something marry, kill, right? <laughs> that's right. So, uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, you told me that story uh, early on when we were first talking about your mom waiting. Hmm. And then you said, what was it, a year later, she, you had to wait for some X-Men title, right? Yeah, that uh, that was uh. Well, if we cover the the falling out of the, <laughs> yeah. of the uh, speculator, it it was a similar thing. The the comic guy got us all hyped up for it, and she went to the store an hour before they opened, and there was no one there. Yeah, and she came back an hour later, and there was no one there. <laughs> what, what what comic was that though? That was uh, it was X Men Prime. There you go. It was right after the Age of Apocalypse. So it was supposed to be this big deal, and it was a chromium cover. It was like a $5 book on that horrible mid-'90s glossy paper. Oh, yeah. Where the color, like, it felt like you could actually stir the color on it. Yeah, I, I, I've i seen you write about that on your blog. Yeah, uh, I hate it. <laughs> and, and, and I know what you mean. I remember hating that, too. It's funny, you know, a lot of these, you know, at this time in my life, this is, uh, Chris was, you know, really getting into, heavily into collecting, or had had been into collecting and was at the peak of this big bubble. But from what I was seeing in comics, the art styles, and we're going to talk about a certain <laughs> group of people that were fundamental in my opinion about this, but the art styles that were coming out and the coloring, and it just seemed the production in general, even the lettering seemed to seemed to slip. It was like standards was in gross. my mind yeah. had, slept, had slipped. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I never, believe me, I never picked up a comic and said, that's it, I am done. But also, <laughs> I was a you know teenager. I was like 17 at the time, so it all kind of coincided with me Really wanting to hang out with uh, girls and stuff and not necessarily yeah. want to spend my money on comics. You don't, you don't want to show them your X-Men. Yeah, so it uh, it all kind of worked out for me at the same time. But th- this this was a time that a certain group of people distinguished themselves in this very, very same period that Death of Superman mm-hmm. came out. And that was the folks at Image Comics. And I think Chris yes. is going to tell us all about it. 
Yeah, we have, uh, let's see, we got Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, Eric Lawson, Jim Valentino, Mark Silvestri, Rob Liefeld, and Wills Protasio. They uh, broke off from Marvel. They were upset that they weren't getting um, they weren't getting royalties for stuff like uh, their work, their artwork on T-shirts. Yeah, and, uh, and, and also and, for characters they created. Yeah, they they weren't as I mean, Liefeld he you know he did create their, uh, Deadpool yep. and Cable and uh, and uh, what's his face uh, McFarlane was a uh, he was integral in Venom being a, a thing. Very much so, yeah. So it's, uh, they, you know, you can see the point they have, and, and this is kind of why it it kind of sucks to be, a, you know, a big two comic fan now, because nobody's making new characters. No. It's all derivatives now. It's exactly, and it's it's precisely for this reason, you know, that, that no mm-hmm. one wants to put themselves on the line and make Warner yeah. Brothers and Disney a ton of money, you know what I mean? That they're not going to yeah. see any of. Although they do, they do work out weird deals nowadays. Sometimes for if they use storylines, I, I you know sure. I, I wonder what goes on I'm, behind the scenes. But oh, I'm sure it's crazy. But I'm reminded of a a tweet by my good friend uh, Dan Jurgens, uh-huh. who uh, who said. He said, if you tell me you created the eighth version of Robin, I will tell you you ain't created shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess he's a little bit annoyed at the derivative uh, nature of new character creation now. Yeah, I, and uh, he's got you a know, point. You know? He certainly does. <laughs> and he... Actually, he also uh, before we you know not to go not to jump back in time here. He also tweeted me personally because he is my close personal friend. Right, your buddy. That yeah. uh, <laughs> we did take a photo together, mm. um, and uh, he did say that uh, he he was happy that my mom waited in line to buy that book. Oh wow! Because so, he actually he came to the site and he read what I wrote, which oh, awesome. kind of blew my mind. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that that's that's a great story about. Uh, mm. You know, the fact that you had to get your mom to do it, too, is yeah. just like, you know, you were not going to miss that book for anything. No. And it's 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 even funnier considering that now you're picking it up for freaking 75 cents at the record <laughs> store. You know what I mean? Like, I, wish, no, I, yeah. I wish I didn't put you out that day, Mom. It turned out I would have more of these damn comics that I could handle. Because <laughs> she'll still ask me. She'll still ask me, like, hey, you remember I did that? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, how much is that worth now? Yeah. It's like, don't worry, Mom. It's, no, it's worth a lot. Not a lot. Here. Here's 10. <laughs> He's dead for your trouble. Yeah, don't don't put him on eBay yet. We're waiting for the right time. Now, uh, all, all these guys, you know, Liefeld got his start at DC. I think McFarland did too, didn't he? Yes, uh, uh, McFarland did some Infinity Incorporated or, or All Star Squadron, something like that. He also did and, uh, that invasion. Invasion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liefeld started on Hawk and Dove. I think was his first yes. revamp and. Um, uh, Lee, I think, was straight to Marvel, though, uh, if, if, if I'm not incorrect. Right. Yeah. And I think he almost, like, I think he did a couple of things, and then he immediately went to X-Men. And... Yeah, because he was the Punisher guy at first. Right, and then right. That, and then he he saw that the X-Men was ramping up and was able to uh, convince Bob Harris to give him the keys to the castle, basically. Yeah, and... Uh... Kind of still, they still got to work together. If you look at if you look at what's happening in DC, but that's uh, yes, something for the you know a future episode. Uh, you know, for me at this time though, and I was seeing the stuff in DC and Marvel, and 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 what's interesting is now I can look at it and appreciate it on, on a different level. But at the time, <laughs> I hated all of these artists. So I mean, so much, and I just hated the way they inked. I hated their yes. like rapidograph, like they're they're super. You know, All these lines. the thin line and too many lines, you know, and I felt like they were very amateurish. And frankly, they were these were kids, you know, they, they were like yeah. 18 to 20. So I think McFarlane was, oh, no, it must have been Sylvester was the oldest one at the time. I bet, Yeah, right? Liefeld was the youngest. Yeah, but he was he was he was like 18 he was and 19. Yeah. Uh, 
and they were all very young. Fresh out of high school, yeah. So, you know, part of it is they were very young, but I also felt like maybe they shouldn't be on the freaking lead titles. Uh, It was was such (laughs) – you were looking at Wizard. You were showing me um, ads in Wizard where they were talking about comics coming out, and they were talking artist first, writer second. Yeah, it was right. uh, yeah, like if, like say uh, the issue of Uncanny X Men, it was by Jim Lee and Chris Claremont. Uh, you know, <laughs> which is crazy. It's all it's unbelievable. I mean, in a sense, uh, there's nothing really wrong with that. You know, the sure. the, the artist does do more labor. No because I, I notice, like uh, Jerry Ordway, he'll always put the artist first if he's not penciling his own work. Like in the credits pages, he'll put the artist's name above his. Oh yeah. But I mean, that's I'm guessing that's his choice. And, <laughs> this is the you see, uh, you see guys today. It'll be they'll combine the names. They're storytellers or yeah. whatever it is, you know. And, and, and there's a reason for that. A lot of times, uh, these guys do the plotting. You know, they they're basically doing the entire directing of sure. the of the comic. You know, it's and it is more laborious. However, most people, and I have to agree, as a comics reader, I can read a great story with like mediocre art. Better, better. I'll never read a shitty story with the great with art. Great you art. Know? I can look at great mm-hmm. art and be very yeah. happy about it, but if there's a story <laughs> attached to it, I'm going to be disappointed. So this was totally different at the time. And I mean, you know, I, I, I really don't want to impugn your childhood comic book reading, but some of those stories were moronic. I mean, they were just some? beyond <laughs> beyond stupid, like to the level of insulting, you know what I mean? But more I than that, it, an it, arrow. It, this pen will do. Oh, God. <laughs> That's coming up, folks. Uh yeah, I, I really, I remember hating the art so much. I hated the grimacing. I hated the, uh, you know, stylistic, what I, what mm-hmm. I consider to be stylistic cheats. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that isn't fair. And I will say that, uh, you know, all these guys, they still work in comics as far as I know sure. today. I can't think of any of them that don't. Um, and all of them have improved. Even though I, I still have to say, like, I don't love all of their art styles. And you, you and I have talked about this before. Yes. But <laughs> you know, I, I would never, I would never say Jim Lee can't draw. He, he can draw. Oh. He knows anatomy. He knows, you know, movement. He, he does, he does all the things you should do as a practiced artist. It's just not to my liking. Except for Rob Liefeld, who still draws the exact same way he drew in 1992. I like, how does that happen? Uh, he's gotten no better. It's almost willfully so. Like he, he had to try not to improve. I, I think it was Dick Giordano who said, uh, he said he will, he will be great, but he just has to get it first. And uh, he hit it big before he got it. Yeah. So he never had to get it. Well, you know, <laughs> now you you'll know more about this than me, but my impression is that once he hit it big, he stopped really drawing. He kind of built a stable of guys to draw in his style, right? It seemed uh, seemed so, yeah. Because even when he got big before Image at Marvel, uh, the Marvel editorial was having seasoned comic artists ape his style. Oh god! Like you know Herb Trimpey and. Uh, and uh, with the Buscemas, uh, they were they were advised to draw more like Rob Liefeld. I mean, you know that that was true in the days of Kirby. Yeah. But Kirby was reinventing a comics language for God's sake. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was gonna say he wasn't Kirby putting, was he writing wasn't the Bible. Eighty teeth in someone's head. You know, good God. Eighty teeth and no feet. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, really. I, I I do have a uh, anecdote for Rob Rob uh, Rob Leefield actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> back in the day, they used to have these ads in the books from American Entertainment, where they would write about all the hot books, 
and uh, there was a it was an ad for a brand new mutant title by Rob Liefeld called Youngblood. And I was big into the X Men, and we, me and my buddies, were like, "Holy cow, this is going to be a new, a new, uh, you know, mutant book." Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, he, well, he just started X Force. What's this going to be? And uh, the, what we figured was that it was going to be uh, the, like a new version of the New Mutants, yeah. because uh, New Mutants was canceled to make way for X Force, so there was no kid team yet. So we figured, oh, okay, this Young Blood, that's probably it. And so, you know, we marked it on our calendar. We didn't realize it wasn't coming out from Marvel. We did notice that it was more expensive than a Marvel book. <laughs> but because, uh, I mean, it, it was weird because it was this nebulous thing. It's like, is it Malibu? But there's an image logo. What? what who's yeah. publishing this? It who's was, printing it was this? strange at the time. Yeah, it they was sort of like, I don't know. You didn't know what, what company was doing what. Yeah. And so me and my buddy trudge up there the day it comes out and uh, it's already on the wall. This yes. is release day. And uh, it's, you know, I think it had either a $1.99 or a $2.50 price to, a price, cover price. Uh-huh. And it was on the wall, bagged and boarded for $5 the wow. day it was released. And uh, I was like, okay, I can't do it. There was no way I could do it. So, uh, but my buddy wanted to do it. And so uh, I was already buying, I, I think I had already spent whatever pittance I brought with me on, uh-huh. on some X title. And uh, he only had the 250 so we had to go. We had to walk back to his house, and then walk back up to the comic book store so you could pay five dollars wow. for Young Blood number one. And you know we do this, and it's 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 a whole day event at this point. Yeah, well, you and, said it was. Uh, it was even a, a couple of miles, right, or a mile. Yeah, it was. Like like, that, it was yeah. a, like a two or three mile walk. Wow. <laughs> It's and like, it's uh, like stand by me or something. Yeah, well, no, we did. We actually did walk the train tracks the whole way. So you want to see it a was dead like, comic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we get there, and he's like, he points to the wall. He's like, yeah, I want that one. And this numbskull behind the counter pulls out a box full of them, and they're all unbagged, unboarded. Wow. And he flops it on the counter, and he's like, I have five dollars. And my buddy's like, I want the one with the bag and board. And he's like, No, that's just for show. Are you fucking kidding? I mean, this is, no. this is, this is, you know, people want to wonder what happened to that speculator's yeah. bubble. Well, you're hearing some stories what happened to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, wow. And I'll never, never forget the guy behind the counter because we're like, Why is it so expensive? And he's like, It's Rob Leefield, man. It's Rob Leefield. <laughs> Leefield. Leefield, man. <laughs> what other, what nuts. other retail industry? Can do that. Can do that. I don't. I don't think there's one. Maybe. Maybe the jewelry industry. You know what I mean. Something Perhaps. like that. Uh, but but no, I, nowhere the, else. The, the same guy didn't price up the death of Superman. <laughs> so wow. It's like, but for Rob Leefield, man. Leefield, you, you, man. You know whatever he touches. It turns to something. This is. Uh, but, uh, yeah. This is all part of that crazy time, right? That speculation, oh, yeah. the speculator frenzy. Um. This is such a. Berserk time, you know, I remember in my life and again, like I said right around this time I was sort of walking away from comics taking a break from them for the most part Although I did stick in with Batman because that's the kind of guy I am and I actually did read like vertigo stuff at the time But I walked away from superheroes But I remember I'd go to friends houses that had never talked about comics never had mentioned a comic in their lives And they've got a short box of you know, whatever x-men and uh image comics. I was like yes. What is this and it was? The investment it was a it was really what kicked it off was an article in i think the wall street journal yeah, uh, I think it's 89 i believe it came out we you know with this we, we didn't do the kind of 
research we usually do for this. We're just kind of off the cuff, but I believe it was eighty nine ninety, and it said that comics and trading cards were a good investment. Um, mm-hmm. And then suddenly a bunch of people who never read a freaking comic or hadn't read a comic in many, many years, they showed up at the stores, and this is what drove all that stuff up. And this is really, yeah. I, I mean, what's... I'm surprised, Chris, that, that I mean, you kind of came up in this era. I'm surprised you didn't yeah. come screaming and say, I'm never looking at a damn comic again. You know what I mean? Because they basically, <laughs> they made, you know, but you know, all the comics companies just proved what major ripoff artists they can be. Maybe it was just, Absolutely. Like, that was like an, in, an early education in how, how the world works. And you were like, all right, I see how it is now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll be more wary next time I run out to uh, send my mom out to wait for a Superman comic. That's right. <laughs> and, you know, the speculation. You know, you you always hear the gag now. It's like you're gonna put your kids through college. You know, it's like oh, this this issue of Spawn's gonna put my kid through college. Yeah. And uh, I I only really bit the speculator bubble uh, three times, and it was all this year. Um, that was with Spawn number one, uh, Justice Society of America number one, and RoboCop versus Terminator number one. <laughs> yeah. Now. <laughs> Let's just, uh, so Spawn number one, I can see why, right? Image well, title, Todd McFarlane. I into getting. What, how, how's we'll that? that. Uh, we got to the store. We didn't even know this book was coming out. Uh-huh. This was different from Youngblood. Youngblood somehow we knew, but Spawn just showed up. And uh, I think we, I think we kind of actively talked ourselves into not caring about Todd McFarlane because all of his issues of Spider-Man were just so damn expensive. Mm. So I think we kind of talked ourselves into thinking, nah, we don't need to read that. But uh, we get to the store, and like I said, it's the size of a utility closet. And there's a dude, and I was going to call him an older dude, but he's probably not too much older than I am right now. <laughs> but uh, he, he's standing there, he's got his suit on, and he's trying to convince the uh, the guy behind the counter, the same guy, the Rob Leefield guy, uh, to sell him every single copy of Spawn Number 1. Wow. And... Uh, and I mean, like you look at comic stores now, and like if it's a, if it's a if it's not like a variant cover book, they they only buy a couple for the shelf. Usually, yeah. It's this. He had 250 copies of Spawn Number One. Wow. And this fool wanted all 250 of them, and uh, we thought for a minute he was going to get it. So. We each grabbed a copy. Because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's my last chance. Yeah, because I mean, I had my lunch money for the past couple of days saved up. I could put the two fifty down sure. on this or whatever it was. But uh, yeah, he wanted all two hundred and fifty of them, and uh, ultimately he wound up getting, I think, twenty five. Uh, but which are worth not a whole lot now. Not a whole lot, no. Uh, but, that was a big yeah, deal, though, you know. Spawn, yeah. and also was was a visually arresting book. It was oh, it was very nice. It was something very different. I remember that. I remember seeing early Spawn, and something that really struck me was the lettering was so it, it, not great. Tom really, Tom Wojciechowski. Oh, is that, is, is that who did it? But he, but he was mm-hmm. using so many crazy fonts. You know, it was almost like he uh, went a little overboard as far as but. It was new toys. The fact that they were doing it, though, I was like, wow, they are really, you know, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of Mad Magazine, even in that way. Plus, Spawn had a little (laughs) bit of a sense of humor about it. That was always a comic I, I, even though I I poo-pooed the whole era a minute ago. Probably the best of the launch. I would say that, to me, was the best. But even then, I I maybe saw four issues. I didn't buy any of them. That was a a friend of mine was still uh, in the mix buying buying these uh, image comics is how I really got to see any of them now. What about the old uh, JSA? What what looped you in on that one? 
it was a number one. It had to and, be done, uh, right? It had to be done, yes. And Superman was on the cover, or he was in it. And this was uh, right, I think, I want to say it was like right around the time that, that we found out about the death. So Superman stuff was going bonkers. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about Wizard a little bit. We don't want to go too long here, but uh, Wizard pretty much dictated what was going to be valuable and what wasn't going to be valuable. Yeah. And uh, uh, Almost so if, arbitrarily so, some would say. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I happen to have a few of these. Um, <laughs> but uh, th- we were getting these weird Superman appearances just going up in value ridiculously. So And it's like weird because I never really had an eye towards selling them. So it wasn't going to be like, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to cash in. It was just going to be like, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to own something that's valuable. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was Justice Society of America. And RoboCop versus Terminator was one of those that, you know, it was like a hot book. It was a wizard book. It was, you know, buy this book because it's going to be huge. Well, T2 and, had come out in 91, right? Yeah. So Terminator was huge. RoboCop, I don't yes. think was that huge, though, Chris. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> And it was to the point, like, I almost felt dirty buying it because I bought it and I, I, this was a Dark Horse comic and I owned zero Dark Horse comics. Yeah. And I had my one long box and I'm like, what that, where am I going to put this? You know, it's like, <laughs> where do I file this piece Uh-oh. of garbage? Now I got to start uh, a whole, uh, yeah, <laughs> a whole I got to put a, I got to get a tab. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I felt dirty having it with my, the books I actually cared about. And uh, that, that's kind of what broke me of the speculator thing, because I'm like, I I don't need this book. It, it's gross that it's in my collection well, for such a wrong reason. I mean, you you're a true comics fan. You know, you read mm. comics, you enjoy the yeah. stories, and and that's that's the big difference. Is uh, you know, having a valuable comic, yeah, that that's worth something to me and to anybody, obviously, who sure. likes, who likes money. Uh, but to me, the comics that are important to me, they're not worth anything. Yeah, you they're know? not a commodity. Um, Chris and I, you know, I do have a. Chris has a huge collection of single issues. I have a much smaller one, but the ones that I have that I've kept uh, through they're time, special. they're special to me, and they're not they're not worth anything. I think you could, you know, some of them you could buy for you know pennies out there, but uh, I like to look at them. I like to read them again. And this was a time when there were people. I mean, you know, my brother. Uh, when we were younger, we both read comics through the 80s and then uh, sort of in and out, whatever. But when the speculating happened, my brother would buy these comics mm-hmm. and put them right into a sleeve and a board. He ne- never opened, you know what I mean? He ne- he did not read a comic from probably 89 to 92 or 3. Uh, but he bought all of them. I bought almost all of them. Uh, you know, yep. he, he, he didn't... This was a time, too, by the way, if you were an adult and had a decent job, you could still buy entire... I'm giving you all the Marvels, for example. You know, you, that's something yeah. I really don't think you could do today, uh, no. unless you are like, you know, Donald Trump, or you know, you have a ton of money. But if you're a regular middle class person, you really. But back then, you still could. Uh, but actually, he, Donald Trump spoke out about all the variants on Star Wars number one. Is he that, couldn't is, afford them. He, yeah. said, he said he wanted to put an end to that. He said, yeah. He said uh, this is too much. You're price gouging. You know, that's it. You know, we're putting an end to this practice. But um, yeah, my brother. Uh, yeah, he 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 would buy a lot. I, you know, he read Wizard also, so he he would look yep. and see what was big and buy X Men and and definitely like I I do have a polybagged Superman I think somewhere in a wine box in my closet in a stack of stuff that's just stuff that I've kept since a kid. His was he kept it in those hard 
plastic sleeves oh, you know what I'm talking about wow. so that's it got yeah. special almost like an oversized card sleeve mm-hmm. uh he kept it he kept it special and still it doesn't you can keep it as special as you want it's still worth about 16 bucks at best you know <laughs> yeah when they flood the market with with millions of copies eh? yeah it's... millions i mean there's so many yeah. of them it's uh it's uh, i'm sure that I'm, we should really be shipping those overseas for uh people that need reading material. We have plenty of them. I just, I just did a, I did a quick look on uh, mycomicshop.com to see about how, you, how your books are doing now. Uh, for Justice Society of America, number one, in uh, in fine condition. That's four dollars and eighty cents. So Ooh. you made you made a you made a nice profit there. I did over you know twenty something <laughs> years. Thirty. Years. <laughs> uh, the Terminator, Robocop versus Terminator, that uh, in very fine condition. That means, mm-hmm. you know, pristine, no no nicks, no creases, uh, $2.99. So, <laughs> not, not, not At the least best. it didn't go down. Yeah, it's true. It didn't go down. It didn't go up, really, either. Uh, I just want to, I want to see if I can find uh, Spawn also while I'm okay. here. No, I can't. Yeah, I just oh, I get too many great. returns for a Spawn. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that just that just really goes to show you. you know, people talk to me, and you know, I'm not a huge collector um, as far as you know for value. But people talk to me yeah. about you know, oh, is that still a still a thing? Still good value? I'm like, yeah. you could make a living flipping comics. Uh, oh yeah. A lot of it is grinding though. A lot of it you're going to be making fifty. You're cents. putting in a lot of hours. Yeah. yeah. I, I, and you, you know, you're not you're not you're not buying a comic for two dollars and making fifty. You're buying a comic for two and selling it for three if you're if you're lucky. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, that'll be most of yours, but the comics in the world that are really valuable, uh, what are they, Chris? Like twenty? Like really valuable? You know what I mean? Maybe. That are worth a couple yeah, hundred a bucks. Uh, yeah, I mean you got you got, you know, action, detective mm-hmm. twenty seven. You got amazing fantasy fifteen, and yep. Captain America number one. Obviously, the, those are the big ones. Sure. And then you got Marvel like, Comics number one. Marvel number one, and you know, F, oh, there, there, there's quite a few if you can get them in decent condition. But then after that, after you get rid of like I'd say a dozen. You really are, are hitting the bottom of the barrel. It's like the first appearance of Wolverine's worth like 150, 200 bucks in, in good condition, and uh, yeah. there's really there's really only a handful left out there that 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 will make you any you know windfall money. That'll change your life. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like the Action Comics is an outlier, so it's but people saw it as being like, well, if Action Comics sells mm-hmm. for a million and a half, maybe I can make a million and a half on freaking Young Blood number one. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, it was funny because the night that the de- the death of Superman came out, that night uh, my my family went to the uh, flea market, and every single stand at the flea market was selling. I, I, I say that they sold comic book. <laughs> that was it. They, yeah, they sold one comic book, and it was uh, Superman seventy five, and they were varying prices. Uh, I think the lowest price that I saw it that night was like sixteen bucks. Wow! And uh, they they were into the triple digits. That's unbelievable. And, uh, and because and this they, is those, all those people, market. those people, yeah, they they didn't buy at a markdown. That they didn't have yeah. a, a a you know license to buy wholesale from uh, nope. any of the distributors. So yeah, or, they yeah. they went to the store. They paid whatever markup the store had, and then they mm-hmm. remarked it up. Um, you see the problem here, economic students. Why this? <laughs> why this couldn't be sustained indefinitely? But bigger than cards. Uh, sorry, in comics in my mind were the trading cards at the time. Um, that, ooh, even though I yeah. probably knew less, you know, I knew I know less about them intimately. But I I remember seeing them everywhere of every type. I mean, you know, uh, pharmacies just had like entire sections that used to be dedicated to like medicine. 
<laughs> are now dedicated to trading cards. <laughs> Who needs it? It was, uh, you know, something obviously that started with the sports cards, but mm-hmm. by '92 there was there was like a card for almost everything in the in the universe. You know, there was so yeah. many of them. Uh, you collected some of them, right? You got some of the comics books cards. I, I went I went in with a Marvel uh, Universe series number three. And that was uh, that was my gateway into the the non sports trading card world. And uh, well, did you did it, you do sports huge. before that or? My father did, yeah. and uh, I I still have them. But I mean they they really didn't capture me. You know, right, it, I, hear I you. think and it was a lot of it was due to the collector mindset. I think I have a little bit of an obsessive streak in me. Uh, and these damn things come with a checklist. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> So it's you, you know if you, if you got it you gotta have them all. A handy dandy way to raise your OCD, right? There you go. <laughs> Why not? And, uh, and you know they had the chase cards, and and you know a thing or two about the chase cards. Yeah, well you know this was uh, the craze was set off in 1990 by Upper Deck. You know there were people that had done chase cards mm-hmm. previous to this actually. When, mm-hmm. when I going back into it, I found out that in the 60s, I believe it was Tops were the only card company that were licensed to sell gum. In their car, oh, in their cards, okay. and that was the incentive. In fact, going back a lot further, going into the fifties, bubblegum cards. Yeah, pe- people bought them for the gum. Yeah. They were buying the gum. They paid a nickel for gum, and they were like, oh, "I get a free card out of it. Let me put it in my bike bicycle spokes." Uh, but <laughs> by the sixties, there were people already starting to collect them, and you know, sports fans always have been fans of collecting these things for sure. obvious reasons. But uh, but Tops, I believe it was Tops. I could be wrong about that, but one company was allowed to do gum, so the other two at the time that did any kind of sports cards, they had to have an incentive to get people to buy them over the gum ones, and they would do chase cards, which were limited edition mm-hmm. cards that would be only in certain packs. Or uh, One of them actually even did like... Uh, in the pack was a gift. I, I you know From what it sounded like, you could get like a little Cupid doll or something. Which oh, sounds wow. strange to me because you'd kind of see it the minute you grab the pack, right? It would, <laughs> wouldn't it have a bump in it, but I don't, I don't know how that worked. Maybe it was uh, a lot smaller than I think. But what really set it off was uh, Upper Deck had a Find the Reggie promotion. And it was Reg- That's right. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> former New York Yankee Reggie Jackson signed 2,500 special Heroes cards. Signed by hand. This wasn't printed. Uh, and these were inserted into random packs. And yes, I did mention it because I am Reggie. But I mean, you got to think about this though. You know, like you, you could, you could spend uh, a quarter. I bet still was. Maybe it was fifty cents. I don't know. But sure. uh, on a on a pack of upper deck cards and find something worth quite a bit of freaking money. You know what I mean? A couple hundred bucks even. Absolutely. So people, this is like the golden ticket. And then. Uh, like everything we're talking about, the market was so saturated with them. You know, you, you, yeah, mean, you, you know, it, w- <laughs> when when you when you're inserting two million chase cards into a series, yep. they're not rare anymore, folks. They are. No. <laughs> there's plenty of them. Uh, and they did <laughs> and, they did this for Marvel also. They like it this, got, right? Yeah, because it got so big that uh, you know, if you bought them at a comic book store, the you know the owner of the store would have they they. They'd sometimes ask you to open the pack there because they would buy things back from you. Wow. Because if you had a chase card that you, you know, already had or you just didn't care for, they would offer you money or they would offer you more packs of cards. Unbelievable. It was nuts and uh and it was weird because we had some stores that would uh that would leave the boxes out for you and then there were other ones that would have them behind the counter and when you asked for one they would give you one. Because people had a system where you knew which pack in every box had the special card, even though it was it was there was no scientific 
empirical what? standing in this. It was like, it's like, okay, well, I know it's, you know, on the top right, it's the fourth one down. It's like everybody, it was like a schoolyard thing. Everybody had their system to where, oh, that's where I got the Venom hologram. So, I mean, that, that's, that's pure gambling. That's all it is. It it's is. pure, just, it uh, just is. might as well just give you a lottery ticket. Jeez, what? <laughs> that's insane. I didn't realize it got that deep. Oh, it was so nuts because it's like we had people who we had shops that would open the boxes and they'd mix the packs up to mess up people's oh my systems. God. Oh, it was so lame. That is so bad. Come on. I mean, folks, <laughs> go, go to the factory where the cards are made. You'll see they're not that, it's not that scientific. You know, they, uh, yeah, the guys who work there are sick of seeing them. Jeez, that's so, that's so funny, man. <laughs> But, uh, but, uh, but but you stuck to the comic stuff mainly, right? Am I, am I, I did right about that because yeah. because the cards the cards were uh, if you bought them at the comic store, you were buying them for like two or three dollars a pack. And like you said, they're at the pharmacy for three for a dollar. Yeah. So it's you know you go there, you buy them, you run like you stole something, and then you know you try to sell them back to the guy at the comic store if you have doubles. But uh, it was a. Uh, very strange because even even I got into the X Men action figures at this point, and uh, you know just to collect, not to play with, of course, yeah. wink, wink. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was the same thing at the uh, at the comic store. You know, you you have the X Men figure for ten dollars, or you can go down the block to Kmart and they're three ninety nine. Yeah, four bucks. Yeah, four so, bucks. It's it's such a weird different mindset because yeah. now comic stores are so desperate for your business. They'll, you know, they'll they, give anything away, yeah. Whatever you like, you know what I mean? It's like you you know, you want to buy one, get two free, whatever it is, please. We need we need cash in the till. Uh, but back <laughs> yeah, then they, they ran the show. And you know, it's worth saying though, too, there were a lot more comic stores. Oh yeah. A lot. I mean, there were, you know, I, I don't have the figure in front of me, but when the, when this all did collapse, Something like a thousand or more than a thousand closed across the country. So, oh, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's a conservative. I think number. that is conservative. I, I think I think if you probably go over, you know, looking at it over, you know, a decade or even five years, you'll see that it was a lot of. Oh yeah, a lot of stores. Within, within walking distance, we had five that uh, wow. that weren't there in '91, and then they weren't there in '94. Wow, so, that's but, so uh, yeah. crazy. That was just within walking distance. It was really crazy. Yeah. Um. And and you know we we talked about Wizard driving these prices up. These cards also did it as well because a lot of them had stats on the back. Oh, they all had stats on yep. the back. So you'd find out that you know Wolverine's first appearances, whatever book, which you know brings it to, brings a whole new set of eyes to the speculation and the collection and the the key element of each issue. Yeah. Well, now you got a so, number. Yeah, you now you, it's like, oh wow, I know it's Incredible Hulk number 180. You know, it's like, so you know that drives the price up. And they also they would celebrate crossovers. So it's like, oh the you know the big battle of 1989, Atlantis attacks, and then all of a sudden Atlantis attacks books are going up in value. It was just a uh, such a weird way. And because I I even bought, and I think I mentioned this earlier in the chat that uh, I bought slapstick number one. That's right. Because I bought the because his trading card came out before the comic, and it said that his first appearance was slapstick number one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, yes, I got one. Mm. You know, <laughs> got your head the same one they mentioned on the card. Oh, that's, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> I, I remember a lot of these cards. I don't know whether they were special ones or special series, but they were printed over foil, four color printed over foil. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't look that great. They did not. No. <laughs> I just remember it not being a quality. <laughs> I know, you know, it was the same thing with the uh, baseball cards, too. I knew a guy when I was in high school that had already been a huge baseball card collector, even as a kid. But at this time, he was, you know, going nuts, as you might imagine. 
And, uh, you know, there's something about a classic baseball card from the 70s or 80s. It's just like a picture of the guy or a sports card, whatever, a picture of a guy's (laughs) head or a picture of a guy in action. But then they got nuts. I mean, they had all kinds of crap on the borders. They had triple yep. borders, layers of foil all over them. I was like, is there a, <laughs> is there an athlete on this card anywhere? I can't. I don't know where he's at. Uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. And again, like looking in hindsight, you're just like, this. How is this going to last? Just production costs yeah. alone is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But people were hoping this was going to be uh, the new economy, the new and, normal. Yep. You know, that money would go away, and we'd all be trading. Uh, you know. Storm. I'll give you a Storm card for a, uh, <laughs> for a for a new Lexus. Exactly. You know. There you go. That's. I'll give you a Storm card if you clean my Storm drains. That's how. That's my uh, <laughs> my deal for you. Uh, didn't work out that way. No. Um, no. Are we gonna go? You want to go into uh, Wizard here? We'll do a little bit of Wizard. Yeah. yeah this is uh, a lot of people know Wizard magazine and uh, also uh, the Diamond Previews catalog, which uh, which began began out began being a public consumption magazine in 1991. But uh, these things were uh, basically the Bible of collecting. They would tell you what the, you know, they, it was like, these are the blue chip books, yep. you know? They had the hot 10, and it would be, uh, you know, we talked about how they controlled things, and the Superman thing, there was an issue of Superman that was the last chapter of Panic in the Sky. Nothing happened that would affect anything else in this story, but somehow Wizard got it in their head that that was the first appearance of Doomsday. So you could not find this book because Wizard said this is the first appearance of Doomsday. Wow. Yeah, like even like DC came out and said, no, it's not. Yeah. (laughs) You would would have thought that comics fans would would eventually be like, "Uh, I looked at it. But, you know, it it says so much because there were so many people that didn't. Didn't read it. Didn't crack the cover. They never knew. You know what I mean? You could have said anything was in there. They never knew. Uh, that's, That's so amazing. Yeah, and I mean these these magazines were becoming collectors' items. You know, bags and boards, long boxes, wider long boxes for Wizard and previews were showing up at the shops. Um, I, I even sent you a picture of a Wizard uh, of a Wizard price guide with previews. Yeah. In the price guide, I mean they were price guiding their own magazines. <laughs> well, it, there was an ad that was like it was, and one of the things was, is it yes. collectible? And it's like, yes. <laughs> You bet your sweet ass. Everything is collectible, buddy. Don't don't throw anything away. And, uh, and I can't lie. I, I've got about 150 previews magazines coming back from 1991 up in my room. Well, I mean, that, that's a fascinating historical record. Yes. But it's not worth crap. I mean, you know what I mean? Oh, even, no. Even a Life magazine from 1950 you know, isn't worth that sure. much. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> the inflation is ridiculous. And so these are comic books, for God's sake. It's, yeah. There really is. I, I think what they found and what I hope that companies are now is there really is a limited audience when you really get down to it. There's only yes. you're, you're going to max out eventually on how much you can squeeze from these people, but uh, <laughs> they didn't look at it that way. And I guess they had bolstered the audience with uh, what John Byrne would call citizens, right? The uh, yes, the yes, regular, yeah. the mere humans that don't read comics for a living or whatever. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that's a good overview. I think of yeah. a lot of 1992. We got a couple of honorable mentions we want to go through real quick of uh, other important things to both of us. Uh, one of them is the Marvel's 2099 line, uh, which I remember really well. I was actually really into this line when it first came out, uh, which was strange because if you think about it, it's sort of like the ultimate 90s extreme yeah. revamp. But I love the idea of a future uh, heroes, you know what I mean? And, sure. I, and, and I love the idea of a whole new world of things that would not, you know, I could... 
kind of step into a new universe and not have to be, and it wasn't going to be the, uh, what was that shooter thing? The, uh, the new, new universe. The new universe, yeah. It wasn't that. It was, <laughs> <laughs> to me, it was cooler. Although I, I didn't hang in out of that long, so I obviously didn't love it so much, but I definitely Nobody had all. Nobody did. For Spider-Man, Ravage, Doom, and Punisher, uh, I, I definitely hung in on Spider-Man probably for three to four issues, but I had all the first ones on, on this. I really liked it a lot. Yeah. And it's back now, awesome. isn't it, sort of? Uh, Spider-Man 2099 is back. Uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't followed it in a while, but uh, I know that it at least at least a few months ago is still coming out. Yeah, who knows? Marvel, it might be a new number one. Who knows? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was uh, 1992 was also the 30th anniversary of Spider-Man, which uh, would see the return of his parents, which would uh, ultimately be revealed as robots. Spoilers. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also got the first appearance of another hot 90s character, Carnage. Oh, yeah. Um, and perhaps two of the worst holograms to be featured on a comic book cover. <laughs> oh my God! These I will. I what 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 issues were these? You know offhand. The, I don't know the actual numbers, but I know there were four Spider-Man books, and each of them got these. It was like a like a different color web, and then in the middle it would be like a, a hologram. Yeah. Oh and, God. Uh, they, you had to hold them up to like. You couldn't hold them up to the sun and see them, you well, know? Let me just say a quick thing about holograms, okay? <laughs> and, and holograms on comics at, at that era. What they were using was really a technology that had come out, like, 15 years before that. You know what I mean? Like, those kind of holograms that, that you can see on a sticker or on, you know, a reflective surface, that was something that was a real hot topic in 78, 77 by this time, it was, you know, it, you could see how flawed it was and how Spider-Man <laughs> kind of looked like a collection of grapes, you know, more than it actually looked like <laughs> Spider-Man, you know. Uh, I, I, you know, there were there were a lot of holograms at this time, and I remember not liking any of them, but for some reason, these Spider-Man holograms, they always stuck out to me like, no, these were just ugly. <laughs> they were bad. Uh, and, and, of course, now, when you, you know, they look like... Uh, Nothing. You know, a lot of them, they just yeah, faded they, away. Yeah, the battery wear. Yeah, off. something. <laughs> they just turned into uh, like a piece of gray, gray film on your comic. Pretty much, pretty much. Uh, one of the one of the uh, honorable mentions that's important to me is uh, my first X-Men crossover, which was the Executionist song. Mm. Uh, this is where they, they, uh, they said that Strife was the child that Cyclops uh, sent to the future. Um, this is before they... Changed it to be Cable instead because uh, I don't think anybody was too keen on a bad guy being uh, the son of Cyclops. Yeah. Um, this also was the introduction of the Legacy Virus, which stuck around with the X Men titles for the entire '90s. This was like a uh, this was like a, a, a kind of like an analog to AIDS, but it only affected mutants. Oh. Uh, yeah, it eventually branched out into humanity, but uh, that you know, which just you know fomented the anti mutant hysteria a bit more. It was a uh, it was a great idea. It really, uh, it would fall back on the back burner a little too often to actually be important. Hmm. Uh, like, Did you'd anybody, see, like, anybody catch the legacy virus that was uh, notable and quotable? Magic. Uh, oh. Ma- uh, Ilyana Rasputin, she died from it. She was the first um, fatality, um, which, you know, was only a couple issues after the execution of song. So we all thought, like, oh, crap, this is serious. You know, they're going to. They're, they're, they're going to start killing people. And then they just, and then it's like, uh, hey, we have this uh, clone of Psylocke. Yeah, we'll give it to her. <laughs> and wow. it's like, it got really, really bad. And uh, ultimately, it it, 
it was one of those things that Grant Morrison wanted out of the way. Uh-huh. He came on to X-Men, so like an issue or two before he showed up, uh, Scott Lobdell came back and, and took care of the legacy virus. Just next. cured it up real quick. He was like, yeah. dup, 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 it's fine. <laughs> no, it's done. <laughs> and, Another uh, one, well, yeah, the X-Trader. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, Uncanny X-Men number 287. This is another wizard book because because oh. uh, this is uh, when Bishop came back to the past and found a video clip of uh, a traitor within the midst of the X-Men. So there was all this uh, – people were speculating on who this was. So key issues for every suspect oh my became goodness. valuable. Because like everyone cow. thought it was Gambit. So like the first five appearances of Gambit just skyrocketed in price. Well, well they, they, and, they, 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 there was going to be clues in those – Issues yeah. again. That was the idea. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's very yep. silly. Which stuff. they had no idea. I yeah. mean, this was this was right after everybody left to go to Image, so nobody knew what you know, the no. the the baton was dropped. It wasn't passed. Exactly. Yeah. That, <laughs> and usually stories. Very few writers can do real long form stories like that. You know, that that no. are seeded so long in advance. So yeah. this was this was after the days of Claremont. Yeah. That's exactly the fella I was thinking about. <laughs> Uh, another big deal that year. Uh, I don't actually remember this personally, but I do know it happened in Alpha Flight and 106 North Star comes out. But as I recall, it wasn't really. He didn't. No one said the word gay. Yeah. Nothing was really super uh, obvious. Didn't they want? Didn't they want to make him get AIDS too? Like they, they wanted him to die of AIDS. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was actually an article in Wizard that I read the other day. Wow. <laughs> as luck would have. But uh, yeah, it was an AIDS awareness story. But this has got to be. Was this the first gay character? Or was there? Uh, Marvel had another one. Uh, I think this was the first high profile. Okay. Uh, quote unquote high profile, depending yeah, on your really. noise knowledge. That's true. But, uh, he, he, he an alpha X-Man. Flight, you know. <laughs> well, he, he would eventually become one, but That's uh, true. not at this point. <laughs> well, now now they got you know they got plenty of gay characters in the X Men. It's not a big deal, but back then. Yeah. I think they were it's like, a hey, well, we're already mutants. We can't take another hit here. You know, we're already disliked <laughs> by the public. How, how many boxes are we going to check off? Come on. And uh, I think we're just going to wrap it up with one more yeah. one more thing at the bottom here, um, which is important to young animal, is that at this time, the seeds of what we would come to know as Vertigo had uh, been seeded. Um, mm-hmm. The Doom Patrol by Grant Morrison and Richard Case, which, you know, is the definitely the DNA of the current run of Doom Patrol, as well Absolutely. as Doom Force number one was released this year, which is one of the best comics, singular comics you could ever get. <laughs> it's a total satire of the image kind of look and whatever the, uh, you know, what was going on at Marvel. It, it really yes. is hysterical. I think I I always think about, I always think about Shasta the Living Mountain. I loved him. <laughs> it's uh, very Rob Leefield. It is very. It looks very <laughs> Leefieldian. I would say uh, this is also uh, Shade the Changing Man by Peter Milligan yep. and Chris Bacalo was coming out. Um, Animal Animal Man was still running. Now these were all DC comics. Yeah. Uh, Swamp Thing, Hellblazer. That was a DC comic, Chris. Really? Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sandman, which in its first yep. arc actually interacts with the DCU. Uh, which I think I wonder if that seems to confuse some Sandman fans. So it does. All these books in the following year is when Vertigo would be uh, January. So yep. yeah, we're right up on on the edge of it. Even as we're talking about Death of Superman, uh, and all these books, I, th- I believe still now, if you buy the trades, they're still under the Vertigo imprint, right? They they're branded that. as Vertigo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which makes sense. But these these were the seeds. These were people were realizing that there was a market for. Comics that weren't just going to be about you know beat 'em up superhero stories, and uh, they were hanging around there. And thanks to those comics, that's why Chris and I have a segment today 
on yes. the Weird Science DC Comics dot com podcast talking about the weirdest books DC puts out. Mm-hmm. And that's just where we like to be. But, uh, you know, there was even more stuff to talk about in uh, 1992. And I'm sure that you guys out there um, have memories of 92, even though some of them might be, you know, I learned to write full sentences that year, whatever it yep, was. I uh, ate solid foods, yes. You know, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you think. You know, um, you can definitely email us directly. I don't, I don't usually give this email out for this segment, but if you want to email us directly about your 1992 recollections where a weird comics history at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And of course you can find us on Twitter and we're always in that crazy Twitter <laughs> chat where we can talk about that. But, uh, that'll be, I think it for us this week, Chris, uh, you got anything else for him? I'm thinking maybe after the, uh, after the episode goes up, maybe I'll put a post up on the Reddit for uh, 1992 so people can share. And, uh, cause I, 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 these are, these are the stories I love almost more than the, what's between the covers. I, I love hearing where, where you were, Absolutely. Where, what, you, you know, what was on the TV in the background when you were reading this book, what, you know, we, your grandmother's house, you know, what was cooking on the stove? I, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you never know. You might get a post from some guy who said, I tried to sell this uh, $5 Youngblood comic to these kids <laughs> in 92 and told them it was Rob Leefield, you know? Yes. Be like, it was you, you, you son of a, anyway. <laughs> Um, anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Let us know what you yes. thought of this segment. I, I had a good time with it, and uh, it definitely, time, yeah. definitely would think about doing another year like this again on an off week. But uh, until next time, we keep it young and animalistic. See ya. I never come from the temple of simple rappers. Your rap's poor. I'm on track. I lap yours. Collapse yours. Elapse forever. You're never gonna get better. So when I'm talking to my wife And shaming people who are lame I always mention Eric Shay Some people like to hear the news Some people love all the reviews The thing that I look forward to it's Mel, it's Mel, it's Mel, Mel with Jim, Mel with Jim. All the nonsense we think of, stories of the things we do, everything that we send in, we love that it's going to Mel with Jim. All right, Eric. It's Mail with Eric, right? That's the name of that song? No. That's the name of that that tune. Mail with Eric. That's what I say. With Eric, with Eric. Mail with Eric, right? Are you high? You would never say that. Oh, Jesus. Maybe I am high. Maybe I'm just tired, Eric. Maybe I'm tired. This is the last mail section, so I'm allowed to be tired, right? That's my right as an American to be tired. That's a get fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. Mail section number four. Get fresh crew. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah.
There goes all of my turkey dinner and some jalapeno chips right there, my friend. Mail section number four. And the first mail, Eric, is from Rocky. Oh, yeah? Rocky's yeah. back. Uh, I was actually waiting for an, oh, shit. I see you typing something. I hear you, you son of a bitch. Rocky says, hi, guys. Great podcasting as usual. I'm curious as to your thoughts on the current atmosphere of the state of comics from a D.C., versus marvel perspective i do not mean to start a flame war from my perspective number one i view marvel comics as the donald trump of the industry their stories are relentlessly depressing with a focus on trying to portray members of the police states as heroes death of x is dark and gloomy with two random groups of crazies inhumans and x-men running around projecting their grievances on humanity with humanity relying on the militaristic forces of shield to protect them from all threats even ones that a single inhuman dreams about eric it is one giant insane and crazy universe where the primary feature of most of all the characters is that they are conflicted and gray nothing is black and white anymore with the characters most marvel characters are narratively forced to appear virtuous not by doing right but rather by being indecisive it seems like one big giant mess of emotions where no one really stands for anything and therefore they fall for anything the only good thing to come out of the narrative of civil war ii so far the kids and teenagers who appear far more rational than the adults go champions and yeah champions is that's all i hear over and over again people go champions. really yeah. really en- enjoy and yes that is the kids kind of saying fuck this nonsense and in fact really pushed it to the extreme because a young cyclops shows up and they're like fucking let's go let's make s'mores there fucking cyclops <laughs> i don't care what they say you're going to do later on in life let's eat some s'mores because everybody but jim werner likes s'mores and That's he right. says, number two, now compare monster. that to DC Rebirth by sticking to what has made their characters great and sticking to the idea that right and wrong are indeed distinguishable from each other. They have revitalized their sales and excitement of fans. I've always had a DC bias in my collecting, but I certainly give Marvel credit for some pretty good stories over the years. But man, Marvel really seems to be dropping the ball over the last five years or so. I can't be the only one who feels like Rebirth is exactly what comic book fans, both DC and Marvel, etc., desperately need. Some bloody hope, not just damn uh, pessimism. I agree with that. Uh, and he says, I read the latest issue of Civil War II, number seven, and it really stood out to me just how much I dislike what the Marvel Universe has become. Are the readers really supposed to find something heroic in Carol Danvers or the narcissist Tony Stark? Or the uh, or Medusa slash Inhumans, three crybaby forces throwing a tantrum over who gets control and insecure psychic. It is really hard for me to be sympathetic to Carol Danvers when she believes she can arrest anybody for the simple fact of showing up in some teenager's dream. She should have a swastika on her costume, Eric, not a star. <laughs> is this yeah, what being female see. and heroic in the Marvel Universe has did? Uh, Denigrated too. Is there going to be the inspiration for Captain Marvel in the Marvel movies? God help us. It'll be weird if they ever do get around to doing like a Civil War two movie like down the shit. line because nobody likes it. Anyways, I know that I don't need to tell you guys the many ways that DC is presently so very different for them Marvel for their stories. But don't you find it depressing? I know that you do not like to talk politics in your podcast, given the volatile nature of the recent U.S. election. I don't blame you. However, the comparisons and similarities between real-life political divides and Marvel and DC's differing narrative approaches are unavoidable. Hint. I would love you to dedicate a podcast to the topic. You guys are good at covering differing perspectives. 
Uh, I personally believe that a major uh, contributing factor to Marvel's recent marketing woes is their relentless pessimism and darkness in their stories over the last five years. Nothing ever gets better. There is never any reason for any Marvel hero to celebrate doom and gloom, he says. They have been abandoned. It's so weird because I I don't read a lot of Marvel, but this seems like everything that everybody was saying about the new 52 for the past five years. It does. And we always heard like, boy, that Marvel, that's a lot of fun. Now that goes back a little bit more than five years now so maybe at that one little point you know that one year or so people were all excited but yeah i uh, i'll tell you at the end i'll tell you my uh. my whole idea but they have even abandoned their own heroes in favor of replacement uh replacing them with villains kind of like uh, putting trump in the white house and just like trump came in second the popular vote marvel is second in sales coincidence i'm not so sure i just know that i find solace in reading dc rebirth totals like superman and wonder woman that make me feel good and actually make me smile and where two or more very different readers can finish an issue and actually agree on what is right and wrong after reading it I salute DC Comics for providing what longtime collectors like myself have always known, namely that high-quality stories can be told and embrace the better angels of our nature and still have high sales. And he says, number three, I want to end by encouraging you and your podcasting to never apologize for having an opinion or, God forbid, touch upon what might be seen or actually be political topics. Comic books are part of our social fabric. They're uh, reflective of who and what we believe in and warts and all. We reside in a world where fewer and fewer people know how to constructively criticize or debate anymore. Everyone seems so damn angry. Let your podcast continue to be an example of what so many people, not just passionate fanboys and girls, need to learn, i.e. how to make observations, insights, and criticisms without denigrating those who might feel different. Have a few laughs while doing so. Thank you for your continuing podcasting and funny, insightful commentary. Stay the course. Peace out, says Rocky. Now, I'll tell you. I don't read every Marvel book. We do the Marvel Monday sort of thing, and I have a couple books. Uh, a lot of other people are, you know, jump in, and really, I hate to be that guy who complains about being busy all the time. But on Marvel Monday, when we're going to do this, well, first off, we do the podcast. It takes all week now. Anyway, yeah. it's always something is going on each day with podcasting. Uh, it is Saturday right now. Actually, now it's Sunday morning because it's two a.m. But we do stay up late. And uh, to the point where it becomes early when we're podcasting. So I go to bed, I wake up, and then my whole Sunday is getting the podcast edited. Yep. Then on Monday, when we're doing the Marvel stuff, like I don't have a lot of time to read other books. On Marvel Monday that we have, I also are involved in editing a bunch of other people's reviews and stuff like that. And I wish I had more time. But what I have found is that in my little bit of books, they're not very fun, like you said. But the ones that are fun are just like really goofy, like say a Deadpool or you know stuff like that. I just don't get the idea that the stories mean as much as what I'm reading in DC. But I'm more invest. I'm more invested in DC. But what we thought when we really started Marvel Monday, where me and you would talk at work and like, oh, the Marvel, we we were liking that at that point. Kind of seemed a little bit more fun. But really, it really wasn't, and I'm, no, I've not been it's impressed. Going nowhere. Yeah, I've not been impressed at all, especially when I'll have books from writers that I only had heard, you know, mention, and and really, like you said, Brian Michael Bendis, where I'm like, oh man, all right, I have one of his books, and I had right away Brandon and Reggie, like, yeah, get ready because you know it's going to be very talky and stuff like that, and I found that out, and just like that, it just. 
I don't know. It just doesn't seem as fun. I do so really ha- like... Half the Marvel books that I review anymore are Civil War II times. It seems yeah. like and and since still... I'm not reading that event, it, yeah. like, I cannot get anything out of these t- like, titles yeah. alone. Yeah. I'm telling you, my so favorite, here, but I don't get the full story. Yeah, my favorite one is uh, all new Wolverine. Yeah, and I really do enjoy that. But even then, it's not a you know, it's it's okay. I like it, but it, that is my favorite Marvel book. I tried to explain to you this week. It's like uh, my favorite Marvel book is getting the same reviews as stuff that I consider uh, a disappointment now in Rebirth. It really has, and yet I don't know. But really, I don't have tons to say. I have kept up with Civil War II, but while I'm reading it, it's almost like because of the delays and things like that, I just I've lost interest. Yeah, uh, I'm Brandon just not just with any of the Marvel characters. Yeah. It seems like anymore. And, and really, if you want to talk about the sales and things like this, you do have, like I said, like we said earlier in the podcast, you have a book like a Gotham Academy. Second semester where I'm like, oh, you know what? It doesn't have that rebirth brand, so it's going to have problems. Right now, where I said I hated books running over. When rebirth started, I really thought they should have stopped every book and just rebirth the whole thing right away and go on with that. Fucking Marvel is doing the worst thing. First off, you, you are having number one issues that are involved in a crossover. That that should, that is fucking nonsense. Also, half of the books are dealing with the post fucking Civil War two story that hasn't ended. That's that is worst. again a bunch of nonsense. Then you have these carryovers that have you know say it's a uh, you know Eric Shea number sixteen, but we'll say that Marvel now starts here with then it'll say the arc with the number one and it, well, Tony, it's just even the confusing one time I was reviewing Mockingbird and in that story it was all about you know freaking uh, Bobby being upset about Clint Barton being uh, like arrested and put yeah, on trial for yeah. murdering but yeah, I talked to you about it oh yeah he's already acquitted it's all over yeah like, he was already out and, yeah. and also to me where you have Rebirth where Rocky said like oh it has the you know everything that people want it back and things like that not only that but it really was stressed, and I'm sure almost all the people at comic stores and all that, even if they weren't quote-unquote DC fans, at least they can say, listen, uh, DC is trying to get a good jumping-on point for you. You know, even if they're going to you know, spin it as a negative, like, yeah, they say that it's this, but really that's what seems to be what it is. So you have these people where they're like, oh, I really wanted to get into comics. This is how I got into New 52 because they spelled that out. And really that was more of a better, you know, jumping on point because they're going to give you new things. But even now they're like, okay, listen, they have rebirth. You know, you like Superman, try the Superman action comics. Okay. I'm going to do that. You look at the Marvel lineup and we see all these books when they were announced and things like that. And at, at the, even the original, you know, the first bit of the lineup, not like they've been adding stuff or getting rid of stuff, whatnot. But we even said, this is the fucking lineup. Look at this fucking, you know, there really wasn't. You have fucking, you know, the prowler. Aaron. Yeah, I'm telling you, for his solo. Fucking half of the mercs for money have their own books and shit. You have Fool Killer. What, what Fool the, Killer. Yeah, what the hell are you talking about? You, you're really doing this. Fucking nonsense. And and they're so pig-headed that they don't want any fucking Fantastic Four books and things like that. It's, it's just nonsense. It really is. What do you think? Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. 
I needed I, a drink. That's why I said. Just, I don't know what you want me. You just did the whole thing. Hey, what do you think? We were just talking together the whole time. That's like, what we said. I just need a drink. I still do. I, I got, got you. a tickle in my throat. You you tell me what your favorite Marvel Now book is. I don't know if I even have a Marvel Now book at this point. Yeah, I'm still doing the uh, all new, all different. Yeah, you are. You have uh, uh, Thor and you know stuff like that. But we'll like, see what... I, I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy, but I don't know if the issues come out in a while. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm telling you, I can't even. That's the other thing. All of a sudden, they'll have books that come out every week for three weeks, and then you don't yeah. see them for the. I just, I can't get a grip on all of them. And that's really my end opinion of it. Is it just doesn't seem to be an easy way in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't really get a grip, and we are trying to. We're reviewing some of the books, and we have other people reviewing the rest. But I don't get an overall feeling of what this universe is up to right now. I really don't. And I'm, just I'm not invested you, in the characters at all. They, they are so. I don't care. I, I don't know that that DC has anything that could be quite on par with these Inhumans because I can't find anybody who likes them. We <laughs> we beg people to review them. I think Christian is doing some of the books with the Inhumans, but really it's like nobody wants the, the them. DC, I think the DC equivalent to the Inhumans at this point is the Gotham Underground. Yeah, would it be the Gotham Underground? I thought. I'm trying to think of like. Just a book that they have been pushing over and over, and it just does not hit. It it just doesn't, but we'll see what's going Midnighter? on. Midnighter? Maybe. I actually was thinking like Stormwatch or any of, uh, in the New 52, any of the Wildstorm books that they tried to push, you know, voodoo, like voodoo? and all that. <laughs> yeah, and Grifter, those sort of things. Maybe that is uh, the equivalent, but yeah. Oh, it's got to go voodoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe like their insistence in the New 52 to have fucking GI zombie and, uh, you know, combat, that, that crazy stuff and Meta- the haunted Meta- tank. War? Yeah, men of war nonsense, but yeah, thanks, Rocky. Now you reminded me how, you know, down I am with the Marvel stuff, but, uh, the next email is Travis, and Travis says, so I'm, I'm finished at least reading all my DC books for the week, and I have to say, it was kind of a lackluster week. Yeah, yeah, it's affecting us this week. Nothing really blew me away. This week, on the other hand, nothing was really bad either. Maybe just because my pull list is getting shorter. By far and away, the most exciting thing to me in comics this week is the wild speculation that I somehow came up with about what could be next for Batgirl. I know I've got about a 3% chance of it coming true, but hey, a fan can dream, right? Anyway... My book of the week was Wonder Woman again. Not that it was over the top great, but not and not that I'm happy with the situation, but it certainly is a story and character I care most about right now. Beautiful art and a story that leaves me with no doubts as to whether or not I'll be grabbing the next one. Rebirth is the first time I've read Wonder Woman, so I have no idea who all the supporting cast are. But even without knowing the people on that side of the story is compelling, and I wonder if Sasha is really evil, or if she's an imposter, or if she is somehow being mind-controlled. I suppose time will tell. I believe she's hanging up somewhere, uh, you know, captured on almost a like, like a fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No, I thought like Silas in the cyborg, yeah. like he's there. And then the next thing she's going to throw fucking, uh, you know, dinner at the screen. It's fucking confused me. Finally, if my prediction comes true, I'm going to have to come up with a new tagline or saying to close with or a cool new name or something. But until then, please don't forget, Batgirl used Batgirl to be used good. To be good.
It's not good anymore. And now the next one's from Dirty Drew. He says, hello, weird science. Hello, weird science. Sorry, hello, guys, Dirty I Drew. cannot get off this topic. Uh, already my rant and rave message. The idea of Batman being the antagonist in his own book is mind-boggling and has me writing around, writhing around on my bed in an anxious fury. It has Batman's name right on the freaking cover. It says Batman Detective Comics. I mean, I like Batman because he's always trying to save me from the bad guys. Not only that, but Bruce Wayne is being smart, nice, funny, sometimes charming, but a little distant in a way that makes you wonder, ooh, what an interesting inner world he must have. Like those kids in high school who would always be shy reading a book quietly under the stairs. How I regret not talking to those book kids because I was actually one of those two and we probably had a lot in common. We had this guy when I went to school. Guy would come to fucking school with pajamas on. I do not think he showered. No. I do not think he showered the whole fucking senior year. And oh my god, he was intriguing to the ladies. I was like, you motherfucker. This guy stinks. He's got his, I'll come in with my pajamas. Yeah, they're feetsy pajamas, but I'll fuck. If it's gonna get me laid, I'm gonna wear these pajamas to school. It wouldn't have worked for me. No, absolutely not. No, unfortunately, I like to take showers. Uh, you know, yeah, I like a nice show. hot shower. Yes, I do. I do like a nice hot shower. I may not put soap to skin, but I like a nice hot shower. Is it? It's still a shower, whether or not I I lather up or not. So yeah, there. I guess it would be. This guy, Damien, that motherfucker, fucking. Uh, uh, he was. Guy's name was Damien. Yeah, yeah. He um. He had a he had a locker near one of my buddies, and really, my buddy could not even stand being next to him because he stunk so much. And I just sat there. I'm like, what? The, what is this fucking sleepover? Here, where's the fucking stuffed crust pizza in the Puppet Master movie, buddy? It's fucking school here. Get some goddamn clothes on. His family was really poor, Jim. Leave him alone. No, no, he was artsy. <laughs> He was an artsy fellow. He was intriguing. Yeah, he was intriguing. I believe that there, uh, I heard... There's an air of mystery surrounding him. Yeah, there him. was an air of mystery. I believe that the air of mystery ended when he OD'd on heroin, uh, you know, a little bit after high school. But uh, that's what Too I, soon, Jim, too soon. That's what I heard. But yeah, this guy, it, hopefully he was buried in this goddamn pajama. Plus, those pajamas never changed. This guy wore the same goddamn pair of pajamas. Fucking nonsense. What what were his parents thinking? They're probably artists too. He thought he was an artist, Eric. I thought he was an asshole. Well, he was but getting late all the time, were you? No, I didn't say he was getting late. Oh, I said so the I ladies were was. intrigued. I never once said he was getting laid. First off, I would say that one of the intrigues is he didn't like the ladies, Eric. He 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 was a homosexual guy, which oh, yeah. was fine. I don't, and that was another thing that was intriguing. That's what you hated about him? No, no, especially in that day. <laughs> in my day, uh, you know, you you didn't have a lot of people who came out. No, uh, because of monsters like me. No, I didn't care. I'm telling you, I just wanted to be left alone. I really did. Uh, I ended up, I, I had a guy who later on became friends with my wife before we got married that was in my homeroom that sat next to me. That He said that I was a cutie pie, Eric. He was after me. And right. I remember, I'm like, ah, this guy's name was George. And I remember, I'm like, yeah, he was really nice. And then when I finally met him, he's like, do, do you realize that I hit on you probably seven times a week? Like, nope. what the fuck would I know? I didn't even, how would I know what hitting on me was? I didn't know. <laughs> no one's ever like, done it before. Yeah, yeah, nobody did, so how the fuck would I know? Uh, but he says, but what if Batman was a bad guy? Hmm, now, isn't that interesting? No. 
James Tynan. That's actually a very bad idea, which is why I'm demoting <laughs> you from fourth to third. Remember, he did say that in his I know. rape, and I didn't say anything. So that makes I was going to let it go as well. Yeah, I know that makes it sound like he's getting a better award, but it's actually a very bad thing to be the third and not the fourth. I know, Eric, I'm a third. What is, what's going on? You trying to make me feel bad? I'm a junior. God damn it, Drew. Uh, I just, I actually disagree with what you're saying. I don't mind this idea because I've seen it. But again, I've seen it before. This is what Batman and Robin Eternal was all about. This is what Death of the Family was all about. And I really do like. While I didn't like Batman and Robin Eternal, I like the concept of of Batman having to prove himself to the rest of the Bat family because he has gone long enough, you know, riding roughshod and and not having to explain himself. And I think at this point. Give him a little bit of a benefit because Tim just died. So he is kind of going inside himself. Man, Tim died a long time ago now. Long time ago? Long time ago. Yeah, it seems like it was two weeks ago in, in this timeline. It's not that long ago. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, it just so feels that way to me for some I'm reason. Just, yeah, I just think that he's dealing with things. He's dealing with stuff just like that guy in his fucking pajamas there. He's all I didn't like about it. Never, never raised my hand to him in anger, though. Never, ever. Just Why would you raise your hand in anger to anybody? Because the guy wore pajamas Just for the way he school. was dressed. No, just the, his, he did stink, but he never bothered me. Really, He really didn't. Uh, he there's a couple, bringing him up 30 years there later. Are, of course he There are a couple guys who bothered me uh, in school, and I, I wouldn't have fought them either. Maybe now they I bigger might, than you? Uh, yeah, probably, but I, I'm telling you, unless the guy was ready to kill me, I, I'd keep going. There, there's no like, there's no me calling uncle. And if I say uncle and they let me up, I, that's just my way to fucking kick them right in the back. Yeah, kick back, Eric. Just look at the cover of Detective Comics 945. Stephanie says it's your fault, Batman. Everyone near you dies. Just look. I promise it's there. Stephanie, if that's true, you should probably move away from him because you're very, very near to him. Now, the problem is, do you think, like what Stephanie's saying about how that whole team was brought together by Batman and this and that, do you think, even with what Tim said, that Stephanie can go to Batman right now and say, you know what, I'm out. Uh, this isn't for me. Because I don't think that he'd allow it, really. I, I really? really don't. No, I don't. They, even with what happened with Tim, I think he'd be like, no, no, no. You, you can't bail now. You, you know, All he of a might... sudden, she's playing I Spy with the other three fucking Oh, yeah. Stooges. Yeah, next it's like I Spy, and they're like, the glass. That's all there's here. Oh, yes. They're like, I Spy a hot piece of ass right next to us. And, yes, he means Jacob. Jailbait. Notice she does not say everyone close to you dies. Uh, she says near. <laughs> so she must mean proximity. Drew, you need to let this go, dude. People may think she is being insightful and correct, but in reality, she's actually being very rude and mean. Bruce Wayne's <laughs> parents died when they were standing right next to the guy. Way to be a hurtful person, spoiler. Maybe try internalizing your frustration instead of externalizing next time. It's like a no Leslie wonder, Tompkins kind of line yeah, right yeah, there. No wonder Tim wanted out so bad. That might be too soon. It's like what if Superman was being not nice at all, but actually very mean and nasty. What are we talking, New 52? I would not read a book like that. Batman lives in Gotham City. That's a very bad place, guys. People get hurt there all the time. The odds that someone dies near a Gothamite, let alone Batman, for gosh sakes, must be extraordinarily high. Right here, we have a classic case of correlation versus causation, Eric. 
Correlation God, smart for me. versus causation. I keep thinking back to the Supergirl series. Fucking, yeah. Oh, your parents are dead, Kara. Yeah. I'm like, that was two weeks ago. Yeah, it happened in, in her head. That was two weeks ago. Like, oh, you remember it was like, man, no wonder. I, I'm surprised that the Danvers didn't like. No wonder your fucking parents had the planet blow up. <laughs> Get away from you. Get it together, Stephanie Brown. It would be funny that as the rocket with Supergirl blasts off, and it's exactly the scene from Problem Child, where everybody's cheering. It's a big fucking party. We finally got rid of that bitch. Get it together, Stephanie Brown. That is not appropriate, though, Eric. Don't take out your daddy issues on Batman. Maybe you are confusing Batman with your dad, because he is the actual bad guy, not Batman. He's dead. it goes on. I'm now directing my rage at the character spoiler instead of James Tynan the third because I know he must feel the same way and will eventually reveal spoiler to be very wrong and not right at all about Batman being mean. And now I'm telling you, uh, I know you don't like to hear a dirty drill, but I do think it's playing again where everybody's going to meet in the middle. That instead of Batman keeping secrets now, it's that he is just emotional and he's being a pain in the ass. Because really, you're you're pointing all of these things. But yet, when Stephanie showed that she was angry at Batman and that she really was down and out. Like Tim had just has just died. She's trying to deal with that. The first fucking victim has really signaled her out, comes to see. And yet Batman sets up a psych meeting, not to help Stephanie at all. But to get more info out of her because yeah. he thinks she's not telling anything. And really, the the funny thing is, though, never really did that when they, when they were going at it. Like when Ste- when uh, Dr. Tompkins was talking to Stephanie, never really went that way. But he says, anyway, I'm really enjoying Detective Comics. <laughs> and I think JT3 can keep churning out quality B to B plus stories for as long. Uh, for a long time in this book, I like the ensemble cast, and except for one issue, I hope I've made crystal clear. I think it is well written, usually well drawn. Bravo, Dirty Drew out. Dirty Drew out. Guy wore pajamas, out. Eric. Pajamas. I don't think they'd allow that nowadays. I really don't. This guy I wears pajamas. Say, I knew I knew some girls who used to wear pajamas to high school. Yeah, that's girls. This was a guy. They don't go that. I, the guy's wearing pajamas around. I'm wearing a, a fucking, you know, Run DMC Raising Hell shirt. I get sent home. I get sent home to change. I should have changed in my fucking pajamas. Should have. I should have. Maddie D's next. And this is actually the last email. Of the week, Eric. Maddie D promised he'd be in every mail section. Oh, Congratulations, Maddie D. You succeeded. Uh, even doubled up in one, but Maddie D says, epic fail, Eric. What? I was supposed to email you last night, but I got nothing. So have a great podcast. See you on seven. Maddie D. He <laughs> sent this today. You know what, Maddie D? You win. You're victorious. You you did it. You did what you set you out to do. The test. Yes. You thought I thought that I was learning from you, Maddie D. But in fact, you were learning from me. <laughs> I twisted her around in a weird way. It but, was very uh, odd. Yes, that is. That's Maddie D. It's not an epic fail. That's an epic win. You are now doing what I like to say: YOLO, and you're a goat. YOLO. Nope, I'm not playing with YOLOs. YOLO. Come on, YOLO. YOLO. You like YooHoo, right? You're a good YooHoo fan. Actually, I, I can't stand YooHoo. The idea of like chocolate you-hoo. water. Did you used to fuck. like YooHoo as a kid? I did though? as a kid. I thought I it was loved awesome. it. But yeah, once you figure out that it's just chocolate water, 
it really goes down downhill. Yeah. I'm an adult. Yeah. I can buy milk. Fuck yeah, this no, noise. I was just going to say, I can make my own goddamn chocolate milk. I don't need fucking Yoohoo. Though, do you like Orangina? Do you like that? The hell is Orangina? Orangina? You've never had Orangina? Well, first That's of all, uh, it's at Frank's. So the next time you go to your pizza place near your place, as long as they continue getting it, it is there. It is a citrus orange drink in a what appears to be an orange-shaped fucking container with a long neck it's right. a very odd looking drink that if you've ever seen it, it yeah no it, it's actually pretty good it is actually what uh would be a carbonated orange juice and i love it i it's really like love an orange it. soda no no it's not a soda it's more of an orange juice yeah well, it's doesn't weird... the carbonation make it a soda no no it does not because i'm telling you this is you know if you had a glass of orange juice and added soda water still orange juice to me it's just carbonated orange juice it's it's different than soda you'd have to try it i can't explain it you have to see it for yourself though i probably during our break here i'll probably send you a picture of what it looks like but uh yeah we're gonna go off to dylan from the DC Brothers podcast, who is going to be doing a review of the latest Injustice Ground Zero issue. So take it away, Dylan. Hello, Weird Science. Dylan here from the DC Brothers podcast. Finally back at you again with another Injustice Ground Zero review. Um, It has been a few weeks since I did a review. I've done written reviews, but I've just kept forgetting to actually do a audio review here. So I'm finally getting around to that this time since I got time. Uh, these past couple times is that I, it wasn't that I didn't have time it was just that I kept forgetting honestly <laughs> so and I'm a little sick here so my voice might be a little off so that's gonna be fun this week is injustice ground zero chapter number eight and I want to briefly recap the the past uh, chapters that I failed to auto review so chapter five I gave a 6.5, uh, chapter 6 I gave a 9.8, and chapter 7 I gave a 6.5 again. So literally, my feelings for this comic has been a <laughs> roller coaster of emotions because I just don't know where this story is going. Before I get too much into that though, I do want to just review chapter number 8 here. Injustice Ground Zero Chapter 8 is written by Chris Silva and art by Popmon. Uh, so we start off from uh, where Chapter 7 left off, where Harley is fighting Killer Croc and Bane. And uh, while they're doing that, Harley does have a flashback with Joker. Um, now we do know that this is the, the other dimension's Joker. And so it's like a flashback with him. Uh, thanking her for showing him what he's uh, missed out in this dimension and he gives her a pair of chattering teeth now he does hit her it seems like it doesn't like exactly spell it out but there's this weird swipe that he does that doesn't make any sense it he's clearly hitting her but they they kind of censor it it seems like but it definitely just keeps continuing to show that Selba knows that they are in this abusive relationship no matter what generation, or excuse me, which uh, dimension Joker is, he will abuse Harley. He doesn't want to hit her, he says, but he, 
she makes him so mad sometimes that he just wants to. Um, and so Harley is snapped out of this flashback by Croc, and they continue to fight. And Harley does take down Croc in the end. Mind you, she doesn't have a green pill. Uh, she describes it as having an adrenaline rush like a mother would when she's trying to save her babies from a car and she lifts the car. And I kind of call bullshit on this because it just doesn't make any sense, honestly. Uh, Croc is much more overpowering than she is. And so... Having him that easily defeated is kind of just bullshit. She does mention that she's worked with him so much, presumably from the Suicide Squad, that she knows all of his moves and takes him out very fast that way, but I don't think so. Uh, next we see Bane is beating on Harley's goons, and uh, he's squeezing Larry's head to the point where his mask breaks. And that makes Harley realize that she can't take Bane down alone. Now that makes sense. Uh, not the whole Killer Croc bullshit. And she decides she needs super friends. So she finds the cell keys to the sewer prisoners that Croc is holding. And releases Mr. Freeze and Katana that we saw last chapter in the cells. And some other random people. And so Harley jumps on Bane's back and takes down, or takes out the Venom tubes, and I, I'm assuming that it's weakening him, obviously. And they all take Bane down in the end. Now the chapter ends here with uh, Katana being a little concerned about Harley's relationship with the Joker, and how she's using his likeness on her goons' masks. And Harley does reassure that uh, is over Joker. But we all know she isn't, and her present self does state that, you know, that she was just lying to her straight through her teeth. Now, this chapter is mostly action. It's mostly Harley beating Croc, and that is a little bit of a letdown. Um, the strength here in this chapter is delving more into Harley and Joker's rela relationship, um, and uh, Chris Silva definitely does showcase that here. But the action, the yeah, the chapter being mostly action is a huge letdown. Because I would like to see what this comic has more to offer. Um, it, it's just like these chapters have been an abrupt stop from the Injustice story to have this random Croc and Bane fight. Now I know that Harley is just doing some side mission. Um, and it's probably just an interlude until we get something more, since we still haven't seen that much of the Superman story in this little side, or I guess like uh, a Harley story, really. Now, this comic just uh, prove that it is a Harley and Joker outlet, with the Injustice name slapped onto it so far. They left very little pieces of the Injustice story so far in these chapters. Now, I understand that that's what this is. This is the Injustice story through Harley's eyes, supposedly. But it seems more of just Harley's story through the Injustice world. Um, I yet to see the point of the Injustice name tagged on so far. Um, but I hope that we get to see more of that as we continue the story. Because I would like to see more of this Injustice story through her eyes as opposed to just her adventures in this world through the game, the first game's story. 
And now I'm also hoping that this actually leads into the Injustice 2 prequel comic. And um, I was kind of assuming that's what it was, but um, I'm not sure if there's been any, any, any official word on that. So I hope to see that, because that seems like a story that's going to be more interesting. Because so far, it is just the Harley and Joker stuff, and they do it really well. I can't say that they don't. But I would like to see more of the heroes and more of this Injustice story. Now I keep repeating myself because this is a continue flaw in the story so far. I mean, we are only eight chapters in. That's fine. But uh, but I would like to see more Injustice story come at us eventually. Uh, because pretty soon they might run out of Harley and Joker stuff to delve into. I mean, there is stuff to go deeper into, but it can get mon monotonous, and I really hope that it doesn't. So I was, I've was i had a, a hard time rating this thing, because I have a huge flaw against it, but it wasn't that boring like the other 6.5 issues were. So I am going to just give this a 7. It was an alright issue, and the art here is really, really good. The art by Popmon is some of the best that he's done so far in this series. Um, the other issues that he's worked on weren't so good, but I really enjoyed it this issue. The characters look spot on. Um, so yeah, I would, I would continue reading this uh, comic if you haven't. If you haven't, that's totally fine, because honestly, you're not missing out on much right now. <laughs> if you are reading it and you want to give your thoughts to us, uh, you can definitely leave a comment on the uh, WeirdScienceDCComics.com website where the review is at, and you can leave a comment there about it. Or you can find me, actually, on Twitter at DCBrosPod. Um, that's also where you can get our latest up-to-date news on my podcast that I host with my co-host Damien at the DC Brothers Podcast. Um, just give us a follow and uh, stay up to date with us. If you have any questions, definitely reach out to, a, to me as well. But yeah, thank you for listening to my Injustice Ground Zero Chapter 8 review. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the Weird Science episode. See you in 7, and have a good one. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. Just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shay. <laughs> My every time, every time I hear a new Mike song, I'm just I want to hear you know obviously the praise for myself, but it really is. You're just waiting to hear when the, sh oh, the other shoe the other yeah. shoe drops against Eric Shea, and it did as as always. But yeah, well, I will say uh, yes, just to go along <laughs> with Mike's song, uh, I would have to say that most of Reggie's books, which again we're we're continuing with Reggie, these are more of uh. his books. I would love to say, Reggie, that your books are average, uh, you know, okay. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I would know. Like to say I say that too. Okay to me usually means that I go away, you know, with a couple smiles, you know, maybe I don't know, looking kind of forward to the next issue. Uh a lot of these books, the the last three of yours, especially one kills me. Uh the the last one we'll talk about in this whole deal, but the first one just uh I I'm done. I I'm really yeah. done with this I don't book. want to play uh, no more. Uh, what is it, Reggie? It's uh, Batgirl number five, written by Hope Larson, art by Raphael Arbuquerque, Dave McCaig, and Deron Bennett. Yes. Are you are you sick of working a dead end job for little yes. pay and no recognition? Yeah. Want to get ahead in life, but you don't yeah. know where to start? I do. Are you routinely attacked by ninjas? Well, no. come on down to the Last Chance <laughs> Cram School and take and smartener the intelligence enhancing drug that will help you succeed at work or on any life defining placement exams administered by your government. This special formula smuggled through Asia in the lining of your ex-boyfriend's stomach and distilled by a martial arts master is Shut so up. potent it can be absorbed directly through the skin. A dab behind each ear will make you popular at parties. A liberal application under your arms will help you finish that Sunday cross- crossword puzzle. And a yes. full body wash will reveal the mysteries of the universe. So come on down to Last Chance Cram School and ask for a smartener if you're not too much of an idiot to remember that. Ooh-wee. Yeah, I I don't know. The the first thing though after the arc, I don't even know why I even thought of this or didn't think of this before is I, is this supposed to be like a social justice warrior uh issue or or arc against how the Chinese go with how they, you know, the people are in university and stuff. It really I, I, I hate to say it, I don't so. care. I don't care. I don't think it is. It's just uh, weird. I'm not even sure if what they're saying is true or to which countries it applies. This like yeah. Catch-all countrywide test that determined. So this sounds like something out of Logan's Run. Hey, you know, I'm telling what, you, what my mom this? used to tell me this was how it was in England when she grew up. I don't know how uh, how that has continued, right? okay. uh, but yeah, and you know, basically, uh, she would tell me the story, and I said, "Yeah, mom, you flunked, right?" Yeah, she did. She went right to a factory. Off to the labor camps. Right to the factory. She needed a smartener. Uh, but I don't think she's smart enough to remember when she got there. But uh, we, we have said uh, the worst thing about this whole arc, this whole thing since Rebirth started, um, has been that we really – the characterization of Barbara has been ridiculous. You know, yeah. she And this even carries over from Burnside a bit where she is supposed to be the smartest person in the room, but she's not even the, you know, the smartest person with her in an empty room. She is room. dumb as hell. Yeah, yeah, she is. She really she is. She can turn off parts of her brain at will. Well, so yeah, no. and really, and what happens in this issue is you do get a bunch of things that suddenly happen, like what you just said, that yeah. really I can't explain why that that solves any problem. I really don't. Uh, really, in a nutshell, this whole issue to me is that uh, how I could explain it: that the Chinese people are trying to get smarter to go to college, and Barbara has to get dumber to beat them. There, there it is, right? That, that's there what it go. seems, and you gotta, it you makes no sense. You everything with its opposite. You and, see, you know, out of nowhere, she remembers, she remembers eating Twix bars. It's, you know, Twix you know, bars. Yeah, it's so funny, too, when they yeah. show. Uh, we'll get into it, because when that happened, I'm like, really? What, what the fuck are you talking Wasn't about? Wasn't there a thing with Kai? Twix on the chat? I, I don't like, know. This week was it Twixt or was it? Uh, it no, what you call it was really big. What you call it's are bigger there. The word, um, I don't know what it was. Oh no, that was, was whilst. 
Whilst. That's yeah, right. that was whilst. That was me starting that nonsense because one oh, one certain I'm... reviewer seems to be in love with that fucking. I said, I told Eric about that, that we were going through this guy's reviews, and I said, I, I made a challenge to everybody in the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. I said, you go through this guy's reviews, and I guarantee you that you will not find one review ever by this guy without that at least once. Whilst, whilst. I'm like, this guy loves it. And then I it's funny three times myself. because then I think it might have been Christian. Somebody was saying like, oh, you know what? You got to give him a little break. There's not a lot of other words for meanwhile and, and stuff like that. I said, well, find meanwhile in these yeah. reviews because that's nowhere to be found. And yeah. Whilst, whilst. Plus, he writes the reviews in this weird thing where it's we. Everything is we. Like, yeah. we think that this, and we think that. I'm like, who the fuck no, is this? I a conjoined team, twin? Is this my, my dream reviewer? A conjoined twin? Maybe it's Fucking Prince Quato. Charles writing the review, it, and he's using the royal it's, we. It's Quato. Quato writing the review. Case. This yeah. comic book does not please us. <laughs> ah, yes. I don't even know what this has to do with background, but it makes me nothing. laugh. It makes nothing. me laugh. Yeah, no, nothing at all. But uh, this issue starts off with teacher... Uh, yeah. Facing off with Batgirl, and she's all dosed up, you know, with yeah, her uh, in smartener. Yeah. It's just ridiculous, and she's she's basically telling uh, Batgirl, "Listen, you've set me free. My brain's on fire. My skin come off the universe, and I can see what's underneath." I'm like, she's tripping the life, really? fantastic. First off, <laughs> why is she saying that Batgirl did this? I it, it kind of, but also. It sounds very. Oh, I don't know that I want to be involved, or do I? I don't know. Did that make you want to, you know, want to see the skin off of the universe and see the muscles and bones beneath? Because no, I, I like don't my know. Hair, yeah, I don't know what any of this has to do with, you know, going forward in this book. It's just very hokey to me. It's very overdone. And but think how well you would do on tests if you could see the skin and bones yeah, underneath it's the like universe. It's like two plus two. I don't yeah. know because I see the bones <laughs> of the universe. I, I I don't have time for this. Really, like, you know, what this would be. Is if I had that explain the allegory of Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, really. Well, I'm telling you, I would know, check out. I'd be done. Universe. This would make me fucking wander the world like Kane. Yeah, I wouldn't I like be Kane. taking a goddamn test. But yeah, this all leads. They're fighting, obviously, and the whole thing is supposed to be that because she has become so smart with it in Smartner. Uh, the teacher just can think ahead and know whatever Barbara's going to do. And it's so hokey because while this is going on, they do have a, a pretty good panel where Barbara is trying to figure out what she can do, how she could disarm teacher. Okay, and I do I, I like, like that, that part. Panel. I thought yeah, that was, I really do. No, I like it. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, I like that panel. I like the where you're kind of getting her idea. But also, they're in the middle of a fight, and she stops and does that look with the the, the lips yeah, to the, the side. Look. Like they should have her just get sh punched right in the face, right there. I, but I yeah, I don't though. mind that. Like we're talking about, though, Batgirl is one of the smartest people, at least in the Bath family. You know, you had Tim Drake, but with her eidetic memory and everything, Batgirl is known to be one of the smartest. Yes. And during this fight with Rika Teacher, where we know that she's already faster because she's smarter, Barbara yeah. stops to think of what she can do. Kick. No. Grappling hook. No. Maybe I could toss my cape at her. I'm like, get the <laughs> yeah. fuck out of yeah. here. Yeah. And uh, the other and then thing. It fails. The other thing that I don't like is there was one of there was one issue and I forget it might have been the Batgirl book it might have been the Grayson book but it was one of the books and they spelled it out and I really liked it where they spelled out that Barbara's biggest thing you know obviously we say about Batman not having powers this is a young girl 
And but one of her biggest woman. things was woman, but still girl. <laughs> it's Batgirl. It's no. not Batwoman. It's Batgirl. Yeah. And uh, and I think it might have even been Damien. Somebody even said in one of the books that the reason why Barbara is so good is because she's so smart and she can adapt. Anytime you're fighting, she can adapt. She can, you know, go and change her style because she's so smart. But in this book, it's just nothing works. She's just yeah. an idiot. And really, to me, I've I've gotten in a couple fights, right? I, I thought would, you just got I, shit kicked out of you. Here's the thing. That's well, I'm getting to that. I would oh. not say I. I'm no genius. I know that, but I'm not <laughs> a dummy. But if I was smarter, I wouldn't be a better fighter. I'd still get the shit kicked out yeah. of me. This it book is making it seem are. like yes. This book makes it seem like if all of a sudden I went home, I got I got the shit kicked out of me at Wildwood. I go home and study math, and then I go to Wildwood, and now I can fight people. No, I'm gonna get the shit kicked out of me again. And this makes it seem hey, no like math. you could probably hey. quickly compute how beat up you were going to get. By yeah, I'm telling you, I could, I could see. Oh, I see three steps ahead. That three steps ahead is still me getting punched right in the goddamn face. <laughs> it really, this is so hokey. The way this is spelled out, that intelligence equals a better fighter when they are actually you know, going to fists right here. And it basically, that's all it is. And and it even goes to the point where Batgirl has to make herself kind of dumber to win this fight. And it doesn't well, first, even... First yeah. teacher makes off with the formula. And I ask yeah. you guys, where did the formula come from? I don't know. It was like, like all of a sudden just there. document created? And yeah, if and, this uh, document no. existed, and the other I thing is, beat up Kai to extract yeah. it from his stomach. And if I'm they did, they, and then why would I'm they print it out? Her, I'm saying, I'm guessing these are her notes after analyzing the formula what? because her parents were drug dealers and she learned how to do that from a meth it's, lab. It's Who prints this shit out? Who prints when, it when, out? When, when she has happen? it bound. Like, she hasn't <laughs> so, had the blood for like, you know, months or something. Yeah. What, what is going on here? She has a lab. It's her this notes. Like this is going to be published in a science journal, it looks like, yeah, next. You know, she's going to send it in and get the smartener everywhere. It's, uh, it's so ridiculous. I think she's going to – she actually has to hand it into a class, and they're going to give it back to her because you can't bind it in orange. Yeah. <laughs> That's against the rules. But, yeah, she she disappears. Teacher jumps out, fucking goes what appears to be on the telephone lines. You know, she's supposed to be yeah. smart, yet she's using that to, you know, use a rappel line on goddamn – Telephone wires, electric wires, and uh, goes and then Batgirl follows her and they end up in what appears to be a. Please tell me what this is. A, a sweatshop? Because at first, at first I thought these were the people who were trying to study to get into the thing. No, it just looks like a really bad tenement or something. I don't know. Is this but a hostel? I don't know. I don't either. know. I, I, I'm saying I feel such culture shock here because there's yeah. so many things thrown out. I just don't understand. Yeah, I, 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 I think don't. they would say something, but maybe what they're trying to say is don't visit Shanghai. Yeah, I think that's what they're saying. And, uh, uh, I'm telling away. you, at the end when she tells Kai never to go back, I'm right with them. I'm not going there. But yeah, yeah. They, they go. And the other thing that threw me off is Barbara is walking through what appears to be, like I said, it might be a like a, a not a hotel like an apartment but everybody's you know thrown in the rooms camp, and it? stuff and uh <laughs> yeah they're, they're they're eating some people and then all of a sudden you get teachers teachers kind of talking but it's not because she's not even there it's kind, is she yelling to barbara is that what she's doing through she's this whole shadows, place? You know? she's, yeah, but uh, yet yeah. she's like the, there's people around just standing she's there using she's using her just newfound yelling. intelligence to throw yeah. her voice it there seems like she, i'm telling you to me it Super seems like she is using yeah, right. 
telepathy. And she says to her, hey, listen, I grew up in a lab. I know my way about a ke- uh, around a chemistry set. I was like, who, the f- who asked you? What is going on? And it's basically her explaining to us why she has the formula and can use it. And it really, I'm telling you, it's a question that nobody asked. It really nope. is. It's like, oh, you, and then Barbara just goes with it and says, no, you just want to do this. You're not trying to help people. You're just trying to make money. And then really, she's like, hey, don't antagonize me into fighting. And then a panel later starts fighting. That's yeah. the thing. She's like, I told you. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You said you're not, you are not. weren't going to be antagonizing yeah. the fighting. Yeah. Why are you attacking? What the fuck yeah. are you talking about? She says, nice try. You can't antagonize me into fighting you. And is that supposed to be her being too smart to fight in anger? Well, it's, it's because, nothing it's because is she explained. found her lost hair. You know, well, yeah, then she finds that's the thing. Hair. She finds hair that's laying there and she goes oh man piece of teacher's hair gross it's not a piece it's a fucking you know here we go hansel and gretel style to find right there and it's like ridiculous and and barbara's like huh she has this weird look on her face and says that smile is so weird it's It's so so weird and she's like oh frankie told me frankie told me that hair loss is one of the drug side effects now again you are going against a quote unquote the teacher who is supposed to be so smart she can see the bones and the muscle of the universe but doesn't know to pick up her goddamn lost hair that leads directly to her or is this a setup because she does follow the hair and then gets kicked or hit but nothing yeah nothing is really it's so non spelled out but then she gets hit and now we're gonna go into a blood sport fucking dream sequence where fucking you know Jean-Claude is remembering how he picked goddamn fucking goldfish out of a fucking <laughs> pond and then stop people while he's blindfolded eating because you go and there is a young fruit bat who's gonna yeah. tell her the ways of the universe and and again you're doing this this isn't like her taking the uh the fucking in Smartin. It's just her getting hit over the head, yet it does lead to her... So now having a vision quest. Yeah, and it, it leads to her figuring out, well, what it is is that Kai's there and says, hey, you see this? And it's the Twixt bar. And, and Barbara's like, a candy bar is my blood sugar low. And then uh. Kai says, no, don't you remember? You ate one of these when you're 10. And the only thing I can think of is like, that's the only time what she didn't like him she's against him because he says Maybe. what's the third ingredient and she remembers it because of her eidetic memory the eidetic memory doesn't mean why was she in that thing why'd she look at the ingredients in the first place you well, know what don't i mean you look so, at the ingredients? i'm telling you though it's a it's, everything <laughs> is a jump everything's such a jump though that it's I like look oh at every candy bar ingredients. If I had an eidetic memory i could tell you yeah, too no you would not if he said hey remember this when was the last time me and you had one? And she's like, oh, it was second period uh, Mrs. Johnson's math class, and we snuck it because we knew it. That would make more sense to me. They're sitting there yeah. eating it, and you see him hand her that. She never sees the wrapper. Then he's like, ooh, now she has it. It's like, ah, oh, you know what? And the whole thing is just for Kai, dream Kai, to tell her you're wasting all of your, you know, your smarts with useless information. So this is uh, light bulb goes above Barbara and says, "I know what you're saying. I have to get rid of my eidetic memory so I can fight the teacher." It makes I gotta no sense. turn it off like a goddamn computer. It makes no Simple. sense. Why well, would she, this? So she why? Sensor dial to off on the yeah, eidetic off. memory and she's fine. 
And she's fine. Then she goes yeah. back. Then and then it's not even that. Then they're sitting there, and uh, it is fruit bat that says, "If you shut off your eidetic memory, oh, how do I do that? You just walk out that door." Okay, now yeah, we're that in the kind of looks like one of those kawaii, like a Japanese hipster, doesn't she? Now yeah. she's young yeah. and in this uh, like silly yep, uh, costume. The I don't know what that costume. is. Yeah, and it's one she, of those uh, girls, like you know, just like I don't know. You know I'll send you pictures. Fair yeah. enough. There's a lot of them, Eric, believe Good. me. But yeah, then her and Kai kind of have a little, have a little moment. Kai's like, uh, you know, even, it's almost like Barbara's like, but, but I don't want to forget about you, Kai. I, really, if anything you want to forget about is Kai. Barbara, get, get rid of that piece of shit. But he's like, here, so you'll remember. And in the dream ties a red, uh, you know, piece of string around her fucking hand, which is not there in real life. But yet yeah. later she remembers it, though she shouldn't be able to. It makes no sense. It's, it's a so thing. stupid. It really is unbelievable. It, this whole issue is garbage. Uh, but then she wakes up and she's like, "I don't remember anything about me, but that lady's there, and oh, I better follow her. That bald lady." Now it's it's so funny too, because now teacher in the matter of three minutes has lost all her hair. It's all gone. Uh, and she's like, "Oh, the bald woman," and then just jumps. To, to what could be her death to chase somebody who she really shouldn't remember. It's so ridiculous. So, yeah, luckily, she remembered how to land from her training. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you that, yeah, and you, that's muscle memory, whatever. But the whole thing is she's supposed to forget everything, but yet she knows to chase her. She goes to do it, and the whole thing is are you supposed to believe that this is Barbara just saying, like, uh, you know, now I'm gonna fight different because I don't remember things. It doesn't make sense in the I'm fighting. I'm talking about you. Shutting off the eidetic memory doesn't mean you have the goddamn memory. That's of what I mean. No, no it's, her, she does it's not. It's so have funny. Amnesia. People would have heard that Reggie just sent photos to, yeah. to <laughs> for, right. for the girls. You keep talking, Jim. I'm looking here. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, they they look okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was so ridiculous because if this was such a profound thing to turn off her memory, then she would forget language and forget. You know That's what I mean? What like I she mean. would literally be like it's a baby. Stupid. Like, yeah, it doesn't thing. make sense. It oh, doesn't make sense. And really, like we said, it doesn't. What? Because you don't remember what the third ingredient and the Twix bar is, you can fight better? That because you are maybe, smart or maybe dumb... Maybe memory was on a dimmer switch. Yeah, I, I don't know why that meant that she... Is this one of those, like, who, every time I learn something new, it pushes something else out, and she was... It, was she being, you didn't even get to the point yeah, where... You only have room hope, for, like, three or four things. Yeah, really. It's mostly and horror it's, movie and comic book continuity. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hope, no hope Larson has not done enough in this... In this fighting, in this issue especially, to show that Barbara was fighting like too, uh, a particular style, or she was, you know, oh, I see what you're doing a mile away and stuff like this. It, it, Look, the without whole thing all is, that extra memory baggage, you can move faster, Jim. No, yeah, I mean, now she's, <laughs> she's lightened up. She, the ballast is gone. Now she's ready to rock. It's just ridiculous. And yeah, all I, of a sudden she starts Why would you ass. do this? It, this well, is such the most ridiculous concept to even throw out there to a ridiculous series Sh- that hasn't meant anything. Yeah. Here's the thing. Jean-Claude, all he had to remember was grabbing those fish and then stopping the block while he was blindfolded. Now he is he's And how blind. sweet Mrs. He doesn't Anaka have was. sight now. Just think of him looking at his hands, Eric. He can't see his hands. He remembers this and then wins the fight. He wins you the know what? day. You're right. Let's go watch Bloodsport instead. I want to. I want to. I was I was reading this. I'm like, this reminds me of a, you know, a retarded <laughs> Bloodsport. And and to call anything a retarded Bloodsport, boy, that's yeah, trouble. Really. And if you yes. aren't 
if you film. aren't, if you haven't heard me talk, it's my favorite movie of all time. But I'm not going to say that you know it makes any sense in that either. But here it's just ridiculous. And usually in an issue like this, you'll have this ridiculousness, and at some point, the writer, being Hope Larson, will grab it all and try to make some sense of it. It gets even worse to me because she ends up getting the teacher. She ties her up. Teacher is is awake now. Uh, she gets the book with the formula, but then she goes to hand, uh, what's it called, the teacher over to Grandfather Blood uh, and says, listen, Kai owes you money, he owes you all these things, but here, take this woman, take teacher. She was the one who was doing all the shit behind the scenes. Take her. And then uh, the, the problem is why isn't fucking, why doesn't teacher say, she has the formula. It's yeah. it, she. She was awake. I even look back, thinking that maybe Barbara knocked her out. No, uh, she was sitting up. Yep, her eyes are open. Yep, eyes but, are open. Why is she not saying anything? As if her mouth is. Uh, I don't know. You look. It's covered, it's bloody. It's not covered. No, so it's not covered. Yeah, Why yeah, isn't so she weird. like? And then the, the brother or grandfather blood says, "Consider Kai's hey, debt fine. forgiven." And I'm Why? just what, like, "What is she going to do with this woman, though?" That's the question. Well, like, you know, here's like, the how best is that going to help him? The best part for me, though, is he gives her the woman, and, you know, maybe he'll torture whatever, but he's not going to get the chance because Barbara says, okay, thanks, grandfather, pleasure doing business, walks out the gate and says yeah. to the police, go get them, boys. They're all They're yours. yours. So yeah. you I'm put them all together. Kai's back in danger. Yes. And back Everybody is. Yes. Barbara will have a hit on her. Kai is dead, and teacher probably, in the meantime, Probably will work a deal with Grandfather Blood to say, listen, I had the formula. Barbara has it. She was fucking I'm lying to you. Now. Let's go get it. It is so ridiculous. Are you supposed to think that this uh, in Smartin has turned her into like a – she looks like Nosferatu, for Christ's sakes. Is it <laughs> that? Because they don't spell it out. They don't spell anything out. But, yeah, I just love it that she's like, okay, Grandfather, nice doing business with you. Walks three steps and then goes, they're all yours, officer. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's going on is that everything goes bad here but because she's super smart freaking teacher follows Batgirl back to Burnside she's the faux oracle and Batgirl yeah. and Birds of Prey Maybe that would be great it'd no, be it funny no, it'd no, be great for me because I'd at least say you know what you deserve it uh, but yeah then the whole thing has to wrap up where Barbara goes back to the Lance Chance yeah, it's like set up a new cram school uh, this one with Fruit Bat which for me I actually thought Fruit Bat was gone I thought she might have even been dead because she kind of disappeared, and then we had her in that dream. You uh, thought she was Obi Wan in the shit. I, just, I no, and the dream wasn't a dream. She was just knocked out. That wasn't fucking real. Kai doesn't remember that. There's no fucking. I thought that she was. We haven't seen her. All of a sudden, she's there. Barbara kept saying like, "Oh man, I can't do what you want, the fruit bat," but never went back to see her at any point. And now no. all of a sudden, she has her for the school. You know, she once was you talk about last we saw her, yeah, yeah just but there. it was a while ago, right? Remember, she oh, yeah, kind of disappeared issue. at one point, and she couldn't. It just nonsense. We haven't because, seen her. We haven't seen her for, since the first no. issue. So all of so. a sudden, Barbara, instead of all these times that she's failed. And and actually spelled out like, oh, fruit bat, I've let you down. Why didn't she go see her at one point then if she can just go grab her? Because she grabs her to make a new cram school that's going to be drug free. And they're going to yep. they're going to show these people how to get into college. And uh, then she goes back <laughs> and it's ridiculous. And I love to because fruit bat's like, we better get to it because I'm so fucking old. I might die tomorrow is basically what she tells them. She's oh like, we better God. get going. I haven't got much time. <laughs> This whole thing is just so that we can get people into. This is basically PSATs. Yeah, 
That's all it is. What this last last yep. chance? Now they're going to go drug free. They're not going to yell. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. Now yeah. they're going to learn. I guess so. The real I kind of get the idea. I know it says last chance cram school, and kind of get the idea that uh, Fruit Bat's going to teach them to be heroes now. I don't, gonna, know. I don't know how smart Fruit well, Bat is. Well, if you what look at she going to teach him? Yeah, it's old uh, Sailor Moon uh, girls Sailor there. Cloud. All the yeah. bad guys are there. Moth and, and hard hat? Yeah, they're all there to learn now. They just they're I, gonna... I do see here that Fruit Bat is sitting on a chair the backwards way, a stride, so she's definitely going to be talking straight to the kids. They're going to be talking, what, what is How this, Dangerous Minds? Yeah. You know, yeah, danger, yeah, that, I good. learned that from Dangerous Minds. Once you turn that fucking chair oh, yeah. around, she, fucking... She gets real, then. It's that means be business. It's straight dope coming from... Uh, That's from some real up. straight dope. Isn't it? all our lives Do you ever see, you ever see Wildcats, Reggie? Do you ever see Wildcats with Goldie Hawn? When she's a oh. football coach, and yeah, then at I the end they have the the Wildcats rap. That's what I want here. I want the fruit bat rap that. where they fucking wrap it up. And uh, the wrap up of this issue though is her going to see Kai Very and smart. telling him, "You're a piece of shit. Get the yeah. fuck out of China. Don't you come back." And then uh, he says to her, "Hey, because he's he might be dumber than Barbara." He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah you know what?" Can you tell Barbara Gordon if you see her that I miss her and I'm thinking I'm of her? Through yeah. even, I'm through even complaining about that. I don't understand what the hell happened there. I could swear he knew she was back, girl. I know. Uh, the fact you would think he could figure back, it out. You know, yeah. It's yeah. like what? How many? How many redheaded white girls are there running around yeah, Shanghai really. right In now? Shanghai. Like a hundred. And then to, to well, make it worse, she's be after him. Well, and she makes yeah, really. She makes it worse then by saying, "Listen, Kai, don't come back to China because if you do, I won't be here to protect you." She might as well just say, "Because I'm heading back to Burnside." Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she goes off, and then she's sitting there thinking of things, having some Batgirl uh, thinking time, and she gets a call from Frankie, and it's like, "What? Oh my God, I'm on my way!" And then just fucking shoots a fucking you know her gun and jumps off the goddamn building, yeah. and they're going well, I, back. I in assume it. that she shot a line all the way to Gotham. City. Yeah, I think right. so. And so she's just going to swing. I actually thought maybe this was where she got on the Trans-Pacific fucking railway. Probably, uh, for, yeah. You know, the Shanghai to Seattle you, though, railway. I think her eidetic memory is still turned off because she's shooting that grappling hook down at the ground. I'm like, that's not the way it works. <laughs> no, yeah. no, not a good she's idea. Just dumb. But yeah, even that she even says, I got to figure out this thing that happened with my memory when we get back to Gotham. What? Yeah, please don't. Please, let's all forget about it. It's hey, Reggie, so ridiculous. Yeah, Reggie, and, and next, like next I said. Month, homeward Bound with Poison Ivy. Oh, yep, Homeward oh, no, Bound with Poison with Ivy. Poison Ivy? With yeah. dot, 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 Poison Ivy? Oh, my God. This was not a good issue. It really wasn't. And it's, I hate to say I, I don't know. I actually had uh, weird hopes about this series uh, once Rebirth started. I thought I that at least. About the series. Well, I, I thought that this whole thing with. Uh, Here's more freaking Reggie sending sure more pictures. Yes, more Kawhi, yeah, yeah. Uh, Each one's hey, better hey. than the next. These pictures hey, there, Reggie. Ah, oh, yes, that is nice. But uh, they, uh, I was hoping that this was going to be a bit of fun, uh, and it made sense to me. Where I really thought that this initial story, where she's in Asia and kind of you know going around and doing this, would be something where you're trying to distance yourself from the Burnside stuff. So then when she yeah. does go back. That you'll get something different. I can't all say new, that all I get that. I, I can't say that I'm I'm thinking this is a buffer. And in fact, I don't know. There's parts of that Burnside Batgirl in the New 52 that I, I like better. 
only because I didn't like, you know, the style and stuff like that and whatever. But at least it seemed consistent with what was going. This this story is all over the place and really like doesn't make arc much of sense. The Burnside Batgirl. Yeah, it's just, just against a weird villains every. Well, it's because it was because the rotating weird villains, but it did it got. The whole thing dragged on and on. At least it kind of, you know, it made some... What is this this obsession with her brain, okay? I understand she's smart, she has an eidetic memory, but it's like, I feel like for years now... Since Gail Simone, people are just obsessed with this fucking well, person. Well, it seems like they, like they don't think that she's good enough as just a regular hero that they have to push this so much. I mean, she and also knows the Kung Fu folks. Hello? She's yeah. an acrobat. She's not like a, she's not some slouch, for God's no. sake. No, she can she's ride a motorcycle. Not. Well, they make her seem yeah, that way. Yeah, I can't do that. They really make her seem that way, though. And they really yeah. seem to, really, like you said, the eidetic memory, you can't go an issue without her mentioning it. You really can't. And if she doesn't mention it, somebody else does. And it's just kind of ridiculous. But what would you give it, Reggie? Oh, I didn't even get to the score yet? Wow, look at that. No. Uh, I still like the art. I know you guys probably don't feel the same way about it, but I, I still really like Raphael Albuquerque. For that reason, I gave it a 5.5 out of 10. <laughs> That's it. I thought you were going to give it a because you're actually no. lower than me. I didn't, uh, I didn't give it a fuck you five. That's no, all. You no, know? I actually, I I'm telling you, that. I'm talking about it. I didn't mind the art. Like you just said, I didn't mind it. It's been consistent. I like Raphael Albuquerque a lot. Uh, this book's a little off uh, for him. I still think that. But I don't mind the art in this issue. Um <sighs> I almost, I'd like, I'd like to give it a six, but I really didn't like it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go five five. What about you, Eric? I'm telling you, you guys might like Raphael Albuquerque's art on this. I do not at all. Um, it just, it seems off every goddamn time I read it, and her stupid goddamn facial expressions always seem off. And the freaking concepts in the series are so stupid. The fucking shit they throw out there. I don't care about any of these characters and the shit they're giving me. It's just making me angry. I give it a fuck you five. A fuck you Boom. five, Eric. A fuck you five. I don't the- want to read Batgirl anymore if this is what it's going to be like. Yeah, Bad well, girl, hey, they're heading back home with Poison Ivy. <laughs> Doesn't that get you excited? Hey, it's funny, too, because I he- I read that and really... Poison Ivy plus Batgirl does not get me excited. It really doesn't get me excited at no, all. It, really. it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, let's go on to the next book. Here we go. The next book is... Uh, next book is The Hellblazer number yes, four, written by Simon Oliver, art by Moritat, Carrie Strachan, and Tony Avina. Having said Mercury off to find Abigail, Swamp Thing is instantly attacked by the rot and actually needs to draw some of his essence inside himself to stay alive. But the real story is that a bookie named White Boy wants John Constantine to help him cheat at horse racing. And before he can fulfill the request, those demons from the evil nightclub in the last issue show up to slaughter everyone instead. Things have a way of working themselves out. Yes. Yeah, I don't like I, this book either. <laughs> I don't either. I really don't. This book, uh, this issue especially, it just, it, it was like, it happened, I read it, and then I was like, what the, what the I, hell is I, I want to I I just talk a little bit about comic book pacing and how you weight a story. I mean, like I said in, in the intro, there are basically two stories in here, and the yeah. interesting one 
gets the least space. It gets the yeah. least, you know what I mean? The yeah. the part to me that seems like, all right, this is a real comic book thing happening with Swamp Thing, and we'll talk yeah. about and it. And not, not only just the most interesting thing, but This thing, thing in the kitchen takes for fucking yeah. ever. And, like, and the about? thing that you're saying with Swamp Thing seems to be what's going to push the story forward. Yeah, that's we the get story. nothing. Exactly. We get nothing. We get kind a lot of... of uh, because it goes nowhere. Well, yeah. Well, the kitchen story, all it seems to be is set there so that they can throw out some English terms so that oh you realize God. that they know no everything about England. That's I what mean, it is. Give a couple of more pages to that Swamp Thing Mercury part, then maybe we would have, you know what I mean? It, yeah. it would have done something, yeah. but it just didn't have enough space. It didn't. It was sort of like an afterthought to this long-winded, like, this is like the most boring yeah. British sitcom yeah. I've ever watched. I'm play. telling you, I think that Simon Oliver is trying to, you know, make sure that we realize that he knows everything about England to go, because you even get English politics thrown in out of nowhere with White fucking Margaret Thatcher. Like, and history is thrown yeah. out here for a character who dies, yeah. who we've yeah. never seen before. We yeah. have to learn all about him just for him to die. It is complete fucking filler. It is well, nonsense. Hey, we found You're out really that Constantine stuff, is the type that liked Tony Blair, and when he was put in oh, the office, me. that that ended up, you know, how did that work out for you? I'm like, really? This is nonsense. Then you you get the uh, the term for the British, uh, you know, the English breakfast is thrown out there. You get a uh, a Fuller's fucking beer thing. All these things are thrown in there, and they're ridiculous. You even get the uh, the weirdest thing was when, and I have to look at my notes because I wrote it down, was when Paul Daniels was thrown in when he's like, hey, look at this Paul fucking Daniels. I'm like, it's an, he was an English magician that was on TV a lot in England. <laughs> I'm like, really? It. I can't like, believe you actually looked it up. I did yeah. not care enough. I'm like, nope, That's you're not well, sucking me in. Well, and uh, as we all know, as Toby and our, our Brits know, his catchphrase was, you'll like this, not a lot, but you'll like it. That was his cat. That was Paul Daniels' fucking catchphrase. Like I said, you had the Fuller's London's London's Pride fucking beer thrown now, in. That, is that like a whole statement for how this whole series is going to play out? What you'll like this not a lot, but you'll like it. I think it was more that scene. I, I don't know. That we keep asking Toby. Yeah. Well, remember, <laughs> remember when we when the rebirth came, and I, I'll probably keep mentioning this all the time. I was fully in. I was oh, so yeah. impressed with that like, rebirth. Yeah. Like. I said, yep, you know yep. what? And right from that next issue, the proper number one, I was already starting to lose it. Uh-oh. And now I'm lost. I'm lost <laughs> well, now. Even I'd... at that time, I said that if we could get what I had wanted to see, you know, right happening quicker, which would be, you know, Swamp Thing, yeah. John Constantine and Mercury kind of going around as a dark trinity. Yeah. Uh, doing something. I'm going into the rot, whatever they got to do. But we haven't. We had this whole nope. thing with him and Chaz. And it, it, a lot of this is really a lot of lip service to Hellblazer, but Hellblazer was not so goddamn boring. You know, yeah, the original yeah, yeah. Vertigo series. Yeah. Uh, this is really dull shit. You know, this this scene in the kitchen between John and White Boy would be boring in a movie. You know, it would be boring in yeah. a novel. It just blows. It, it's And it just like, keeps going. It's like I, three it, pages of nonsense. And it, it's funny. At one point, you get the idea that Constantine Over. is actually trying to get uh, White Boy to shoot him. He's trying to get him to do this or that, whatever. Uh, you know, because he's saying, this guy's a racist. He's a piece of shit. And he's like, oh, it's funny. You know, a piece of shit like you. How's your mom's doing with that fucking Pakistani or whatever she says that he's, th- you know, she's shacking up with. I'm like, what the fuck are we talking about here why why and really all this leads to, to the point where he fucked his mother yeah and all this leads to is that he wants to know how john 
picks the races, picks the horses. That's all this is about. And yeah. it's even to the point where uh, White Boy is going to give you a parable that is the most common one that we've ever heard. And it's said in this book as if nobody's ever heard it. Oh, you can you can give the man a fish to eat yeah. but he, if you teach him the fish. That is one of the most common things that you'd ever hear. And he says it as if nobody there had ever heard it. And it's so, you know, astounding. It's just ridiculous. In that one panel, he's just like standing, looking like he's preaching it even. Yeah, yeah. And in the meantime, Chaz was a piece of shit. He he fucked him by, by going to him anyway. And it just, the whole thing. And then it's basically, he's like, hey, I'll, I'll tell you. But you got to go get these ingredients so that I can do this spell, show you how it works. You know right away that he's, you know, he's fucking lying. Yeah, he's stalling guy, him. Although I was kind of yeah. hoping this would be like the Guardians of the Galaxy thing with Rocket Raccoon. Just like, yeah, you know, yeah. I oh, yeah. need that battery, that, I need that. Yeah, but it never. Never, there's no payoff. No, no there is. There the is. whole payoff was he was waiting for some gin to show up to kill him. Yeah, yep. and and even then it made it seem weird because he's like, that wasn't your plan, was it? No, no. Well, what do you want? Uh, the genies. You, what do you know about genies? I was thinking that at that point he was going to do a spell that brought genies in and and would attack everyone, and that wasn't the case because he's just playing a waiting game. He's just stalling. He's trusting, so these and trusting the genies because he knows that they're after him. Up until this point, though, like, I didn't really think there was a lot of genies. Like, I knew these guys were, like, after him before. I thought they were disciples, really, I think, yeah, of the genies, the main, I, like, bad guy we have, who we really I'm know nothing you. about, except that he started World War fucking one. Man, I actually forgot all about anything, because it's, you know, you don't get it a lot, and I just thought that he was going to do some sort of spell that was going to open up a gate, these guys were going to jump yeah. out, and then he fucking go. Uh, but boy, phone, yeah, I'm low. even looking. This is half of the book, just this I intro know. fucking deal, and then you go, and then you go into the, uh, the rot, the rot, rot world, world with uh, Swamp Thing and Mercury. And again, uh, because you've already wasted so much time, this even seemed very just forced. Not forced, but very, you know, that. let's get it done and get the fuck out of here. I we're mean, this, ha this happened in the last issue. I know, that's how yeah. bad it is. They're yeah. wasting time with John, and when we finally get to the Swamp Thing, they're showing us what we saw yep. already. Yeah, Except yeah. and it's just she, like, she let's get through. She didn't have a scarf around her mouth in the yeah. last issue. yeah. Yeah, so but ba it, so basically this, the whole thing is... Oh, this is the director's cut of that. Okay, yeah, exactly. Swamp Thing has to accept the, the goddamn poison and the rot, and, you know, and basically then uh, Constantine stalls enough so that these guys who are after him show up to kill everyone, and Swamp Thing gets out of the rot uh, with Mercury's deal, and that's how it ends. That's, now, please, can, so can somebody explain to me when Swamp Thing is... He is fighting the rod off, and he realizes that he has to intertwine himself with the rod to gain enough power, even though it's killing him, to fight yeah. these things off. And then he's all, we hear Swamp Thing off in the distance. He's like, Mercury, the, the seeds. seeds. Yeah. What are the seeds? I have no idea. I, well, I don't wasn't even. she going to get Abigail? Yeah, she was, she was going supposed to look to go, for a, a black so, hole to go look for fucking Abigail. Yeah, she was going to go look for Abigail. Come from? I don't remember I don't know. anything. Who knows? That made no sense. Uh, nope. Who knows? The seeds come out of nowhere. I. The only thing I really I did like in this book was the idea that the swamp that swamp thing had to take from the rot. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a big swamp thing nerd, of course, and because I know that in the future that's obviously going to have weird ramifications. You know, in this that book he has the rot in him, and he has like a little whatever whatever it is. Either it's going to be killing him, or maybe it'll make him give him extra more power. We don't know. You know, maybe it'll. Maybe you know, it'll give him a, a way that he can be with Abigail. Yes, he starts the rod and he can he can go back in the rod at will, or whatever, whatever I mean, it might to me, be. To me, that was literally the only like important quote unquote thing to happen in the entire book. Yeah. As far to me, as I think that it might be 
anyway. you know, later on you might have some villain that'll be able to, you know, Anton will come and he'll be able to control him a bit. I don't Maybe, know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see whatever happens because that would be, uh, you know, if that is if we thing. have like like a uh, intercontinuity play between this book and whatever like Swamp Thing shows up in later. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm saying even in maybe even in this book, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know how it'll play out in other things, but I mean, as far as what happened in this book, because the genies do show up, they kill everybody but Chaz everybody. and John Constantine, yep, and then John, and John shows up in wherever the hell Mercury and Swamp Thing pull out of the rot. And the only thing that I can think of that is worth anything is that Swamp Thing drew, you know, from the rot. Yeah, yeah. Because basically, they're they're there with Mercury. Yeah, and and the whole thing makes me laugh because Swamp Thing's there and like Mercury. Did you did you find Abigail? Did you find Abby? No, nope, I didn't. And then fucking Constantine shows up and like, hey, you know what? We're gonna have to put our differences aside, Mercury, and let's get to work. I'm like, really? This is issue four, and and you're gonna do you're gonna start doing it now. Yeah, like now it seems like you may get what you've been asking for, Reggie. But we've had four months of this book now. Oh yeah, uh, you oh, know this is this is far five too long actually. Question about uh, it, you yeah. know, it's just ridiculous. I'd like Eric to have an extra panel where he walks on here and says, "What were you talking about when you said the seeds?" You know, just like <laughs> gently shaking Swamp Thing, be like, "Mr. Swamp Thing, what did you mean Excuse by the me. seeds?" Excuse me, Excuse me, Mr. Swamp Thing, what were the seeds? Yeah, what like, did you, what did I don't know. I was fucking drunk. I don't know. Just kick him while he's down that. a bit and then walk Jesus off panel. Christ. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know what else to say, but I, I'm really down on this book. It's one of those yep. that I do not look forward to. And, and really, it always sh- it, it sneaks up behind me and taps me on the shoulder every time it shows up because I so never realize it's coming love. on. Hello, love. How you doing there with your, your fry up going there with your paw, whatever the fuck that magician <laughs> is? Oh, yeah, yeah, that magician. But yeah, uh, what'd you give it, Reggie? Uh, I still like the art. I really have no problems with that. I gave it a six out of ten. I'd give it a six as well. I like the art, but yeah, it's not it's not doing anything. And really, for for the most part, uh, six out of ten seems to be where almost every book seems to be falling anymore, and it's starting to get to me. Yes. What'd you give it, Aaron? This issue does nothing for the entire series, and. The only thing that I really liked about the art was the consistency of John Constantine. I like the way he looks, and that's the only thing that stays going on throughout this uh, issue. I'd give it a 4.9 out of 10. Jeez. Eric is a harsh critic. I'm telling Uh, you, these books are fucking wearing me down this week. Well, this this week is tough. It's really been tough, and it it continues. This is what I said at the beginning of our segment here. Uh, This is a book. The next book is something that we love. And this is another issue where you do learn some things, but really I was bored. I, I don't yeah. know about you guys, but uh, go on with it. It's another Constantine book. It's uh, uh, kind of sort too. of, although a better Constantine as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah. But uh, Six Pack and Dog Welder, Hard Traveling Heroes, number four, written by Garth Ennis, art by Russ Braun and John Kalitz. Yeah. When Six Pack was <laughs> in Egypt's land... Let Dog Welder go. He drank so much he could not stand. Let Dog Welder go. Go down, Bator. Way down in Mummy Land. Tell old Anubis. Let Dog welder go. Ah, oh, yes, Reggie. I knew that you would not let me down. 
<laughs> I knew that you would eventually come with a song. Right? Unfortunately, Always. uh your your old spirituals I can't really set a beatbox to yeah. so I had to try to join in, but well, you, you caught me off. Sharecropping. That's, uh, yes, that's really. Well, if you want to get more modern, I, I walked away. That, no, that's crop dusting. Oh, I, I thought maybe we'd go a little uh, modern times, and maybe I'm supposed to be, you know, w- uh, hitting rocks with a fucking chain around my fucking ankle or we'll, something. We'll but, get yeah. a, uh, you, you should be doing that in general, yes. Yeah, I really we'll get should. A, get a remix they, just, this they haven't caught me yet, so I, I <laughs> yeah. don't have to do that. But, uh, yeah, uh, this book is a book that if, if me, you, and uh, Eric over there – don't like it. I don't know who will because will. this book can really do uh, just about anything, and I enjoy myself. Uh, the last two issues, I haven't really been enjoying myself. Been I haven't down. gotten the laughs. And really, well, is it that we're getting more get of a thing out of the way? So in case we don't mention later, I still think the art is perfect. The, the art's I like great. The art a lot. There's the not art one is great. thing wrong visually with this book. No. You know, um, it is. It is just perfectly fine. Now, you know? do you uh, agree that this? Uh, as compared to the All-Star Section 8 mini in the DCYOU, is telling a more coherent story, but I yeah. don't know if that's what's bringing it down. Like, it, I it's... mean, this is like Dog Welder's, I don't know if you'd say redemption, but sort of yeah. his you know, secret origin or whatever. Yeah, you're getting his origin. The problem yeah. is, is I'm really not interested in Dog Welder. I, I'm not. Uh, I don't I'm know why... Su- What's I'm actually that? surprised. I never thought I'd say this, but I desperately want to go back to Noonan Sleazy Bar. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want. I just want, and I'll even go with the to every two issues, even having some crazy thing happen, another hero showing up, them going because I'm not that interested in Dog Welder. I really am not. You get a lot of info in this, you know, his origin kinda. deal and kind of the mysticism of the Dog Welder. Uh, I don't care. I really there's, don't. There's sort of a lot of, uh, it's just, they spend a little too much time on it, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I yeah. think it's a little overblown for what it is. I, you know, there, there's humor to it. I do like, uh, I guess we'll get to it in a minute, but when the Egyptian gods are there, then the one bird-headed god just says, awk, you know, oh, the whole Yeah, I know, I like when he Can't says, playa. <laughs> no, it's like playa, you know what I mean? Playa, like and, and, and I still think the characterization of John Constantine is funny, although that yeah. joke is wearing thin. Yes. But I, yes, I still does. find it funny, you know what I mean? But that, that's part of the problem here is this really didn't introduce a lot of new humor, you know no, what I mean? No, like, no. Uh, you know, and, it, and it's not even like the most of it's a downer. Like, there's just kind of like, eh, scenes of, well, you know. Even the funniest thing, we thought that it was leading to Constantine kind of getting with guts, and you come to this point where he even talks to uh, Bueno about it, but they kind of just kind of get along. They share a cigarette, and off they go. I, I don't know. I kind of got by the end that Bueno was going to fuck Constantine to death. But it wasn't bad. funny to me. It really no, wasn't that funny. Bueno is very subdued here, and I'm not having yeah. a good time with him. Yeah, and the whole thing is Six Pack kind of gets angry at one point because he thinks he's supposed to be the leader uh, of the group, but even he's that just leader. comes off. They're there. They're, and every. Everything with our Section 8 team, besides for Dogwater, is boring as shit in this book because yeah, they have nothing yeah. to do. Well, they're getting attacked by zombies and zombie mummies. dogs and all mummies, I mean. And uh, you have the whole thing with Constantine continues his, you know, with his fucking Hellblazer gun. But we've seen this, so it really doesn't go. And what really threw me off uh, is after reading that vigilante and Eric telling me about, you know, talking about the <laughs> cursing, it's getting annoying with the, you know, the dot, dot, dots and the it just I really. I no idea what the hell they're saying. In this and book. Uh, I every no. time I just fuck, 
Fucking yeah, shit. They, That's they all I do. Made, they should have made this a mature book and just yeah. drama cursing. And really, I, don't, I don't see what the hell the damn deal is. You know? I'll tell you what it gets to me is this, for some reason, comes off to me as when I'm listening to a spoiler-free podcast and they have to keep mentioning that they don't want to spoil things. If you're going to curse, curse. If you're not, just fucking leave it aside. I don't need yeah. to sit there and fill in the blanks with my own curse words. I'm not that creative. I'm like, right, you fuck. I'm the daddy now. Then the next one is, fuck, will you? Knock it off. Then it's like, hey, fuck one-liners. Everything's fucked to me. So just, just write it or don't time, do it. Yeah. And that's all I do. Oh, I, hell, I have five kids. That's all I know. <sighs> Jim, talking just... about freaking the, the Section 8 team, though, the, the whole thing with them fighting the mummies is three pages long. The yeah, rest yeah. is them nothing. Yeah, yeah it's because way, it's then – yeah, they're going, and I do like Bueno. He always looks great. Uh, but, uh, yeah, all of a sudden, then Dogwater kind of gets zapped away. At the, the whole time, he's just standing there. It seems that he doesn't want to dog weld, so he's there, and they keep yelling, come on, you got to go. And it's weird because at one point, Constantine says, no, no, you know, he's working out things. He's there. And then two panels later, he's yelling, you better do something now, Dogwelder. You know, light your torch, mate. And that's where he does, but he gets sucked away into the mystical land of dog welders. And you see the the uh, the steep tradition of Dude, the dog is, welder. This is just like freaking the emerald fucking plane that Abin Sooner is <laughs> yeah, in now. It is. Every dog welder gets the reward at the end where they become statues and get to sleep. I'm like, yep. it's, what is better, this or a goddamn green rocky place that the Green Lanterns get rewarded with? Yeah, and this, the only thing, first, and, this looks better. That green yeah, it does look better. It looks like shit. But yeah, you know? he's going to go. And he it's talks to his. Floor. I mean, it's, it looks all right over here. And he, he does. He talks to the guy who was the dog welder before him, his predecessor. And it's funny because he's like, "Hey, like you, I stumbled on this strange, strange gift." Meaning the dog welding. It's weird though because it looks like either he was destroyed or became. It looks like Bador to me. Like in that you, you, the oh, one that, panel when he's getting destroyed. Dog welder. Yeah, it looks like it was Bator that destroyed him to me. It really Maybe. is weird. I didn't read the Hitman series where the Section Eight died. Yeah, yeah, but there but, he is. But maybe that, maybe that's the link. Maybe we're learning that yeah, Bator. This is why the Spectre, right? Yeah, wanted to get rid yeah. of Bator. And mm -hmm. in the meantime, you do get the the origin of the Dog Weller. That is an, the Egyptian myth. I, it's I, how I freaking do, like, Anubis. Some of these was statues, they have like World War One. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Uh, God, they have like <laughs> they have like Paul Revere. Yeah. Uh, type I'm telling you, I like I like the right. cowboy. I I think the cowboy, cowboy. is my favorite. He is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, like the Roman cowboy. You even get a guy in the back holder. that looks like he's right from Castle Crashers. He but looks they're, they're, like he'd be like a medieval type deal. And yeah, yeah, yeah there's Bowen. one there that looks like the Black Knight from Monty Python and the Holy Grail as a dog welder. I like yeah, that. Yeah. I think right that's the one that I yeah. think looks like Castle Crashers. But yeah, <laughs> what, they what have this the one. the diving helmet? Like, why, why would he be it's so weird anyway? Who knows? It's all right. Who knows? The diving helmet I like, too. I want to see yeah. the backstory behind that. Yeah, well, it goes, and then you you find out that Anubis uh, was made kind of with a dog weld, and that was what cursed the dog welders to come about. And it's okay, right? The one big thing that I think you learn here is that most people don't be, they're not able to figure out the whole thing with the talking or whatnot until they die and go to this. Oh plane. yeah, the do this yeah, dog yeah, weld yeah, is yeah, the first yeah. to figure out why he's alive. Yeah, yeah. and really the the the. Uh, the big question that's answered when they do go there is. They aren't supposed to weld dogs, and you're supposed to weld something else, but he never finds out. He doesn't find anything out here. He really doesn't, and yeah. it's just weird. It really and is we, weird. And I assume we will, but, yeah, I mean, yeah. we spent an awful lot of time on the story. 
to yeah. only find out one thing, you know, that's yeah. like, uh, it's kind of lame. Yeah, and in the meantime, it does show when a dog water shows back up, and they're just the the section eight and uh, Constantine are just sitting around smoking and waiting, and it's weird too because I'm like, where is this editor thing that we thought yeah, was so clever true. before? Everybody's smoking that. it up now, waiting, and I don't know if it's supposed to be like, well, that's not really happening in this book now, but when he comes back, they're like, okay, what did you learn? Nothing. Okay, yeah. we'll go from there. And they walk out, and basically, that what they're your like, kids you know, say when you ask them how school was. Yeah, that's all it is. That's what every kid nothing. says. But all yeah, right. they go out of this pyramid, and they start talking. You get a little recap of that. The specter showed up and said that was the first sign. They're waiting for the next sign. They hope it isn't fa- uh, Phantom Stranger because he's fucked up. And <laughs> then we, they they see a light, and that's it. And it ends. And it looks like the. I looked at the solicits because I was like, maybe we'll find out who is coming up and whatnot. Uh, it looks like they're just going to steal a space shuttle and go into space. That's what the solicits seem to point out, and it just seems like nonsense. We're we're not getting anything though. I love it when that big flash of light comes, and you do get the full enjoyment of Bueno with those fucking th- the the yeah. knee high boots and shit. <laughs> I think that that has not been spelled out enough. I absolutely, I really love the art in this. Yeah, I really I do. do. I, I think, and I think it's perfect for the series, and it's just, yeah. just top notch. And if that's, if that's all you want to buy comics for, then go right ahead. But yeah. uh, the story has just it's gone. It's just the, the humor terrible, has has you know it, I mean? the humor's gone. It just, yeah. it's almost like, and I, I can't say that it's one of we read the section eight. Me, you, and Eric really liked it. I can't say that this is one like, uh, even like Eric would say with Harley. Like, boy, we get the same jokes over and over. We're not getting any jokes. Like no, they have no. disappeared. Uh, I'm sorry, and the, it's, the funniest part of this book was the backstory of the god, like about the gods doing their thing. And I'm yeah, like, I like that part of the book. I, I liked it. I didn't it really think that was funny. I I liked it. I I actually did like the the gods, the Egyptian gods, kind of sitting there and cursing. That made me laugh. Yeah, but yeah. other than that, it just it was just that was a the most lot of filler. Part of, uh, all the enjoyment I got out of this issue yeah. really was that part. And, and nobody is buying this book, and I can't say any more that I could really recommend it. I, I couldn't no, say. I like, if somebody wanted story. this issue and they're like, hey, I've been reading it, but I've not really been into it. Should I buy this issue? I can't say that I could tell them yes. The only thing I'd say, well, you, you already read three. You might as well stick it out. But I couldn't say, yeah. oh, no, no, this is great. And we have yeah. two more issues, and I don't know. It's... It's just not been great. It's just kind of been, you know, run of the mill, kind of boring. But uh, yeah, anything else? Because I nope. don't have anything else to say. Well, what did you give the it? The art is great. Did yeah, I say that? I yeah, you said it a that. couple times, maybe. I, all I remember uh, uh, is this song you were singing. I, it's still ringing uh, true to me. <laughs> yes. Swing I, uh, low, I dog mean, welder. Go. What you did go. you give it? There, there were, uh, there were some. Uh, I mean, like I said, I mentioned the parts like that were that were still funny to me, like the gods talking and and John yeah. Constantine's characterization. It was just too much dull crap. Uh, art, I think, is spectacular. I still went seven out of ten on this, but it's definitely a uh, recalcitrant. You know, could have gone six five if I. Yeah, I, I actually, I think I'm going to go again with my standard uh, tonight here. I'll give it a six out of ten. I really like the art. There are a couple moments. Anytime Buenos on the page, I laugh. 
And yeah. yes, I don't even did, find Bueno that funny. I just, I'm just telling you, just his look. I yeah. just like to see him. I, I like uh, Bueno no. as well. He's not doing it for me. This Here's series. the thing is, in our little world, uh, in our little world means us three in Manship who were reading yeah. this book. Bueno <laughs> was the breakout character of sure that was. first series of the Section 8 mini. And yeah. it seemed like they really wanted to keep the dog weller thing going when – I think they should have pushed Bueno a lot more because everybody loves Bueno. Every even I mean, dog, the people the I heard when, has a, you know, no pun intended, has a pedigree going back to the hit. Ooh, I think that was so intended. Bueno. But yeah, he does. Maybe but Bueno, was, even the people who I heard podcasts no where they didn't even read six pack or uh, section eight, where they just jumped into this, these new podcasts that started with Rebirth, and even they were like, oh, and then there's this guy in a trench coat and he's like laughing and. He is the star, and yet, sure uh, really, the other star is Six Pack, and you're getting nothing. And he even points it out in this: "Hey, you know, I'm supposed to be the leader. I'm supposed to be the the big to do." And he's just kind of left on the sidelines. It's been Dog Welder and Constantine that, oh, that yeah, are the big shit character. His pants. Yeah, really. Uh, but yeah, what would you give it, Eric? I'd give it a six out of ten as well. Yeah, I do like yeah. the art, but like the series is just not doing it from the way I expected it to after reading the freaking, the first uh, six issue many from the new 52. Yeah. I, I just want more to happen or at least, you know, let like make less happen, but give me the humor, find something for me to do here because you're not giving me the humor and you're not giving me a lot to do while reading this. So no. I just find myself being bored. Yeah, I agree. I agree fully, but yeah, it's, it's been a little bit of a, a downer in this uh, Rebirth series. I don't think we're going to see any more of them either, so it's a shame. I really, yeah. the this, this sales are, are horrendous, so uh, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah, we're going to go off now to an indie instant with Ben and Christian. I don't know, Reggie. I think they're trying to weasel in on your old Cosmic Treadmill uh, thing uh -huh. from before. I, I think, I know you told me before you were pretty upset about that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> you didn't say anything about that. But yeah, it's going to be the Indians, and I think they're going to talk about that uh, that new Scott Snyder, Jeff Lemire book. Uh, did you read that? Oh, right? you mean AD After Death? Yeah, I was hoping you'd say it because I couldn't remember what it was called. But yeah, <laughs> did you read it? I haven't read it all yet. No. Yeah, I, it, I, it, I took a look at it. It looked it looked interesting. How about I say that? I saw a lot of words. There, there, were, there were a of lot words. of typed words in the yes, beginning, but there I was some comic. There was some there comic. was some comic, but there's a lot of prose, and I'm telling you, that always that turns me off. But everybody yeah. who has read it has, you know, pretty much gone gaga over it. So we'll see what Ben and Christian have to say about it now. Hello and welcome to Indie Instant. I'm Benjamin Dupay from the Nerd Church Radio Podcast. Joining me tonight is Christian Falds from Salty Playground. Hey, what's going on? How you doing tonight, Christian? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. Just trying to uh, to wade my way through our book that we're reviewing tonight. Yeah. We we decided to uh, so we do an Indie Instant for for Jim and Eric, um, and it's basically one where we typically will review like an. What we would consider to be like an independent comic book, um, that publishers like Image or Dark Horse or 
IDW or you know even a even a non-published book where someone self-published it. Just um, anyone that's not DC or Marvel, because those are the big two. Yeah, and it's sad to say, but we would consider any of those to be independent just because of how big DC and Marvel are. Um, so tonight we're going to be talking about AD After Death, um, which is by Scott Snyder, um, which that already gives a really good leg up. Um, because, I mean, I just, I've always liked Scott Snyder's work. I, I love New 52 Batman, and, you know, I. All-Star Batman right now, I'm not digging the art, but the story is actually really good. Uh, have you been reading that one? Oh, yeah. This, uh, I've been reading All-Star Batman since issue one. In fact, that was the only uh, Batman Rebirth title I, I picked up originally. I didn't pick up uh, the normal one till this new I Am Suicide Squad. I Am Suicide Squad. Gosh darn it, it's late. I Am Suicide <laughs> Arc. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's – and that's – you know, I actually – well, I started the Nerd Church Radio podcast with DC Rebirth, so I've been reading every title since the beginning, and then I've dropped a couple along the way because some of my co-hosts have picked up, um, but All-Star Batman has one that I've stuck with, and it's because, like, the all not to get off on a DC tangent or anything, but, like, the All-Star titles are typically things like All-Star Superman. I don't know if you read that, Christian? No, uh, I'm going to say something's going to get a lot of people angry, especially Frenny when she listens to this. I'm not a big Superman fan. In fact, uh, I've hated him for most of my life. Yeah, and I actually, dude, I I was right there with you. I was never that big of a Superman fan, Um, but I kind of got into him with Rebirth, and they kind of brought the hope back to that character for me. And it, it really kind of renewed my faith in, in the character. Um, but All-Star Superman was one that, you know, someone recommended to me, and I was not a big Superman fan, and it was like, well, shit, like, I guess I'll try it out. And, it, I mean, that thing won Eisner Awards, and it was just fantastic. Yeah. The artwork was good. So even if you're not a Superman fan, I would say pick that one up. It's a really good read. Um, but, but, yeah, Scott Snyder wrote this, and uh, he wrote, like, all the new 52 Batman stuff. Uh, very good writer. and so He we... didn't do uh, Batman Eternal, though, did he? No, I'm sorry. I should say just the main main Batman title uh, for for the new 52. So the, the stuff that Greg Capullo was on. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, but, uh, nonetheless, really good writer. So, you know, we were like... Yeah, okay, an image book. Image is a good publisher. Scott Snyder's on it. That that sounds like a good comic book. So let's pick up this comic book and review it. Well, come to find out... I this, like the emphasis you're putting on comic book. You're is, really putting that in there. <laughs> th- this is not a comic book. I no, cannot... This is, this is uh, <laughs> a... It's a mixture of mediums, as what I really say is, because there are parts of it that are comic books. you got panels and dialogue and stuff like that. But then you got parts that are text, like a whole. There's a whole page that I'm looking at right now. It's all text, and then there's pages that are all art, and it's it's a mixture of mediums. Um, uh, uh, prose is, I believe, what it, what it's called. Well, anything that's not poetry is technically prose. But I'm... yeah, and I was confused <laughs> on that, so I really wasn't sure. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like. It's almost like just a short story, and it really is a work of art. I mean, I you oh, know, yeah, no, very it's, very cerebral is what I would use to describe it. It's and and this is what I was hoping for when Scott Snyder originally announced this announced this title on his Twitter. That's what I actually I, as soon as he announced, it, I put it on my poll list because I was like, I want to get into this. What's this all of, all about? Um, but the way he was describing it, it made me think about the 
old school of uh, science fiction and how it used to be back in the back really in the founding era of sci-fi sci-fi really was very much a uh, you'd use it more as a vessel for either for philosophy really uh, Isaac Asimov Robert Heinlein uh, Mary Shelley uh, Arthur Arthur C Clarke all those guys didn't write just science fiction stories for just to go, hey, look at the space stuff. They wrote it because they had a, a message behind it. Sometimes thinly veiled, but there was a message behind it. And this, and and I always really dug that about old sci-fi. And this, when he was describing him writing this book, I was like, oh, is this going to be an old sci-fi book? It right. Got me all excited. Yeah, and I'd never read old sci-fi. So the only old sci-fi I've really gotten into, like Dune. Uh, was something that I got into a while back, and that was like original sci-fi, right? Uh, Dune is uh, it was nineteen seventy something. Um, I it it's more of a it's more of a cult thing um, than more mainstream sci-fi from back in the day. I I consider old original sci-fi uh, starting from there's really two eras. There's the Romantic era which was like Shelley and H.G. Wells. And then there's the modern era where the modern fathers of sci-fi, which were in the, like in the 50s with Isaac Asimov, Arthur C. Clarke, and Robert Heinlein. Wow, and man. the guy that wrote Forever War. I can't ever remember his name off the top of my head. Huh, Forever War. Here, let me take a look here. Forever War. Uh, looks like military I... science fiction Joe Haldeman. Yep, that's it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I haven't read any of this, and I've actually been meaning to read more novelizations. So, you know, this book might actually be like a good conduit for for checking out more novelizations of stuff. Because, I mean, it really is, it, you know, it's not... When I read comic books, I, I clear out maybe 10 minutes of my schedule to read it, and then I'll check it out, and I'll read it again, and another 10-minute segment. This, it was like... I opened it up and I had a 10 minutes and I was like, shit, man, I need to clear out like an hour to, to really dig into this thing. Um, so, so I did and I have read the book and I, I can say it's definitely like a, you know, it, it's enjoyable. Um, but it's definitely not something to read while you're, while you're eating your Saturday morning cereal or anything. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Cause normally when I read comics, cause comics generally are very, best word to say is very pulpy where you can, it doesn't require a lot of attention span, really, to to read stuff, except for maybe one or two titles. Yeah. Um. But with with this, this one, I I turned off turned off the Netflix, uh, shut my mon- computer monitor off, and just kind of enjoyed this book like like it was a book, and which I haven't done in a while. I I I normally have lately been reading audiobooks because of my job, but yeah, it was nice to kind of go back to that reading reading an actual book. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it is. It was it was nice. It was it was it required a lot more of an attention span. You know, I'm the kind of person who I I sometimes have to read pages of text two and three times just to fully comprehend them. I have ADD, but it's like yeah, it took me a while. I got I got just a synopsis here that, you know, I I'll read. Um so the basis of the book is like what if we found a cure for death? Um and so but it's not not really that simple. Um and the the synopsis online, I guess I can read it. Unless have you written like a synopsis for this at all? No, I have not. 
Okay, so so Scott Snyder and and Jeff Lemire have united to create a three-part epic like no other, set in a dark future where a genetic cure for death has been found. Years after the discovery, one man starts to question everything, leading him on a mind-bending journey that will bring him face-to-face with his past and his own mortality. A unique unique combination of comics, prose, and illustration – uh, it'll be a serialized monthly, monthly as three oversized prestige format books written by Snyder and fully painted by Lemire. So, I mean, that's a really accurate description. It's it's a lot of prose. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you kind of open up, and our, our main... I, I don't even know if I should call him a protagonist. I suppose he is, because... Oh, I he's mean, definitely uh, uh, our protagonist, but he's also our... Uh, it's This story is definitely told from the uh, best way... It, it's third person limited best best way to, I almost said first person but no it's third person because we actually see him so yeah it's very third person limited in the uh, way it's telling the story well but then so it's kind of told from two different points of view first off we get like the prose where it's like sh- sort of a short story with illustrated pictures like where it'll be one picture on the page and a page full of text and those are written from a first person perspective of this little boy and you know, like they, he goes back into uh, trips that he was taking with his family, like a vacation they took to Florida, and he he goes into like his mother's health issues that she's having, um, and then we kind of cut forward um, after that first person description into this like I want to say like dystopian type future where he's like. You know, he's chopping through the jungle, right? And he's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's talking to people on a radio, and, like, it's very hectic, and there's a lot going on, and there's these really strange alien-esque creatures that he's running from. Look like uh, single-celled organisms, like uh, amoebas or viruses. It is nightmarish. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of like the prologue to the book right there, and that's that's where we leave off. So, like, that that's where it cuts to, like current day which when i say current day that's 825 ad or after death which i'm I, i'm kind of assuming is like that was the first point where this guy died maybe and this is 800 for the first time and this is 825 years after that point is that is that kind of the impression you got from that as well um well there's there's two things i have going going through this and so when i originally saw that uh, i assumed that's after after death had been conquered that's what it meant 825 years after death had been conquered oh yeah i guess i didn't think about that but later and i don't i hate to skip around because i also want to talk about stuff that was in the prologue too there's just so much yeah um uh but later it's at, at near the end when he's talking to his ex-girlfriend i assume it was or ex-wife it could be either or we're not really we don't really know. Yeah, or an um, ex-life from because I'm assuming like the impression I have is this: this guy has lived multiple lives. Like he, he's... well, yeah. They they talk about how and and you would have to. I don't know how often though, off the top of my head, um, because I'm not a uh, brain brain surgeon or a brain doctor. <laughs> right. Um, but the human mind can only hold so many memories in. Though I think it's around. I think you could live for a thousand years as long as you didn't develop Alzheimer's or anything. Uh, safely develop a thousand years. The only problem with it is the longer you live, uh, the harder it is to access memories just because it takes. It's like when you have a computer hard disk drive, and you might have two terabytes of data, but when you have like you know 1.5 of it filled up, it just takes forever it, for it to find things because it has to spin all the way around and look through everything. So it looks like uh, because of that they 
get mind wiped every now and then so they can be functional in society. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of... I mean, there's a lot of mystery to this whole, like, life after death thing and how it works. It, like. it, it, it's not dissimilar to Reborn, the book that we reviewed last week, where it's like... Yeah. I mean, it's less straightforward than that, to where, like, in that book, you you die and you're reborn right away into an, in a whole new fantasy world. This is, like... All we know is, like, this guy, you know, has... He was a child once. His his parent, his mom was having health issues, and we're I'm assuming over 800 years after the fact, and he's living in this dystopian future where he's like he's farming cattle, um, and that that's a really weird thing for me. Yeah, and he's also a kleptomaniac. Um, yeah, I love that that he just steals stuff. Yeah, oh, that's great. And I think like in the in the prologue to the book, he he's 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 stolen something that that he shouldn't have obviously and he's running from people he's kind of on the run and then that that was sort of some foreshadowing and now we're going back a little bit and sort of getting introduced to him like you know there was a cow that he was he was kind of farming and it's it's kind of self-destructive it's trying to hurt itself so he steals the cow and uh kind of puts it in a room with all of his other stolen goods which you know there's like a really expensive looking grand piano there there's a what looks to be like a picasso painting um some some night gear you know like from the renaissance time yeah um, it's it's a it's a giant hodgepodge menagerie of different stuff yeah and, and my wife's listening to this whole thing right now she has a better comprehension for this than i do and she just messaged me she's like you know they in order to live for so many years they go through what's called cycles where they essentially get to start over to go through these cycles they have to travel through to this like mountaintop um which makes sense you know so like i don't know this is this is the part where i kind of got lost i guess or whatever and maybe you can maybe you can shed some light for me is when like things started to get really freaky when he's like, imagine for a moment that you're a pygmy part of the Aku tribe in West Africa. Oh, Congo. I loved that. Oh, it's such a good framing device. Cause I, I uh, it honestly, this is where I, I kind of, I, I, I'm going to get really like there's comic book nerds and there's a deeper level of nerd. And I'm going to, I'm going to go there right now. Yeah, do and, it, man. And I, this is where Scott Steiner kind of shows us that he's got a really good lock on prose, because like com- comic writing takes a, a, a certain type of writing skill, but this is he. I kind of want him just to write books now because he, the way he frames that with the pygmy story, yeah, it starts. Imagine something for me. Imagine for a moment you are a pygmy, and then twelve pages in between that. And when he finishes the uh, framing device of the pygmy story, because he uses that to frame other, another story he tells, it's a, a nesting doll of stories, really, because he's telling us a normal story, and then he's, which is honestly the prose makes me think that this is this guy's journal. This is how he's he's keeping everything locked inside of his, because you know he gets mind wiped, and he talks about how he keeps around this journal, and that's how he keeps all his old mem- life memories around. So I think that what we're seeing here is the character's journal, and that's that's why it's all from his perspective. And then that character gives a an allegory, and that allegory uses a framing device to tell another story, which is about another memory. It's it's so amazing. Yeah. So I guess when when you say like prose, because I'm 
you know, I'm I'm not the most it's amazing because i review comic books you know for for the podcast and i I write written reviews but i don't actually have a very good grasp on prose or or what they are what their purpose are or or anything like that do you do you maybe want to expand on that a little bit um and and i might i mean it's been a minute since i've taken literature courses so it's not so this might be a little rusty and i'm not gonna look this up because i'm just gonna all be off the top of my head sure but yeah there are two different types of fiction. There are there's poetry and prose. Poetry is what you assume poetry is. You know, it's 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 got a very stiff structure, and and it, you can do different things with it. But it's got a very set thing of what it does. And then prose is everything that poetry isn't. It's uh, any type of genre of fiction, basically. If it's not if it's not best way to say is lyrical, it's prose. So short stories, um, you know, yeah, okay, I, yeah. I guess that that makes sense. Yeah, short stories, comic books, re- really anything that isn't poetry is prose. Okay, sure. And as long as it's fiction. If it's nonfiction, it's you divide that up differently. It's weird. right. So, so yeah, I mean the the framing device here is like, and I guess the, it kind of got disconnected for me because it was like, imagine you're a pygmy, part of the Yaku tribe, um, and he kind of takes us down that road to where like they they find a a dead frog. Right and and they're they're in the gray spot. Right, um, and then he sort of starts to go into these these stories from his childhood about how he stole the first thing he ever stole was like a tape recorder. Yeah, and, and he stole this tape recorder because his mom was ill, and she was having these you know these outbreaks of sicknesses, and ever you know ever since that happened he he wanted to record all the pieces of his life he wanted to sort of capture those things um and it's kind of this inner turmoil that he has with with coping with his mother's illness and you know they thought she was going to be okay for a little while and then it turned out she wasn't and she she got pregnant with his little baby brother and and died you know well yeah yeah and you know she was eight months in i believe yeah, and and his mom was kind of morally questionable too. Like they would break into people's houses and just kind oh, of. I love that. Yeah, that was a good story too. Yeah, and they, you know, and they would like, they wouldn't really steal things. They would just break. Yeah. They would just break in to kind of bask in the the wealth of those houses and stuff. Well, and, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, like, um, I just want to say, uh, he's Scott's very good at giving. What it's would call character modes to get you emotionally invested. Um, though I do, I have a bit of a over, um, bit overactive empathy, empathy wise, so I can over empathize. And but I think he does very well uh, getting normal people to empathize with uh, this, with the, with the characters he's writing. Because yeah, he does the story of they break into houses, but and, and but they don't just break in. Oh, to break in, he gives the reason why they break in is so they can try to. So they can pretend that their lives aren't theirs, and it's it's not only a nice bonding moment between her son and her, uh, but it also shows you that the characters, which we already saw earlier in the prologue when they're talking about where the dad was just so angry about what was going on in his life, he just walks in after work and goes, "We're going to Florida." That's how they decided to go on vacation. He's just like, "Nope, I'm done. With, I'm done with everything. We're just packing up." Yeah, yeah. Um, and. And which I immediately was able able to get into that headspace because I remember being with, yeah, my parents. Well, my my dad would get 
you could tell when he was really tense, and you're just like, I really want to avoid you, and then you'd be like, we're doing this, like, oh, okay. Yeah, my um, dad was the exact same way, actually. Yeah, so so I was very in that moment, and in the prologue, when when he finally breaks down, when they find that balloon, like, hey, call to get a prize, everyone's real happy, you're like, everything's finally getting, and then uh, everything's great, and he calls in. And it's like, oh, the contest was from a school. Like, how far the balloon could go? The school is in New York, and they're in Florida. So obviously, this balloon traveled the fast, farthest. But they'd already given the prize out because they thought the farthest balloon had gotten to New Jersey. Right. And then it, that's when his father, everything just immediately spills out, and his father just gets so angry. And his mother outbreaks in sickness for the first yeah. time. And um, you know, and that's that's kind of where we we pick up, or yeah. you know, with with them sort of indulging these dysfunctional things that they're still they're, when i say dysfunctional we still empathize with them because they're endearing you know they're just coping with with you know kind of hard knock life that they're living well i don't necessarily think it's hard i, I think what, what scott's trying to show is and but it's we empathize them because everyone's had those moments in their life where they where everything just it just piles up and piles up and you, you it 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 gets too much to handle at times. And so it's very, it's a very relatable moment. Mm-hmm. And, and then when, when you're talking about, uh, um, the sickness, when he goes on about how, Oh yeah, everyone thought she was, fu- Oh, it was just her diet. She needed to change her diet. Cause she had too little vitamin D in which I got confused. Cause I was like, wait a second, don't you get vitamin D from being in the sun? Yeah. But anyway, anyway, yeah. Uh, that, that's just that's just me being ridiculous, but uh, um, I I as a reader I've read a lot of stuff. I went, oh uh, no, she's not she's not she's not good. She's gonna die. But um, the and, but Scott Snyder knows you're gonna know that, so he plays with it. And he because the the writer also the uh, main protagonist who's writing down all, the whole story also goes, yeah, no, um, I. Even even though everyone said she was fine, I still had that that feeling that of no, it wasn't at any moment in time. Every everything that was okay in the world, that illusion would shatter and everything would fall apart. And and I was and which not only as readers we go, oh yeah, no. So he's playing with the fact that we know that his mom's gonna die. But from a character perspective and from a person perspective, you're like, no, I at least for me, but I. I have I suffer from depression, so it's a little bit like this for me. Is I always have that feeling of dread, going, "Oh, is this when it happens? Is this when everything falls apart?" And so I was able to very much understand what this guy this guy was going through, and in fact, everything does fall apart in the worst possible way because it all he sets up earlier in the issue that you know his mom and dad have been trying several times to have another kid, and they kept having miscarriages, and which is a very very sad thing for anyone any any couple to go through. Right. And then finally she gets pregnant and it's not a miscarriage anything's going well and that's that's when she gets sick again. That's when everything starts falling apart. And 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 she is she tries to hold on, hold on for so long and then she dies 8 months pregnant and there's nothing they could do for the child so the child dies as well. It's it's very it's a it's it's a way to also show us how terrible Death is death is a horrible, horrible thing, which is weird later when he's trying to kind of figure out how to make everyone die again. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think like a couple thoughts that I had on this while you were bringing things up because they're just kind of 
coming coming back to me or whatever. Um, so I think like you can kind of see why he became a kleptomaniac. A because of the the struggles that he went through with his family and watching his mother and his you know unborn brother die, um, and the indulgences that they had with like sort of breaking into houses and doing you know what a normal person would perceive as sketchy I guess but like really wasn't that bad I mean it wasn't like they were hurting yeah. anyone you know but I can you can see where he would he would move on to other more morally questionable behavior yeah. you know even though there there's innocent reasoning behind it it's still something that other people would consider to be amoral so it kind of like it really backs up his actions there and you know he's just trying to hold on to the good moments in life and and yeah. really and really try and that you connect with that character in a, in a good way you know it's just it's it's not like you know this in again this in your marvel or dc comic where you're you're initially going to connect with that character right away but you know the more i think about this story and the more it sets in the more it's like yeah man i connect with this guy and like He's been through a lot, and I can I can see the reasoning behind his action. Um, I think the prose about the frog is a metaphor about kind of how the world has evolved, uh, because Jonah talks about a place called uh, Forager, where where he and the others sit at a radio and try to listen for signs of life, like in Forager. And I think the dry patch of grass in, in the prose is kind of the sickness he unleashed on on a land when he stole the item and how it's growing and it's his fault um but that's all just kind of a guess you know i you know i'm i'm there's there's a lot of mystery here with this book and i'm i'm still trying to to get a get a handle on it or well, whatever i was i that that's a interesting interpretation i was Every time I talk, I feel like I'm sounding pretentious. Uh, <laughs> well, but... it's—I mean, let's be honest. It's—it's it's difficult not to sound pretentious with a book like this. I mean, it's—you know. Oh yeah, you, no. I you... was drinking. I was drinking my afternoon tea with my pinky up. It was. It, well, <laughs> yeah. well, well served with, to to me by my butler. It was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, yeah, and you stack this next to you know people are going to be listening to DC reviews and then tune over to this. It's going to be like. You know, quite a contrast between the two. Yeah, these these fucking guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, but um, but you know, it's it is it is a good book. It's it's a very good book. So yeah, yeah I, what were you gonna say though? Yeah, yeah, lost lost the train of thought. But yeah, no, I I thought that uh, I, I I thought he was using it to to get to get somewhere. But I I also thought that was also the because I think that that is the sickness that's around the world and that's why they all live high up in the mountains now because that's where the sickness isn't but somehow they also found the cure for death with that sickness so it's it's very confusing it but, is i think there's more answers to come in some of this and i think oh, there's definitely. a there's a lot of mystery you know i i think that i don't know it, it's hard to say he's got to make this so you know we kind of move past the whole like his mother dying thing and and yeah. the, you know all that and then we come back to current day where he's stolen this cow and he he's taking it with him up to like you know like a i guess into the mountains um where yep. where it kind of seems like this is where the cycle happens where like whatever he does to 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 not die you know this is this is where it happens so so he goes up there and this is when he begins his new cycle and he runs into 
what I would believe to be his ex love interest. Um, and yeah, it, yeah, and we get some some dialogue between them where it's like you know they're they're talking about how they're not going to remember each other and how there's only so much capacity in their mind to to sort of remember each other and stuff and they're looking out at this really interesting like cloudscape that's like differently colored clouds and lightning and stuff and it, it's really interesting. Is this um, when you want to talk about the art? Yeah, yeah, that's a better time than any. Um, yeah, so this whole this whole thing and I think Jeff Lemire's done it before looking in the back of this issue with this other stuff. But this whole thing is done very interesting. It's all done in the coloring at least, it's all done in watercolors and most of it is it, it's really it's really pretty and stuff, but right here is where it's the most interesting because yeah, they're looking at clouds and he uses purples, greens, uh, really dark shades of blues and pinks, mm-hmm. yellows and oranges. It's it's beautiful, but it's all done in watercolor, so it's got that watercolor look. But so it it's very I don't know I don't know how to describe it because it's not. I mean it's it's just a very like illustrative type thing, you know. It's, yeah. It's almost like reading a Shel Silverstein book or something. It's 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 the opposite of comics, you know. It's it's an illustrated book is what it is, and that's just it. it in and of itself is just its own thing. Um, and it's yeah, it's not not your average comic book. It's very very free flowing and. Uh, the free flowing art, sort of the sort of foggy nature of it, lends itself to the whole like almost mysterious or confusing nature of the story. I think it's it's kind of kind of tough to get a handle on it and stuff. So, I, I I'd be interested to see if the artwork kind of clears up as the next th- two issues come out. Um, but I don't know what what did you think of the art? I mean, do you like it? I I when I originally looked at it first, I was like. I was a little t- taken aback uh, mm-hmm. because I was not expecting it, but it it really fits this whole story and and he uses and it's you, 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 I hate say I hate stealing stealing Reggie's words, but you gotta see this to believe it, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it is. It, again, it's its own thing. It's it's yeah. it's a it's a work of art more so than a comic book. I think it's, it's something like, you know, more, we're running short on time here. Um, so, uh, but I think like if, you know, if you're wanting to have a break from, from your superhero stuff, which, you know, I read anywhere from 10 to 15 superhero comics a week. So yeah, it, way more than I did. Jesus, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. So, it, you know, if you're wanting a break from your run of the mill superhero story and you want to have something where you're actually required to maybe like, you know, read it more than once and think about it. And it's a piece of literature, or maybe expand your horizons a little bit. This would be a really good book to pick up. I mean, Scott Snyder knows what he's doing. He's constructing something that, is very widely open to interpretation. I believe it's not something that you can just put your finger on and say like, this is what it is. You know, it's something like we could probably sit and talk about this book for, for triple the amount of time that we're going to make this, this segment. Oh, definitely. But you know, it's just, it's a really interesting read. I, I, I can't say that I was excited about it when I got it and saw what it was. Um, but the more I talk about it with other people and the more I think about it, the more I enjoy it. And I think it's something that 
it's really fun to to sit and talk about and yeah you know and this this book makes me wish i could could actually get one of uh, like a book club off the ground to start discussing book skin and and not only that but like like you said if you want to break this is this is a very good uh stepping stone like because it's it's not just straight prose no pictures because there is comic book stuff in it there there are you know panels and dialogue boxes and all that stuff so it's not fully a book you're not going to be sitting there for a couple of days reading it it's it's no, it's it's a good hour probably yeah. if you I mean I I read it in 20 minutes but if you you know if you want to really take it in and give yourself time to to try and like comprehend things and and try and form opinions about like what the characters and stuff I'd say give yourself an hour to read it and uh you know the thing costs what 6 bucks and I'd yep. say, I I'd say you know it's it's bound beautifully man it's bound in like this canvas cover that that just feels oh, really yeah. nice I mean the, I'm holding it in my hands it's yeah, awesome <laughs> it's it's just a beautiful piece of work I mean it's just man like you don't get stuff like this with comics I mean I I love comic books and I love the goofy feeling of comic and the playful nature of comic books and this is just something else and it's it's a lot of fun man i i don't know i would i would rate this uh you know on our scale it would be great which is like a holy for us but you know i I, i'd give it probably an eight out of ten i i maybe a 7.5 out of ten um i think it's it's like rating a chapter in a book though because it's really difficult to rate something like this until you've actually read the entirety of the work um, this truly is chapter one, and there there is a finite ending, so it's, yeah. it's it almost doesn't really do it justice to rate it. Uh, but I would say if I had to, I'd, I'd give it like a seven point five or an eight out of ten. I'd I'd say eight point five, but I agree and disagree. By the way, I I'm gonna go off on a tangent real quick. Uh, this this book, the binding reminds me of a journal, and I think there's a reason behind that. But, but anyway. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, that's a very good point. But um, when when I was when I was in in one of my really intensive re, uh, literature courses, uh, we we did have to do a point where we reviewed a book, uh, just a chapter or two chapters at a time, and it it was difficult, but it it can be done. Uh, you can't break a book down like that because generally every chapter should be engaging. Um, because if it isn't, you have a chance of losing your reader. That's why also sentence, you have to you shouldn't use the same sentence structure all the time. You need to change between mm-hmm. you know, simple sentences, complex sentences, blah blah blah. blah. Anyway, um, and I, and I get you're saying you can't you shouldn't rate just on this issue, but just on this issue, this issue is it's amazing. I want and it it leaves me with the the fa- the stuff where I want to I want more. It's it's that feeling of wanting more, which every Every good book, whether it's comics or not, or or a normal book, or really anything that you consume, entertainment-wise, should leave you wanting more. That's that's the sign it's done its job as a piece of entertainment. You know, it's interesting though. Like I want more, but before I get more, I almost want to read it a, another time or two. Like it's like I I almost want to just because I feel like I haven't fully you know received everything that this book has to offer yet you know i feel like for me i i'd like to read it a couple more times and and really get a grasp on what what he's given us um and form my own opinions about what he's given us before i before i move on to the next chapter 
Yeah, no, which is also another really good sign of a of a good book. There's several books that I have gone through my life. I've revisited over and over again, going, I really want to reread this again, even though I know how it goes and how it ends. It's I, I just want to get back into that headspace again. And this this book does make you want to make you want to do that. It's very it's very engaging. Um, yeah, I agree. And there's new stuff. If I read it again, I'd, I'd probably find out uh, find out more stuff in it, and and that's what, like I said, it's a sign of a good book. When you when you when you come when you read it again and again and again, and it's almost a new experience every time. Yeah, absolutely. So, cool. Well, we are just about out of time here, so I am going to uh, sign off. Christian, do you have anything else for people tonight? You mind if I shamelessly plug? Oh no, man! Go! I was about to before you did, so go for it. All right, I get to go first. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you guys want to hear reviews about TV shows, movies that have been adapted for comic books, and indie or B movies, come listen to my podcast, Salty Playground. Um, this week, we're, it's going to be really short. We're only going to be covering Flash and Luke Cage because, unfortunately, my co-host uh, has some stuff he's going through, so he can't he can't make it. It's it's not. Uh, it's it's not like he's busy working. It's it's legitimate issues that I really don't want to go into. So, mm-hmm. but but he, but that's why it's going to be a little bit shorter. I, it would probably only be an hour and a half. It won't be like our normal three to four hour long podcast. Um, but yeah, check us out. And then also, I write reviews for Weird Science. Uh, I'll be writing review for AD After Death. Uh, eventually, I'm trying to make my way through that one right now. But um, check those out, and you can. Find me on Twitter at cold underscore Christmas, and and that's about it for me. You ready? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I run a podcast called Nerd Church Radio, where we rate and review, uh, recap, rate and review comic books. We have a DC show called DC Mass. We put out there every Saturday. Uh, We have a show called Indie Tuesdays, where we talk about image books. Uh, We put that out every Tuesday. And then we have a bi-weekly show where we, uh, it's like our Wednesday service where we focus on one DC book. So we're really into DC and image comics over there. We also have a website where we rate and review comic books. If you're looking for something maybe a little bit less professional than uh, Weird Science or a little bit, you know, we're we're new. So, uh, but you can check us out at nerdchurchradio.com and uh, you can find us pretty much on any social media platform at nerdchurchradio. So you, you said every Tuesday, except for this past week, you put it out it on Monday. You put it out on Monday. No, no, we didn't. Uh, it showed didn't up we? on my feed Monday. Oh, the Indie Tuesdays one did. It did. That's I, weird. Yeah, this one showed up. I, or it could be just insane. Let me. Let me yeah, look. you know it's interesting. We actually record that on Saturdays. I just yeah, it showed up Monday. <laughs> yeah, I just wait to put it out till Tuesday because I don't want to bomb people's feed with two shows in like a two day period. You know, so like I just wait a couple days. So, um, all right, awesome. Well, with that, we will send you guys back on over to Jim and Eric. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> Later.
Alright, and that was the Indie Instant. The Indie Instant, Eric. It's instantly 40 minutes long, is what, really? what I hear. Well, I, I haven't heard it myself. <laughs> I just hear they do good stuff. You, you hear they do good stuff. Uh, we are going to get on with the last bit of books, uh, starting with uh, one of the books that we often get mail uh, from a certain fella who likes to talk about this book. And I don't know, Eric at one point said, you know what, uh, this guy should probably just come on the podcast and talk about it since he goes through it. And we, in fact, have Mark here to talk exactly. about Batman Beyond. How you doing, Mark? Pretty good. How about yourself? Nice. I'm tired. Mark, I was at a funeral today. Why you got to bring shit up <laughs> yeah, like really? that? Yeah, really. He's, he's bringing real-world problems in, Eric. You have real-world problems going on now. I just... <laughs> I just got over a Thanksgiving that uh, I I like having the days off, but Thanksgiving is a bunch of hooey. And I tried to go uh, Black Friday shopping, which never ends up well for me. Never ends up well. Though I'm telling you, you gotta be there like two hours beforehand. Here's what's weird, though. Now that has completely changed, and I probably have already talked about it in the podcast, possibly. But (laughs) it's not even Black Friday anymore. It's what I like to call Brown Thursday, which I always had throughout my life. It really was always Brown Thursday. Terrible cook. Yes, uh, but everything, all the big sales are Thursday. I went early on Friday, and really there was nobody there. Me and my kids went on our standard, uh, our uh, what's it called, food shopping. And ended up doing a little Black Friday shopping as well because we were one of the only ones there. And it was at Walmart, which you would think is pretty packed. That's the place where all those years ago you'd see people getting trampled and fucking beating each other up, shooting guns. Yeah, really. Cabbage Patch Kids, Eric. You had right. I think they opened at like 4 p.m. on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And, And in fact, I believe there was even a weird thing in our town, at least. It was open all day, which is really? it's crazy now for Thanksgiving, but they don't start the sales until 4. And to me, that really leads to just trouble. <laughs> like there are people already there. They're already scoping out things. And I saw – I went online to just find out the – just the, the sales and stuff, and you could actually go to your local – you know, a page with your local sh- store with a fucking floor map. That you can print out. You can plan. I said, "What is this goddamn supermarket sweep?" You you run around grabbing the and always go for the hams. That's what I say. And the supermarket sweep, ham and turkey. You you don't go for the fucking beans or corn. My dad used to yell it all the time. We'd watch supermarket sweep all the time. See, see, Mark, you're you're now getting a uh, first hand look at the nonsense that happens. Mark, you're going to come on and talk Batman Beyond with supermarket sweep. Uh, but no, yes, no, well, the, the real nonsense was the target line I was standing in. I'm oh, sure. You yeah. It's raining and they hand out maps, and within like 30 yeah. seconds, the map was disintegrating in your hands, and you're like, that's well, ridiculous. this is easy. Yeah, you're like, that's great. It's, it's like whatever. Mission Impossible all of a sudden. Did you, you mission, did, if you choose to accept yes. it, this will be self-destruct in 30 seconds. Did you get anything for Black Friday then? Did you actually make um, some purchases? 
Yes, I did. Uh, at GameStop, uh, I got a one terabyte X-Bone. Ooh. Yep. What the hell you uh, just said, like $100 off. Really? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we went. I actually did the stupidest thing and rebought a PlayStation 4 two weeks ago. Yeah. And, and also bought a TV. So <laughs> I'm just stupid. But we went to uh, GameStop as well, and we got Ratchet and Clank for the PlayStation 4 for nine ninety nine. That is a good. Yeah, nine ninety nine, and it was funny because my ten year old wanted. I love the especially. This is a redo of the original, yeah. and I loved it. And uh, he really wanted to get it, and then for some reason found out it was one player, which I told him all along it was, and then he didn't want to get it. I got Kids it for myself. Kids don't listen to you. I told him. I said, you That's don't disgusting. want it? I got it for myself. I brought it home and immediately got <laughs> motion sick. I, I get motion sickness anymore <laughs> when I play stuff. And it's weird. What happens, I think what happens is I get a game. The first time I play it, I get motion sickness. Uh, and then I don't know if my brain kind of gauges in with the game. The next time I picked it up, I was fine. I was it's like you can turn off trophies. your eidetic memory all of a sudden, start your brain yeah, work faster. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I didn't realize know. we were talking about uh, background. Yeah, background. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize I wanted to talk about background again. Uh, that book. <laughs> Holy Christ, what happened there? But uh, we will now go into Batman Beyond, which <laughs> is a book that the three of us uh, especially stuck with the whole New 52. And, oh, yeah. Mark, you had been writing in, and you and Eric were going back at how much you were irritated by it. And yeah. so they announced the rebirth. At the end of the New 52, you got Terry McGinnis back. So that was pointing, okay, here we go. Tim disappeared in a fucking flash of light. Poor Tim. Uh, yeah, Which poor Tim. Just, it's the biggest cop-out I've, I've yeah. ever seen in a comic yeah. book, at least. It was. And I, I think I said it on the podcast. I said, we're not going to see anything about him. They are not going to mention him again. And Eric was all mad at me, and I was right again. I'm always I, mad at you, though. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, I just really. wanted to make sense because we had this this kind of idea that it's possibly when Mr. Oz took Tim Drake out of the normal timeline, that affected all other timelines. But this Tim Drake existed in a timeline all his own because he was not from either the present timeline or the future. He was from a parallel timeline. So he should not be affected no matter what. Yeah, I, th- I, just, I think the biggest problem is just dealing with like how many timelines we're dealing with. Yeah, uh, yeah. we're up to like it is five sure. or six. I, I have a whiteboard right here. No, yeah, really. <laughs> oh, no, I think some of my friends and I, uh, and I can honestly say one of them is a scientist, so I can actually say we had a scientist okay. on our team. Nice. Um, nice. Try to figure out how many timelines there were, yeah. and we were just like, at some point, we said, "Screw it." Yeah, screw it. And I think well, that honestly, that's DC saying, basically said screw it because they didn't want to have to try to explain it. If a goddamn scientist can't explain it, then why even try? And <laughs> that it, was it, convergence it, in a nutshell. We got too yeah. many open timelines. These are going to destroy them all. Yeah, yeah, it, it's crazy. Uh, and really, they could have at least just said, you know, hey Tim, this I mentioned them, but no, they have not. And then I don't know, Mark, if you had mailed us at one point or now this is recent where they had. Yeah, basically, one of your biggest gripes has been that pretty much Batman Beyond has been set up as a book for Dan Jurgens to get Batman beat the shit up. He gets the shit kicked yeah. out of him every goddamn issue. And it happened again in Rebirth, and they tried to explain it that he hadn't trained yet, that he was yeah, just that- back. 
yet it seemed like months had happened since he became Batman Beyond oh, no, again. They say that it was six months. Yeah, He's six been months. Batman Beyond again for six yeah, months, and he hasn't yeah. been training. Nope. He hasn't yeah, been. He, yeah, he what has he been doing? Beyond. He's been on Netflix marathon and shit. Yeah, really. Catch up on Walking it, Dead. It gets me so <laughs> angry because even other people who reviewed it and even uh, mail and stuff that or messages to it were like, oh, you got to realize, you know, he didn't have time. He just got back in the suit. No, no, no. Like you said, Dan Jurgens pretty much spelled it out. In fact, even if they didn't, you got that idea because freaking Gotham, Neo Gotham looks fine now. Like every, you know, everything is pointing towards there's been some time. And like you said, his six months was spelled out. What has he been doing? It's if so it had ridiculous. Been like a week or two, I could have yeah. taken it. If it had been, he'd been. Ba- this is a week or two later. There's no way he's back in shape in time. No. But yeah, yeah, six months. Yeah, and, and you can even say even enough- a week or two, he would at least have some sort of. <laughs> Thing going exactly. on. They've had enough time now to build a Trans-Pacific Railway through Neo-Gotham. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I think they did. The bullet train. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll get on with this issue because if everybody remembers, it ended last issue with the if you can't beat him, join him, where Terry came out dressed as a Joker, and then you kind of go right into that. But Eric, hit it. Batman Beyond number 2, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Bernard Chang, Marcelo Miello, and Travis Lanham. With the Joker being resurrected, I guess we should find out how he died in the first place, and we get that here, with Batman leaving the Joker to die. Or did he? Turns out the Joker was only presumed dead because his gang rushed him off to be cryogenically frozen so that he may live once again. On top of all that, we have Terry McGinnis infiltrating the Jokers as Trey Malone, the son of the legendary Matches Malone. Yeah. Yeah, there you have it. Uh, the one thing that that kind of threw me, and I was talking to Eric a little bit before we started here, was that I also don't like the way that Dan Jurgens really spells out. He's done it a couple times before, uh, but this issue he does it again where they make it seem like technology advanced like to the nth degree like almost like this is 300 years later he really plays that like when they talk about the joker here and like oh man you know he died they couldn't do that they can't bring people back no 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 we have technology now is so advanced and it's it's a bunch of i don't know i'd like to call them street urchins you know what what are they that all of a sudden in 35 years and it wasn't even like 35 years ago was when the joker died me and eric were trying to figure mark do you have, yeah, no, I was actually I was gonna bring this up at some yeah. point. It's like with the timeline that this issue leads, like the Joker apparently died, I think Dana says like when she was a kid. Yeah, yeah. So, so when it, did it's not when that, did that long happen? Ago. When did, like, yeah. 15 when did years Batman ago? retire? Yeah, that's yeah. what I said. Is it fifteen years ago? Is it is it ten? Is it at the most twenty maybe? But still, like you said, it throws in the whole thing with Batman. And also, like I said, the technology, yes, you look at the, you know, obviously by the look of it, technology has advanced, but it's really playing it loose with with the whole Neo-Gotham and how the the timeline would be. And really throwing Batman into this and showing this really does, you know, screw this up. Now, do you think in general they're doing this as a way to maybe bring back Bruce as well? Is that what they're trying to spell out? Or uh, obviously, though, we don't even know what happened I, you know what i mean what what i don't know i get so angry i, I really I mean, do and it's a fair point yeah it's like is that what they're trying to do is this the setup to bring bruce back with joker being brought back and is bruce cryogenically frozen when he was gonna or is he just out and about i don't i don't know do you I, have I do any think, uh, okay uh, mark you got do you have uh, any I, ideas i, I yeah. feel like there is a, a 
I could go find those issues if I needed to. I want to say there's like a, a just a random one-off line. I think it was in the Rebirth issue where they mentioned mm-hmm. that Bruce died at the beginning of yeah, the war. That, yeah, yeah. And and that's all we know. The mansion is fine, so uh, we don't know anything. And they don't seem they seem to be hinting at something, but they don't really seem to be going anywhere with it. Yeah, yeah. Other than we're bringing the Joker back because. I mean, that's a Batman villain everybody loves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it really is, and it's funny because the Joker's are are huge in the Batman Beyond universe, mm-hmm. so you would think yeah, that's they, enough. They the but movie. then they have to go the nth degree and try to bring back the Joker, and it just—I don't know. To me, it seems like a little too much. Now, again, they, they may fail. It may not even work. I, I don't know how they're going to play it. But uh, what were you going to say, Eric, about you I, know Bruce I, and all? I think with the amount of, like, they're talking about Bruce a lot now, now that we're seeing him in flashbacks, actually, where mm-hmm. the Joker dies, I think this is leading towards where, like, we see that Bruce actually didn't die a lot like Terry McGinnis. Now, I don't think that Spellbinder had him or anything like that, but I think he is still around, because everybody thought that Terry McGinnis died during the war as well, but he's fine, he's rocking things. Yeah, I, I just... I, yeah, I just thought that this was a setup so that, especially with Terry infiltrating them, I thought this was a way to get some sort of, uh, and maybe it won't work, but yet Terry will be able to get it and kind of bring back Bruce. I don't know. I Would you, seriously, Mark, do you want Bruce back? Like, just me I, saying. I, I do, because just kind of looking at this issue and then looking at some of the old Batman Beyond stuff, even, even some of the comics that were really just terrible, like the mm-hmm. Hush Beyond stuff. Right. It, 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 part of the fun of the characters is having that dynamic between the two. Mm-hmm. Having just Batman Beyond on his own can work in a short-term piece, but he, he's really yeah. a character that's set up to have a, a person uh, being kind of his, uh, oh, I don't know the word, like, not manager, but somebody on the radio. So, yeah. yeah. Somebody yeah. he's working with. Yeah. Uh, would you be that opposed to, say, something like the Batman Beyond 2.0 if they uh, ended up having it being uh, Dick Grayson? Oh, that would Something be fantastic. Like that. Yeah, I, that's what that I think they should go. Yeah, it was. I think that that's. I would have loved for that to happen. Then in the meantime, maybe Bruce returns later, and then mm-hmm. it causes that whole deal that we had before in that. And really, I I never have talked to you about that. Did you? You obviously read the Batman Beyond 2.0. Yeah. And it was it was I awesome, wasn't it? it? Yeah. So oh, did I. Honestly, that, it's the best Batman Beyond comics, even. Some of the older stuff was not yeah. as good as yeah. this. It was so good. I, I say to everyone that even mentions Batman Beyond to, to us and says, oh, man, I'm not really into this. Or I, I just go read that because it is it's so good. It is so good. But, yeah, in this, you have this whole thing, and it starts out, like we said, you have the Jokers, you have Terminal. We have this continuation where uh, Dana keeps calling him, uh, what, what's uh, Carter? And uh, he just keeps getting mad. I'm like, really? We're going to keep going this. Uh, you know, it's uh, Carter yeah. Wilson. And, He's got to uh, remind people a little bit. I know. Hey, this is what's it's going it's on. weird, though. And, and another thing where you get this, she is questioning what he's doing with the Joker. And, you know, how can you do this? That can't be him. And that's where you go back to the flashback of how he supposedly did or didn't die. Again, it's kind of out there to, you know, for interpretation. Maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. It's really odd. Uh, the one thing that throws me off is just that I think that this whole flashback or whatever might throw other people off as well. Uh, it doesn't throw me off. What it does is get me kind of worried that I've even seen reviews this week for this book that are claiming Bruce is back 
And I know that they should realize this is a flashback. They, they should. It doesn't seem like they do. There is one review in particular that the guy goes on and on about how it's so great to have Bruce back in the book and he's got a cool suit and this is going to lead to greater things and he's really confused. And I don't know, just having Bruce in this flashback is okay, but really to me, it's, it's a lot of filler just to show, you know, how the Joker supposedly died. And it's it's okay. I, what do you think about it, Mark? Um, I think it's the most like it, it's just an okay issue. It's yeah. it, it's not. We've had worse. We've had so much worse. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But we've we've also had better a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just like just even the art in the the flashback. There's just something off about it yeah. at points. Yeah, that's what it, me and it Eric doesn't seem like Bernard Shang is on this section for some reason. For what we see later on when Terry McGinnis yeah. shows up for the present and day stuff. What I and thought I, was, yeah, well, go on there. I, I'm just saying, I, I look at the flashback though, and I just want to know how bad shit happened in the next 20 years. Like, because if we're <laughs> saying it's 15 years ago, where Bruce has this crazy armored suit, and I'm like, if they they put Batman Beyond in the normal timeline for some reason, I'm like. Where's Damien? He is supposed to inherit the cow at some point. Wh- where are all the characters we yeah, know? I, like, well, that's what that's what this brings up to me. Like I said about Dick Grayson and all these things, it kind of is starting to throw me off in this book in general. Of if it's only that amount of time where Bruce was there, like we said, maybe 15 years ago. Where are all the others? Where where are they? Where's the Bat family? Where where's all this in? But. The thing that I thought, the art itself I thought was off in the flashbacks, what I really thought were the transitions and how things, like things are being thrown into something and blowing up and I don't even get what really happened half the time. And that's not, this book, one of its strongest points has been the art, uh, even back in the the New 52. And this just, I don't know, the transitions and everything with it, it just became confusing and uh, just, I did not like it that much. We were talking about it before and we thought... Barbara Gordon's dead. Why didn't we yeah. see her jump out of the way? Like, yeah. was that supposed to be a thing? Because we know that she survived to the present. Of, well, the, yeah, he kind of grabbed this, her. He did grab her and and jump, but you don't even get that until the next panel. Then you just the people. At one point, Joker's shooting his gun. Then you see kind of the cape, and then Batman grabs some guy. I don't even know what the hell was going on half the time. It was really weird transition wise. Uh, and I said it threw me off. And also when I was reading this i did think like boy this does seem like a classic story yet yeah and mark you had told me that it in fact was from one Uh, of the animated series it's very very close it's from i think it was uh uh the batman i believe was the name of the like the the batman yeah Yeah, it's like early 2000s and um it it's a it's a very similar setting like it's a very similar setting. Mm-hmm. Not all the characters are with it um, are different. Like the villain was, I believe, Mr. Freeze, but it's extremely okay. similar. And it, it, as soon as I was reading that, I'm like, wait, am I? And, and it reminded me of it pretty much. Yeah, was, yeah. It's funny because when I was reading, I'm like, boy, this does now. Maybe I'm giving it credit because I thought, oh, man, you know, this does seem like a classic story, though. When it starts, I'm like, how the hell did Joker get him strapped up like that, uh, you know, on a goddamn snowplow? Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it really, there's a lot of things in here that I'm like, okay, and then it says like, oh, and, and it is Terminal telling the story this whole time, and he's like, yeah, and then the news reported that Batman had to break his fingers in this, what? <laughs> what yeah, news? Yeah, we find out about this? that. 
Yeah, did, it's it's did, so did, weird did, to even this have to story say. Story is that. an urban legend at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's why I think they're playing with it. That yeah, it might not be true. It might be true, but the whole point of it is. He's got a Joker, you know, what appears to be the Joker right there. So really, you have to take it at somewhat face value because he does have the Joker there, whether or not it is the real Joker. I, it's it's, well, up, you, it's a mystery. We like to say that this Joker, it's very odd because this Joker really looks like Cesar Romero for whatever reason. I don't know yeah, if that's yeah, what from the like, Batman you know, Bernard Changs, yeah, thinks that an older Joker would look like. We didn't see the mustache, thankfully, but... Which Joker is this, Jim? Out of the three yeah. Jokers that we're three dealing with Joker. right now, that is Joker four A, Joker two point oh. Thirty-five years from now. No, and again, well, this is where people are getting, you know, are still going to get confused with that, where they threw out that three Jokers thing in Rebirth, and then you start playing around where you have Joker here, you have Joker coming up in Harley, you have, you know, all these things, and it just does confuse everybody. I know that this is a timeline, you know, it's it's ahead in time, but the kind of, I'd go with this as, I don't even care about the continuity as much within this you. book, only because, like, you have the Joker here, I, I can't tell you, I, I wouldn't know which one it is and, and whatnot, <laughs> and in the meantime, like if there were three Jokers, you would assume that one of them or two of them, if this was one, are alive. They would have been out and about. It, it doesn't make sense that in this Batman Beyond universe to have three Jokers, because just because one died in a fucking wreck doesn't mean that the other two aren't no, alive man, and going was, around. This was the last Joker. This was the last Joker. This might be the last Joker. Yeah. The other one's got... We can only this, hope. This whole three Jokers thing is so stupid. It's, I don't it, know why is, we're even doing it's it. Such a, it's such a gimmick. But uh, it's a gimmick that really isn't a gimmick, because we haven't gotten anything uh, yeah. from that. But in the meantime, you get this whole thing about... Uh, the Joker. And it really is a long padded story to say that at this point where Joker was supposed to die, he slipped out at the last second. Now, of course, there's has to be, you know, the common train with a goddamn snowblower attached to it. You know, that happens all the time. And yeah, it's uh, 20 years in the future. It, yes, the it future. chews up the, the snowplow. He gets out. It's a, a, it's a bad enough injury that he has, you know, th there might be an arm like yeah. somewhere, but there's enough for them to identify Blood and the gore yeah, everywhere. The, uh, there's it's not Just an open casket funeral that they're gonna have for him, but there was enough to identify him. They went, they cryogenically froze him. Uh, and that's just, again, this is all just an explanation so that we can say, okay, it kind of makes sense that the Joker's there. And that, that's basically what that is. Uh, because the other part of the story, which I do actually like a little more, is the, you know, crisscross applesauce that, uh, uh, Terry has set up to infiltrate the gang, uh, which you can you go on, Eric. You tell us what happened. Well, we get back to our present day story where the Batmobile is now shooting at the Joker's town and everybody in it, you know, just trying to get their attention, put on yeah. a big old show. Yeah, make and it I, seem like it's Batman. And, no, that's the thing. And I immediately get pissed off. I'm like, Terry McGinnis, you are back in action. You are not strong enough to fucking wear the Batman Beyond suit, but you are going to let your brother and your one of your best friends in the Batmobile mm. to be shot at. I'm like, why did you need both of them? I can. It's hard for me to think I'm putting Max in danger, but your brother, yeah, yeah. get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he's riding shotgun. He's yelling. And it's not and, even and, that. It's they're shooting people off. There's a panel where there's people who are to avoid the the strafing run. They're jumping off the building. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, they just they they jump to their death. <laughs> 
it's so funny. But, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, they want to have you believe that uh, his brother's there, Matt's there, only because he has to set the fireworks show off uh, when it goes. Because basically, you need someone what the, riding shotgun to set off yes. the fireworks yeah, show? Yeah, you have to set off the fireworks. And, you know, that fucking, uh, what's her name? Uh, is Max is having too much trouble. She says, I, I don't know how to drive this thing, but yet, you know, Terry throws her right into the frame. And she's doing like loop de loops. And Have the all Alfred this AI crazy do stuff. the goddamn thing. Yeah, yeah, really. But, uh, yeah, it's all a setup so that Terry can show up with a goddamn bazooka and shoot them down, supposedly shoot them down. So he sends a dummy but missile it's a out. Ruse. Yeah, and it's about to hit, you know, right before it hits. Uh, Matt hits the, the fucking switch and boom, it looks like it's been shot down. And it, it's, it's okay. Uh, even when then, uh, Terminal's like, who the, who the fuck are you? You know, you can't just decide to join. You know, you got the makeup. Just because you put on a jacket doesn't mean you join. And he's like, ah, Remember you know Zoma what? Jacket? You know, I, I got the right tools for the job. I got rid of Batman. And by the way, I was in, uh, you know, I was in jail. I just got out and you might, you might know my name. I'm Trey Malone from Matches Malone. Ooh. And that just changed. So they're like, okay, you're in. I'm like, you stupid son of a and bitch. And that's the one aspect of the story that I really do enjoy, that matches Malone's legendary criminal status yeah. is still <laughs> alive and well and 35 years yeah, in And the it's a great thing that he uses the, the Malone name, but still, I really I, like I'm that. telling oh, you. I, What's that? I'm sorry. Uh, no, you can what go. Saying is like, I, do like, I do like that he's using the Malone name. Mm-hmm. It's weird that he's saying he's his kid, though, because it's yeah. 35 years in the future and Mac. Matches is supposed to be in like his like thirties, forties yeah, already. Yeah, so yeah. Matches gets around, man. What you're saying, Mark, is he probably might be retarded. He is a, a late is. <laughs> a little bit, or a if you know, said he was the grandkid, that probably would have worked just as Actually, well. Actually, he should have went that. Even though uh, it is the one part, though, is that uh, I guess it was Terminal, wasn't it? Terminal was said like I didn't know he had a kid, and that's yeah. like that right there is the wink, wink that he's going to be looking more into him. Uh, yeah, you know, and then it's going to come down to the whole thing. But I don't know. Uh, at the end, then Dane is there. Said if we get a chance to that point because Dana might blow his goddamn. Yeah, I think that that might Harry's happen voice. as well. But you would think she's smart enough to, to freaking wait so. until afterwards. But uh, yeah, I have a feeling that at one point uh, the Jokers are just going to say, you know what, we don't need this Dana anymore. Let's get rid of her, and that's when he's going to have to step up. But uh, well, you know, in the meantime, they'll probably have a quiet time together when the rest of the Jokers are out and about, and he'll be able to try to talk to her. She'll get mad and stuff. It'd be funny. They walk in and he slaps her or something like he's interrogating. <laughs> Her. But uh, yeah, she recognizes the voice, and she's like, "Oh my God, Terry alive!" and and all that. But uh, again, I, it's weird. We're talking about this. I'm starting to like this issue a little more. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the present day stuff for the most yeah, part. Yeah. I thought the um the inclusion of Max and Matt riding in the freaking Batmobile yeah. and almost you know almost possibly getting killed thought it was a little reckless, but. I like all the present day stuff, and the art is so on point for that stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know why it shifts so. I just much think he wanted to make it so that it looked different. You know, usually yeah, they do I, grab I another artist, and I think they should have. I think they should have got another artist to do the, you know, the flashbacks, like what is usually done, so that the style is different. Like you said, this time it looks like it's just a shittier version of his yeah. regular art, and it, it does come off as a little, you know, hokey and and bad, but. Uh, I don't know. What do you, anything else, Mark? You got uh, your thoughts yeah. on the issue itself? Um, I really did, for once, really like the art in this issue for the, for the main part, not the, not the flashback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, there's just a couple parts that really bothered me. Like when Terminal's talking about, oh, Joker still has all this money around the world. 
Yeah, we yeah, that was weird too. Yeah, to not have an apocalypse, I guess not. No, no, we yeah. had an apocalypse, man. But now money's back in like circulation. Now people yeah. care about it again. Yeah, but why oh, would Joker? <laughs> Joker, he he was dead all this time. I, I don't know. And even then, I, I, I know nothing. it's I weird no too. How the future economy when, works. When when you say that, Mark, what gets me mad about that is they are legitimately day name. It says, oh, I bet you he wouldn't like it that you're stealing from him. And he's like, oh, you know. And basically, all that is is Dan Jurgens trying to cover up the idea that he didn't think it out of how they would have. Have all this technology and weapons. There's no other reason. So why they would be able to access the Joker's money when nobody else would have. Like Joker dies, it supposedly dies, and his money is just in these crazy accounts and nobody else is touching it, but they that actually survived an apocalypse. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. survived and then they have the wherewithal to be like, oh, you know what? We'll just do this. What is it? It needs his fingerprint and they cut off one of this Joker's fingers or something? It doesn't make sense, but it does. We live around like Weekend at Bernie's. And, and yeah, and the, the yeah really, and then the fucking reggae music starts going, and he starts dancing <laughs> to them. Never uh, talk the about thing, Weekend at Bernie's too. Yeah, the thing that that does, like you said, you brought that up, that does make me laugh though, is because they do a lot of this. Actually, this whole issue to me, uh, for the most part, is Dan Jurgens trying to explain the the goofiness of what he set up. Like, oh, there's a Joker. Well, you know, somebody probably said to him, well, where the fuck's this Joker from? Well, oh, I'll explain that. Yeah, where do they have all this money where these kids are, are fucking robbing banks and, and taking credits from people, even though they claimed they weren't in that one issue where the, we're not interested in that as they're stealing shit from yeah. people. <laughs> uh, and yet they have probably what appears to be, well, it is. They're going to try to bring somebody back from the dead. This is beyond just normal technology. And how would they afford it? And it's just thrown out there. Oh, they have Joker's money, which is which is crazy. But what else? What other things do you got you mad? Um, it, it was some more characterization things. Like I don't know. I re- in the last series, I really liked how dark Matt's character was. It's really the first time he's ever in any media had oh, character yeah. development. Mm-hmm. And now he's just happy-go-lucky. He's not even yeah. a dictatory, and I'm just—it's—it pisses me off. Not even yeah. bringing up that time I hung out with Uncle Tim. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what's—that's the weird thing, like we said before. Movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, things like that. Yeah, all of that. Uh, and it's weird because it's again, you're having the same problem that that we have with a lot of these books in Rebirth, where you're kind of getting like I don't know if it's a whitewash, but because they want to have this, you know, hope and uh, some things are just getting pushed aside. And also some things they probably are like, okay, can we explain this easily? No. Okay. Like you said, Tim and the timelines, the fucking yeah. Matt and stuff. And it is irritating for people who were around. And really this book, especially because you, I'm not even considering myself a quote unquote fan of this book, I would not have been reading it if it wasn't for the podcast. But if I didn't have to read it, but I did enjoy it, like you said, even you said, Mark, you enjoyed some more than others, whatever. But this is, to me, it's just another step in that future's end crap that everything along the line was nothing. Like really yep. now, all of that is bullshit. A whole year of a fucking Future's End series, and then what? However long that Batman Beyond series is really like, ah, eh, fuck issues. you. Yeah, yeah, sixteen issues of that. Ah, eh, fuck you. you. You know, don't you know? Fuck you. <laughs> Basically, it is. They, they the really. The comics. Fuck the you. Future's End yeah. was all a setup to get t- Tim Drake as Batman Beyond, and then this has completely taken it away. So, really, to me, that whole run of you know sixty some issues now, or was was Future's End just a six month? Uh, no, it was, was 48 issues. issues plus a zero issue. Plus a zero. So, yeah. You sure so it wasn't you, 52 issues? 
Uh, no. It was, like, just under it. Really? Okay. I, thought, well, okay. I knew it I'll, started I'll at a weird it. time. It did start because uh, Batman Eternal was going at one point with it, and it started at a weird time with that. And uh, But, yeah, really, to me, this whole thing has been a disaster. It really has. Now, since this has started, I see some reviews. And again, the, I, we make the joke on the podcast. Uh, the three of us have been in the shit. We, we've yeah. seen things that shouldn't be seen. Uh, yeah. I wish that I could unsee them and maybe I would be enjoying this a little more, even though at this, you know, this issue, it already, after two issues and a rebirth, it's already starting to kind of seem like it's not going fast enough for me. It's, it's really slow. Uh, we're not getting no, We are spoiled want. by the bi-monthly issues now. Yeah, I, I all these monthly issues are just hard to follow anymore because yeah. so now we're like, okay, every every two weeks we get a new book of this, like the main characters. Then we get these freaking monthly ones. The fuck happened last month? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know about you, Mark, if you think that, you know, it's going slow or whatnot. And oh, maybe it is the monthly deal. But, yeah, doesn't it seem like – because, and especially because we have gone through all that crap before, we want, you know, I we want Tim – not Tim, Terry as Batman Beyond, and really, if they were going to do what they did here, like you said, get rid of Matt's dark past and character mm-hmm. development, whatever, that was just cool. start it up with Bruce, just fucking have it at, at the end, when Tim so. when Tim disappeared, the whole fucking panel goes fucking you know, bright, and we just are left to believe that a timeline was changed, and shit fucking reverted, and this and that, it would have been just as hokey as this, and there you go, it starts off with the rebirth issue, rebirth number one, with fucking and Bruce getting out of the shower and saying, boy, that, you know, oh, I'm glad, you know, an old Bruce, but yeah, and just going Patrick from there, walks out the I think they would have been better off then, I really do, and yes, we, you guys especially might have been like, oh, it's bullshit, but I think that after reading three pages, you would be like, no, no, this is what I wanted to begin with, let's go with it, and I think we're going to get back to that eventually, but uh, it's just weird, this book to me is already treading water, and I, I just don't understand. Just because I, I got curious during this, I looked up my Batman, beyond, I mean, my Future's End number 48 review, that got a 3 out of 10 for that ending. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because basically that's when they unveiled to you so that it was all nonsense was and so only angry. to set up Tim as Batman Beyond, that's all it was. <laughs> So it was, and then you—that was when I remember in that in that review as well. You were probably, or at least after that yelling about why does Brother I suddenly have time traveling capabilities and and all that that happened because it made no sense. Uh, but yeah, Mark, just tell because you are a huge Batman Beyond fan. Uh, do you like the series so far? I know we're just talking about this issue, uh, but do you like it more than what we got in the new Fifty Two? It's. It, it, it's tough for me because there, there's some parts I like better. Yeah. There's some parts like I really like. I really like that first rebirth issue. And mm-hmm. the problem with this book that it feels slow is we're really not two issues in. It's been yeah. a continuous story since the rebirth. We're three yeah. issues in and nothing yeah. has happened. Yeah. Yeah, like, nothing. Even in this book, you could once again, like last issue, you could have just replaced uh, Terry with Tim and nothing would have changed yep. except yeah, for her un- like all. recognizing the voice that it, a single panel would have changed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's there's nothing Batman Beyond about this other than the characters, and, and yeah. that's part of the reason why it's it's not a lot of fun, because it's just boring. Yeah, and it's funny, because you say that, Eric says it, and you two will, will be there till issue 50. If there's there, you'll be oh. complaining every month. Oh my god, month. if this makes it to issue 50, I will definitely have jumped off that wagon. <laughs> you think you would, seriously, you think you would get off of You think you can drop this book? Uh, seriously. I almost, this was on my pull list. And if it, 
and, and there was even though I was we had already talked about me coming on. Yes, I, I had second thoughts about buying. Really, this really? Really? God, we consider you Batman Beyond Mark to be so yeah. weird if you drop this title. I'm I telling know. you, it, I was, just I, to I tell thought you. about it. I was like, yeah. if this is bad, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna end up ranting on the podcast yeah it's crazy because even when the book comes out and we get we do get the copies a little early so we talk and i'm like ah i wonder what mark's gonna say about this one when i read it we all we laugh about it because you are like we said like eric said you are Batman beyond mark to us and if you drop it the whole world's gonna explode because i don't know what we'll do if you drop it everybody should just drop it because you have stuck it's- through it all this time now i say that eric do you think you would be buying this book if it wasn't for the podcast absolutely not i would have dropped this book back when it was the new 52 batman beyond and never looked back and you don't think that when rebirth was announced you'd be like you know what i'm gonna give it one i'm gonna give it a chance you know, i'm gonna go I'd like and to, i'd like to say i wouldn't but then you'd be there to remind me about world's finest that's so right I, I, i'm a little bit insane myself so i probably would have but i don't know if i would have kept going because of all the titles going out bi-monthly and shit like that okay. so monthlies i think would have just kind of dropped behind for some reason well, um, we'll give our score for this, but I also want to talk to Mark. I want to ask him what other books he's reading. But what did you give it, Aaron? I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I probably – now, it's weird because the more I'm looking, the, the present day or, you know, present day in this book, art, is so good, I think. But I still – I don't think I could give it more than a 6 out of 10. Just nothing happens. Uh, like Mark said, at the end, you get that one – basically, it's two lines – that is the only thing that makes you, you know, oh, Terry's involved. It's just, and I'm the whole you, that, that, that Trey Malone stuff, that's total fan service right there. Yeah, but well, okay here's the thing. I was just going to say, I'm okay with that. But the whole thing with the Joker being involved is more than just fan service. It, it, it's smoke and mirrors. It really is to me. It's, it's like fucking shock and awe. That's supposed to get you. And it's supposed to like that itself. You can see Dan Jurgens thinks that that's enough. To make, you know, sustain a couple issues, and it hasn't been. It, it's getting pretty boring. But what would you give it, Mark? I'd give it probably a six as well. Yeah. We've had yeah. we've had significantly worse issues, yeah. But we've had we've also had better ones. Yeah, and, and like you said, the, the problem to me is that that rebirth number one was was one of the better ones. I really like that. It was really that. good. Yeah, and it was exciting, time. and yeah, we had a good time. And even then, it's like it's progressively getting worse just because we're not getting anything new. Uh, well, but it's Mark, too, because we have Batman. It's Batman Beyond, but we've really not got a lot of Batman Beyond. Yeah, you don't we get a lot of Batman Beyond now. Yeah, now he's in disguise. Guys, this is just like the Green Lantern Corps being stuck everywhere they go. You never yeah. get the core. Uh, but Mark, what other Terry books McGin- are you reading? Uh, well, so uh, wait, 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 hold on. Okay, we, did, we didn't have Terry McGinnis really as Terry McGinnis in the last Batman Beyond series. Now we have the new Batman Beyond series and no Batman Beyond. Yeah, yeah and his name yeah. is Tim. Essentially, he's, he's changed yeah. his name to Tim. He's acting like Tim. <laughs> he's he's yes. he's Tim who has changed his name and dyed his hair. Yes. That'd be funny. That's what we find out. That, that, that flash of light he walked into just ended up changing him around, and now it is Tim. But yeah, Mark, what other books are you reading? Um, I'm reading Red Hood and the Outlaws, okay. which I've been loving. Yep. Uh, Trinity, which has been a bit down. Yeah, and, that's kind of uh, that's another one that's kind of you know fucking you know not getting uh, better as it goes on. But taking its time getting nowhere so far. Yeah. Uh, I'm also reading uh, Superman, okay. uh, which I've I've been loving all the Damien. Yep. And uh, John stuff. Yeah, and I then um, I I was reading Batman in uh, Grayson, but um, okay. I've I'm not I'm kind of starting to reconsider 
yeah. those choices. I like Batman, but Grace, uh, you know, Nightwing is just it, kind it was, of. It oh, was the it, night of the Monster Men that really got me to yeah, be like, why am everyone. I reading this book? Yeah, I got everyone. Now, I, I just <laughs> want to give everybody a little preview. Uh, we did get next week's annual ahead, and I know I'm not supposed to say, you know, if it's good <laughs> or bad or whatnot, but it does point to another Steve Orlando crossover. Uh, I don't know the particulars of it. I'm sure they're going to announce it this week because of what comes out in that. And I'm like, please, no. Don't don't give us anything else like that. That night of the Monster Man ruined everything around the whole Bat books, it seemed. But uh, yeah, but you have to continue reading Batman Beyond so you can keep coming on and talking to us about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now you're in. You're just like us. You have books that you're gonna fucking <laughs> start hating, and you're gonna have to keep reading it. Now you'll know our pain. I just uh, wanted like to said, get better. I just wanted yeah. to get better. I've yeah, seen and, it better. Get, and maybe it will. Kyle Higgins to come back. Just yeah, him to that's come back. what I want. That I said to Eric all along that that's what I would want. And I'm not even People a big Batman Beyond fan. As well. Yeah, and yeah, I just I want him back in general. I love him as a writer, and he just he after they screwed him with the Nightwing book, he really oh, yeah. hasn't been around. I think after yeah. that, he even had a couple of like uh, one some of the event books. He had like an issue or two, and maybe an annual or something. But he's been gone doing his own thing. But yeah, Mark, uh, thanks for coming on. And Bradley. like I said, the next uh, Batman Beyond, you are you are in. It's it's funny too because you were gonna record something and not come on with us. And then I'm glad you came on. Oh, I really I thought I didn't have enough to talk about in this issue. You brought up a bunch of things that got me angry. Now I'm all furious. <laughs> I'm so mad to end the podcast now. And and really just a little preview. Uh, a couple books from now, we're gonna be talking about Blue Beetle, and then I'm gonna flip oh, my lid because boy, that book is terrible. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go on to our other books and everybody thank Mark for coming on. We'll see. Thanks you for having me. We're back. Uh, how about that Batman Beyond talk? How about uh, it? How about it? Who isn't talking about Batman Beyond nowadays? <laughs> uh, we're going to move on. We have two more books left and then we're free. Freedom, my friend. I can see the light at the end of that tunnel. Hopefully it's not that fucking Pacific Trans-Pacific Railway. Railway. Next yeah. thing you know, we're going to be dead or, or on a motorcycle. I don't know. Or just That's checking out heroin. Happens. I don't know. Yeah, heroin, fucking killing people with fucking yeah, non-alcoholic champagne. I always stay away from non-alcoholic uh, you know, beer or champagne. Now I know why. That's what you do to poison people even though it needs the alcohol. You always get yeah. that out. That's the best part of it. Uh, but we're going to move on to a book that... I don't know. I don't know how long this is going to last, this book, because I know that people like it, but I don't know that it has mass appeal, Eric, because it I doesn't think to me. That, well, I think that it's being written to confuse everybody, and I'm about done with that whole nonsense. I don't like to be confused. I get confused about simple things like forward and backward slashes in my life, Eric. I do not need a comic book that I'm supposed to, you know, read and enjoy myself and make my brain hurt. Uh, but unfortunately, sometimes it does. And this is Deathstroke number seven. And if you are reading this book, uh, you, you might agree with me. Again, this is tonight. We talked about a bunch of things, one of them being Wonder Woman. And that book's another one that's starting to fucking grate on my nerves because I just buster. want I just yeah, I don't need this. What is this? The Rubik's Cube of fucking books? Because the only way I could figure out a Rubik's Cube is to break it apart and put it back together again. Of course. Like and then you, you, look, you look like a fucking uh, smart guy, yeah. man, because yeah. everybody sees it put together. All right. Hey, uh, I'll tell you, at one point, I don't know if this was ever done, but at one point as a kid, 
uh, with what because I was around. Unfortunately, when the Rubik's cube, you know, hit, I was w- wanting to go out and sell stickers of the colors that you could just fucking put them on. So you put it over the colors. You don't even have to break it apart. Then you just re-sticker that bitch and you're done. Deathstroke number seven, there. written by Christopher Priest, art by Carlo Pagulon. Jason Pass and Jeremy Cox. Christopher Priest continues to try to confuse the shit out of me with his time-shifting storytelling making a return visit. But this issue does give us some answers we've been waiting for. Seder, kind of. We find out who, we find out who might be the big bad, get some more Jericho, and then some Man of Steel action as a bonus. I continue liking this book while reading it, but tend to forget about it and get angry the minute I put it down. Yeah, I, I tell I it when I'm. Problem with the series, we we jump around. So I actually really thought we were done with the whole t- jumping around time. I did it's too. Linear the past couple of issues, which I've really enjoyed. Yeah. And then we bring up stuff here that we had like back in issue number one or two that yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, this kind of tries to tie things up by giving you more of a mystery as well. Uh, the problem is, I thought like you, I thought that the way that Christopher Priest was playing this was going to be that at the beginning he was jumping around in time all the you know all over the place and that was you know it was kind of a storytelling deal but I also thought that it was trying to be like a a controlled confusion like you're like oh my god oh you're like but now the past couple issues before this one you were getting more of a linear story I thought that that was how he was playing it now you're starting to learn some things it's going really good and if you remember the last issue was when we pretty much a Jericho issue we were introduced yeah. to Jericho Deathstroke's son and uh I really was interested in that. So I finally was like, you know what? I want to see more next issue. I want to see how this plays in, whatever. You start out with Superman, and it's 13 hours ago. And I'm like, really? Are we getting into this shit again? Because I, I don't want to have to fucking figure this out. It's killing, you know, it's killing me. But even so, you have Superman, and he's talking to Adeline. And it, it throws me off. It, I'm like, what is she doing? Adeline like, who did is not she? age well. No, no, and she's there, and she's saying, like, basically at this point, she's part of the government, the U.S. government. Yep. The, the U.S. Attorney General has written a warrant-type thing for Superman to go and get Deathstroke that she's telling him. And he goes through this whole thing, like, why should I do this? You know, I don't belong to one country. Hey, the last time I worked for the government, it didn't work yeah, out. They're a, like an Aquaman. Goddamn Aquaman 6 callback. Really? Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, the Aquaman 6, because he's like, oh, last time I went again, you know, for the government, I almost lost a friend who really shouldn't be a friend at this point anyway. It was very odd. But it's just odd because then she's like, you're going to do it. And then she says, do your effing job. She's like, you're going to yeah. go get, you know, if you don't go get Deathstroke. She doesn't have to. This last line threw me off because I like what she says then. She says, listen, Deathstroke is a killer. You should be, you should worry about this. And, you know, Superman's going on. He's kind of playing, you know, the gray area. Oh, soldiers are killers. Oh, you know what? Why should I bother with this? And then she says, listen, if you don't go get him and capture him, I'm going to have to send some other guys there and and they're going to die. Their, their blood will be on your hands. Then, but when she says, do your effing job, I'm like, well, why'd you have to go that far, Christopher? Just say to Superman, if you don't do this, we're just going to keep sending people over and over and you know that Deathstroke's going to kill them. And then he'd like, you know what, begrudgingly, he'd have to do something. But do your effing job. It's just weird. And also, again, we keep saying this, this whole issue and this whole series is another one of the crisscross applesauce. Because now you see that Adeline, at least, 
you would think Superman would look into things. Like she is part of this what core policy she has on her little name tag. Uh, she seems to be legit. Yeah. Later on, when Deathstroke goes to her, Deathstroke makes it seem like wherever she's working for or involved or head of whatever is this hokey, weird sort of thing. It's not the way this is playing out here to me, though Deathstroke might think that any sort of government agency that might be involved in whatever she is is hokey or, you know, conspiracy theory things. Uh, but yeah, then you switch to an awesome looking panel. The credits page is Superman looks like he's pulling this aircraft carrier, uh, by the anchor. And yeah, I don't but, know what he's doing with that, but it, it looks amazing. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, it looks I awesome. I have the digital copy of this and I'm like, I get, I'm just scrolling down. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Look at that aircraft carrier in a storm in the freaking ocean. I'm like, and then scrolling all the way down and then there's Deathstroke laying yeah, looking like he's that's, dead. I'm like, that was I'm like so what is, cool. Yeah. I'm like, but it's weird because of how the timing and things like that. And then you're thinking to yourself like, okay, did he do what he was supposed to do? Is that what, you know, is that what happened? And, uh, we'll see. But yeah, this goes on and then you go and you see, uh, Jericho in the icon suit in the you know doctor icon suit and you figure out through this and this is a flashback type of thing involved with it where he learns how to use it whatever from doctor icon himself before he kills I, I him. actually f- find this part a bit confusing because we saw in the previous issue how jericho went and killed doctor icon right yeah yep and then we have a little flashback to when you know freaking uh, doctor icon was explaining how the suit works to jericho while they're in bed yes this suit, the Icon armor, I, uh, I'm just trying to figure, cause this is not Dr. Icon's suit that he died in. This is not the Icon armor that Deathstroke is wearing. It's another Icon suit. Well, like, how here's many of the these are fucking around? They show Dr. Icon when he's falling, uh, to his death, and it kinda is the, it's a little bit different. He doesn't have that crazy cape. He has a little thing on it. It is a little different, like you said. Maybe he has a bunch of them. Who knows? I'm just saying, he, he might all have of a sudden, bunch. there's a shit ton of goddamn icon armor. Like, did he make this one for Jericho? Nah, I, it seems I like just, it's hanging up on the freaking, like, the, it does seem the, to be uh, hanging up on the house. I don't hey, know. but he's, he's nude there. He's not wearing it, but it's all to just kind of say that. And then, uh, you go from there and he goes and saves some kids. And it's weird, but it also has that weird sort of ability of his that he can go into other people's minds. He goes in this yeah. little kid's mind. He goes and saves them. I just want to know what happens to him himself when this happens. Like, it, does he just stay there dormant? Like, he's like, you know, just hanging out because he does go into this kid. He saves this little girl and it's a weird little deal. Is, is this something that's supposed to like really push to you like oh look at jericho he is a nice guy he it's a weird type that's, of deal that's the weirdest part of this because he kills dr icon in the last yeah. issue and i don't know if it's like it, obviously he killed him because he didn't want him to out him as a gay man to his yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. future wife but it also seems that he just wanted to wear the icon armor and be a superhero well but i think that yeah i think here? that it wasn't just i'm telling you i do not think and i i think even more this issue i i don't think he gives a rat's ass about getting married or whatever. This is some sort of again. It's a it's a double cross, triple cross, applesauce. Uh, but yeah, I think that he wanted the armor, and it seems like because that was 28 hours ago. Or yep, 28 hours ago. Once Doctor Icon told him about what the armor did and all that, Jericho must have been like, "Yep, 
I'm going to get my hands on that and, and does it. It's weird, though, because I do think the outing is a little bit, but I think it's more to get this armor. And he goes and he so saves weird. some kids. And are you supposed to be like, man, he is a good guy. Just, you know, he just ends up, you know, being lost. I, it's weird. It, it really is because you were talking me, about weird. And then when he, when he goes and meets up with uh, Rose after that, yeah, the yeah. dialogue, it's very odd to me. Yeah. It, you know, we got. She like Rose like oh your friggin' uh, your fiance came with Colin she doesn't seem like she's too happy with me like Etienne is a little overprotective yeah so is OJ and then he goes and says yep. Eddie is minimum two thirds less stabby yeah what? I think that here's the problem is I think that Eddie is Etienne or Etienne's oh, I, I, I nickname you, but, but it's weird to never have thrown that out anyway and I, yeah I'm I, just saying, though, the whole thing the, is a running Eddie gag on OJ. The, Eddie like, is minimum oh no. two-thirds less stabby. Joey, yeah. a butter knife, maybe. It is so weird to me, this dialogue. Again, it's it's funny. I said in the review, when I wrote my review, it's like we're, we're doing three panels or two full panels of OJ jokes. Uh, who the, who cares? Yeah, so That's, is OJ. Oh, but she's not as stabby as OJ. Oh, goodness do gracious. Do people even know the Priest. OJ who are young anymore? Yeah, I don't, I don't think half it's the like people would even know. It's like that say anything line in Flash. Yeah, yeah, it's so crazy. Uh, I'll tell you that uh, Rose looks pretty hot right there, oh, though. Yeah. She's looking good. But, uh, yeah, this whole thing is just – it is weird, and it's continuing. But really, because, like we said earlier with the icon armor and that, uh, we don't know enough about Jericho in this book for me to even know what the fuck's going on with him. And Absolutely you had pushed not. him as being pretty much a cold-hearted killer at the end. The, this little thing where he's saving these kids – it does not affect me at all. It doesn't make me think he's a good guy at all. And I, I, what I'm wondering is, when did he see that this was happening anyway? All of a sudden, he's just there. He just shows up. He's he's superheroing around, and he goes and he lands sees some smoke with and Rose. He goes and does it. Yeah. When when is Rose gonna ask what the fuck he's doing flying? The guy flies in and it's like, hey, baby. And she's not, it, it doesn't even bat an eye. She doesn't even think hey, like, where, oh. Hey, where can I get a suit like that? Yeah, oh, yeah, really. Uh, hey, you know, know what? I know a like lot of. Breast section. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot about you. He just, yeah, she just says, I want a suit like that. It's like a joke. He comes flying in and, and to the point where she knows the icon. I, and I think that she might, you know, Dr. Icon's going around. He is involved, and she knows him from being involved with Deathstroke, her dad. I would have thought at some point she would have been like, hey, where is he? You know, oh, he made you a yeah. suit. And, hey, can he get me a suit like that? And then, hey, I heard he's dead because yeah, he did seem to fall. This whole section of him saving people, though, it really comes off to me almost like a Frank Leminski situation from Green Lanterns where yeah, yeah. he wants to be this hero, it looks like, but it doesn't play because we just watched him murder a man. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't play because we saw Frank Leminski in the Green Lanterns. That was what he wanted to be all his life. I don't know that Jericho wanted to be. You can tell me that it's because Deathstroke wasn't there for him when uh, – he got hurt, so he's going to help any kid he can. Uh, but this happens right after. It's so weird because he learns about the suit. Then he jumps off the building, and, you know, the suit protects him. And then he just flies off and saves kids. It's very weird. Uh, then it, it flashes. There's a timeline jumping around. This fucks yeah, me and so then it, it, I can't keep, I can't keep I know. straight in my head. Well, and then it swipes over to Adeline's house. This is 24 hours ago, so four hours before Dr. Icon told Jericho about the suit. But why? Why does that matter? And he goes there, and he's like, he sees Adeline's, I guess, you know, new husband. 
and maybe boy. Is it? Did they even spell out that it's a husband, boyfriend? I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming husband as well. But he shows up, and the the guy's like, "Listen, you said that you would call ahead of time. This is bullshit. You're blocking my driveway, whatever." And you know, Deathstroke doesn't care. And the guy even like sets up like, you know what? Anytime actually, you want to go. I like I actually like this situation here just because of how fucked up it is. The guy knows no, yeah. Deathstroke, knows he's a fucking killer. He's married to his ex-wife yeah. now, and they have this whole thing set up where you have to call before you show up. And even when he does like walk inside the oh, confront yeah, yeah. Adeline, and like they're going at each other with knives, he just walks in and grabs the beer. That kind of that kind of throws me off a little though, does because it? only because he's there, he's a marine, he's saying all this stuff, and to me the whole thing was like, hey, you call ahead of time so this shit doesn't happen. But he, I can see Deathstroke and all. He's like, oh, I know that. But even him knowing Deathstroke. It is odd because all the people after him, but all the people after him, you could easily find her and and take this guy and and find out anything you want. It just seemed weird to me. This would be like somebody who knows Bruce Wayne, and it's an easy one, two, three to find. It just threw me off a little, though it is good comedy, like almost like, again, it's supposed to almost be like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It doesn't. It reminds me more of when they're fighting in Kill Bill. When they're right. fighting and the little girl comes in and the then they put the knives. Hey, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, honey, you know, you got to go do your homework. Let's see. It's very much like that, but they don't put away the weapons. That, that's no. what's funny to me. And, to and that's me, the thing, too, because the, the guy knows his Deathstroke. Even if he was like, you know, this big macho guy wants to help his wife out and intervene, yeah, yeah. he knows he couldn't do anything, so no, he doesn't no. do anything. I actually think that it, it's weird because it, – It'd be better. It'd be funny if he's like, man, why can't you be like any other guy and just want to come and fuck your ex-wife? He's there. They're, they're about to murder each other. But this is where Destro pretty much calls it out. Adeline has been the one behind all of this. She's the one the who went to, you know, all of his old buddies. He got wintergreen. She got wintergreen kidnapped. She got the icon armor where the, uh, the red lion took that, the, the old, uh, prototype. Uh, all this stuff, it's all been her to set up, and then she even says, you know, uh, this is Luis, who he knows exactly who it is. Before, when yeah. we were like, oh, he, know, he knows exactly who, she, he says, you you hired him so that I would know right away, and that's where they show back. And there's a lot of flashbacks. They show when he was in that room, which we didn't yep. know. Also, the other thing is, they really have stopped Rose's precognition stuff, like, dead, we yeah, haven't we have had much of that, that at all, and and actually it, it was funny because when I saw I that panel, about that. yeah, well, when we saw that panel with Luis and uh, and Rose laying there, remember we didn't know if that was her thinking, you know, having a uh, yeah. a sight, you know, a precognition of that, and we couldn't, we we figured later that it wasn't that he was really right. there, but when they see that, yes, he it was there, he saw, and right away, right then is where his the game was on for him. He saw Luis, knew what was going on then, and I think then all along he knew Adeline was was involved, but it it's just it's a weird deal, but you also kind of find out a little bit more about Luis. It just everything just piles yeah, on top so of one another and I don't too, care. When, when he's confronting Adeline about these like Luis Trace posing as somebody named Richard, your signature. I'm like what? Does she always have somebody poses Richard? Yeah, they're always she Richard. She loves, she loves dick. Eric, what can I say? She loves dick. Uh, it's <laughs> just ridiculous. Yeah, your signature. I don't know. I thought that he meant your signature meant like you always get somebody that you know I'll know. Have them fucking pretend they're somebody else and don't tell them that, you know. She, she really, like Adeline, we know she's a piece of shit. She's a piece of shit 
Like Deathstroke's a piece of shit. They're both oh, bad. Yeah. And even at the point where she does, if you remember, she was talking about the whole thing with like, look at Deathstroke. You're the one who got fucking Jericho's, uh, you know, throat slit. If you remember, she was the one who left them there. She left oh. and like, oh, I'm out. And that's how it happened. And he even calls her out like, listen, you know what? You, you kind of wash it away. Your fucking thing, you know, what you had to do with it. Revision Go to a psychiatrist. Go get up. yourself yeah. fucking worked out. And it's get true. Get some pills. Do whatever you have to. Yeah, yeah. It's true. She left. She left to find him, but it was fucked up. And uh, it's just this whole issue just jumps back and forth. That part with Adeline, I liked. That is the best part of the issue, the whole thing with him confronting her. And also the whole thing is that, you know, usually you would think Deathstroke, he could probably solve all of his problems in his life by shooting her right now and her fucking husband and then just leaving. He doesn't. You know what? It was an ex-wife. He's going to respect her, I guess. But he does point out like, oh, what are you in this fucking, you and your crazy group? And she's like, no, no, we're not like that anymore and, and stuff like that. And that's what it is. It's her and this group that are after him and you saw that at the beginning they're getting yeah. superman to do it and that's what it leads from there into seeing him on that uh that what's it called that the aircraft yeah and it was 12 hours ago and again this is very you know the whole thing's kind of hokey I, I i not hokey it's just i'm not interested because i get so goddamn confused throughout the whole issue and it's just not that interesting to me it's that's what it is it's not hokey it's just not that interesting where you see deathstroke he's trying to get to this uh this guy but he's on this aircraft carrier where the guy has fucking paid to make it like hogwarts the ship moves around all the time so you can't really know where you are because it's always a shifting fucking thing and I, does that make any sense to you I, I was, I'm telling you, when I read this, I'm like, okay, so everything shifts inside this aircraft carrier, and I'm like, yeah. what is going on and why? Yeah, I don't know. I don't and know. And honestly, I don't know why he's here to go after this guy either. Yeah. Uh, well, and in the meantime, you do get a little bit of really quick thing back to Luis's mom uh, that kind of gives a good bit of information of why Luis is really upset, but also why Deathstroke didn't kill Luis when he found out it's because his ex-lover, Pat, I believe her name was, uh, had a stroke, yeah. and Luis seems to blame Deathstroke, and she's like, you know, it's it wasn't your fault, and he's like, tell Luis that, he blames me, it's like, you know, that's what a boy does, and then says something, it's not your son, and up until then, in this issue, I was like, holy shit, Luis is his son, no. He's not. No, so I, I never expect that, especially thing. because of all the weird ass, you know, cuddling. Well, here's the, the thing. I did. I, I thought the book, I thought Christopher Priest was kind of going that route. Uh, that's it's the only reason he has this. That's the only reason he has Pat say that because me and some other people are like, oh, that's crazy. It's another son that he fucked around with. But no, it, it is not. It's not his son. And then says, hey, does your girl know? And it's funny because Pat seems to be uh, a lot. She knows what's going on. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's kind of cool. But then you go back to this aircraft carrier, and it's just odd because then uh, there's Hussan who's been trying to guide him through this. And they said, it, again, you also have the hokey thing where he's in this aircraft carrier, but also the, the communications might break at, at points and whatnot. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you have Hussan who's guiding him through. He's eating his chips or whatever, and he gets a text, and it says, do you even know who you're really working for? And he's like, wait one. And then, mommy? 
I'm like, what is he talking about? What is he talking about? Because then he kind I, of breaks communication with him. The, the mommy for me is just him going like, oh, God, I'm working for Deathstroke. Yeah, it's just oh. a weird deal. I would not see like, I know. hey, it, you know, weird. all of a sudden, uh, me and you have been working for Trump all along. And somebody sends me a text. You know what? At your work, you know who you're really working for. And I see a picture of Trump and a mommy. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Hey, the I'd be like, what? too is. Up until this point, I really believe that Hussan knew who he was working for yeah, this whole time. I did too. That's what doesn't make sense to me. I, I don't know. I'm confused. Uh, it's something that's okay, kind of thrown I, in. I've spent the majority of this series reading this Deathstroke book being confused, and I hate that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, remember at one point, I do think that Hassan at one point was aware uh, that Wintergreen was involved. Because remember when even Wintergreen said, oh, me and your your tech boy Osan, we found this on the dark net. That seemed to be something. I might be making it up. I'm telling you, we like to do this podcast to, to kind of seem like we're in the know. This book throws me off. It me really well. does. But yeah, he well, ends up. Even when we had, we had Hussan, like, you know, going into Rose Wilson's texts and shit like that. Yeah. Like, you know, well, again, here's the thing. Quite frankly, this whole time, he probably thinks he's just working for Slade Wilson. He doesn't know that that's Deathstroke. Like, in he's my mind, everybody Slade. at this point knows that Slade Wilson I know, is Deathstroke. That's what's weird. And it's like, it's spelling it out. Oh, mommy, mommy. It's some sexual thing. He likes guys in fucking costumes. Uh, but yeah, that's when Deathstroke's like, hey, you know what? I, I can't get a hold of you. And all this is to set up for him to finally activate this goddamn icon fucking, you know, VR type the, deal. Uh, this the AI. artificial intelligence yes, inside this the AI suit, of the suit. That's all this has been. Before. Yes, so this is one thing. That we found out that Adeline is involved, and this is another thing that's been left out there. And you even said to me before this issue came out, I think last week, when the when I said, "Oh, we're going to get Deathstroke," you're like, when the fuck are we going to get something with this armor? We haven't had anything. Yeah. This is this is the whole payoff. They have worked this well, where they're there, they confuse Hassan, who now isn't a hold of him, and he's got to use the the AI to get through this because he's in this fucking mess in this aircraft carrier, and he does. Maze. You see that it's like, oh well, now Slade. It's about bloody time, you know, and that's where we see, uh, what's her name? Eddie. Etienne. Etienne seems to be one of the bad guys, too. She's the one she who sent seems, yeah, the she sent yeah. us on the text. So she's like, you do realize, of course, I might have spared you this, this whole thing. It, you, it, when you activated the artificial intelligence sooner, I might have spared you. Uh, but this all leads. So you have Adeline who has gotten superman to get involved you also have etienne who is the one who is wanting you know getting all this together is she part of adeline's i group? don't know i would think maybe she is i don't know but even at this point she's coming out of jericho's office and that yep. is the core policy group that's what adeline had on the thing so oh, it has the core to be policy yeah. group then? Yep, okay i didn't the, even remember that all right remember good. before we didn't know what was going on and this whole thing seems to be jericho like it may not be I, – I don't know. I don't know that Jericho per se is is behind it, but I guess he would have to be. And she is as well, and Adeline, they're all working for this company, and they're the ones going after him. But really, I can't say that I'm very impressed with that or, or whatnot. I still am like, okay, it, like I said, the way this is being told and how it is – come to be is just me thinking to myself all right here we go again we're gonna do this let's go but yeah it, they come out of this office and that's where you switch to deathstroke and superman's there and he's like listen i'm, I'm bringing you in and yeah and then it says oh seriously do we point, actually have to tell you 
What's that? I don't understand this part either because Deathstroke is supposed to be going through this maze system I to know. get somewhere within this battleship well, or the, the only aircraft thing, carrier. Yeah, the only thing I can and think of is number one. And in the yeah. side outside. Now, again, I, it could either be one of two things. Either when he lost or track Superman's of Hussan, um, you ended up having that, you know, Hussan was the one who was going to tell him everything that was going on. So he lost track of that. Either he is trying to get the fuck out now. Or, because the AI now is being activated to tell him what to do, they're, they're controlling it. Jericho's there controlling it, whatnot, leading him right to Superman. That's what it would seem. Uh, and in fact, and earlier it looked like, uh, Deathstroke actually killed one of these pieces of shit on this aircraft carrier. So, yeah. there is like a legitimate reason for Superman. Like, Superman could fly in. He's not gonna say like, hey, I'm gonna take care of you because you, you did something three years ago. He legitimately is killing people on that thing, whether or not they're pieces of shit or not. So Superman seems, and the one thing that I think is bigger than all of this is that they really seem to be fucking around with superman you know what i mean they're trying to oh, yeah. trick superman that makes it more to me that makes it like pretty intense you, you fuck around with deathstroke that's going to happen every time but they are playing around with superman and we'll see what happens it says you know you're supposed to be led to believe that next issue they're going to fight it out it says next issue do we really have to tell you and i believe that that's not what's going to happen i think that you know <laughs> superman superman in general he's not going to punch and kill deathstroke anyway he's going to grab that's him and take him to this group it's just very odd I, I don't know and is it one of those where because we're going to see the icon suit can be controlled all of a sudden deathstroke attacks because he can't help it that you know the well, suit even is the, being this, controlled this ai that he activated i don't even know that if this is the ai or if someone's speaking through it yeah i actually i don't ever i don't even think it's funny i guess they are kind of talking to him i actually thought that that was just narration of somebody like all right you don't even realize i don't know the way it's said it doesn't even look like it looks more like uh over narration than actual being talked to him i think he's just trying to get the fuck out like right away if this is me i'm trying to get the suit off i'm not just trying to get out of the aircraft carrier i'm like fuck this or turn it off right. but, yeah we'll we'll see i again it's kind of cool, but uh, we're done. The minute we're done here and we move on to the next book, I probably will have forgotten about it. Until oh, I know well. Repairman Jack really likes this book. or But he seems to be, and he can tell us in mail for next week, he seems to be in the same position as us. He's always trying to figure stuff out because, you know, you're reading a book. You want to know what you buy a book. You want to know yeah. what the fuck's going on. So we had, you know, everybody's coming up with theories, but really I don't see a lot of hype for this book. So I think it's the three of us trying to figure it out. I can't ever recommend this book to anybody. I really can't. Uh, because like the best I can say about it is that it looks great. It looks awesome. It While does. It and the shit out of me. If it, it, again, we this week has been like the theme of let's you know try to figure things out and let's see what's going on and even batman next week yes. uh well next week's actually annuals week but the batman book's been like that why is this the book though that i have the least interest in figuring out anything i, I just want him to tell me i don't i'm not so invested in this story that i'm like oh my god like batman oh my god it's punch and he's this and oh my god it's gonna be that and i want to figure that out this one i'm just like what the fuck happened and like, you know tell me i, I don't want to fucking rack yeah. my brain just kill somebody. Have them kill fucking people and then get the fucking, well, you know, God sword or whatever it was. In order to figure anything out in this, like, you know, in Batman, we could actually sit there and we can look at the panels mm, pretty, like, closely, yeah. try to find clues to things here or there. Here it seems like every issue, in order to figure out what's going on, you have to go back and reread the entire series up to yeah. that point. Also, I'll, I will tell you 
that it's kind of a combination where that and also where we're not getting a lot of setup for characters. Like all of a sudden, the next issue, you may find out that Adeline's husband is actually a sleeper agent for Red Lion. And I wouldn't even bat an eye. I'd be like, oh, here no. we go again. I get, we don't get enough. All of a sudden, Jericho's thrown in. He kills a guy. We're like, oh, my God, he's a piece of shit, which makes sense. It, you know. And then he's saving kids. But then he's doing this. Is he involved in this whole thing? Because it is his group that Adeline works for. And... And went to get Superman for that. And, you know, how does a piece of shit like Jericho end up pretty much being in charge of a corporation that's hand-in-hand working with the Attorney General and the U.S. government? You know, they have to know that he is Deathstroke's son. There's a lot of crazy things involved there that we don't have any setup from. Or is Adeline and uh, – is it Atene? Etienne, uh, are they doing this That's without Jericho I knowing? You know, Eddie. you know what I'm saying. It's all crazy. I, I don't know. Uh, I want to find out, but not that bad. I just no. want them to tell me. I, I want to. This might be one where we say all the time, "Is it better to trade weight?" And then I can tell you at the end if if we get a satisfactory ending because the way it's going, it just keeps giving us nothing. I but yeah. it, it's it looks good. I say all this and you'll be shocked at my score because I did actually, while reading the actual issue, I did like it. It just confuses me. There are moments in this book that I really enjoy. There are moments in this book that I think are the best moments in this whole entire series. Uh, The part with Adeline and Deathstroke, just in general, the way that that scene plays out and with the husband, like you said, him coming in, that's comedy gold. It's great. And even to the point where you're like, oh, he probably – and he doesn't even like – it's not even like – here we go again. Or he just goes, goes his own way, gets a fucking beer and leaves. Go, and, I'm know. going back to mow the backyard yeah. now. And and also it's funny because we know that Deathstroke's not going to get shot, kill and killed. So so does he. He's seen this before. He's seen them scream and yell and just shoot me and do this and that. He's had enough. He doesn't want to get involved. Uh, but I gave it an eight out of ten, Eric. And a lot of that is art. The art is incredible. Uh, but we do learn some things, and we'll see where they go. Would yeah, I would probably it? give it a 6.8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, nah, 6.5. I'm just okay. really tired of reading this book because of how confusing it is. Yeah. And like, I did not get a chance to read this a second time because we always say this book is better when you read yeah. multiple reads. Yeah, I read reads, it three but... times now. And okay. It's you give it still... 8 out of 10, so maybe it's good. It's still it, it is a little weird. It I does just not I would do it lo- for me. I would love a linear story. I really yeah, would. So would I. I don't need, you know. Because I'm a I, dummy, Jim. It's it's crazy. I, Quentin Tarantino style storytelling is gone, Eric. That's that's nineties. That's so nineties. Twenty years yeah. ago, Jim. Yeah, but we're gonna move on to another book that I I didn't like at all. All right, we're gonna continue and actually end the podcast, Eric. With oh, it's about time. What piece of garbage book are we talking about to end it? We usually save the best for last, right? So which gets the piece of shit award being the at the bottom? Piece of, of crap award. What is it? Blue Beetle number three, written by Keith Giffen, with art by Scott Collins, Romulo Fajardo Jr., and Josh Reed. The scarab kidnaps Jaime while he's asleep and drops him into one of those holes we've been seeing where metahumans have disappeared. And after a pseudo fight against some characters called the Horde, the scarab gets Jaime out of danger and our hero then spends the rest of the issue talking about what happened. No, I'm serious. He tells people left and right. He wants to let everybody know about this fucked up shit that happened. But we can't move the story on. Motherfuckers. Yeah, and it's not only that, but he seems to want to. I'm surprised he does not stop somebody on the street and say, "Yo, did you ever see me sleepwalk? Sleepwalking the thing I do? Did, 
Did you ever see me sleep scarab anywhere? Yeah. Did you ever see me sleep fighting? Because I, I think I might have been sleep fighting. Did you ever uh, see me sleep scarab and then start it's, speaking it's so a weird funny alien language? Because you definitely had the same deal as I did, where at the beginning, especially, I'm talking first two pages, uh, up until the credits page even, I thought, you know what? Maybe we're turning a corner here because That's, this seems you, right? pretty cool. When when people aren't talking in this book, boy, the book's a lot better. I'm because even even when the horde like he gets in this whole thing, the, like he fucking he's asleep, the scarab drops yeah. in this hole, and he wakes up. He's all surrounded. He has his armor on. He's surrounded by these horde, and they start going, you know, ripping his armor off. Yeah, they're ripping him, hey, the armor the, off. Where the horde, they could rip his armor off, yeah. and he has to start fighting back and shit like that. It is awesome. I'm like, all right. Yeah. We are finally getting somewhere in this book. And as soon as it's over, we are back to the nonsense that I fucking hate. Yeah, and you kind of get this whole, you know, it's very... There are bits still in this part that are a bit confusing. You don't see what's going on, but I believe that, you know, some of this we may find out a little, but it it did make me laugh while we were doing this, while I was reading this issue, actually. And uh, the one thing that made me laugh is later on, and because I'm saying, like, oh, we might find more about this and see. Can't say that, though, because the one big thing that you really thought we were going to get a lot of was Dr. Fate and the history and all that, and we have gotten shit from that. And when Dr. Fate is talked about in this issue even later, I thought, okay, maybe, and I'm like, boy, we didn't get shit from that. And this book is so, Keith Giffen is so content to show you that he's great at quippy dialogue that when you do get a part here where Jaime is stuck alone and can't have that back and forth, it is a lot better. But yeah. unfortunately, all of a sudden, Jaime gets out of this predicament, well, and the then the book co- goes back to nonsense. The most confusing part about this, though, is the Horde seem to have some kind of Jawa sandcrawler down in this hall yeah, or whatever yeah, it is yeah. that speaks an alien language that gets Jaime to be tranced out and speak the same language. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea what the fuck's yeah, going on. Yeah, I don't know either. Part. That's but what I'm, I'm saying. Intrigued. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit intrigued as well just to see what's going on and kind of leads into what I think you know the ending is and the what? cliffhanger and stuff like that. But still. Uh, you still have a huge middle section of this book that is fucking horrible. Well, the thing it is, is I, terrible. Like, we, we leave the section. The scarab actually saves Jaime and pulls him out, kind of yeah. like a yep. energy bungee cord, pulls him out of this hole. And where I think, okay, we're gonna go forward and we're gonna find out why the scarab dumped him in this hole, only to have to fucking save his ass yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's gonna be hey. Nope. Well, and and really, basically, I I don't sleepwalk. Yeah, if you don't want to read this issue, but you want it to keep up, basically, the whole issue is about Jaime worried that the scarab is kind of taking over, is going to make him do things. In the meantime, Ted Cord kind of lets it be known that it might be, you know, a bit of trouble as well, like shit might not be working right, but also that Dr. Fate really doesn't care if Jaime dies and really thinks that Actually, he should be he's, sacrificed. He's pro-kill Jaime. Yeah, he, he thinks he should be a sacrifice, uh, you know, the death of one to save millions type of I'm, deal. Now... I, I don't recall. I should have actually gone back and looked, but I just I cared so little about this issue. But who is this Doctor Fate we see in this issue? Because yeah, it's not it's, one I've ever fucking yeah. seen before, right? This was not the Doctor Fate we got it's earlier. Supp- it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be the same deal. The guy's from, got no from, fucking neck. I know. Well, it's supposed to be the same as we saw. Well, it's weird too because I just think that's bad art because in the one before where you see him 
talking to Ted. He has a neck then. You actually see him oh, with like a it. body. But then the next one, I really do think they fuck up. I don't know. It's like an explosion behind him. It's just ridiculous. He's a floating head. Uh, but yeah. He, Which is kind of a cool idea. It is kind of cool. This is not the Dr. Fate that I've yeah, yeah, what happens before. is after this whole you know sleepwalking deal, the scarab saves him, and he goes to go find Ted. He's got to find Ted to you know figure out hey, what's going on and whatnot. I'm in and, trouble. I need some help. Finally, yeah. I'll do whatever you need me to do. Yeah, and it, that's fine. Off me. And I don't mind that. But in the meantime, you have to have the quippy dialogue again. Of there's Ted Cord on the job site. He's trying to get this guy to lay some concrete, and that's not as sexy as that. He's trying sounds. to get that guy to lay some pipe. And, and really, you're like, hey. Here, here's the dialogue. It's, hey, how soon will it start getting the trailers? Hey, we'll be laying the asphalt tomorrow. That might be tight. There may be bonuses. I don't know. Scheduling's going to be a bear. Large bonuses. Tomorrow sounds doable. Oh, thank you. You just wasted two fucking panels of my goddamn life with this back and forth. Uh, all you have to do is, when is this going to be done? Well, we're trying to go for tomorrow, Mr. Cord. Really, what does it matter? What is going It's this stupid nonsense. But yeah, then he sees Jaime. He's like, hey, what's going on? And you just, the dialogue between your two main characters, Ted Cord and Jaime Reyes, is awful and it has been awful since it started to the point where you have a book where i don't want them to be together because you get this back and forth it ruins the book yeah and even what every scene it, it seems that keith giffen wants to give you this extraneous fucking dialogue from out of nowhere where he always has to have the general public involved like especially in the school but it does start even when they get oh, to court and stuff you know and all this and it just bothers the hell out of me but you get this back and forth that is i'm telling you i know that this is it, it is actually topical but it does remind me you get the fucking gilmore girls in here because I, I, half so, of it, I was thinking too yeah half of it is very much trying to get that sort of gilmore girls type of quirky dialogue with each other number one old ted and jaime to me don't know each other well enough to have this back and forth like this number two Keith Giffen does it for every character in the book, no matter who they are, because later, Jaime's dad and a guy he hired, you know, works with at this fucking auto shop, they have the same exact fucking dialogue. And it's, it, it, it's just terrible. And when he's like, they're talking, Jaime's like, like I said, I went to sleep in my room, I woke up down, and you were attacked? I woke up to a fight with it. It just goes. You have a history of sleepwalking. I wasn't sleepwalking. What then? You are possessed. The armor. It just goes back and forth in this sing-song type of way that drives me nuts. And really, at the end of the day, you have seven panels of fucking dialogue for two panels worth of actual meaningful dialogue because everything is this quippy like it, it's always a repeat of something like me and you would be talking on the podcast i'm like yeah i went there you went there yeah i did i thought you said where i didn't say where i said there oh you said there i thought you said hair <laughs> you get nothing and i want to kill somebody it's really it's it's awful i don't know what do you think i'm thinking that when jaime finally goes to school after asking ted for help like he is at the last straw of his life right now where he is willing to do whatever Cord wants him to do to get the scare. Yeah, he wants, to, he wants to get it off. And in the meantime, this is where you also see that Ted 
knows that shit's up because yeah you see what happens because and there's where you get the back and forth too that just kills me because he's like hey you know dr fate said that dr fate you didn't tell me i'm telling you now oh tell me what's going on telling him that's pissing me off he's not telling himself we get to find out as a reader but ted never lets Jaime on the fact that dr fate is willing to kill him yeah because basically and it is funny too because Dr. Fate and Ted Corder arguing, and they have that same back and forth as yep. well. But yeah, Dr. Fate's like, listen, uh, you know, he's just a vessel. Jaime's a vessel. He needs to be taken care of. We need to kill him. That would save millions of people. And out of nowhere, that's where Ted says, no, 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 I see. The scarab's damaged, and you just don't, you know, want to face it. It's so weird the way he transitions into that as well, because he's yeah. like, hey, it's a matter of time that'll happen. Oh, I get it. it it's fucking damaged. And, and that's what Dr. Fate says. It doesn't matter. It was once and will be again a threat. No matter what you do, no matter what happens. So, yeah, Ted should really be, you know, gung-ho to figure this out. Now, finally, Jaime is agreed. They're going to do their full experiments, whatnot. Uh, and it's going to be done by Terry uh, Magnus, which you go to. And now we're going to add goddamn Sugar and Spike. And as Fucking of now, sugar and, spike. It, and, and sugar and Spike is nothing to complain about this issue because they don't do anything. But just having there for them one there, goddamn panel. I just just having them there them is there. ridiculous. And the weird thing about this, the only thing that threw me off here is... Keith Giffen, did he just learn the the phrase meet and greet? Because Ted's like, hey, are you ready for that meet and greet? No, they're not here yet. And then when Sugar and Spice like, hey, it's not every day we get flown in for a meet and greet. <laughs> really, this is just, it just is hokey. Uh, but yeah, then you go to, to school and there's Jaime and in school. Yeah, Jaime he shows up at school at freaking late because, you know, he's been sleepwalking yep. to go see Cord. But... The thing I hate the most, I'm telling you, if, if we don't have enough goddamn dialogue, dialogue yeah. balloons in this it, book. This is the worst part. Ted, I, freaking, I was going to say Ted Cord did this. No, Keith Giffen has to have dialogue balloons for everybody yes. walking the for goddamn everybody halls. everybody walking around. And you we know what? Get it, it means nothing. It just and blocks it, up the yeah, art. Basically, to me, this is supposed to show that everybody's involved in their own meaningful, you know, meaningless lives because of what they're – but it's like, hey – I'm going to show them that I know how the kids talk and this and that. And, oh, don't you know, don't. Game. It's like don't see what she sees in him. I mean, really, knowing the state capital of Iowa is going to impact my life. All he cares about is those dopey comic books. New thing out called deodorant. She ought to tell somebody that you know this is nonsense. It means nothing. It, it fills the panel with just fucking clutter. It's terrible. It's not funny. It's not clever. It's fucking nonsense. And I said at the one point, you see, Jaime has gotten detention, and the teacher is Kay Giffen. Eh, Keith Giffen. Oh, you're clever. You gave Jaime detention. Oh, goodness. But, yeah, it, he runs into Paco. Paco just basically, they're, they're talking about detention and how Paco's like, This does nothing oh, for the story besides no. the fact that they had this weird girl walking behind them yeah, we know that, nothing yeah. about. Yeah, this weird girl is kind of hanging out watching. Obviously, she's going to come to play. Yeah. Uh, really, to me, I, it's spelled out later, kind of, where when, uh, what's her name, talks about the disintegration. What, what's Brenda, when she says that, I guess this is supposed to be the setup of telling you, like, hey, Paco didn't say anything about well, I'm it. I'm telling you, know? you, you bring that up. It is a second thought. Hey, I yeah. just saw, we saw somebody disintegrate, but we didn't come and get you. We kind of forgot about it. Yeah, but now yeah. that you're here, hey, some kid disintegrated. So yeah. you want to stay for dinner? 
Yeah, and it's weird with Paco. Paco's big thing is, man, you you got detention, yeah, but isn't it cool having lunch as your first period? Yeah, Paco doesn't even bring it up. No, he doesn't. But then Jaime goes off to see his dad. You know, he's worried. He wants to talk to his dad, which just confirms fully that his dad and mom know that he has to scare him. This is the most important part of the issue to me. Because I have one, like, when we left the Blue Beetle before, and even when he went to Threshold, it seemed that... They had no idea that he was Blue Beetle. Yeah, and yeah, we even didn't up know. to this point here in this this series, they didn't really let it be known. Yeah, now we finally yeah, we get a wanted to know. Answer, we do know. I like but this. this is where you get this fucking back and forth again between his dad and this other his employee. Where like you tighten it the right way? Yeah, I am. You're not turning counterclockwise. Oh, come on, man! Don't you have paperwork? Yeah, I do. But it just goes back and forth, and it's just nonsense. It really is. It's just filler, and it's nonsense. And I said it's almost as if Keith Giffen cannot go a goddamn panel with just letting the artist have his, you know, have yeah. his time. He has to get involved. And this is also the whole thing where Jaime's like, you know, what the fuck's going up with mom? Why is she dealing with this posse? This is nonsense. They're dangerous. And you don't and really get says, anything I'm about it. And he says, I'm your dad. It. I stay out yeah. of this. Yeah. Move along, it's weird. Jaime. And he's like, I love you. hey, I learned early on that what makes you, when your mom makes up her mind, he's like, I know it's etched in stone, but doesn't it worry you? Should it? They're posse. And he goes, you know what she'd say to that? And they just go on and on. It does and it nothing. Just, yeah. It means Nothing. And it's really, too, it's funny because uh, his dad says to him, because if you don't know, uh, Jaime's mom is a doctor and she's taking care of this metahuman, you know, gang, the posse, uh, and Jaime doesn't like it. They're supposed to be bad news. He's really upset about it. But this is, it's so weird. The dad says, are you saying they don't deserve medical care? And then Jaime comes back with, can't they get it somewhere else? And then the dad says, okay, what's on your mind? Like, what is going on? But yeah, he tells him about the, you know, I think the scarab, you know, I'm losing control of the scarab. I'm going to let Ted Cord uh, work on me. Obviously, they have shown, uh, or he has must have talked to his dad about this a little bit. But then you get the whole thing. Do I sleepwalk? No, you don't sleepwalk. Never. Okay. Well, Mr. Cord going to give you the once over? Yeah, I guess he's going to tomorrow. Miss Magnus will. And then you have a whole thing where the dad's like, and it, it's another word. If you're nervous, I know your mother would be willing to sit on in it. And if Terry finds something wrong, I mean, really, really wrong. I think it's best if I don't know what I think. That's what the dad says. And it makes no sense. And then Jaime says, hey, Dad, please don't tell Mom. You know, don't tell her. And he's like, nope, I got to tell her. You know, we're your parents. And that that's all this scene is. It just ends in nonsense. It yeah. really does. And really, I don't know about you. I think I'd want my mom there since she is a metahuman doctor that Ted Cord hired and, and trusts. I think I would want her there. But uh, in the meantime, Especially she goes. Since she knows all about the Blue Beetle. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Why not have her there? I think she will be there anyway. That's why they have to spell out that he is going to tell her, you know, full disclosure and all that. Well, that uh, and she works for freaking uh, yeah, Ted Cord. Yeah, but uh, they're going over. Uh, he Jaime then goes over to uh, Brenda's house, and it's one of those where, really, what is he doing? He's just walking around visiting people. He wants people. to go and talk to people. That's yeah. all it is. He gives a little fist bump, and, yeah, he's just going to talk to Brenda, and she's like, Hey, you know, you want to stay over? And again, it's like overly done dialogue again about staying over for dinner. It's just this whole, who is it? 
It's just Jaime. Just? Would he like to stay for dinner? Nothing fancy, but he, he can have left. He's nodding no. He says thanks anyway. It just goes on. Just all nothing. you have to do you are is. patting the shit out. Yeah, all it has to be is, hey, Jaime, you want to stay for dinner? No, no, I just want to talk. There, there you go. But then she drops on, hey, you know what? We saw oh, this guy uh, the, disintegrate. The, and again, you look at it. disintegrate. It wasn't that it big a deal. Goes, That's why I didn't tell you. Yeah, and it goes back and forth. And, you know, Paco and I saw this guy. It was that guy's into comics and like. It's the guy, it was that guy's, with apostrophe S, into comics and like. And like. Bobby or Billy, or disintegrate? Mm-hmm, like in the movies, disintegrate? Like, what's going on? It really is this bad. It's just, it's it's painful. Uh, but yeah, he's like, why didn't Paco say it? Just it, the whole shit. Just good question. Right why didn't Paco say? Yeah, why didn't Paco so, say? Jaime decides he's gonna stay for dinner after. Yeah, he all. says he's hungry now and he's yeah. gonna stay. There, and then there we go, go over to the El Paso International Airport, yep. where I'm telling you, I we kind of have a consensus that it is yeah, the Green is Beetle. The green beetle. Yeah. He just looks really fucking huge and he weird does, here. But it, it, it's it's one of those where you know it's it's another interpretation, but it has to be. Yeah, yeah. It's the Green Beetle. He's going through the airport. In the meantime, you see that first off, you get the idea. Nobody's even really reacting, but also you're getting the stupid side dialogue again, where they they show up and you have kill them to clean up the restrooms. I mean, and then the next guy always the furthest gate. It's like they plan it that way. And uh, what, I what don't is need going to hear on? everybody else's and then, conversation. And then another them. one. A Skinner box. Doesn't all this remind you of a airport food? I think not. It does nothing so for much. the story at all. All it does is possibly confuse people that, that are reading this like, what the fuck is going on? Because these are just random bubbles going in with this Don't fucking mean anything thing. to anybody. Yeah, it's, a, it's an airport. You've already told me it's an airport. I know that an airport's crowded. I yeah. know that people talk in an airport. I don't need Same to with see the high school. I don't, yeah, I don't need to read this. The way you're doing it, it's fucking ridiculous. It's terrible. In the meantime, a kid bumps in to the Green Beetle. Uh, you see that they see him as another guy, though he still looks fucking wacky. You know what I mean? Guy might <laughs> as well be wearing pajamas, Eric. He looks as wacky as Manchester Black, and he was yeah, a goddamn yeah. respected scientist yeah, for some he, reason. I'm telling you, he looks so goofy, and the kid's like, the mom's like, hey, you know, hey, Matthew Keane. <laughs> like, why are we getting a full name? What do you say? Uh, excuse me? I'm like, why, why is he saying excuse me? This fucking green, he's walking around like a badass. I know the kid's not paying attention. It's also funny because oh. it looks like the kid's about to hit him in the front, but then it looks like oh, he hit I'll him say, in the back. He's running at him from the front and then hits him in the back. And like, hits I him have in the no back. idea what happened Yeah, here. I don't know either. I actually thought that there was a barrier around him that I don't know. But yeah, this, this guy who we think is the Green Beetle says, oh, such a well-mannered child. You're certainly excused, young master. And then the next thing he starts bleeding from every orifice and throws down and the woman his mom yells eee! and then it says next <laughs> the origin a, of the blue beetles you, we have a shit ton of dialogue doesn't mean anything and a dead little boy yeah a dead little boy and you know it really seems like he is uh, keith giffen is more concerned about you know showing what normal people in an airport say than really giving us a lot of anything else He's showing and like us you how said really he is. this this uh, this issue is Jaime's walking tour of town in order to tell people, you know, shit that's gone down. And now he's yep. hungry and he'll stay for dinner, which we know that the end eventually will be 
one of his villains. You know, you get all this nonsense. Uh, but even that, it shows up. Oh, you don't come by anymore. Paco thinks because you like my aunt. And he's like, well, I am an older lady. He's, Ew. Oh, gross. Uh, uh, really? <laughs> Let's just get on with it. But yeah, it says uh, in Keith Giffen-esque uh, writing the next issue of the origin of the Blue Beetles. That's right. We said Beatles, Eric. The Beatles. Fucking Ringo showing up. I wish because I'd I like too. it a little more because this book, it's just not good. It really isn't. We went, you know, through this whole deal. And really, from if you could trust me on anything, the dialogue in this book is just over the top bad. It's exhausting. And it's not, it's not the actual things they're saying, but it's the, the back and forth between characters that it doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying when, you know, when they're going back and forth, if you would just cut out the quirkiness of the second person sometimes, I'm telling you, it's like, hey, we got to go downtown. Downtown? Yeah, downtown. Do you mean downtown? Like, it just nothing is it's just stupid. It's all extended and just this book really is heading for a quick cancellation. If you yeah, ask me, like, nobody can be reading this and enjoying it. I guess there's gonna be there's always fans for everything, uh, but this is just this is just hooey. It really I liked, is. I, I I like the beginning of the book where there was really yeah. no dialogue. I'm interested I like the in the art. board and what's going on with that. The art I actually really enjoyed the yeah, art. Yeah, I as like well. it. I've and liked besides, it since Rebirth. I really do like the art. The only real important thing though is we find out that Doctor Fate wants to kill Jaime. And that his parents know that he's yeah. The his parents know the scarab and are willing to help. And they're besides you know, they that, know, though, they even know that he filler nonsense. yeah. Oh, it is. It's just nonsense and filler. And this is where we were talking earlier. When you have a monthly book and you get a filler issue, it's just that much worse now because we're used to you know some padding. But at least in two weeks we get something else. We have to wait another month for what. I would believe is going to be more the same. Obviously, he's going to be tested. In the meantime, I think that the reason why he is bringing Sugar and Spike into this book, because I think that he in his mind thinks that Jaime has to have a little downtime while he's being tested. So you have to have something else going on. I believe that'll be Sugar and Spike possibly, my brains out. possibly trying to find out who uh, Dr. Fate is. I don't know. I don't know what they would want. You know, Sugar and Spike. And if you weren't reading the uh, Legends of Tomorrow Sugar and Spike story, I, I consider yourself lucky. But also, <laughs> they, they are involved in investigating metahuman things that are embarrassing. Or, maybe you know, they're there to like investigate that. the metahuman disappearances of the posse. Yeah, I, maybe that's probably what it would be. But yeah, even so, it's just it's just nonsense. And I'm sure, the and I know, the back and forth between those two, at points, you'll want to strangle Sugar. I, I'm telling you, if you didn't read that, you, you'll want to kill her. And it, to the point where you wouldn't blame Spike for fucking punching her. No, he's it, it gets really bad. She treats Spike like shit. And it's just not fun. I just don't like it. But what did you give this, Aaron? 5.5 out of 10. Yeah. yeah, I actually would probably go the same. A 5.5 only because, you know, it sounds like the way we're going, we would say fuck you five, but I cannot give a fuck you five to something with art that I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of a rule to me. Fuck you five has to be a combination of just all the, all the crap. And I like the art here. I really do, especially at the beginning. The beginning, I thought, in general, was great overall the first like four pages but then the rest yeah, really you actually see it. it there wasn't any dialogue balloons yeah. over it yeah 
Yeah, and and really, he had nobody to go back and forth with. So everything that was said was said to mean something. It it wasn't like you know, okay, for now Maxwell, I'm gonna I get want Maxwell Lord to come out of nowhere now and shoot fucking Ted yeah. Cord in the back of the head again. Yeah, really. Just the, get out, this get ends out of here. Up, You're ruining it this. It is. It's quirky hell. It really is. This dialogue is just nonsense. But uh, that's it. That that's is it. the podcast. That is. I'm gonna give. That we always give the book of the week, but I'm gonna give that blue beetle the flush of the week. The new thing I'm working on, Eric, a new award I just came up with. The flush I, of the I week. thought Vigilante was the flush of the week. Uh oh, you're right. I think I was around the same. I thought. Maybe I did go lower. You were okay. a two point five, I oh, believe. Oh, you're right. Okay. I changed this. Vigilante flush of the week. Okay, exactly. Is that better? That is better. Freaking Blue Beetle gets the nonsense horn, which is this one. <laughs> also sounds like I might have just scored a goal in a hockey game, Eric. Uh, but, yeah, that is the podcast. And what do you give Pick of the Week? Pick of the Week is obviously Teen Titans. Yeah, that is mine as well. I really enjoyed Teen Titans this week. It was really, of the books we talked about in the podcast, uh, by far the one that I had the most fun with. And right now, boys just want to have fun, Eric. And, and I'm not having a lot of fun uh, anymore. This I really week was not. so depressing. Yeah, it was. It just really was. And I know people will, you know, claim we're negative or whatever, but I've seen it all along. People who talk to us, they thought it was a down week. Now, I would love to tell you that next week is going to change things up, but it is annuals week. So annuals oh, week yeah. really is not going to do that. Plus, it's our 100th episode. Maybe that will change. Plus, I get up. a goddamn surprise out of nowhere. Yeah, plus I'm going to fucking, I'm gonna fucking uh, get drunk. But, yeah, you know, the surprise will surprise pretty much everyone. But, yeah, I, I even got it. Yeah, I, have, I saw it in the wild, Eric, and took a picture for you. But next week, here's what will be on the podcast. Batman annual number one which I really thought was just going to be a annual-type story. It's actually an anthology. It has a bunch of people involved, including a Scott Snyder story, Eric, but nice. also a Steve Orlando. You get a lot of things. And the Scott Snyder story is with Declan Shelby art. And I know I've said it on the podcast, the Declan Shelby backup, yeah. I'm not a big fan. This looks really good. It really That's does. Cool. But, uh, yeah, you also get an Ace the Bat Hound uh, story from Tom King. You get Steve Orlando, which I said, it seems to be pointing at another crossover, at least a Batman story that he's going to re- uh, write, and I'm not looking forward to that. But also, you have, let me see here. Here it is, Eric. Justice League of America, number 10. It appears to be the ending. I know that, you know, it was solicited. You, We had solicits up to 12 or whatever. This yeah. appears to be the ending. It is not Brian Hitch on script or art, uh, but it is his story still. So you're going to have to deal with that. Somebody yeah. had to take those other issues he had written, freaking wrap yeah, it all up and in wrap one. it up. So hopefully that works out. Maybe it's that'll be make terrible. it better. terrible. You know yeah. it. We'll see. We'll see. We also have the new talent showcase number one which uh, we have paged through. I have paged through. I've shown you some things on it, and I really like the way it looks. I have still yet to read any of the stories. We still have to decide how we're going to you know, review that and all that. Honestly, I totally forgot all about it. We discussed it all last week, but then the freaking holiday yeah. came. I totally forgot. Yep. Uh, we also have a Superman annual number one, which appears to be one full story by Tomasi 
and Gleason. So hopefully that is that. And we also have one that I, I just want to see what this is. It just popped up. Oh, uh, there's a quarterly magazine with previews called Dark Direct Currents. Okay. <laughs> you know, DC, Eric, Direct Currents. It was throwing me off because it has uh, Direct Currents, Unknown, and Jason Faubach. When I see Jason Faubach, I, I look at, I, you know, my ears start to fucking itch for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Clean your goddamn ears. Also, it does say on these solicits that there will be an Injustice Gods Among Us year five. Annual number one. I did not receive that. We did not get that in our advanced previews deal. So if that comes out, I'll probably be reviewing it. And really, that's right on the money, Eric, because, you know, year five, it just ended, right? We're not <laughs> in fucking issue like eight or nine of this ground zero. Fucking ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, we'll go on. And I will say also that if I was talking about books that, uh, I would suggest, the superhero or superpowers number one and the Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77. I recommend them as well, especially in a week that's just garbage, uh, like this one has been. Uh, that you know, if you want some fun, check those out. They're available digitally. I think they're both 99 cent. No, no, I think the superpowers is actually print as well, and that's a 2.99 book. But the Batman 66 Wonder Woman 77 is 99 cents. And uh, you know, you can find. Uh, worse things to buy with 99 cents. But also, I want to tell you now yeah, again, you can buy just remind you. Goddamn books. Yeah, I want to remind you, know, you, you know that, that 99 cents together. 99 Jesus cents. It's a bad week. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it was really bad. I hope, well, next week, it's annuals week, so it's kind of down December, anyway. December, don't let me down December. Yeah, I hope I that it does, and I hope the next round of our regular books impresses me more because it's really starting to get to me. Uh, but remember on Wednesday at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time, we're going to get on. It's going to be a live show. So if you wanted to go, go over that Mixler. It's M-I-X-L-R. We are under the username Weird Science DC as one word. And we're going to have a live type show. It looks like it's going to be a fuck, Mary kill uh, with some user suggestions, some listener suggestions as well in there. I'm sure I'll say something stupid at least once every three minutes. <laughs> and now we're on the chat and people can Correct me in real time, Eric. That's what the chat's oh, great. Oh, you're just going to get furious. When I, when, oh, I know. When I mess, mess up between a hurricane and a tornado, they'll be right there to tell me, Eric. Right there. If I say that sloth wants to eat a butterfinger, I'll know that it's a baby Ruth within two seconds, and I will. I'll get so oh, angry. Jim, but I love Larry Cohen and his songs. Yeah, yeah see? Or Larry you'll Co say... Yeah, you'll Let say, uh, you fuck. somebody will say, hey, you know, Eric, do you like a uh, pig roast? Yeah, I put that on the spittoon. Oh, why do you got to do <laughs> and, that to me? And then they're like, hey, you know, what do you do when you're excited in a sentence? Oh, I end it with an explanation mark. Hey, here's the thing. You, you have two fucking knuckleheads like us talking for 9 to 12 hours. Eh, shit's going to come out wrong more oh, more yeah. times than not. We're going to have some shit gone. If me and you got together for 45 minutes and got to edit the shit out... We'd seem like fucking, you know, Einstein, Alfred Einstein, Eric. But uh, a that's, just, hat. that's just not the case. Uh, but, yeah, it'd be fun doing it live, seeing that. And I, I just want to make sure before we do this on Wednesday, I do want to make sure that I will have the power to kick and ban anybody in that chat room that I want. And believe me, I'll wow, use that yeah. power. I'll You're use just going to use it against me, though. 
Lacan just found out what I will do. He looked in the future. He's coming after me now for all the fucking, you know, shit I'm going to do. I'll be pissed. Plus, on Wednesday we won't be drunk, but I hope this works out. So on Saturday, next Saturday, when we do record our 100th episode, we can have a bunch of this live and have some fun with people and whatnot. Because you know what? That's what it's about, Eric. And really, I know a lot of podcasts do it and it's they're in a bubble even with the listeners it seems like nobody wants to interact with anybody who listens to their podcast and unless it's praise or whatever but i actually have been enjoying it more when we actually have been able to interact with people and find out all about them and and learn things like you know what other podcast do you listen to that the podcast people know you just say toby it's awful toby lost his job or whatever do you have other podcasts where people are you know telling the podcast about that and this podcast even caring because we care we actually it actually kills me yeah i feel real bad yeah it, it does it kills me though when he says like oh man you guys have made it better for me and i feel i'm like toby jesus christ don't rely on us for that Absolutely we're pieces of not. shit <laughs> you know we are we're pieces of crap we are the but, bottom yeah. of the barrel of the human beings. Eric, that kid showed up in school with fucking fucking pajamas on. All right. I, I do this whole all thing. That's all I, I think keep thinking. I think my fear of zombie stems from a retarded kid walking down the halls while fucking, it was storming yeah. outside one night God or day. Damn it, pajamas! But it never showered. His hair was just greasy as hell sitting there and he would walk around the halls and also at points would get away with not even wearing shoes like he would be barefoot it was nonsense i don't know what he had some fucking power over people and he would walk down the hall fucking drawing charcoal fucking pictures (sighs) it was weird I just, it, it blew my mind. And really, to me, because I am a guy who likes to follow the rules. And this kid was a walking enigma that was breaking every goddamn rule that meant something to me. Like, you get dressed. Jesus Christ, people are supposed to. And also, Take a shower. Because, because I was so concerned with what I wore, and it was never good enough for anybody else. Right, they always guy. looked at me and just fucking, and finally I gave Big up. Man. This guy gave up so far in the past, but yet people thought it was intri- – I'm telling you, he was the intriguing guy. He should have been the guy taking pictures in that fucking, you know, what's it called? That that goddamn American fucking not American – not uh, – what's that? What are you <laughs> talking about? You know, the movie with – uh with the the girl oh American Beauty. American Beauty. I, I was going to call it Amer- – I always want to say American Pie. But yeah. He's he's the one taking fucking pictures. Pictures, Eric. Pajamas. American beauty. I can't think of anything. We've got to get out of here. Before I, I you say know. something else, I'm going to mispronounce a fucking name, and then Christian's going to call and make fun of me. Another reason we got to get out of here? Yeah. Right, like a, like a 20 minutes before we started the podcast, yeah. I was shaving. And I'm like, I got enough time. I get a quick shaving. You're My half face- shaving? Yes, yeah, the thing is, no, my razor was so fucked up and dull and just like, oh, I'm going to go out and I can get you some more razor. I'm like, all right, okay. good. I'm like, you know, I'm going to have to podcast on like 20 minutes. It's like, oh, so here I've been sitting this whole time half Are you half beard? Are you, you're, you're fucking Eric half beard. No, I just have weird patches and then just mm. a neck beard down the middle. Really? It's, that's oh. pretty good. Every time we take a break, I go in the bathroom. Like, what is wrong with you? You disgust me. You probably me. could have shaved real quick at one point. Uh, you know, we could have taken some time. Right now, my ass 
cheeks are so goddamn sweaty they're itching up a storm uh, fucking it's tearing the ass out of me over here Eric. I, i'm really i'm really itchy uh, maybe i should take a shower and maybe wear some pajamas so it gets me so angry i i really and it's not even angry i'm more just perplexed about what was Guy's going dead, on Jim. Yeah, yes, I believe he is. I don't know. I I hear a lot of oh, you're crazy stories. stories. Up, are you? No, I'm saying I said that I heard that, but I it was never confirmed because really, to me, he, this guy might have fucking moved to goddamn Macedonia and He's nobody would have fucking now. known, and they would have made up fucking stories about him. But yeah, uh, he was very crazy. Uh, I don't know. He was unique, God, Jim. God rest his soul, Eric. He lived life the way he wanted, fast and hard. And with a charcoal drawing in his pajamas. But yeah, he actually ended up, I think that he dated his shoes one girl. Fell off. He ended up, yeah, he didn't even have any on. And then he ended up dating this one girl who the rumor around school with her was that she had sex with a horse. That's some awesome. weird. And you know why they said that? Because her family raised horses. You know, one plus one equals two, Eric. You raise you. horses, you must be having sex with them. So crazy. Oh, no. So my mother raised... We braided cats. <laughs> there you go. You got a lot of pussy. Oh, uh, there's my that mom had a garden. That cat fucker. Yeah, my mom had a garden. And, you know, the fucking cucumbers. You know where they went. Ooh, yeah. It pushed in my stool, Mr. Cucumber. But, yeah, we're going to get out of here. Eric, what do we say at the end of every goddamn podcast? Everybody have a great week. Great week. Keep it weird. Keep it weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven.